This is test, 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 JD. Test, 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 Connor. Okay. I think we're good to go. Yeah. Um, this is not the episode. Yeah. You were, you've clicked the right thing if you're listening to this, but th- what you're listening to now is not the next episode of 12 Hour Day. But keep listening, though. Keep listening, because this isn't like an introduction. This will probably be longer than most normal podcasts are. Yeah. Uh, I've been listening to the HBO Chernobyl podcast episode, and what we're recording right now will be roughly the length of one of those episodes. Right. Well, what's so funny is there's so many podcasts that's open with like little... Um, little bumpers, little bumpers, contextualizing. And you sort of like fast forward through. Yeah. Don't fast forward through this one, because there's some important things that we're about to say, uh, whether you're a first-time listener or a long-time Listener slash Well, that sounds more ominous. It sounds like we have some big announcement about, which we do not. We do. (laughs) We don't. We absolutely do not. But what if we do, JD? I mean, by the, who knows what's going to happen by the end of this hour? Okay, let's, you know what? Let's, let's make a promise that within this, like, new intro. If we can come up with a big announcement, we will. Yes. That's our promise to you. We'll try. We'll have some big announcement. Yeah. Whatever that. You know, we're going to be liberal with the definition of those words. Yeah. But we are going to have a big announcement. Yeah. Um, um, so we're recording this. What episode is this that they're about to listen to? Because what you're listening to now is the, is the intro to the episode that we recorded six, six months, months ago. ago. Yeah. Um, so we have an episode that was recorded six months ago that uh, it's taken us... Not a, I mean, there have been long delays before in releasing episodes. Yeah. Um, but I think the, this is the longest. This might be the longest delay between recording and releasing. But it's, we had one other episode at least where it was close, where it went a long time between yeah. recording and releasing. And sometimes there's just, um, it just takes a while. I, I, I Connor, uh, don't do any work on this podcast once we've recorded it. JD does all of the work. I wouldn't know how to. Um, I also wouldn't be inclined to. I'd be more, much more likely to dump the episode out the night we recorded it. Yeah, well, here's... Poor sound issues, uh, things that we said that should be censored, etc. I would leave them all in. I'd, I'd regret it. Right. JD makes the podcast more professional than it, than it would be if it was left in my hands. Well, also, here's, here's a big announcement about 12-hour day. This isn't a big announcement. Mm-hmm. This is more like a behind-the-scenes reveal. It doesn't actually take that much work at the end of the day to really get it out. I mean, I'm having to patch together a ton of different files. Mm-hmm. That's just like a tedious process that I could knock out in a couple hours. Yeah, but you have to listen. Th- you listen well, through it. Well, so then it. that's the thing is I try to listen through. So that takes 12 hours, right? Well, especially in the last time we recorded, you were, you were certainly in a mood, I think. Was I? A little bit. Why? Well, remember you kept the... Uh, purposely putting in things that I had to oh, then later remove. I was feisty. I was mischievous. But yeah, that's, that's not, a mood. That's is a it? mood. Yeah, I was having fun. Okay. Because there was a thing that happened to you. I don't even want to talk about that. That I won't even allude to it now because I don't want you to have to do extra work on this yes. intro. But one of the running gags in the episode you're about to listen to. <laughs> like how we're doing commentary on an episode <laughs> yeah. that hasn't come out yet but, that they haven't listened to. But we're bracing them for it. They're, one of the things that hopefully you'll appreciate is that something happened uh, 
JD was part of an experience <laughs> that he doesn't want to stop. talk about. I don't want to do it. This is, I'm already feeling like I have to cut this part out. <laughs> no! You're I'm doing my best to try and not do yes, what I did in the episode. I just, you're putting, you're, you're putting focus on this thing that I just want to move past. I know. But the thing is, it, it, I kept bringing it up, and sometimes I do it in jokey ways, and then JD kept having to pull out a, a, his pad of paper and make a note that he was going to have to scrub that from the episode. Right, and here's what gets difficult. Yeah. Is that one of the reasons that we're recording this right now is that for just technical reasons that haven't happened in a while, we lost a bunch of uh, audio from this episode. How much? Like 45 minutes. And how much? And we recorded just barely over 12 hours last time, Exactly. Right? Normally, we, we run long. Well, remember this day it was freezing cold mm-hmm. and super windy. Mm-hmm. Remember it was like crazy windy? Yeah. And we, it was so cold. Yeah. And we walked around and I was like, I and now could it's, not. It's hot now. By the time we're recording this intro, it's warm. I know. Um, and uh, yeah, so we were exhausted by the end of the day, I think. Yeah. But yeah, so we lost footage in a couple different spots. Yeah. Which was a bummer. And I think it was honestly just. Um, Us repeating ourselves. One of them was a lav broke. And so it's just unlistenable. Mm-hmm. And then one of them was, I think, the thing froze. Oh. It iced up. Yeah. But I don't know. Oh, it actually froze because of the cold? I don't know. It's something, something went wrong, and the usually when is, you're exposed to... Uh, we recorded 12 hours for you, and then circumstances robbed us of uh, close to an hour yeah. of that 12 hours. And we're... We'll be damned if we're going to release an 11-hour episode of 12-hour day. Yeah. I'll be damned I'll before be, I... Gosh darned. Before I release an episode that goes under. Uh, I, it was an interesting thing, and this is like a, yeah. in a hostage photo, how you prove with the newspaper the day right. that you recorded this. I was just noticing that there were, uh, some, on the news, that there were some documents that had been leaked. More and more people are betraying President Trump because... Yeah. Nobody is really, no one around in his world really cares for him. Right. And he doesn't care for anyone except himself, sure. who he also hates. Um, but there were some documents that have been leaked that have to do with his second marriage. Oh, interesting. And specifically uh, how he screwed Marla Maples over on the prenup. Right. Uh, he had her, and he was like, up until their marriage, he was like really playing hardball with this prenup agreement and and I hadn't thought about this before but one of the things is he stated his his personal wealth as 1.2 billion which everybody who knows anything about him says that was a huge exaggeration of his actual net worth at that point right I'm trying and, to figure out how that's going to come around to well here's the thing okay you there is no penalty in a circumstance like that when you're negotiating a prenup for over uh, stating Estimated. your 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 Got value, it. there it is illegal if you say you're worth less because then right. you're deliberately withholding. Yes, you're withholding. So you, yeah, you could say to someone, "I'm worth a trillion dollars," and there's no right. penalty for that because they're like, "Okay, then you have to pay ten percent of a trillion dollars." You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's weird because he was trying to lowball her on the money that he would owe if the marriage inevitably fell apart. Right. Uh, while also bragging about how much money he was worth. So it's a delicate dance he was like. But okay. I found it interesting that like you there's no problem with saying you're richer than you really are when you're working on a prenup. But if you say you're worth half the amount you really are, then then you might be in legal trouble because they can say, aha, right. you're you're uh that's committing fraud against well, it's, your yeah. it's like taxes. Mm-hmm. I will always uh underestimate 
deductions mm -hmm. and overestimate what I owe. Right. So that if they were to audit me, they'd be like, oh, yeah, we owe you more money. Right. And right. like that just makes me feel better at night. But I think that's also the trick of it, and I'm being tricked by them to give them more money. Yeah. Um, so you were saying all of this to say that you we, promise that we will we always, always record. We are more we are more likely to record an episode that is 42 hours long than to record one that is 11. Yes. At least to release one that is yes. 11. We're more likely to record multiple episodes and then jam them together back to back as one super episode than right. we ever would be to record. Uh, uh, a sub-length episode. Yeah, exactly. With the, with the one exception being a uh, 12-hour uh, minute. Yeah. But we still released a 12-hour long we did. episode. <laughs> one of our best. I think it was funny that someone actually was able... I didn't think it was physically possible for them to undo the damage that had been done by stretching something like that. Well, our, our listeners slash viewers are nothing if not... Uh, Clever. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so Connor and I were going to do private time, but it was so much. And then so much time had gone by that we're like, we should just get together and It's like talk. a bonus episode at the front of the episode. It's like a flash forward, yeah. and then the whole episode is a flash back. Right. This will be the freshest, maybe like this intro might be the freshest content that we ever deliver in the podcast in yeah. terms of the time from Unless recording it. Unless I take it. six months now. Yeah, no. who knows? Um, yeah. Um, but it's also interesting because I had forgotten a lot of what happened when we recorded the episode, yeah. a lot of what we talked about, but I remember some of it, um, which is I remember we went with Jess Vitkiss to the church. Yes. I have a lot of bonus content on my phone for when we release the episode because I took a bunch of pictures oh, funny. to contextualize it. And every now and oh then I'm... Oh my God, I'm, tr I'm remembering moments. Do you remember the, uh, this is going to be a weird listening experience because mm -hmm. now... This is more like a table of contents. Yeah. But I'm remembering these fun adventures that we had, and you guys know some of them later. Do you remember the the guy at the FAO Schwartz piano? Yeah. Oh, that's one thing you'll have to look forward to is the guy at the FAO Schwartz piano. Um, that was so. That character wait, did we record this in January? Yeah, this was like January okay, January 10th. 10th. Okay, yeah. So 10th. here's some photos that I that every now and then I'm going through to delete photos. I'm like, well, I can't delete these because I need to. Uh, right. That's when we're standing in the church. Uh, with Jessica, right? Um, that's when we looked at those. Oh my God! Those those we went really to FAO Schwartz. Some of those expensive toys. That's right. us outside of FAO Schwartz. Um, that's oh. me. Uh, I deleted a thing. Oh right, we made we offered to show viewer listeners an image of a cone. Yeah. Or of yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, we met up with your sister. Yeah. So many things to look so forward to in this episode. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then I'll, I'll dump all that Boko out on the Twitter feed. That'd be great. Uh, whenever the episode, so you can play along. There'll be maybe more images than we've ever had to accompany an episode. I'm going to try to adjust. I didn't get a picture of that guy at F.O. Schwartz, though, which I'm now regretting. No, but in the moment, well, I think we felt like we didn't want to be mean to this person. No. In retrospect, now that this person's faded from my mind and he's only a caricature, mm -hmm. not a real human to me anymore, I'm yeah. like... We should have taken lots of pictures of him. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Then the, the other... Well, the other subtext to recording this, which you and I talked about on the phone brief the other day, mm -hmm. was that this episode's been a weird episode for me in many ways. Yes. I've had a lot of anxiety about releasing this episode. Mm -hmm. And it's... Uh, 
it's strange because even coming to record today, mm-hmm. like yesterday, I started having like anxiety about it. And like almost, I was almost hoping that you weren't going to follow up on recording today. Yeah. Just because, I don't know why, it's been a, a focal, the, uh, th- this episode has been a weird focal point. So the thing that happened in my life that's a weird thing that, on the train here I was like, I don't want to talk about. I don't want to talk about. I'm. You already talked about it in the episode. And I'm. I'm. I've become. I've had to open myself up so much in the past eight months mm-hmm. to just experience this thing. Yeah. That then. Now that time has passed and like some of that has started to heal a little bit, I'm yeah. like, it's been easier to just not talk about it and yeah. act like. Act like to the outside world. They're like, oh, I'm, I'm past this part, even though it's like for sure not. Right. Um, that thing being, and there's a weird thing too, because um, this has been so much a part of my life for the past eight months. Man, is it really eight months? Seven months? Seven months. Um, and I, I mentioned it to a friend on the street that I'd seen recently, mm-hmm. and he didn't know this, and he had a big reaction. I was like, oh, oops, I forgot that this is... To some people, this is like a triggering. I don't know. People have different reactions to things. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to even discuss it. So I, I feel like I'm going to sound flippant when I say it, but I just don't know how to even. But it's like, well, my my sister passed away. My sister died a yeah. while ago, uh, October 31st of last year, um, which was like a huge, awful thing. I mean, awful. Um, yeah, you've had, you're, you're still in the process of going through something that is, uh, it's one of the terrible things of life that is also inevitable. It's one of the things that if it doesn't happen to you, like if, like neither of us wants to die. This is true. This is a hundred percent true. But nor do we want all of the people around us to die. Yes. But we don't want to die first, but yes. we also don't want everyone else to die first. Yes. I don't know what, I don't know what, there's, it's not a thing that you actually, it's hard to actually have a want connected to it because yeah. there is no point where I'm like, if someone, if, if the fates came to me and said, where in the lineup of all the people you know would you like to go? It's not like halfway right. feels better. Right, and like it, it's, it's like, horrible no matter what. Exactly, and you're sort of like, there's no when that feels good. No. You know what I mean? No, like, I, it, I don't know why I hadn't fully clocked it until you just said it, and it's just a thing that felt strange, which is you saying that it was Halloween. Yeah. That there's a part of it that it's like, not that any other day would be better or worse, but it's a thing that you'll never, I don't think if it was me, I'd never be able to fully detach it from the fact that like, that's what Halloween means. Do you know what I mean? No, exactly. I mean, that was so interesting. So just to back up to be crystal clear, because I have two sisters, um, is my sister, Allison, who's a year older than me. I've talked about her on the podcast. Mm -hmm. I think I even included audio of her on the podcast. Um, I sort of consider her my like, quote-unquote twin sister, even though we're a year apart. Um, She had a disability, um, which that's also been an interesting part of this, is that when I say that, some people are like, oh, yeah, well, she, like, 
and they don't mean it in a right way, but it's like this cognitive dissonance thing where you want to try to figure out a people don't know how the to silver talk. lining. People don't know of. how to talk about it. Yeah, it's just strange. Um, so, anyways, it happened unexpectedly, and then she passed on Halloween, um, and then it was like early in the morning on Halloween, and we, our family, came home from the hospital after going through like a bad, bad night, and there was something that was sort of joyful and cathartic about that day then being a day where all these kids were coming to the door dressed as princesses and whatever, dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. And my nephew, who sort of, at the time he was three, you know, he s- sort of understood what was going on, yeah, but didn't fully grasp it. And so, like, we wanted to make sure that he could still trick-or-treat. And so my dad and I, like, dressed up and went trick-or-treating with him. Right. So I do think it's, yeah, it's going to be forever coupled with Halloween. Yeah. But in a way that I'm, I like. Yeah. Um... Because also Halloween was sort of always a big holiday for us. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's been strange. But so that's... Sorry, I interrupted what you were saying. No, no, I was, that's all I was saying. Oh. Yeah. Um, it's been strange, and I talked about Connor with this on the phone the other day, but I think you might have even said it in the episode, but I remember a thing recently where I was like, I was talking to you about something, and I was like, yeah, well, you know, here's what I've learned about grief, and like, here's here's what here's what this all means to me and whatever. And you're like, this was only a few months ago. You were like, you're still very much in the process of things. Mm -hmm. And that's been a thing that I've literally remembered you saying that constantly because there are times when I am, I don't know, I have bad days or bad reactions or there's images or things from that experience flash up and I want to feel like I'm like, oh, past it and over it and through it and good to go and... You know, like I don't silver think, lining and what, but I don't, I don't think, I don't think that's a thing. Again, I'm, I've been relatively lucky in ter- but also I feel it a mounting dread because it's, it's a, it's not a thing that you can be like, oh, I escaped it. Everyone right. in my family lived forever. Yeah. Uh, do you know what I mean? I've, I haven't had to <laughs> yeah. deal with it in the same way, which just means I'm, I've yet to deal with it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I don't think... It's like when you haven't gotten a jury duty summons in a while. Yeah. It's like you know it's coming. Yes. And the longer that you don't get it, it's, it's yeah. you know it's on its way. Uh, I don't think it's a thing, you know, that... It's not like a flu. No. It's not like a, a thing that you can be... It's more like when like when people talk about like... I don't I mean this to be a glib comparison. I'm just trying to think of like when people talk about like being alcoholic or something. That's not something that you recover from and then you're not an alcoholic. It's something yeah. that's part of you as a thing that you reckon with. Right. And I think that loss is something that uh, when you lose someone who is important to you, they part of the way that they remain important to you is that you don't forget and you don't it. it Whatever shape it takes in you, I think it's something that you live with. You live with that forever. And it changes, and it's something that you have to grapple with. Yeah. I don't think that, like, my mom, I see my mom when she talks about her siblings who have passed away. And sometimes she talks about them, and it's a great source of joy to remember right. all the things that were great. And then sometimes, even in the same moment, it's a it's a, a source of intense pain because... Uh, you can't remember the good things without also feeling that sting of 
Yeah, you, you, know, miss, you them. miss the person. Yeah. And it's just that simple. It, it's it's incredibly complicated, but it's also just simple. You miss someone. Yeah. And that's hard. Yeah. No, exactly. And it's been interesting because something that's been really helpful for me is I have a lot of friends that have gone through very immediate loss. Some friends who have lost siblings like me, some who other family members. And uh, my friend Greg said, he was like, you know, when something like this happens, you join a club. It's a club that you don't want to be a member of, but you become a member of it, and it's helpful to go to the meetings. And that is to say, like, you when you talk to other people that have gone through this, like so many things in life, you feel less alone and less, like, crazy mm-hmm. for the sort of up and down and all the complications. and Because uh, it's not just sadness. That's not the only emotion. It's like every emotion mixed into that. Like you get the frustration and the anger and the happiness and the joy and the fr- wanting to move on and wanting to not talk about it. And the times it's like it's so complicated and so many colored. So it's been nice to talk about that. So I, that's part of why I want to talk about it is this podcast has always been a... Uh, it would be stranger for you to not talk about it. Yes. And so that gets to the one of the things that we've talked about on the phone uh, was uh, I was having a hard time releasing this episode. Yeah. Because 12 Hour Day in so many ways has, we talk about it as this like archive of us changing and growing as people. And we sort of put a dipstick into different parts of our, you know, the paint bucket of our lives and see what's changed. And mm-hmm. you look back on episodes where there's things that we were certain were true about ourselves <laughs> or the world. And then we laugh in retrospect, seeing how much things have changed and how much you and I have changed. And, um, you know, putting this aspect of, like, concretizing this aspect of my life in a public way, I don't know, it just felt... It, it makes it yeah. real. It makes it feel yeah. like you can't undo it. It may, It's all those things exactly. that are true anyway, but it makes it feel truer in a way that's not nice. Yeah, and, uh, like, I feel like I always want this podcast to be something that is like hopeful to people and something that people, I don't know. And I've, there's a part of me that's been like, well, I don't know what to say or feel or do about this thing. And it's so personal. And um, so much of this process has like op- forced me to open up in a lot of ways, but also closed me off in a lot of other ways. And it's been this like open, closed door constantly. Yeah. And so this like 12 hour podcast which is like also an exercise in that opening and closing of doors. Yeah. It just felt like a really complicated thing. And I know in the episode I talk about it, but that was like two months after it all happened. Yeah. And I remember just being like afterwards like, did I say the right thing? Like do I did I I don't know, and just feeling in my head about it. And then every time that I would go to edit it, mm-hmm. I would hear myself talking about it and just want to not work on it. Yeah, and I said to you, if you don't want to release it, we don't have to release it up, so we can just record yeah. another one. That's yeah. still, and that's still true. If you're recording this intro, if you yeah, don't exactly. want to release it, I never want us to feel like we put an episode out and either one of us is like, I wish we hadn't released that episode. Yeah, but... Because it's not... Worst case scenario, we recorded a day of hanging out and then nobody heard it. Yeah. That's not the end of the world. Yeah, but I also don't think there's anything that... It's, it'd be one thing if, like, you or I accidentally, like, had a running bit of something that, in retrospect, we're like, oh, that was a really bad thing. Yeah. 
which probably exists somewhere in the podcast. I'm sure. I'm sure that there are jokes that I've made on this podcast that are career ruining comments that right. thankfully are buried so deeply in our yeah. six or seven that our six or seven our seven of episode three. Yeah. Exactly. That it's like if you listen that far, you hopefully have sympathy or empathy for me as a human being. Yeah. That you'd be like, ah, he was yeah, he, his brain wasn't working right that He's day. He's an idiot, but he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't. He met in con, in the context of a hundred hours of things. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, then I just would get in my head about it, and then time went by, and the more time went by, it didn't solve that problem. You know what I mean? Like yeah. And then also, it's uh, you know, I feel like when people have things like this in their life, there's got to be some big like artistic rap and it's like I don't have anything I think that's I don't have anything to say that's not about me you know what I mean like yeah it's all so personal it's also everyone's different it's not one of those things some people have huge epiphanies and some people don't and that doesn't mean that doesn't mean and I've had epiphanies but I just don't know how to contextualize them for the podcast listening audience you know what I mean and you don't you're not under any obligation to but it's been strange and so like I've it's, I've just had a lot of anxiety, and there's been days where I've been like, oh, maybe, almost like, to just avoid it, I was like, maybe we don't do 12-hour day anymore, or maybe we don't do this, or maybe, and it's just like, what I've liked about 12-hour day is that we put ourselves out there, mm-hmm. and we're documenting these parts of our life, and I think, here's a great example. Yeah. Uh, it was like, I don't know, one of the early episodes, you and I both did private time when we were back home with our families. Mm-hmm. And you record conversation with your mom, your dad, your sister. I record conversation with my mom, my dad, my sister. Maybe just my sister and my mom. I don't know. And then I recorded audio of my sister Allison. And I had this, I had to really think about it of like, do I want to include this audio that is just like, you know, noises of a person with a disability making that to me are these really comforting Mm -hmm. things that, you know, are, I have so much love for and make me feel at home and whatnot, but might be off-putting to people or too vulnerable. Like, I don't know. Right. I put that into it. Now I look back at that and I'm like, I'm so glad that that's in there because mm-hmm. I have this little archive of that part of my life because things do change. And I think this is a similar thing where years from now I might look back and be like, oh, it's interesting to have this window into what I was thinking and feeling yeah. two months after that experience but right now it's hard because I'm I'm planting the flag on the other side of the line and there's a part of me that feels like oh if I don't plant the flag I can just sort of avoid having to make that a reality in this part of my life yeah how how often normally let's say in the span from uh, well you were home at Christmas right you were home yes. at, at Christmas and now it's June yeah how often in a normal December, January to June would you have gone back to visit family? There was a while where it was not often. Mm-hmm. Then there was a while where every couple months I was going back. Yeah, so anywhere, f- the most would have been maybe two or three times. Yeah. And the least would have been zero times. Yes. Yeah. Because uh, one of the things that I often think about, and it's not necessarily in relation to any one thing, but it's, it can have to do with not just people 
not even just like people dying or anything, but even just like people moving so they're not, they don't live in my hometown anymore or uh, a a store closing that has always been there or something like that. That when you're not there, it's sort of frozen there in your mind and it's kind of easy to trick yourself into not really processing that like, you know, like I haven't been back to like Liverpool, England for a long time and it's just, it's frozen in my mind. Like the last time I was there was I think 2002 or three maybe. And it's just frozen. I'm sure it's different. You know, it's two decades have gone by nearly. And, but just people and places and things like that, when you're not always there, it can be easy for your mind to just be like, well, it's all the same. Yeah. And I'm wondering if, if that in any way makes it harder to process because a normal rhythm would be for you to be away yeah. No, definitely. And I think that's what's been so hard. I know for family members. I don't know. The whole thing is just so Because if like someone that you saw every day was suddenly gone. Yeah. Every day would be about processing that they're really gone. When you're away, it's an abstract thing. Yeah, and unless there unless there are ways that you like like, my parents are going out of town now for a week and a half to England, and I realize, like, oh, I can text my mom, but I won't be able to... I can text her or email her, but I won't be able to talk to her yeah. or FaceTime or anything like that. And I'll feel that, because it'll be like... Like, we've texted a few times since she got over there, but uh, they, they went to England and Ireland on uh, vacation. And... Uh, but it makes a difference to not hear her voice. Yeah. Because I'm used to it. I'm used to, like, every few days, or some, sometimes I'll, I'll talk to her once a day. It just depends on, like, what... Her schedule's like what my schedule's like. Yeah. And so any, like, regular interaction like that, I, I, I notice it when it's not happening. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and that's something, too, is I've found myself almost compartmentalizing the experience of that loss mm-hmm. from the rest of my life. Right. But then there's things in my rest of my life that interact with that. Yeah. That then there's this, like, eh, 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 does not does not compute anymore yeah that i have to be like oh right and then also it's this it was this yeah i'm, I'm going to use this word carefully and i have some nuance but it was a traumatic experience for me to go through mm-hmm. it i'm glad that i went through it in the way that i did and um you know there's people that have gone through much more traumatic things but it's something where if i just let my if my mind is clear of things sometimes, I will flash to these images and these moments of that experience that were horrifying. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm glad that I was able to be there for that and go through that. And I, it, there's aspects of that that, you know, I don't regret any of it, but it's still something that pops up in your head all the time. Yeah. And I don't even know where I was going with this, but the point being... Um, I don't know, it just comes up at random places. Yeah. And I th- my mind's constantly trying to shift things around to make sense of it all. And so I think, yeah, that same thing where it's like doing those reality checks or putting, like, here's something, like, right now that I'm feeling anxiety about, about mm-hmm. this whole thing. Yeah. I just don't want to feel tweets or emails or you know what I mean about people reaching out yeah reaching out I've already done the 
you don't want to restart a cycle yeah. of, of yeah. I think that's, that's I like, think it's I think that's a fair thing to say, and it's a good thing to say relatively up top in this podcast. Is that it, it, it's it's almost a version of the Ringo Starr right message of of yeah exactly just making it clear. From this point on, I, I don't want any more fan letters. Peace and love, peace and love. Well, it's... and I, I, It's thing, just like it's a fair if, thing to if, ask. If, is if, that so, like, if, someone, if someone does and they don't hear or they whatever, I'm not bothered by it. Right. But it's this thing where it's like, I don't want to have to... There's a funny thing that I've talked about with other people where... Um, I've had to talk about it so, so much. Uh-huh. And to every person in my life that finds out about it, a lot of them, because I'm not like on social media... Mm-hmm. And I haven't been very public. I've made one post on my sort of private Instagram, so that friends, so that I could just mm-hmm. tell a bunch of people at once. Um, I'll have interactions with people, and I'll realize that they don't know that, and I'll have to say it, and mm-hmm. I don't know how to say it. Um, and I have to be like, "Oh yeah, you know, my sister, she passed away, and that's you know whatever, you know." And then this thing happens that's really funny. And there's no, I, I, this is not me condemning those people because there's no, it's a Kobayashi Maru. There's no way for them to, there's no way for it to not be just this yeah. exchange. Because then people have to go like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Right. And I, I don't know what to say, but it's like, you don't have to. It also wouldn't, honestly, it, as much as, and I'm, I'm assuming yeah. this, but I bet I'm right. As much as you don't want to have the interaction, you also, the inverse is not any yes. better. You telling the news to me like, yeah, yeah, have you seen Black Mirror? Uh, have you done Bandersnatch? Yeah. You would not uh, appreciate someone brushing it off. Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's a Kobayashi Maru. There's yeah. literally no, there's no solution to it. Yeah. Um, and it, of course, I appreciate when people are but at the same caring. T- but at, at the, the th- same time, when people are like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Can I give you a hug? I'm just sort of like, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I it's, yeah. right now I'm, not, I, it's like it's sort of like this thing where it's like people feel like they have to put on the emotions of it, and I'm like, oh, I already, I've yeah. already, I've I've been down that mine and back. Yeah, no way around. But it. it's also not my. Ex- that's the other thing is it's not only my experience. People can experience their own thing and have yeah. their own reaction to it, and it's not just about me. Yeah. So it's just complicated. So I think that's part of the, my anxiety. So is, our polite request is that no matter how well intentioned. Uh, we love it when people tweet at us or uh, interact in, in, in a positive way about this. You do not. We would appreciate. Please don't feel like you have to. Yeah. That that this warrants. Let's keep this. Let's in the same way that we sometimes say people like people want to talk about or that's totally fine. But yeah. don't feel like I, what I need or what anyone <laughs> is for people to write these heavy-hearted messages. Yeah. Let's ask. Uh, I don't even know what to say right now, but it's I'll, such I'll just a say fine respectfully, line. like in the same way that let's. <laughs> I don't let's, even know what I'm asking for. Let's keep this uh, to the listening experience, and I mean, we don't want to shut people down if they feel like they have to process something. Yeah, exactly. But we're we're ideally not looking for a lot of like uh, outreach. Well, on this topic, it's sort of like, and I'm happy to even like talk about it or engage, or because there might be people that have gone through something similar yeah. or this or that and want whatever. It's just sort of like that thing where, like, there's a funny thing where someone sent us our family. It was a moment from like a movie that literally I feel like I'm going to write into something someday. A, a thing of flowers that was eight feet tall. Wow, it was huge. And it was just like, we were all like laughing, just like, 
This is a strange means, expression. Yes, it means it's really nice. It's very nice, but it's also a weird thing to suddenly own. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the thing too. Is it's like, I don't need in the in the um, don't feel metaphorical obli- sense. Yeah. Don't feel obligated. I don't need, I don't need eight foot yeah. tall towers of flowers. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So that's that, that's the other thing. Is th- these are these things too, where it's like I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what I want or what I. So then it's just easier to punt on it and not yeah. even address it and put it out there. Yeah. And that's why then putting that episode out felt like, because again, it was only two months afterwards, yeah. if that. Yeah. And I mean, not if that, it was exactly two months afterwards. Uh, I, 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 didn't, like... I didn't have anything to say or process other than like that, like sort of feeling of being in it. I also feel like uh, if we were a more popular podcast, like yeah. if we had a bigger, like, a bigger podcast audience, I feel like there would be we'd we'd have more people who'd be like, "Where's the new episode?" Like, I, yeah. We'd have more people. Thankfully, we don't really have that. People are like eager for the new episode to happen, but we don't really have people who are like demanding like you guys take too long to put episodes out or something. Yes, because it, then they would feel bad upon hearing that, or maybe they wouldn't. I don't know, but I I can imagine if this was like. Uh, uh, a big episode of a much more yeah. popular podcast, there would have already been people who would complain about the delay and then feel shitty when they found out the reason why. And well, that's also an interesting thing, too, is, you know, that's the sort of freedom that you and I have because we're not, like, a Patreon show or have advertisers that it's like... Yeah. If I have anxiety about releasing an episode, I can sit on it for six months. Right. Or... You're if, not, we don't have the network breathing down our necks. Yeah, exactly. And people aren't like, hey, this is bullshit to your... Like, no one online or anything has batted an eye at the fact that it's been half a year since we've released... Since we've recorded an episode. How long since we released an episode? Probably like a year. Really? Let me look and see when the last episode came out. Um, I don't know. It's so interesting. And well, I, actually, I actually really appreciate the 12-hour-day audience... Because of that, that's not a. Big you know, when you type in twelve hour day, here's an interesting thing that uh, comes up. Uh oh, someone Joe Rogan's doing oh. a twelve hour day podcast. <laughs> no, the when I started to type into Google twelve hour day, the first three things that autofill are. Do you want to guess what they are? No. Twelve hour daycare. Okay. Twelve hour day quill. Okay. Which. I see a sponsorship opportunity there. <laughs> oh my god! An episode where we take we take Nyquil or whatever. Dayquil, twelve hour Dayquil. But what's the one that makes you drowsy? And twelve hour Nyquil trip. Twelve hour Nyquil. Where we take twelve hour, we take Nyquil and then see the effects over twelve hours. We never really talk about the fact that frequently a lot of our episodes are recorded at night. Yeah. And it is. Tw- sometimes you are. Li- you don't. Whether you realize it or not, you're listening to twelve hour night. Twelve hour night. And then twelve hour day shift is the is the third thing. Right. Um, okay, so I'm going to go on here and see when our last episode came out. This is also the part of our podcast where we do we we take ten minutes to do something that you can do in five seconds by looking but, at your podcast app. All right, <laughs> the last episode was released. Uh, it was recorded in September of last year, and it was released in December. So there was a three month window. Okay, recorded on the 19th of September, released on the 22nd of December. Weird. That's, that's another thing that's weird because... Because that means that my sister passed... That's the other thing. Yeah. My sister passed away. 
I was in a it. month after we recorded the episode, basically, and then yes. two months later, you released an episode that has right. no. And you felt weird about that. Yes, I remember talking about that with you. Prior to that, it was almost a year. The the previous episode, no, it was more than a year. Prior than that, oh no. It was almost a year between recording episodes and less than. We recorded an episode in November of 2017 and released it in April of 2018. Interesting. Here's another thing that will be funny to talk about. Yeah. Is that there's a lot of times where I feel like I'm letting you down as a co-collaborator. Not at all. Because, but like, there is a period of time where I feel like our podcast had a little bit of buzz, a little bit of momentum to it just because it was such a bizarre idea and podcasts were getting big. And if we had stuck to releasing one every other month, I think this podcast probably would have been... A big deal. Yeah, or bigger than what it is. But I think there was a point where, at least for me, and I think you've echoed it, maybe yeah. out of kindness or out of just truth, where it's like, yeah. the more we did it, the more it was like, I don't know if this is something that... That we want to be big? Yeah. Um I find it interesting to think about the idea that something, I mean, it may never happen, but something could happen that would suddenly mean that there would be more people who would be curious about this podcast. And then they would have a hundred plus hours to sort through. Right. When you steal that blimp and ride it right into the Grand Canyon. If I did something horrible, (laughs) like if I did something historically horrible that put me in the history books journalists and historians would have so much garbage to sift through. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, one of those things, I'm not... I'm th- I can think of specific things right now that pop the he- my head. I'm right. not going to mention that. That I would do? No, things that you've said on the podcast that would become, like, the, like... You know when they do, like, the paragraph poll quotes on, like, a yeah. CNN splash page? Yeah. Or, like, they're like, this is from his manifesto. Right. Um, I can think of moments. He doesn't think that Sesame Street should do <laughs> sketches based on adult material. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, they did one recently. They did one recently. What was it? Um, they did a Game of Thrones one recently. Oh my gosh, that's so ridiculous. And I was just like, I don't know. <laughs> the, uh, I had a, bad, a bad joke that I'm going to... Um, here's an interesting thing. Yeah. Just to put in perspective the way that time bends and... and yeah. So the uh, the Mickey Mouse Twitter thread... Oh my God, it's that, still going on. Yes, that I began for his 90th birthday in late November. Yeah. So it was two months... I was planning for it, I think, maybe when we recorded our last episode in September. I think I was already planning for it. Uh, um, yes, because our last episode, I think you were in the middle of your Elvis Costello. And I was preparing for an Oswald, a brief Oswald the Lucky Rabbit right. thread as a precursor to this Mickey Mouse thread. So that began at the end of November. That is a thing that they would, if you did something really bad, that, <laughs> that would be one of the bullet points where they're like, this is the type he of He tweets about he Mickey was. Mouse every day. He had over... 800 tweets about well, Mickey Mouse. Here's two things that I'm, I'll bring up that I think now we're, now we're sort of lightening the tone a little bit of this uh, 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 prelude Don't to worry, the Dark episode. Fans. I'll bring it down somehow. Don't worry. I'll find a way. Okay, is that recently somebody did a Twitter thread that was like over 200 tweets long or something or whatever right. it was. And it started trending, the idea of like, oh my God, can you believe that someone would do a Twitter thread that long? And 
it kind of infuriated me because it was someone who did a lot of tweets in one day. Right. And they were like, you won't believe it. And I'm like, is there anything you'd tweet this much about in one thread? And, and I was just like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I won't be done for months. But what's funny about it is that's so many things. So like the other thing we can mention, which I think was funny, mm-hmm. was and you were sort of the one reporting this. Yes, this is the other thing that I I was going to mention. Was the Comedy Bang Bang. Comedy Bang Bang, which we want to say I've been... I think it's great. We love Comedy Bang Bang. I've been a guest on an episode of Comedy Bang Bang when they came to New York. I did my George Lucas character on it. Uh, I love those guys. We love those guys. They support great comedians. They're like the nicest people. Like, you know... And Uh, it was so funny that there were fans of this podcast that were like, seemed mad. Yeah, it w- I think it was a fun rivalry thing that came up sure. all of a sudden, which is that they did an episode that was 10 hours long. Yeah. And they were like, it's the longest episode of a podcast ever. And people who, the, the small little, <laughs> it's, it's weird because it's, it would be like if, you know, if like the Catholic Church announced that they were doing some new thing, that some small little yeah. cult in the woods yeah. was also doing. And they're like, we did it first and <laughs> yeah, exactly. more. Um, yeah, exactly. That our fans were like, 10 hours, not only is 10 hours not the longest podcast episode ever, it's not even like the premise of our, like we've, at the beginning of this, we promised we would never release an episode that was 11 hours long because that would be too short for us. Someone literally yesterday was ta- was laughing, talking about that. They brought it up hour of nothing and they were... Um, they were like, well, here's what was funny about it, too, was that they kept making that declaration throughout the thing of, like, this is the longest podcast episode. And then apparently at s- several points, uh, Scott Ackman was like, you know, we've learned that it's not even possible to release the full 10 hours. We have to split it up into two five-hour chunks. That it's not, it, you cannot physically host a podcast this long. And everyone was like, there's literally a podcast that does that. Yeah. Um, and I, literally you and I could care less. And in fact, I love that they did a 10-hour podcast. I love when things we are We have long. been... Well, that's the other thing is that we... It's funny... Well, here's, the th- here's another thing. And this is a great example. Uh, uh, they just aren't aware of us. That's all it is. Yeah, and they don't need to and be. And there's no reason that they... Uh, it's possible that they could have been aware of us because there are various paths that right. might cross. But it's also 100% understandable that they would not be aware of us. And there's a big difference between them doing like a produced... Ten hours. Ten yeah. hour sketch show and us yes. napping on a plane for two hours sometimes. Yeah. And it's also Well here's another guys, thing. thing the yeah. radio existed. Everybody like Yeah. Connor, you and I we we are not under the belief that we are the only ones that have ever broadcast long things at a time. No, there are radio stations that have done marathons that last multiple days. Yeah, exactly. Jerry Lewis's Telethon was a TV show that went on for a whole weekend, right? But I also loved how protective the fans of our podcast were. And I think it was all in jest and yeah. whatever. But I also didn't want us to become that thing. Because it's happened on shows that I've done where like someone is like, uh, wait, you know, so-and-so didn't. It's like... Well, there was a... It's like, I yeah, did, they just didn't know. I did a thing at for Star Wars Day for the George Lucas talk show. And here's an example of how... I, I can imagine someone at Comedy Bang Bang saw those tweets and was bummed out. Yes. Because they were like, we're doing this thing, and now there's this... There's a couple of people who are, like, saying that what we're doing isn't as cool as yes, exactly. we're planning it to be. Um, and what they're doing was cool. Yes, 
Um, but I can here's a yes. here's a good example of me feeling this the way that I imagine they could have might have felt if it was a bring down to them at all is that for Star Wars Day for George Lucas talk show I decided it would be funny to have the end of the show be an interactive experience a very dumb very low budget interactive experience so that we were technically beating Lucasfilm and Disney World Disneyland to the punch by yeah. three weeks. Before their opening of Galaxy's Edge, the Star Wars land at right. their theme park, um, the end of the George Lucas talk show would be an interactive thing. And instead of calling it Galaxy's Edge, uh, I had like three names that I was going to pick for it. And the one I thought was funniest was Nebula's Rim. Right. And I think I had another one that was like, like uh, um, I can't even remember what the other two were because I forgot them. Because I was like, that's the name. Trinkies so, Arena. Yeah. So I... Plan this, et cetera, et cetera. And literally, like, the day before we did it, and I was promoting it, and we made a video to promote it, and all this stuff, and, and, and it was all in place. Somebody said, is this the, um, is this the joke from, are you doing the real version of, and let me look it up so I'm crediting them correctly. Um, this was already a joke that someone had done. It was like oh, a really? running gag. Nebula's Rim, specifically. Oh, wow. Was a running gag that another Twitter account had been doing for um, its uh, fake theme park. At fake theme park is the uh, Twitter. Oh, wow. And they have 11,000 Twitter followers. And they've been doing the Nebula's Rim gag, calling Galaxy's Edge Nebula's Rim for like a year and a half or something. Oh, funny. I just didn't do a Twitter search on it. Yeah. On the joke. I didn't yeah. do it. I didn't have the time. I didn't think of it. And it's just parallel thinking. It was a thing where like I thought of it a few months before and I never right. looked it up. And then the day before I was like, shit. So like I tweeted at them and I was like, just so I didn't want them thinking that I'd ripped off their joke. I was like, this is parallel thinking. I'm sorry about this, et cetera, like that. And they were cool about it. Uh, but it is one of those things that, like, it happens and yeah. it sucks. Because it made me feel shitty about the thing I was doing. Because I was like, oh, if I could go back in time and just call it a month, yeah, I could rename else. it one of the other two names I had for it. Uh, and then I wouldn't feel bad. Um, yeah. It's just a thing that happens. Um, yeah. But that was, that was funny of just people being like, uh, actually, there's this thing called 12-hour day. And just... Yeah. Also, the the fact of someone, um, like, if you had any negative opinion of the podcast of our podcast, like, if you were like, oh, "Let me listen to this thing," and then you just heard it, it would be the most infuriating thing. You know what I mean? Like, let's say let's say you were someone at Comedy Bang Bang that was like bummed out, right. and you're like, oh, "Let me listen to this," and yeah. then you just heard us being like the tinkering of plates as we like eat lunch or something you'd we be think, like well that's not a real podcast <laughs> like this is the what this is we have what? recurring characters we have celebrity like a hundred celebrities yeah we we uh. we have guests that are booked in advance it's so funny they just wander wherever and they bump into people um that's yeah so like i think a i mean generally whenever we've been written about it, it's because someone likes it but i find it easy to imagine that if this podcast was uh, I mean one of the things that I wouldn't like about this podcast becoming more popular is that inevitably anything that becomes more popular just attracts 
people who don't like it to express themselves about it. Yeah. Or people that want to like it for different reasons. Yeah. That's something that happens a lot is like you do something that it's like a bunch of these like overlapping Venn diagrams of like, yeah. oh, this thing fulfills a different purpose for different people. But then those Venn diagrams get a little bit farther apart and then people come in that they're like, they find the one thing that they liked about it that's not what we like about it. Mm-hmm. And then they're mad that we're doing it for different reasons than why they like it. I'll tell you, I'll talk a little bit about, even though this feels like we're almost getting into territory that I would save for another episode, but like recently I it really kind of bummed me out the way people reacted to the final season of Game of Thrones. Specifically, there were a couple of things that were popping up a lot where, and it always bothers me like when people, Lord knows over like four decades, there's plenty of stuff on Saturday Night Live to find fault with. Sure. But it still annoys me the way people will commonly say things like, that show needs to hire better writers. Yeah. There's a thing that people do that's always like, Shitting on the they idea can't find that a writer that knows how to end a sketch. I could write better yeah. than that, and it's just like uh, it, it, just because I know that that is coming from such a place of kind of an arrogant ignorance of how things work. That it's like if you go into the worst season of Saturday Night Live, you go into their writers' room, you're going to find some talented writers that are some of the funniest you know, people yeah. that exist, and like even shows that like maybe I don't even particularly like. Not like other shows. Yeah. They have some most talented people I yeah. know that are far more talented than me working on it. And it's like, yeah, what? This. And there was a thing that happened in the last season of Game of Thrones, a common thing, which, you know, I don't begrudge everyone likes or dislikes what they like or dislike. I haven't watched Game of Thrones. Yeah. So, listeners, don't worry. There's probably not going to be spoilers. No spoilers. And it's not going to be a bunch of people talking about a thing that you don't know about, which yeah. that's a the theme of our podcast, anyways, but. Yeah, I haven't watched a single frame of Game of Thrones. Well, there's a common thing that comes up in the way people talked about the last season, which is they talk about the lazy writing. Right. And, which I think is a very specific critique, and it, I file it a little bit in the same category as, like, particularly when right-wing people want to criticize a comedian. Right. One of the things they'll say is they'll call you a so-called comedian. Right. And it's an insult that it doesn't... Uh, it doesn't affect me. I've had it said to me right. from like right-wing people, so-called comedian or something like that. I just object to the fact that it's like, that's like call, calling someone who's a waiter a so-called waiter. It's just like, they are a waiter. This so-called librarian checked yeah. out the wrong book for me. And it's just like, I don't understand what the insult is. It's literally like insulting someone by telling them they don't exist. It's just like, well, I do. It would so be less frustrating if they're just like bad comedian. Yeah. Like, not funny is at least like, okay, I know what you're saying. I don't, you, I don't amuse you. Yeah. That, I, I'm sure that's true. But so-called always strikes me as like a dumb insult. And I think lazy writing, in, when it comes to... I understand what... The, they don't like the writing. They don't like the direction the writing went in. Yeah. But if you were to watch these episodes, even just from a writing towards the production of these episodes. Right. It will have been so much fucking work to write. Like, wh- some of the episodes where the episode is just like a giant battle. Right. The thought of having to write that episode to me, it makes me exhausted. Well, here's something that I was thinking is funny when people talk about uh, bad writing or something like that. Yeah. And now this is just turning us to like defending the industry at large, but it's something that's... Um, 
when people see like improv for the first time mm-hmm. and it looks like a lot of fun and when you yeah. watch an improv show you have what i like refer to as like immediate hindsight mm-hmm. as it's happening things seem right and thus an audience member your brain is you know surfing the wave also right but because you're not having to be ahead of the wave you feel like you're playing with the performers but if you took 99% of the people in the audience put them on stage even if they think in their their you know the the with utmost truth that they could get up there and do this and they'd have they would have done this and it's like right. it's totally different than that and the skill set that requires is actually very different and it's like one thing to watch game of thrones and watch something and go oh i didn't like that yeah they should have done this instead right but to be sitting there at a blank canvas and put something together is a totally different experience and i've seen so many people that are like so called professional writers or people yeah. that like write scripts that like are like not well put together or not you know whatever mm-hmm. and so imagining someone trying to write a script like it would be funny to take a lot of those people and be like great blank page i think blank page here's a here's a series that's in its sixth season you have to write literally write word for word what the seventh first episode seventh season it would be like Comical. I honestly think I have, there's two reality shows that I would love to produce that are both spiteful. This is now just a really spiteful conversation. Yeah, and I acknowledge that. Yeah. Well, here's our the thing. I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with bad writing. I don't like it. I think the writing's stupid. Any of those things like that. Yeah. It's like I disagree, but I, I th- those don't feel. Those aren't complaints that get under my skin. Yes. Lazy writing is one of those things where it's just like even just writing the the scene directions for this would have been a nightmare because they have to be realistically thinking about what can we achieve within our budget. So when they right. say like, oh, the Dothraki charge and there's this thing and then this happens or right. like that, it's just like, oh my God, just like, it feels like, oh, this must have been a nightmare to try to figure out what was possible and yeah. what should happen when and et cetera, et cetera. Here's my two ideas. I, hopefully I haven't said these on the podcast before. My two ideas, I think they would both be great shows. Uh, one of them is that you track down people on social media who've been like highly critical of a particular thing. Right. And then you put them in the room with the people who created that thing and you film the conversation that happens. Right. Uh, And just to see like what's the dialogue. And it'd be hard to do, but but it'd be like, and then also that person has to present some of their work to the person they criticize. Right. And it's just like, I mean, I don't think it's be a hard show to organize to get people to agree to, you know, uh, yeah. participate in. But I think there's something about like, okay, let's actually like have the conversation. Uh, I think it's, in some ways it's kind of like that thing that Gethard did with like his bully years yeah, ago right. where they have that, where like come and talk to this person. And it's interesting to see how much they fold and how much they stick to their guns. So that reminds me of, there's this show I feel like in the early 2000s on like TNN or one of those Spike TV or whatever. Remember, just as a funny aside, how it was it was the Nashville network, and then yeah. it became the National Network? Yeah. It went from being, like, uh, uh, Crook and Chase and, like, right. shows that were Monster about country music yeah. to all of a sudden they showed Next Genera- Star Trek The Next Generation. It's TNN, the National Network. I, there's so many things like that. And that, then it became Spike TV. Well, that was, like, when Sci-Fi rebranded. Siffy. Because they're like, we do more fantasy than sci-fi, I think. Yeah. And they're like, well, let's change it to something else. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. There's so many, uh, or what was the one, um, man, there was a network. Oh, IFC. Yeah. I was working at IFC 
when they made the branding shift and it was like they're like they were not allowed to say the words independent film they're like it doesn't stand for anything it's just three letters like kfc yeah exactly um um could you say independent fried chicken yeah you could they'd let you say that um or kentucky film network Mm -hmm. wait independent channel um there's a show where like uh people would like submit their bullies people who are like physically bullying them yeah and then they hired an mma fighter to actually beat up the bully like to like make the have the bully agree to like be in a, a cage match with them and it was like obviously there's the ones where it was like the producers had to stretch a little bit to get someone to agree to do this and the person you could tell was like i don't want to fight this person and like i was just giving this person a hard time and you know what i mean it was like but then there was some where it was like a truly a psychopath who was like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill him. I'm going to kill I'm the best fighter. And then that yeah. feeling of seeing that person getting just run around by, you know, a professional fighter. There was all this shot, schadenfreude that you could feel. Yeah. But then um, the other thing that it reminds me of is, uh, <clears throat> you know, I'm a big NBA fan. And so many people are like, that person sucks and da-da-da and da-da-da. But, like, if you're in the NBA, you are so good at basketball. You are so good at basketball. Even if you are the worst player in the NBA, you are so much better than anybody else. Even by other semi-professional players, college players, you yeah. are so much better. So there's this guy um, who he would go by the uh, Brian Cal- Scalabrini. He went by the nickname White Mamba. He was like a six foot ten white guy with like curly reddish blonde hair. Mm-hmm. Who's like sort of like you know, you in the basketball team, you'd be like, oh, he's sort of an oafish, whatever. And people are always like, he's the worst player in the league. He was fine. He was a sort of a journeyman guy who had this longish career just being a bench guy who would put in backup minutes. Yeah. Doing. But he became like a sort of sports commentator after the fact and sort of did a lot of social media stuff and had a good sense of humor about everyone saying he was so bad. So then for a radio station, he said, okay, everyone says that I'm like the worst player that was in the league and da-da-da. So open... Open invite. We're going to have this day at a gym where anyone can come play me one-on-one. This anyone. Is this you can is be great. a college player, anything. This and is so, great. like, Division One college players, people who are, like, incredible at basketball came and were like, I'm going to show this guy up. I think he, you know, playing pickup games to 11, I think most of the games were 11 to 0. The, like, college players maybe could score two points on him. That's and so then fantastic. afterwards they'd interview him, the players and they'd be like, yeah, I just didn't realize that his, like, size and length were going to be, and, like, oh, he could really shoot the, like, just, like, even, yeah. he's, like, he's will, willingly going, like, maybe I am the worst NBA player, but I am so much better than you, whoever you are. I think that's so fantastic. I also, here's the other, here's the other reality show. You can, watch, th- you can watch all those matches online, and it's so funny, because he is so much better. Yeah. Here's the other reality show, which I think I think this would be good. And I give this idea to HBO free of charge. Just doing, HBO, though. Just HBO. It has to be HBO. Yeah. Um, the because uh, they're doing all these like uh, spinoffs and prequels and things like that for Game of Thrones. They have all these shows in development. Oh, they are. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> different people working on different things. And, right. Uh, but there's been like so much online, like in the same way that there was the. I think this will also be a great thing for uh, Disney and Lucasfilm to do because there have been, you know, there's that whole thing about like remake The Last Jedi and there, are all the, there, was, there was a petition to remake season eight of Game of Thrones. Right. I say, let's get 
the 10 most passionate people on Twitter who are passionate about how they oh know my God. I love they know what should happen in season eight of Game of Thrones, put them in a writer's room and you film it all. And their goal is to come up with like a functional outline and then possibly even eight scripts. Maybe you get eight writers, each of them has gets to do one yeah. script for the episode. And they get to, and see if they, I mean, the big thing that's unfair about that is they're going to disagree. Right. But I think they're also, you know, maybe there's one version of this. There's no way that this doesn't end interestingly because there's one way in which they prove my skepticism wrong and they write a great season in right. Game of Thrones and you're like, hey, you can read all these scripts. It's pretty impressive stuff. There's another world, more likely, in which what we see is people who are unable to deliver on their angry passion that they know better. I was fascinated by some people who not only were, these were the most fascinating people to me, there were people who not only were sure that they could make a better episode of television, they were also people who were like, they knew how better to fight in the battles. Like they had, they held both opinions. Where like, not only could I write a better episode, I have a better military strategy for how to defeat an army of the living dead. Right. And like, I know how to defeat the Night King. Right. And it's just like you, like, the odds of you being able to do both of those things to both write a superior episode of television. Right. And also deliver a triumphant military victory. It's like well, such that, different skill sets. It's a, it's such a telling thing. Yeah. It's like you're really showing your hand when you're like, I could do a better episode. Also, I could fight the undead better. And it's like, okay. Yeah. This is a, you have a sickness. I, yeah. You have a disease. Like, I'm curious whether you could even prepare a decent meal. Right. <laughs> like, it's it almost would be, you could almost do a, sh- a show where it would be like, you've claimed you can both uh, write a better episode of television and uh, and win a a military battle with more efficiency. Let's see if you can prepare a basic pot of soup. Right. And I, we'll see how we it should is. just pitch this show. Yeah. We should just do it. I think it's. I think there is like. I do have thoughts in my head for like ideas for shows that are about like, is there a way of pulling the empathy out of people who are not who are being horrible online? Is there a way of, like, making them realize that, like... Well, because also what you don't want is it to be, like, a, ha-ha, you were wrong. Yeah. Because that's just as empty. Oh, yeah. Like, in my version of the writer's room show, part of the thing is, like, not that we would gloat when it's bad, but, like, get to a point where, like, maybe they're feeling, like, it's harder than I thought. And I'd be like, yeah, it's hard stuff. Yeah. But uh, I did like what you wrote about... I think did think this part was good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I like what you had for this, but like overall, the structure of it's a little bit all over the place. Can I point out? Uh, can I change the subject to something that just yeah. made me laugh? Yeah, I'd like to point out that we're in Connor's apartment. Yeah, and I just noticed that there's like toys on the floor in the yeah. way that would feel like I felt like I was in my like childhood best friend's mm-hmm. like room in like third grade because there's literally like a uh, uh, wife. Is that a, it's not called a Y-Fighter, it's called a Y-Wing. Yeah. Um, it's from like when I was four. That is? Yeah. All but of it's that's... like on the floor in a way that it would be in like your room when you were like in first grade. Yeah, the difference between now and then is, back then it would have been on the floor because I was playing with it. There, it's there because I just haven't 
found a place where it should exist. Like it feels my, like you're mid-organization. I'm mid-organization. I'm trying to figure out what stuff to keep, what stuff to get rid of. There's things I, I don't have a place for that I need to like move stuff right. you in order to find space. a place for it. I don't believe in that. I think... I have a storage space. Well, I have a storage space too. It's behind that Acme Novelty Library display. That does not count. Um, We're talking about the six foot tall... Um, peek behind it. You see there's some storage back there? Yeah. Um, if you want to put a bin of stuff into my storage space, you can. Well, here's the thing. I would rather get rid of things than have than a storage space. Yeah. Because I think ultimately I'm in a place where if I can't fit it in this apartment, I kind of feel like right. I don't need to keep it. But let's say there, did I just say the offer's out? If there yeah, are things I appreciate where you're like, it. You're like, oh, I have the entire DVD of this collection of The Simpsons and that's also that's all available on whatever. I don't want to get rid of yeah. the DVDs because of blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But like stuff like that where if like, Things that are of sentimental value to you that you don't need. Yeah, I think I I do. I think it still stands that there are certain things that like. That's what I did. Is I got rid of everything like that. My storage space is mostly hard drives that I needed to keep for legal work reasons. Yeah, but I just don't need cluttering. Ten by ten foot square of hard drives. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like I I the thing I'm in the process of figuring out and doing is like what stuff can I like put away? What stuff can I? Because I have some stuff that, like, uh, it's dusty, but look at the thing that's down on the floor by you. Right. Do you know what that is? No. I mean, I can see what, do you want me to say what it is? Yeah. It's the Lucas Collector set of Zet Jukasa, Baron Pompanoida, Ter Tenel, and Chi Ikwe, who are all characters that, boy, I do not know who they are. Look on the back and see if it explains in any detail. This is a funny thing to own. In 1977, Star Wars writer and director George Lucas captured the imagination and wonder of movie audiences worldwide. He's driven the galaxy far away. Blah, blah, blah. Almost 30 years, almost 30 years, six completed Star Wars movie and a world-renowned entertainment. George Lucas brings the quintessential space fantasy to an epic conclusion in Revenge of the Sith. The last installment of Star Wars series is truly a family affair. George, his son Jet, and daughters Katie and Amanda all make appearances on the big screen. Got it. This exclusive Lucas collector set includes all four family members as they appear in the film and is sure to be cherished collector's item that you may enjoy. Oh, wow. So he had his family members all on screen. Yeah. And these are action figures of his family. Right. And it's sort of the only thing that I have that's like a Star Wars toy that I'm like, this is more fun in the box than out of the box. Yeah. Like, there's something about, like, and I don't know what to do with it. There's a part of me that feels like I should give it away at a show. There's another part of me that thinks it's just funny to own. I got it as a oh Christmas present. Is this him? Yeah. Have you have you dressed up? I have never I never have dressed George up George as that character. I never have. Have you brought it up in George Six Talk Show where you're like I've never really talked well, about it. Well, uh, you know, when I when I played uh, Baron Pompanoida, uh, I really made Yeah. That's so funny to me. Yeah, that's his that's the a loose version of that character. That's so funny. Yeah, it's crazy. You should, on your next Halloween show, dress up as Baron Pompanoida. Oh, that makes sense. Um. Or you have to, like, talk, you have to talk about, like, the Baron Pompanoida <laughs> spinoff series that you're working on. What if that's what he's been doing? He wrote the ending to the, he helped write the ending to the... Uh, I know, which is so funny. Which I is, feel so bad. Maybe it'll be a great ending. 
I thought it was Game of Thrones. Oh no, he wrote. No, he helped. He visited the set of Game of Thrones. Oh, I thought he like helped. Which that to me was even funnier. Where it was like, oh, the one thing he touches is the thing that everyone's like, this is the worst. He 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 basically visited the set. Yeah. And then they like made it a big deal. Yeah, it was the equivalent of like when Donald Trump gets into a, a big Mack truck. Yeah. Like they let him honk the horn. Yeah. He like got to go over and direct the actors for a second or something. But I don't, but that was just it. He was just visiting, taking a look at it. He was probably marveling at Yeah, that's good. Uh, do it. Maybe try it angrier. I assuming he was marveling okay. at the fact that so much of what they do is practical. Yeah. Like they go to a cold location to film cold stuff. Right. And they'll have some green screens up. Yeah. But they'll be in a real valley in like Ireland or someplace, or right. Sweden or Iceland or wherever they film. Um, <laughs> kind of got real mad there for a second. <laughs> they film in like so many. It's exhausting if you watch making of things for Game of Thrones because they're filming in like five countries at once. Right. And so like their production day is just insane because everyone's all over the world. Right. Um, no, but Lucas met with J.J. Abrams to talk about the ending to episode nine. Oh, funny. And he helped with that. Because J.J. was like, how do you think, because this is supposed to be the ending, not just to these three movies, but to all nine movies, which is crazy. But that's so funny. But I hope to God it ends with like... Um, Jar Jar. No, with like the Ewok victory song again. If they put Yub Nub at the end of episode Yub nine, Nub. I will be delighted. Chihuahua. A Yub Nub. Um, I... I hope I, I would be kind of tickled by if they did stuff in episode nine that made it feel like it was a conclusion to the prequels as well. Like, what they need to do is they need to. Um, I won't refer. I mean, there's plenty of movies, in it, but if it is a, a, a like, <laughs> it's like a funeral for a character, and you just see all these old characters coming up, and it's like. Darth Maul, old Darth Maul is there. Well, do you and want me like, to... You know what I mean? Like, just all these... You have this, like, big fish ending. Old half of a Darth Maul. Yeah, exactly. With little baby legs, like <laughs> yes, Deadpool. Exactly. Like, when Deadpool gets cut in half, he has a little baby body. Right. Um, did you see Solo by any chance? Uh, no. I did not. Curious. I'm curious to see what you would It's on Netflix, it. I think. Yeah, it is. It's fun. Yeah, I'll watch it eventually. Um... It's more fun to watch Solo than it is, I think, to watch any of the prequels. And I was not someone who was like, that I'm not on board. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not that on board for seeing someone other than Harrison Ford play Han Solo. Right. But I think he did a good job, and I think the movie's pretty fun. Uh, maybe I'll... But it's also not, like, life-changing. Uh, so if you're looking to get your life changed, it's don't, not the one. Don't watch this movie if you want your life changed. Right. Um, yeah. Oh, well, so that's an interesting thing. Yeah. To take it back to the the dark place it doesn't have to be dark. Yeah. But that's something that I've realized um, after my sister passed away. I think I talk about it. It'll be funny hearing me tell this story now and six months ago because mm-hmm. I bet it's different. Yeah. Or maybe it's the same. But you know, I stay. I was in Chicago for a long time. And then mm-hmm. I had to make the decision when to come back to New York. And there was a moment where I was in the car, and there was this like Russian cab driver guy who picked me up, and my mom was, like, crying and waving goodbye, and he's like, is that your mother? And I was like, I was like, yeah, he's like, oh, she's very sad, yeah. And he's like, yeah, yeah, and he's like, then he goes, 
do you have any siblings? And it was this thing where I was like, oh, no, I even consider that I don't know the answer to that question anymore. Like, for my entire life, I've known my stock response to that question, and now that has changed. Yeah. And I've found that this whole process has meant that I've come to realize that so many things that I believe to be true about myself, my world, nothing's that true. Everything can change. Right. And that's given me a lot of freedom. Career-wise, I've been making a lot of changes. I've been Mm -hmm. pursuing uh, things that are more in line with the type of stuff that I've always wanted to do. And I've felt that I'm allowed to do There's a lot of things where I'm like, oh, if I want to do this thing, I'm allowed to because nothing is permanent or for sure or like things can change so much. Yeah. Um, And that's been a really big freedom. That's been really nice is um, realizing that things that I thought were true about myself in terms of what I'm good at or not good at or things that are difficulties that I have or like those things can all change in the same way that something that I'm as sure of as the Mm -hmm. amount of siblings that I have can change. Yeah. So that's been really interesting. Um, I've, you said you said something about change that made me think of that. Well, yeah, just like we, like anything oh, I, that you think to be true about yourself isn't can, necessarily true because things that are the, the most fundamental things you believe about yourself can change. Well, here's the thing. Here's a, an interesting thing in the past few weeks. Um, so it's been a little bit eventful because I went and visited my parents for a week and it was yeah. not, not eventful in a good way. I was just hanging right. out with them. And then a few days after I came back, a tornado touched down in Jefferson City. Right. And tore a, a huge swath through the middle of the town. My mom texted me very worried about your family. Yeah. And it was all my life uh, it has been said that a tornado had never touched down in Jefferson City, Missouri. Right. And it was thought, and now I'm realizing this was probably just folk wisdom. Right. Based on the fact that it hadn't happened since the founding of Jefferson City. Everyone believed it was because Jefferson City is very hilly, so the topography was such that it wouldn't be ideal for a tornado. Right. Which is better in the flatland. Yeah. It was also right by the river. People thought that also would break up the momentum of a tornado. Right. And uh, I guess it turns out either something changed or that was never true. Or maybe that was true, but then something just happened that... Yeah. Maybe a tornado was strong enough that it overcame those obstacles. Yeah. But it's interesting because, like, uh, you know, uh, I uh, woke up, I think it was like a Thursday morning, maybe, and the, I saw a tornado devastate Jefferson City. I realized I haven't spoken to my parents since the day before. So I could be living in a world where my parents were asleep in a tornado, because we also... Our house is nestled into a quarry and it's surrounded by woods, which to my right. way of thinking still, I feel like that's not ideal for a tornado. You don't typically think of tornadoes going above forests yeah, because exactly. the forest will break up the yeah. momentum. But who knows? But I woke up in a world where like, I was like, I don't know if my parents got right. sucked up in a tornado last night. Right. Or their house got torn apart and a beam fell on one of them. You know, right. you just don't know. We made contact really quick. It was fine. They were, they were fine. You know, it, one of those crazy things where, like, there was, like, a car dealership where the cars were just getting tossed all over the, each right. other. You just see these piles of cars that had been, like, blown about right. like toys. 
There was also an, an old historic prison in Jefferson City that has like, you know, thick rock walls. And just one of the rock walls is just gone. Like the tornado right. just like tore it to pieces. And the houses that are right there are unscathed, even though right. I'm sure those houses are not as strong as the yeah. prison walls that have been yeah. there for over 100 years. And uh, the uh, the next, I think the next night... I had finished Stepfathers, and I was uh, took a train down to Penn Station to get on the Long Island Railroad to take me home. And I get on the Long Island Railroad train, and I get a text, and it was the emergency alert. Did you get this? Yeah. Saying there's a tornado warning in your area. Right. Take shelter now. And I'm like, well, first of all, I had this weird disconnect of I've never imagined a tornado in Manhattan. Yeah, right. And I was like, I think I'm in the safest place. Yeah. Like, I'm in the basement of Penn Station. Yeah. Like, a tornado, like, isn't going to make it through here. Right. It's not going to tear off Madison Square Garden and dig down two layers deeper into where the Long Island Railroad is. That's, like, as deep as you, as deep a shelter as you can get. Like, I'm not sure if this is where I'd go if there was a bomb or something. It would have to take a Looney Tunes tornado that was, like, coming after you. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know if these train tunnels would suck in like tornado tails or something. You know, I don't know how it works. Does it work as like a suction? I don't know. But then I also had the thought of like, I do feel like the worst place to be in a tornado might be in an above ground locomotive. Right. That like, if this train leaves for some reason, let's say this train leaves Long Island, uh, leaves the Penn Station and then comes out in Long Island City, maybe that's not a good place to be. Right. If a tornado is tearing through Queens, right? As it turns out, it was for Staten Island and New Jersey and places like that. Yeah. But the warning didn't say that. It just said there's a tornado in your area. Take shelter now. Right. And I I got off the train for a second because I was like, uh, you know, I've been watching Chernobyl on HBO, and that's all about how people make these assumptions and they don't get this message and they aren't told this. And I'm like, I don't want to just trust that the train people know everything. Yeah, exactly. I could easily imagine a scenario in which no one. The message doesn't get to the train. The train takes off, comes out the tunnel. There's a tornado that just uh, was sweeping through Queensboro right. area. And what could what is more uh, delicious to a tornado? <laughs> I like how you're <laughs> anthropomorphizing this tornado. Imagine if you're a tornado. You're hungry for roofs. And you love to snack on cows. You're, you're, and the, your delicacy is people. People, but people, to to the people in a crunchy little train car. Also, maybe we're That's being, like a peanut M&M. Maybe I'm being a little uh, insensitive or coarse because there might be people that have gone through tragedy with storm-related stuff. So Yeah. Um, but yes, 100%. So you didn't get on the train? Then I got back on the train because I, I went up, looked at the signal. I saw it wasn't for Manhattan or Queens or right. anywhere. So I was like, okay, I'm fine. Yeah. But it was weird. Uh, and then... Uh, my dad, uh, during that same run of time, uh, he got very sick right. and went to the hospital late at night. And they said, you need to go from Jefferson City to Columbia to their hospital. Because he, he had a temperature and they, anything like that, his immune, immune system's compromised. And it was from a tick. It was from a tick bite. Right. And... Uh, and there were a few days there where we didn't really know what was happening, and they were just doing tests and stuff, and his temperature kept spiking, and it's all very concerning. He had to go off of his, like, Revlimed, which is his right. cancer med, for, like, a week. And uh, 
and I did have a thought. I had a very, I had a very vengeful kind of thought during that time, which was, uh, there's my dad was doing yard work, and one day he got like seven ticks, which right. is an insane amount of ticks. That's like, crazy. Yeah, I grew up in that kind of environment. I'd get ticks as a kid. If I ever got, if I had ever gotten seven ticks, I'd remember it. Like yeah. that's a lot of ticks. Yeah. For someone who isn't a dog, like yeah. if a dog runs around, you'll they'll get a bunch of ticks maybe, but that's a lot for just doing yard yeah. work. And so I started looking into it, and it's like, well, in a lot of places, the tick outbreak is worse than ever because it's warmer for longer. The cold is what kills off a lot of ticks. So right. the conditions for ticks to thrive. Right. And if ticks are thriving, that just means there are exponentially more ticks. Right. Uh, because there's not that normal cycle to maybe kill them. If you don't have a hard winter, you have a longer, hotter spring or something, just more ticks, more ticks, reproducing, making more ticks. Griffin Newman's uh, triggered by this conversation. <laughs> yeah, that's the only tick that's not uh, expanding currently. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Although hopefully, hashtag save the tick, hopefully uh, somebody will pick up the tick for season three. Let's not make... Uh, we, Griffin Newman's the tick, the only tick that isn't benefiting from global warming. Yeah. We went to Godzilla last night, mm-hmm. and the ticket taker went, hashtag save the tick, man. I love it. That's funny. Hashtag ticket taker. Yeah. Um, the, but I had this, but this was the Dude, vengeful, vengeful thought. thought. The vengeful thought I had was, because I was thinking like, oh God, if something horrible happens and like my dad dies because of a tick that is because of... Uh, climate change. Yeah. It's going to, I could instantly feel myself having a a kind of like I'm already angry about politicians right. who are thwarting any progress on climate change because I like I don't understand why I don't know if Mitch McConnell has grandkids. I assume he does. It's not something I've googled. I don't care about his life. Right. But if he has them, he must hate them. Right. Or at bare minimum not care about them at all. Right. Because he's condemning them potentially to a nightmare existence where I just saw there was like some group that had like, a, I, I, I know every, everyone always believes they live in the end times or whatever. Yeah. But this is the first time that it really does feel like a lot of very smart people seem to be kind of going like, we're heading towards a yeah. real problem. You're talking about the 2050 thing? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, the 2040-2050 thing. Yeah. Right? I saw the 2050 thing. The most recent thing was like that 20... There was the 2040 thing that the New York Times had that was like, a lot of scientists believe that's sort of like when things will start getting really terrible. And... But I thought like, oh, I could feel myself being like angry in a way that uh, weaponizes that anger in terms of like how angry I would be yeah. at a person who was a politician who was fighting any kind of like, right. let's make progress on trying to like make things sustainable or, you right. know. Um, just the idea that like, oh, we're starting to get to the point where those butterfly effects become like, you can pinpoint them where you're like, yeah, oh, exactly. there's, there's a tick bite. You're sick because of this. The reason those ticks well, are there this, is because of this. This is like, um, this is like the act one where like the main character co- coughs a little bit on screen. Right. And you're like, uh-oh. This is... Here it goes. Thus we begin. Yeah. This is uh, in The Exorcist. Like, you know, she's like getting the whatever temperature and a- acting weird. And her f- parents are like, uh, something's happening here. This is the chair is moving in poltergeist. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. 
No, but it's true. And it's um, back to what you're talking about with the tornado is like there are so many things. And global warming is a great example, too, where it's like the things that we think to be necessarily true, fundamentally true, are not always going to be true. And so we have to allow ourselves to be, I don't know, it gives you a freedom. Because then you you feel like you can change and adapt. Yeah. You type in an email? Yeah. Just have to respond to a thing real quick. Um, Yeah, the things that you take for granted is like... uh, A for sure thing. Yeah. yeah. It's it's interesting. Um, For me, it's been good, but it's been... I don't know. It compartmentalizes. That's why I like doing this podcast. It's been strange. Um. Because it's one thing for you to feel like you can do anything, and it's another thing to then have to start like concretizing that. To what? Start concretizing that, or start archiving yeah. that process. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to add it. It's been strange. I also feel like when I get anxiety, I just want to like become as small as possible and just disappear from the universe, which does not. Uh, that's not a good bedfellow with a twelve-hour podcast. Mm-hmm. So, that's been a vibe. I noticed you still have your Christmas lights up. Yeah, they're not really Christmas lights. They're like a permanent installation now. Um, the, I think those, I mean, they are holiday lights, I suppose. But uh, I just like them in that area of the room, just uh, framing that bulletin board and those posters. I think of them yeah. as fairy lights. Yes. I guess, I don't know if fairy lights are just the white lights or whatever. Yeah, but, but I, get, I, get, I get it. It's a good look. Uh, because because this apartment doesn't really have, like I have the light up above, but I don't like that light on. Yeah, you don't have very many lights in your apartment. No. I've got that light if I want to really brighten it up. I've got the light next to you. Right. But I, I usually have it pretty mellow in here. Yeah. Um, and I like having that area not dark, but also I don't like it with the full light on. It's too much light. Right. Um. So I just keep those on and unplug them as I come and go from the apartment. But I like the way they just sort of, um, they're cheery. And that's where when I have my tree, that's where I put it anyway. So yeah. um, the, uh, you weren't here when, since I put in like the shelves and stuff over there no. for like, the records. And like, no, no, that's no. all new. It's good. Um, it's I think a good I, use of that area. I think I may have talked to you when I was talking, thinking about getting those shelves maybe. Yes. And then I think... We were maybe on the phone when you were, like, doing the organization or something. Yeah. It's got to a point where I had to have them, you know? Yeah. You got a lot of stuff. Yeah. Too much stuff, maybe, you know? Yeah, maybe. But that's the way... I never want to cross that threshold in terms of... um, I don't even like the idea of... Like, my parents have the same house that they've lived in since I was in, like, junior high. Yeah. Middle school. And every time I go back there, I'll like, some of this stuff is stuff that I brought back from visiting there. And there's stuff that I know there's going to come a point where they move from that house. Yeah. And I'll have to make decisions about, like, I have a lot of stuff that hangs on the walls there. Right. That I would probably have to, like, they're not going to bring that stuff to a new room and hang it on the wall. Yeah. No. And there's some of it that I can imagine getting rid of. Right. 
and there's some of it that I can imagine putting in the backseat of a rental car and driving it here, like posters and framed things. Right. Like, I don't... Uh, it feels like it'd be hard and expensive to ship all of it. Yeah. Unless you get, like, a crate. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. My parents are moving, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they've been looking for at houses for, like, five years. But, like, yeah. I can tell they want to. Yeah. And that is going to be an interesting thing. Because I moved a lot as a kid, but that house has been... A constant for a, a while. constant. So, I don't know. It's just one of those things where there's so many things. Certain things happen in life. Mm-hmm where major things change and it feels so foreign and uncomfortable. Right. And then you get used to that thing. Yeah. And then another thing changes, but you, you're, you don't adjust to that process at all. You're still, like, wigged out by it. Right. So it's interesting. Because I am like, yeah, my parents are going to move and it's going to be weird. But also, it doesn't really bother me. Because so many things have already changed anyways. Yeah. I also, you know, and I've wrestled with this before, but, like, the whole thing about possessions. Yeah. And I've go, I go through periods where I want to get rid of everything. And then I go through periods where I'm so relieved that I didn't because then I, I don't have to reacquire everything again. But, like, an interesting thing, like, iTunes, they announced this week that iTunes is ending. Yeah. Oh, that, I did think of you the moment I heard that. Yeah. Because we were on this podcast, maybe the first episode, when Matt Cohen told me that the iPod was going to be discontinued. Yeah. And I was devastated and couldn't believe it. And now, I, th- I think it's one of those things where they're just splitting it up into three different apps. So there'll be one, there'll be an Apple Music app that you can yeah. catalog. But it is like, <clears throat> it's sort of the end of an era. I have a, I have a thread in my drafts folder that I may, may or may not, it's pointless, maybe I'll never even release it, that's just me musing on that, just the way that, the way that music formats have changed over time for me. Yeah. And as a kid, it started off, I had records, and then there was a point where cassettes were easier because you were you could listen to them on a Walkman or in a car. Right. And then CDs were good, but you couldn't make mixtapes. And then CDRs meant, oh, okay, no more mixtapes. Right. And then MP3s, suddenly, like, why would I have a CD if I could just have a library of MP3s? Right. And then there comes a point where, and we're still living in an era where, like, it's all streaming... But you can't get everything on streaming, and yeah. uh, you know people who've invested a lot of time in organizing their digital libraries, um, and who knows what the next thing will be. But you also reach a point where you're like, uh, you know, I have MP3s in my collection that I've had for over a decade and I haven't listened to. Well, it's like, do I really need that? I did a thing recently where I went through my entire music library because I remember in college. Uh, when I got to college was when right after Napster and LimeWire and all of mm-hmm. that, and so everyone had their personal collections, and right when people started having, like, I mean, maybe they did before, but it felt like external hard drives became a thing that people were like, ooh, you can have extra storage on a hard drive. Right. Um, and people had their own computers. For, it wasn't like a family computer. You'd get your own computer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people would share stuff, and so you'd just, like, drag an enti- someone's entire hard drive of music onto yours. Yeah. And then you'd have so many things that were vestiges of the Napster, LimeWire, Kazaa era. Yeah. Where it would be like mislabeled fi- files. I remember I had one file of um, uh, Isaac Hayes, uh, that song that's like, don't let go. Da-da. Keep on going. Da-da. But clearly someone recorded it like, 
using a microphone on their computer so you could hear like tapping of the microphone and like you could hear artifacts. Uh oh, Connor got a concerning email. No, just business. Good or bad? Good. Okay, good. Really good? Um, or medium good? Well, uh, and I guess this could be the big announcement hey. that we promised. Uh, I don't know if I, well, I think by the time this comes out, it'll probably be fine. I prob- I'm aiming for next week. Um, no, it's just a little part in the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt uh, interactive. Oh, that's They're doing fun. like a Bandersnatch. Right. Which is funny because we talk about Bandersnatch a lot in the yes, episode. in the episode that you're about to listen to after this intro is over. Um, <laughs> they're doing a, like a re- Kimmy Schmidt reunion or, or I think it's kind of like... Has that been announced? Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know about that. Yeah, and it's basically like they're going to do a... It's like a movie. It's like a special because right. they, ha- they came to a proper conclusion... But this will be one that'll be like a choose your own adventure right. and a Bandersnatch. Oh, so you're gonna be in it. That's and great. I'll be in it. Um, uh, and one thing that's fun about that, in particular, is that um, I don't know, but I'm assuming that there's a strong likelihood that if this is something where they're revisiting the full world of that, that you might be Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, it could be Kimmy Schmidt. You never know because yeah. you can't, as we said, things that you thought were true were true. Yeah. Um, no, that uh, John Hamm, who plays Reverend uh, right. Gary Wayne Gary, uh, is uh, you know a big part of the mythology of that show. I assume that that character has a good chance of being at least a cameo in that. Right. Which means that uh, even though we did an episode of the Gethard Show, but I don't know that I was in yeah. that episode. I was just warm up on that episode. Right. But this, I think, this would be our. Uh, I mean, I guess that would be a shared IMDb credit. Yes, but the this other show. But this, this would be something that would be we both act in it, which is funny given the fact that we acted in a right a play so long ago. Um, just funny the idea that uh, it's kind of a small world in that respect, you know? Yeah, it is. I mean, such a small world. There's so many things like that that overlap again and again. Yeah. Um, and there was something else that I thought was like another small world thing. Um, I'm trying to think, um, but that was the that's the big announcement. Is uh, if you watch whenever the next, assuming I, I remain in, assuming that everything goes well, that I film it and then I remain part of the edit of it's it. It's gonna be funny. Like the next episode, you'll be like, I think I announced that I was gonna be in this thing, and then it turns out I'm not. Turns out it all fell apart. Um, but. Uh, What were we saying before that? Um, I don't remember precisely. But that's sort of how this podcast works, you know? Yeah. Um, um, I forgot we did a whole Bandersnatch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What else is there to say before this episode? Yeah, now that we're an hour and 40 minutes into our intro. It's very on brand. You know, we lost 45 minutes, but we've gained longer. Yeah. Um, what is the What time are we actually at? Hour and 40. That's great. Yeah. I don't know. Are there any other things that happened in the past six months that we need to update? viewer listeners on mm. that we haven't talked about on podcast 
I don't think so. Um, yeah, mine's been fairly uneventful. Um, just been trying to make TV shows. All, all the writers in the Writers Guild we fired, had to fire our agents. That's a shame. Which has been a strange... Oh, I have a funny thing to tell you about that. Okay. I can't do it on podcast. Can't do it on the no. podcast? We have to do it off, off mic? Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, boy. For your ears only. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I feel I feel better about this recording now. Yeah. I'm glad that we were able to do it. I'm so interested what this next episode is going to be like that people are about to listen to. Let's, you, let's, how it's going to be for the people? Yeah, let's give a little bit of like, oh, let's... Can you remember back to when you recorded that? Yeah, a little bit. You're writing an email, though. I'm not. I'm renaming oh. a couple of files. <laughs> what files are you renaming? Uh, I have to watch a thing before the, the George Lucas talk show this Friday, and I have to... Oh, God. Oh, you're doing another I, one this... Do you do it every week? No, it's uh, a once a month. Yeah. I thought month. the last one was like two weeks ago. No, it was the beginning of May. It was Star Wars Day. It was May 3rd. Oh, wow. And now it's... it's almost, this is actually a long break between them because it's going to be a... What's the theme of June this episode? 7th. No theme. Uh, just a regular show. But that means I need to become versed in... i got to watch stuff to make sure that I'm caught up for this episode. Oh, right. Um, and I'm not yet. And so I'm just, what I, what I'm doing right now is I need to be able to download these things on my Dropbox on my phone. And right. when I realized when I looked on my Dropbox, the file names are really long. Yeah. So I'm renaming them so I can tell which episode of a yeah, thing exactly. I'm looking at. Wait, what episode, what are you watching? Uh, the other two. Okay. Oh, um, got it, got it, got it, got it. Yes. Uh, and cause I haven't seen it yet. I, what did I just, I just caught up, um, Okay, I just I'm so behind on so many shows. So am I. And uh, I'm really happy when I have a show like uh, Chernobyl or something like that that I'm watching it week to week, and I'm like, I got it. I, I watch it all, and it's not, you know. I watched recently. I let's see what did I watch. I watched Pen Fifteen or yeah, oh, Pen Fifteen. I want to see that. I haven't seen that yet. It's really fun. Yeah. Um, I watched Shrill. Really, I haven't seen that yet. Really either. great. On Hulu. I started watching Rami last night. Oh, all stuff that I've heard. I haven't uh, watched Fleabag. I hear that's really good. Yeah. Um, so far behind on so many great things. I've been trying to watch the second season of Sabrina. I really like the first season. Did you watch the first season of that? The reboot of yeah. it? No, I've heard good things. I think so. you really like it. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, oh, but to remember back, did you? Did your file names work? Did you, Yeah, they work. Success? They work. They work. Do you remember it all, that recording? Some day. of it, yeah. I remember where we went. Let's give some like that. table. Of, let's give like our behind the scenes director's we started, commentary. Did we start at your house? No, or did I think we, we end started at your house? somewhere. Where did we start at? Maybe we started. Oh, yeah, we started at near. We started near um, uh, Central Park, and then we went down and we met. So, uh, oh, 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 yes, yeah. yes. And then we went at down hotel. at the hotel, and then we went down to uh, near the World Trade Center yeah. to meet my sister. And uh, then we got, you and I got lunch at that restaurant, that um, Italian restaurant? It was like the like, sandwich or yeah, yeah, Parmesan. Yeah. We went to Parm. Right. And we got lunch. And then, did we go on the Staten Island Ferry or did I just imagine that? I may have dreamed that. No, we walked across town maybe. I think you wanted to do the Staten Island Ferry. You never let me. 
It was just so cold. Oh, well, that yeah, day. we walked across town, maybe. Well, we went to the that Irish Hill. Yeah, the the, the famine. The famine exhibit. Exactly. Oh, I remember that being Money very funny. Man. Then we walked to the seaport. We got lunch and we walked yeah, to the we seaport. Yeah, we the boat. That's what we lost most of the audio of. We lost the boat? Yeah. Oh. Most of that. That's um, too bad. That was yeah. fascinating stuff. It was fun. Uh, and then... So there was a whole sequence where JD volunteers on a boat. Yeah. An old boat. You swab the deck? You did this... I think you do this exact bit in the podcast. Um, this is not the podcast, by the way. I keep referring to that even though... It's funny that I'm like, this is not the podcast, but we are almost two hours in. Yeah. It's great that our intro to an episode is already getting long for a regular episode of a regular podcast. I really like that. Yes. Um, then, I think, from the seaport... By the way, I, I'm wearing... Uh, right now, I'm wearing like g- gym shorts. Yeah, and a Mickey Mouse And a Mickey Mouse t-shirt. And I did... I have a p- pair of dark gym shorts and a pair of red gym shorts. But I was aware enough of the fact that you would laugh if you saw me wearing a, a black Mickey Mouse shirt oh and red God. shorts. Because I would basically be dressed Just like, like Mickey, Mickey Mouse. Mouse. And even, be, down, even down to the point that a black t-shirt basically is just like no I shirt. I see the red shorts that you changed out yeah. of. Would you have found this funny if I was dressed yes. basically like Mickey Mouse? I would have thought something was wrong with you. I mean, something is. Really? Sure. <laughs> oh. I'm a human being. Just in general. Yeah. Um, but if would I you came like, in... And would you, you like, like a seltzer, by the way? Uh, no, I'm fine. Thank you. Okay. Maybe just a glass of regular water. I don't have it. Okay. Uh... Just because you suck the bubbles out of the seltzer. Just shake it up. <laughs> I'll pick them out. Thanks. But if I came in, and number, Connor's apartment is a little dark. Has all these toys everywhere. And if you were dressed like Mickey Mouse with a Mickey Mouse t-shirt on, I would think that something traumatic had happened to you and you were regressing. I mean... Some ice for your. Uh... Oh yeah. Maybe something traumatic did happen. I've been there, done that. For the old J man. Um. A lot of good radio sound on this, right? right yeah, now. exactly. What were we talking about before Mickey Mouse? Oh. Oh, what we do in the episode. Mm-hmm. After the seaport, I don't know what we did. What? I, I don't know where, where we went after the seaport. I don't either. We went to FAO Shorts at some point. Then we walked to the church. Then we went back to Queens. I feel like I'm missing a big chunk. Thank you. Oh, no. There's something weird. I haven't tried these before. What are these? They're just like ice things that aren't ice. You know what I mean? They're like black coal. Yeah, it's just like... So Connor's handing me a glass with plastic things in them. Two of them are carrots, which I get those. What are these? These are black coal? Maybe, I don't know. You have a smirk on your face that makes me think I'm being pranked in some way. You are being pranked. I'm happy to give you a a different water, but... uh... Tell me what these black things are supposed to be. I'm not really sure. I think they're just ice things, you know? No, wait. Well, no. 
Why do you have these black things? What are they supposed to be? I think they're just like a way of freezing your drink. Connor, they're shaped like something. Melt. I don't know what. It won't melt. You know what I mean? It won't melt. Isn't that how... <laughs> Isn't that how water gets cold? No, they'll make the water cold without it melting. You know what I mean? Connor, what are these things supposed to be? I think they're just... Did, did you buy these or were they given to you? I think they were gifted to me at one point. I put them in the freezer. What did the packaging say? That's the packaging. The packaging? No, you weren't just given loose ice cubes. Connor, there's two orange carrots and, and four like carrots, black... I think what? it's like carrots and coal. Maybe. But Connor, why would... Did they come together? Yes. I'm not being told something about these that I need to be told. No. You're, be, you're obfuscating some fact about these I'm, that I don't know. What I'm... The only thing... I'm really being as transparent as I can be. I don't know. I don't remember when I got these. They've been sitting... In my freezer. So these are mystery. They're ice that doesn't melt. Someone told you and said, hey, put these in your friend's glass. And you said, okay. They're ice that won't melt. Isn't that kind of exciting? Why are they carrots and coal? What? Why carrots and coal? That's what I don't know. I feel like you do and you're not telling me. I genuinely don't. If I knew, I'd be excited to tell you. You know what I mean? I'd be thrilled to tell you. I hate this water now. Why? Have you, have you drunk it? I hate it. It doesn't taste good? No, I, it's fine. I just... You hate the idea of it. I don't know what these things are supposed to be. They're just a way of... Yes, well, I know the idea of ice. I understand no, no, the concept. but ice melts yes, and I, it dilutes your... It changes I, your drink. I understand all of this. The, the part that I don't get is yeah. the part where two of the things in my glass are plas- orange plastic carrots. Mm-hmm. I sort of get that. It's funny. Why? It's that feels food. like weird. The others are just black cubes. They're not cubes. They're little fun things that you don't need to know anything about. They're <laughs> 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 just two. They're just a couple of little mysteries. There's four black, like here. They're not, and they're not all the same shape. They're all different shapes. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't question that when you meet people. Connor, under, what are these? That's the packaging. This is, this is, this is way more dubious now. <laughs> the packaging is handed me is there's three of them. One is a carrot. Two are these black coal-like things, mm-hmm. and they're in a a not big enough. Tiny unlabeled mylar bag. Yeah. That seems like something you might buy in mass on Amazon to sell yeah. an Etsy product in. Maybe. Who gave these to you? I don't remember. Connor? If I remembered, you'd be the first person I told. You're being weird about these. I, I know. I don't mean to be. <laughs> I'm not trying to be weird. I'm just saying that I don't know what's going on, you know? I don't know. Something's off about this whole situation. Um, mm-hmm. Any context you want to give people? Connor's brought a bunch of socks out. Yeah, just sorting out some stuff. Um, He's put socks in his bag, it seems. 
Yeah. Um, the water's away? Okay. It's, okay, now you're asking me that question. It's made me seem like it shouldn't be okay. No, I hope the water is okay. Nothing's taken, <laughs> nothing's taken effect yet? You're not feeling anything? Good, good, good. Yeah, good. no, you should feel normal. You shouldn't feel, you should feel normal. That's the whole point. You should, you, yeah, you should think that. These pills normal. make you feel normal. <laughs> uh, that has been a new part of my life. I'm on Zoloft. Really? Boy, oh boy, does that feel good. You like it? Oh, I just feel like myself again. Oh. I've been using MailChimp. <laughs> what does that even mean? I just like how we've integrated the ads so seamlessly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Um, yeah, that is one of the ads for Mystery this whole, Cubes. This whole segment has been an ad for Mystery Cubes and Zoloft. Mystery um, Cubes. It does Zoloft have side effects? I think it does. It does have some side effects for me, but nothing major. Like I'm, I'm surprised how few side effects I have. Mm -hmm. And the side effects that I do have are like nothing. Yeah. I found that I would get a little, a little sleepy after mm -hmm. I took it. So yeah. I just take it at night. And literally, that means I have no side effects. Mm -hmm. And then, like, maybe a little more, like, um, like a little more, mm -hmm. like, gassy stomach feel every now and then. But literally, it's not distinguishable from reality. Uh oh, you have a yeah. concerned look on your face now. No, I'm good. Banner snatch was taken away from you. Yeah, I'm no longer in it. Easy come, easy go. Exactly. Um, uh, I feel like I had something that I was going to say that was a fun thing. I don't know. I forget. You forget. It feels weird because you and I are not often in a podcast situation where we have to choose to end the podcast. Mm -hmm. We usually just like barrel through, run it into the ground. So now we're in a place where we're two hours into recording and both you and I are like, I think we, I think that might be it. Um, but we're so used to just working through these moments of... Yeah, this is such a short episode. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Um, if our podcast was two hours long, I feel like we'd do it every week. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I mean, literally, if we just recorded like a stock intro, we could just chop up 12-hour day. Mm -hmm. Into six episodes, yeah. If we if we had a regular podcast, we would do it weekly. Um, Maybe we should start a Patre <laughs> Patreon. Um, what if we start a Patreon for like ten minute mini episodes? <laughs> the exact opposite. Um, well, I mean, hopefully, but they were, if, but they were, they cost a hundred dollars a week. I guess this is as good a place as any for me to say that I hope that it won't be. You, this podcast will be released before anything happens, but. Hopefully, another podcast that I've been developing that I hope that if it goes forward that JD will be a part of will um, uh, exist. So I will say, there, uh, JD and I are working on one thing, but there's another podcast that I'm working on that when the time comes, right. uh, I will be marshalling everyone who listens to this to try to like support the other thing. And I think our audience in particular is suited to really love and be on the inside track for what you're doing. Yeah, I have a, a, a podcast that I've already basically recorded enough for 
at least three episodes of, and we're just waiting to see. Uh, and I think it's going to be great. I think but, it is too. But I, uh, right now, I'm just waiting for enough people in positions of influence to agree that it's going to be great and to, I guess, convince the handful of people who are yet to be convinced by it that they should keep, they should release it and make many more of it. Yeah. And maybe by the time you listen to this, one of my things that I'm trying to make will be made. You think? No, I doubt it. Mm. I've worked on so many things that are just like, going to take a long time. Yeah. When they happen, they'll be cool, I think. That's good. Well, uh, I hope that now you've been given enough context for this episode for this episode of Twelve Hour Day with JD and Connor. I feel pretty good about it too. I feel good about it too. Um, it's removed some of my anxiety about releasing this episode. Good. Uh, I like that this uh, this little ninety this feature length feature film length intro. Yeah, long um, feature too. Long feature? 155 minutes? More How long have we been doing? An hour and... 55. Wow. Almost two hours. Okay, so yeah. So, uh, feature length... Our intro is a long episode for most podcasts. Yeah. So, uh, this intro um, was recorded on... What's the date today? June 5th, 2019. Um, and what you're about to hear now, we're going to flash back to, I believe, January 10th, 2019. So we're going to flash back almost a, week a full... before my birthday. I'm ha- 31 right now and I wasn't. Happy birthday. Thank you. So this podcast spans, spans the ages. Yeah. Um, I remain 43. Got it. Uh, and... Um, Yeah, in, in the gap between uh, recording this... When we recorded this episode, the Mueller report was still this mysterious thing that had yet to be released. And since oh, then... that's going to be a bummer. What? To hear us talking about that. Yeah. Did we talk about it? I bet we did. Yeah. I wonder if we got it right. I bet we didn't. I don't think we predicted that he would appoint this little boss nass looking stooge. Yes to be his toady and come out and say the opposite of things that the report says and to spin it and yeah. to uh, do all the things that I have to say I had a I had a I had a tweet that went bigger than I expected because um, Tom Tomorrow has become a fan of the George Lucas talk show you know the cartoonist Tom Tomorrow no. the, this modern world Okay. Um, which was one of my favorite like political comic strips growing up. Uh, it was like an alt weekly comic right. strip that I would read in like college and beyond. And I've always liked his stuff. And it made me. And he tweeted this thing, and it actually uh, it ended up then getting retweeted by like Judd Apatow and John Cusack because I think they were seeing Tom. I think Tom, John Cusack follows Tom tomorrow, so he amplified it there. And I assume that Judd Apatow follows John Cusack. So it was this weird snowballing effect. Right. And it was basically me venting. That I'm really angry the more I think about the idea that Robert Mueller is a person who has spent a large part of his career as a prosecutor. Yeah. Meaning that he brings people in to talk who frequently do not want to talk. They, he makes people come in and testify. Right. We want you to talk about the thing that happened. Right. We want to talk about what you did or what you saw. 
lot, most of those people don't want to do this, but he makes them, and that's right. his career. And now we've reached a point where people want him to talk about the thing that he worked on. And he's like, I'd rather not. I'd rather not talk. I'd rather the work just speak for itself. And to me, I'm fine with that when like Bob Dylan writes a song and people are like, explain what you mean. And he's like, the song speaks for itself. Right. I'm cool with that. It's like, yeah, you're an artist. You don't feel the need to, you, you've said what you need to say. I don't think that the Mueller report is this work of art that is just like, look, if I wanted to say something other than what was in the report, I would have put it in the report. I don't think it's that kind of expression where it's just like, explain your painting. No, I'm not going to sit here and tell you what it is. You have to look at it and experience it. It's just like, this is a report on things that happen, and we want to talk to you about it because there are some questions that we feel are left unanswered. This is not a haiku that you've written, Mr. Mueller. And just the idea that like uh, somebody spends their whole life or at least a large part of their adult life, telling other people, you have to come in and talk about this thing in front of people. Well, I don't want to. I'm shy. Well, no, you have to come right. in. Here's a subpoena. You have to come to this courtroom, sit in the stand and talk. You have to come talk to these FBI agents. They have questions for you. They don't want you to talk. There are sometimes where you have talked to people for days. I'd really rather not. Now, I will say, and this doesn't make him look good, he accepted that as an excuse from the president and the president's son and many people that I feel he should have been like, no, you come talk to me and answer my questions. Right. So they said, well, I, I'd really rather not. And he, he accept, he's not a total hypocrite because he has accepted this as an excuse from the president and right. his family and other people. I also don't feel like he should have accepted it in those instances. I feel like there are plenty of people, good and bad, that have been forced to have conversations and interactions that they didn't want to have right. at Robert Mueller's behest. And I think it's not too much to ask. I know he's a veteran. I know he served his country. I like how this was what? us wrapping up and throwing to the throwing Yes, we're going to throw episode. to the episode. But it's not too much to ask that this guy... Connor's on his feet now. ...talks, answers the questions that people have. Right. It's an important moment. Even if, even if we don't learn anything, I think in principle... You lead by example, and I don't. I don't like the example of. Uh, I wrote this report. Uh, all the answers to all your possible questions are in there. No, no, we have questions. We've read the report. We have questions. No, read it again. You'll find the answers in there. It's not. This is not like Gravity's Rainbow or something. This is the Mueller report. It's a report on what a shitty real real estate huckster did when when a foreign power helped him trick his way into a job he didn't really want. Uh, oh, boy. How do you wash these ice cubes? What? Let's say this is a Coke. Yeah. This is a Coca-Cola that I was drinking. Yeah. Why do you do to make the ice cubes not wash have them. Coke residue on them? You wash them the same way you'd wash the glass. And you let them dry, and then you put them in the freezer. Okay. Does water taste good? Tastes fine. Tastes good? Tastes normal. Normal good? Normal's good. If you want a water and someone says, you want normal water or not normal water, which one do you think would be good? You always go normal. Normal's good. Yeah, that's what... It's not the only thing that's good, but normal is good. Yes. Unless we're talking about something bad, in which case normal can be bad. Or if we're talking about Garfield, in which case normal... Normal's good. It's good. Normal's good. Normal's good. All right. Do you have any more political rants you need to go on? Check out the Mueller report, everybody. <laughs> uh, 
the yeah, I, I think like, it, I like how it's like hey let's talk and maybe I can talk about my sister passing and sort of that feeling and then the conclusion is like you know what the, the Mueller report I okay the last <laughs> he, the, the final word of this podcast is us being I mad. don't remember what joke you, you there is a joke in the episode that you make that's very well timed but it's something where I'm talking about one of my problems uh-huh. but it's Within the, it's within a close enough proximity to you talking about what's happened in your life. Right. With my sister and everything. And my thing is inevitably oh, stupid by comparison. Right. And then there is a part where with ninja-like stealth, you time a burn on me in this episode where you point out that my thing is stupid and I'm comparing it to your thing. Oh, I don't remember what it is. Because I think maybe I was, ta- I was talking it. about it. And, and then, then I you, transitioned then to you something. Like, you were like, yeah, I know that feeling, da 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 And I was and you're like, like, thank you for comparing this to this. Yeah. But that's because you're one of my close friends. You knew that it was yes, a joke. That's why and I, I appreciate knew that you, it. I didn't actually. So look forward to that coming up within the next few hours on 12-Hour Day. Dun, 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 dun. Well, wait, what should we do to transition to the episode? Should it be like a time travel thing? Because it's going to start with the test, 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 JD. Yeah. Should we make it seem Ooh, like... this wire's a little frayed. Ooh, I might need to get a new one. Um, or, you know what we could do? I what? don't want to do this. It's more work for me. What? But it'd be funny if we also recorded, like, a little end thing, and we made it seem like this is just, a, like, <laughs> like a flashback in a sitcom where it's like, do you remember that time when we got together on January 10th? Mm-hmm. And then we cut to it, and then we cut back 12 hours later? Just cut right now. Yeah. And then we'll cut back. Okay, test, 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 JD. Test, 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 JD. Test, test, test. I think we're, I think we're Testing. In we're in it? Yeah. Is it happening? We're in it. What we're episode here. number is this, JD? 16. This is the 16th episode, and it's the 5th anniversary. We've been doing it for five years. So this is, I mean, it's almost literally like, I think we're, when was the first episode released? First episode was released. January 2013. I want to see the exact day it was released, so I'm looking up now. Welcome to 12-Hour Day. Uh, my name is Connor. And my name is JD. And I'm just, right now I'm just doing a little bit of research, because I know recently we, we just passed, because you're not on social media anymore, JD, so you don't get these kind of things, but I got one of those reminders that was like, here's your anniversary of uh, this thing or whatever, and it was the day we recorded the first episode was... Just getting it now. Um, it was a few days ago. Today we're recording. It is the 10th of January, 2019. And and when was the first episode released? I'm trying to get it to tell me. You don't have it on your podcast app. I don't have a podcast app. You don't listen to podcasts? I do have it, but it's it's easier for me to go to the website to get information. Um, December 29th, 2013 was when we recorded the episode, but it was released on a different day, right? It was released on... Sure. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, this is a podcast where two friends spend 12 hours looking up past information about old episodes. Oh, it was released on January 7th, so we just passed the 
fifth anniversary of the release of that podcast. So it was a pretty quick uh, uh, turnaround for that first episode. Yeah. Which we thought at the time might be the only episode, you know? Right. Because we thought this might be a dumb idea for a podcast that no one would want to listen to. We thought we were going to do one and then maybe stop. And now we've done 16, 15. 16. So uh, we do at least, that means we do at least three episodes a year on average. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Slightly over three episodes per year, even though some years we just do one episode. And I think the theme of this episode, who knows, but I think it's going to be looking back over the past five years. A look back. Uh, this is going to be a best of. It's going to feature a lot of clips, hour-long clips from past episodes. Now, should we, no. should we set up where we are right now? Sure, yeah. We're, we, right now we are at the uh, Ho- Mandarin Hotel, Hotel Mandarin. I have no idea. And so on uh, your Columbus Circle. Um, We're on the 35th floor. Yeah, looking out over Central Park. We have a view of the park and also Trump Plaza, which is right next to the park, obscuring the view. Right. We're sitting here uh, with... Yes, we are here with Julie Klausner. Hi, Julie. Hi, I'm reading about Robert Moses. That was the guy. Yeah, I yeah. almost said that yeah. name before. We were trying yeah. to think of architects. He was a real son of a bitch. It looks like he I've never really, read that, that book, hated, The Power Broker. Oh, is that the big book about that's him? The, that's the big book about him and the way he like dis, he dis, designed the, New York City. He was the one who destroyed um, Penn, Penn Station. Station. Oh, really? Yeah. That book is supposed to be fascinating, The, uh, the Power Broker, about like the way he, his decisions shaped New York City. Always in charge, always in favor of like freeways over public transport. He mm-hmm. like, it, just, I'm just browsing his Wikipedia. Oh, you know, here's the whole thing about the power broker. Yeah. But, um, no, he seemed to hate poor people. And, I don't know. If there's a documentary, I would watch it. I don't know if I'm going to, you know, seek out that book. I know, you know what the other big book I never read was the, um, what's it called? The, the Invisible Bridge or the the one about um, Nixon and Reagan? Like, oh, yeah. You know what yeah, I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, yeah, but we are here. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, we're here at the... Uh, well, we were just talking about architecture. The hotel. Yeah, because we're looking at the We're looking at all the buildings like, here. Um, of 57th Street um, going east. And yeah. Julie came out, out the gate with a controversial... Uh, point of view. Not a fan well, of Central Park. Oh, no, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't see that. I just said now the view of Central Park is a little disappointing because the trees are bare. And I was saying I just assume, you know, I'm enjoying the skyline, like from the, the altitude that we're at. Yeah. But Although the, I haven't really spent that much time in Central Park, to be to be fair, that you're probably I'm not the most, I'm not the biggest, like, advocate, I guess. I'm glad it's here. Julie feels like they could probably be condos. I did see that. <laughs> um... The fact that trees are bare means you can see more of the ground, though. That's nice. <laughs> Sad ground. It uh, makes it this particular hike does make it feel sort of like a like a miniature. Yes. Like, like the 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 crappy like looking shrubbery they'll send you if you're making like a model train set. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. And those trees are not like green; they're just like kind of dirty looking. Yeah. Exactly. It's like a um, a developer when they have like the example thing of like here's yes. what we're gonna do to yeah. the city. Yeah. Here's, here's well, the roughage. Yeah. You can certainly see that at a glance it looks like there are a lot more deciduous trees oh. and coniferous ones. Oh. 
right? Deciduous. Yeah. Would you agree? Coniferous is cone bearing. Yeah, I see those cone bearing ones. They last the whole time, but the deciduous ones. Two pineys. Uh, you see two pineys. Two pineys. Also, I'd like to point out that Connor said that with the biggest proud well, smile. Anytime, <laughs> anytime I can remember anything that I was supposed to learn is a good moment, you know? What is deciduous referred to? They uh, have, instead of cones, they bear. They make decisions. <laughs> They, they're like, I'm gonna, it's, I'm gonna change my outfit, you know. They change several times a year, like, it's, like you're the, the whole, women. the whole year is an award ceremony to a deciduous tree. And they do a, con- they're so deciduous, they're constantly yeah. making decisions. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it means. Um, tweet it at us if you know what it means. Um, the. Uh, How do you do that? Because you're not broadcasting live. People tweet you later. Yeah, yeah, we'll find out six months from now. But deciduous but, well, speaking. Like, don't you tweet while you're going? You're like sometimes we do. Hey, should like, we, we what should we will. order from the diner? <laughs> we sometimes do that. There's a, it's, a, it's a form of time travel. It's the only form of time travel that you can. Right. Because like when this is released, then there's a gap between how long it takes a person to listen to an episode. Because some people listen to it right away, and some people it takes them a long time. They do it right. in, in segments. But the last episode that came out, people started tweeting stuff about the way the economy works. And I was like, what did we talk about? Because we obviously asked them. You, I, because I, I, I had to listen. You my, always have to listen to these to. Right. And when my anxiety takes over, I make sure to listen to it to make sure, like, we didn't accidentally say something that is stupid yeah, like or whatever. Yeah, for instance, I was going to say something controversial. Last episode, you asked all of our viewer listeners to tweet. tweet at the economists. No, to tweet at economists. People okay. whose oh. jobs are economists. And to say, I think it was like, thank you for doing what you do. Hashtag nice. economy yeah. or something like that. Yeah, like a, really catch fire. The Sesame Street thing of like, tell the person of CBS, you know, good morning. Or, yeah. Right. Is that, a, that they deserve love. Right. Yeah. Um, it's a cold day today. It's a very cold day. Right now it's very comfortable here. This you don't have is your a, lady coat. Yeah, I have my lady coat. You do? Yeah. Oh. It's my lady coat here. I'm um, prepared for it. I also wore layers. You did? Yeah. I almost... You underwear on? You yeah, have long underwear on? Under, uh, leggings on. You do? Jeans. Let me yeah. See. Yeah. And... Um, I, I almost wore long underwear today, and then I didn't. And mm-hmm. I regret it. Well, maybe we can buy some. We've <laughs> never done that. That would be a good podcast. Why wouldn't it be a good podcast? Have uh, you guys have you guys should, done shopping on the show yet? Like clothes shopping? Where we haven't. I don't know if we've done clothes that shopping. That might be fun because you could narrate like an eighties montage where you could put in music later and say well, like now Connor just came out wearing like the funniest like workout, uh, you know like yeah well, sweatshirt and should we do this episode like a like a, a, a slow moving less satisfying bandersnatch where we let the people <laughs> <laughs> we could we could tie this in and say like. Where should we go now and people vote and we have to do it? Six months from now? That's a, no, no, because people... <laughs> a year from if, now? No, if we're tweeting it, we can get it in real time. Yeah, well, I will say, I have wanted to take you shopping for a long time. That because Connor's like opinions it. on clothing and apparel is... Yeah. It can be a lot. Do you remember... I mean, here's another thing from the last episode. You went on a tirade against shoelaces. Yeah? He doesn't, yeah. Since then, I bought a nice pair of Doc Martens. I haven't seen you wear them. I'm wearing them right now. 
Those are slip-ons. Those are Doc Martens. But there's slip-ons. There's no laces on them. Yeah, Doc Martens is a quality brand, right? It's like you completely changed the subject. But they they don't have laces. It's diversionary. They're like, you don't like shoelaces. He's like, I got Doc Martens. And they're like, they're laceless though. Yeah, it's it's like you're trying to you're trying to trick the audience that thinking your shoes have laces. No, I'm not. I would never. I would never try to indicate that my shoes have laces. But you diverted the subject. Laces are in an argumentative way. A vestigial thing from a from a. a, I understand why they were necessary at one point. But the fact they still exist is a. I think it's. You've got a lot of chutzpah saying things like that instead of like I started wearing slippers as shoes. Four months ago, and I just am say I give up. Like I am very public about that. I'm not going to say it's you know it's barbaric that people wear like high heels and things that aren't comfortable. It's just I know that I, for me personally, I've just personally given up. Right. But you don't take that on yourself. No, because I don't see the point of a lace <laughs> no. if you can make a shoe that's comfortable and practical. Connor that doesn't involve a lace. Connor won't admit that he's given up. He wants to be on the attack. You're making what do you get out of your lace? Other than you like how it looks, that it's oh, I had to tie it up. <laughs> Don't make a disgusting face at my shoes. Well, I'm looking at it now, and I'm trying to imagine what's the advantage. Is it you like showing off? Like I tied a rope to make my shoes stay on. <laughs> yes, that's what I like, Connor. Every morning I wake up and I go, look at me. I tied a rope to keep my shoes on my feet. I keep my shoes on with strings. <laughs> no, it's okay. But everyone, but everyone tries to make the argument that a laceless shoe is somehow unfashionable. Well, it, it can be. I mean, I think there's slip-ons that are that are fashionable, but you're also not. You're you're going to different subjects: the fashionable, the practical, the comfortable. The no lace is more practical. No lace is more comfortable, <laughs> and no lace should be more fashionable. The problem is everyone's so fixated on. What do people want to? What is prove? your attitude towards fashion, though? Like, do you disagree what? with it existing? Yes, now I, I do. In in in, unless. It's a great looking lace. There's no reason. But that's fashion. Yeah. Something that looks great that you wear is fashion. But most laces are just like, they're not, I mean, some laces are fun. Sometimes people do a fun color. They'll pop you're a color. You're saying fashion in general, you don't think is justified in any circumstance? Um, no, no. I, people make decisions based on the way things look, you understand that that's yes, something that is yes, important. And I understand it. I appreciate it. I appreciate and respect it. I also don't think that aesthetically, a string used to keep a shoe on, people make fun of it when it's when people have a drawstring on their pants and they're like, "Yeah, I can use this drawstring to." Right. Well, here's 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 where here's where you're you're yeah. not seeing the connection here yeah. is that those th- the reason people maybe judge people that have drawstring pants is because it's seen as a a choice that is made for minimum effort. Mm-hmm. Of just I'm going to do the and that's sort of the slip-on thing is that what is the point of that effort though because also I'm what effort tying your shoes untying your shoes every time you got to take your shoes off put them on you got to tie how come you don't wear sweatpants um I don't know I truly don't know maybe I will (laughs) (laughs) um but I don't think that slip-on shoes are the equivalent of sweatpants Vander's bad. Choose the option that says no. <laughs> no, no, not I, that. I, I don't think these Doc Martens that I'm wearing are... Uh, <laughs> the, the only Vandersnatch of this entire episode <laughs> should, is, should come you wearing sweatpants or not? From now on. <laughs> you get to choose how uh, that And if you say yes, we'll take you back to the beginning just, of the podcast. Uh, the podcast ends. The choice, keeps, yeah. the choice <laughs> keeps popping up, but it's also, are you sure? <laughs> it just seems like, are you positive you want him to wear sweatpants? Yeah. You really, you really want Nobody him to? Nobody wants to see you in sweatpants. 
my sweatpants every day. It would be sad for you. Yeah, but you wouldn't wear them on... Okay, so I think your big fashion distinction is what you would wear on stage versus what you would wear in your regular life. I think those are the probably the most distinct categories that you would have decision-wise. I listened to some of our first episode, as you instructed me, to go back and listen to a little bit of it. And one thing that surprised me was that within the first hour, I brought up Mickey Mouse. You completely just changed the subject. You don't want to talk about fashion anymore? I am talking about fashion because... I know where this is going. Oh, you do? Uh, Because currently I'm doing this thing that will... Even no matter how long you flip your collar in. No, long, no matter how long you delay the release of this episode, I probably still won't be done with my project where I watch every Mickey Mouse cartoon and tweet about it. Yes. But, and I made this argument once to the members of my improv team who were making fun of my shoes, and I pointed out that my shoes were basically the same shoes that Mickey Mouse wears. Uh, I knew that. that was, you knew that was next. Did you know yes, I was say that? because I, I know before. Connor is proud of the fact that he and Mickey Mouse have the same shoes. <laughs> to me, they're just—they make sense. I'd wear those shorts if I could. I also know, and this is not a judgment. This is fine. But the only I fashion could. item you've ever pined after has been a Porky Pig pocket watch. That's not a fashion item. That's a that's yes, a museum piece. Yes, it is. It's an accessory. Yeah. I never. I don't carry it around with me. I keep it in a little. But one dome. would. There was also that's a, that's a Mickey Mouse watch mm-hmm. that you wanted. Uh, I've also had a Goofy watch at one point. It went backwards. You don't think those are like apparel I don't consider, adjacent? No, and I also won't change this watch. Uh, I like that watch. It yeah, my Casio like watch. watch. Uh, but that's purely. It's a little bit practical. But you don't think it's fashion. Well, I've been told in the time that I've been wearing this, it came into fashion. I don't know if it fell out of fashion again, but there was a period where I would be on shoots for things and the costume people would be like, oh my God, I love that watch. Yeah. And I think that window may have closed, but there, I know it wasn't the case when I started wearing a Casio digital watch. And then I think at a certain point it became like a retro chic kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But you oscillate from like, who cares to I like this. To me, they're the same thing. Who cares and I like this or not? uh, Those are not uh, uh, contradictory impulses. I care if I like a thing fashion-wise. But if who cares is who cares, then it would be like, then wear this one instead. And then you do cares. uh, Yeah, but, but I... I guess my version of who cares is the answer is me. I care. So there isn't who cares. It's I like this. Yeah, I cares. Me cares. It's interesting. I'm just always curious about that because there are certain things that I don't care about Mm -hmm. aesthetically or otherwise. And like fashion is not necessarily one of them, but I definitely have blind spots. Like I don't care like how good music sounds. I'm like if I'm picking out a pair of headphones, like the second to less, the, the, the second least cheap one is probably fine. Yeah. But, um... What's your stubbornness? <laughs> it's yeah. interesting yeah. about clothing that I think JD must share How a certain How are we going to talk about these shoes? Because we were talking about you guys going shopping for long underwear oh, right. and, and that you've never gone um, clothing shopping fashion. before on the show, which I think would be fun. I don't have right. any money. We have to do it in a future episode. <laughs> yeah, that'll help too. I, I, you can always put them on cards and then return them. I don't do that and I don't understand the, this world. Because <laughs> the odds are... It's always going to work out for the, the people idea, that sell. The, it's like I the wanna, casino, you know? The, I, 
the idea of buying clothes yeah. and then returning them feels like such effort. My number one favorite thing to do in the world. Really? Well, that's what mail order. Right. That's why people love like you know online shopping is Ugh. you never have to like go into a department store and get naked in front of a mirror and like feel bad about yourself. You do that in your apartment. I had that. <laughs> one of the one of the most. Well, this is going to be something that I, I mean, I don't know. I'll talk about this more in depth later. Mm-hmm. One of the most bizarre experiences I had in the past few months was I had to buy a suit when I was back in Chicago for my sister's funeral. I'll talk about that more later. But that was a surreal experience because it was usually shopping is this like positive like fun thing where you're like oh I get to indulge in what do I want and this was I had had to immediately go home with just like what was on me I like went to the airport right from where I was and so I had nothing and I was in this like you know really sad place and I realized I had to buy a suit when I have plenty of suits here in New York, I had to buy a suit for my sister's funeral, which is like, no one wants to do that. That's the worst right. experience, the worst reason to go shopping. And the whole thing was so... Did you so, keep the suit? I did. Do you have a... Like, is it a suit that you've worn at any other occasion since? No. I mean, I, talk about a, a talisman. Of yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and so I, I went to this department store in the suburbs of Chicago where I'm from, and this guy was like helping me get this suit and I didn't want to explain why I was getting the suit because I was just like at that point I was just emotionally exhausted and just but then this guy kept being like no 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 this isn't in fashion I'm going to get you this and this and I just kept being like sure man whatever and then he'd bring me and he's like we have to get these tailored they'll be ready in a week and I was like well I have to I need this for tomorrow and he'd be like my god and then there was a moment where I was standing in this like department store that was like mostly empty because it was like the weirdest time of the year Mm -hmm like in this like suit that didn't fit me standing and I was like this culture has gone awry everything every day the society has like one of those there's so many things that we do that from your in your day-to-day life you're like oh yeah this is just what we do and how we do it and then when something happens you're up it sort of like knocks you off that path you suddenly have this moment of perspective where you're like oh my what is this why do we do this and it was that thing where I was like standing half naked in this like strange building where this stranger outside was judging me and I was like this is this experience is not a good experience there's so much existential dread that goes into moments like that based on like who you are and who you want to be and what you're going to be like when you leave and and that guy like taking advantage of you in a vulnerable moment but also having the opportunity to have expertise on something right. that he probably doesn't have in the rest of his life like status wise and right. the department store that's going to close in the next like you know 10 minutes because those things are so out of you know yeah. they're like not doing well in this economy and no, exactly. could you tell him why you were there or no? no I didn't because he was like I don't know you know you know when you meet someone who's just like a little strange sort of moves to the beat of their own drum kind of thing Mm -hmm. and you're just like I know if I have any conversation it's just going to be I'm not going to enjoy where it's going to go you know what I mean like the kind of thing where it's like oh this is the kind of guy where if I said he'd be like oh my god and there's like just like you you don't want to deal with it he's throwing a wrench in the metronome of the whole thing and be like exactly 
So I didn't. You just don't want to share with him. You don't want to like. Yeah, that that in that moment you're like, I don't like this guy, and I don't want him to have this piece of me. Yes, exactly. You you could also always, you know, like have the Julianne Moore and Magnolia in the pharmacy scene if you needed to, Mm -hmm. which is just like. Yeah. Total breakdown, and everyone has to understand. And right. like, I don't know. There's some like, that, there's some cathartic opportunities for <laughs> losing your mind in situations like that. I'm sure that yeah. could be your advantage going forward, but not this one necessarily. Yeah, I mean, during that week, I had some of those moments where I was just like, sure. I'm doing this now, and everyone's just gonna deal with that. Um, but it was also, to what we're saying, like this funny thing where I was like, it, I, it was the most I don't care I've ever been. Because I was like, yeah. I don't care. I just want to be out of here. I don't want this whole situation. I hate that I'm in this. And then I remember being like, yes, sure, fine. This suit's great. And then stepping out and being like, ugh, these pants are too baggy. I can't, like, I cannot wear this. You have to get this. out of there. Right? You, have to make, you have to make trade-offs in those, right. in those moments. But then I literally had to be like, these pants are too baggy. Are there other pants? Because like I'm not going to spend. And then I end up spending so much money on this suit that I like don't want. Yeah. Right. And now I just have this extra suit that's basically like an identical look to one that I already have, but just worse. Everywhere. Are you sure yeah. you can't return it? I, the Nordstrom? Because if it was, you can. I probably could, what but it's the, also one of those things. Let's where get I'm a shout like, out. What was the name of this place? I, I, it I'm was, just putting out there. If it was Nordstrom, I have stories these like Jewish folk tales women that bought something at Nordstrom 19 years ago wore shoes at her daughter's wedding they still accepted them and gave really? her a refund oh it's a wonderful place yeah. I, want, I, want, I don't even know so it was at have, whatever mall and I went into whatever yeah. to have a not as good version of a suit you already have that's like doesn't fit you quite right right and as a bonus, it also has nothing but negative associations yes. in terms of like it, yeah. it's it's a sad suit yes. that you have. <laughs> yeah, they, yes, they, yes, this they is they a talk sad on suit. like yeah. uh, that podcast, The Hidden Brain, about Hitler's sweater. How no one wants Hitler's sweater, no matter how many times you clean it. Yeah. And you're like, well, I guess that's a good example of something with a bad association. Yeah, like if like if I showed this suit to Mary Kondo, she would have like a panic attack. <laughs> she would take in the energy of it and. She would have to be like cartered out of the room. Yeah, thank it and say goodbye. <laughs> yeah. To be like, oh no, the vibes. Mm-hmm. Although, is there also at the same time, like you sometimes with like, and this may just be personal to me, but sometimes you have like sad associations with something, and those are also the reason that you can't get rid of the suit because to get rid of the suit is also. Associated. I don't know if you have that. I mean, I have that like with like my grandfather's sweater. That that's a positive. But sometimes I'll have it even exactly with, even with a negative thing, which is kind of like, well, I don't want to throw away the suit because it's well, a length to something. Here's you know? another. Here's another. <laughs> that's we're getting into the, the deep end of the pool <laughs> on this yeah. podcast. So a weird thing that I did that was like almost indie movie esque, especially the mo- yeah. like if you, you've written this. If, if this moment had been written to a script, you would have been like, all right, man, you need to, mm-hmm. like, take a couple steps away from this. Like, this is too, like, too on the nose. using a hammer to write this story. Right. So when I was at NYU, I was on the shoot where uh, a classmate of mine was killed. And other people were hospitalized. It was this horrible experience. Oh, my God. Was there an accident? Or? Yeah, there was oh, an accident. No. It was this huge national news story. Oh, my it God. Was, it was awful. Um, we were down in Atlanta. It was just a really traumatic experience. And after that happened, it was me and another student 
the next day, like, were the only people of right mind to go and, like, clean up the set, which was basically just, like, the, you know... Debris. The debris, and, like, it was muddy and wet, so just, like, outlines of people and things and stuff everywhere. And so I had these, like... I wore, at the time, I wore, like, white rod lavers, like, Adidas shoe. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, for years, I just kept those shoes and never washed them and just, like, had them, just covered still in the mud from that day. And then for years, I had them hung on my wall as this, like, totem to that experience. And then, like, a couple years ago, I had this moment where I was like, no, I'm done with this. And I threw them away. And it was this moment that was so... Right. It was like an indie movie, like oh, the, mom- the moment that he threw away the shoes from, you know. Right. Oh, that's like yeah, a, whatever. If you I were the director, mo- I'd just make it part of a montage, like yes. bury it with other things, yeah, exactly. so it wouldn't have to be like its own. Really moment. underplay it. Yeah. Yeah. Other, you did other things in that week, I'm sure. But I would, exactly. I would say, if you were to ask me, I think you held on to those shoes not to commemorate the accident, but to honor you showing up and cleaning up afterwards. May I think also. Because I, I think there's also a, a part of it that was, like, for a while I used that to fuel um, an over-focus on work and productivity work and this, mm-hmm. and I have to this, and that was an unhealthy thing. And I was, it, mm-hmm. it, I think it ended up being more this totem of these sort of false things that, oh, I have to live up to this thing and do this thing, and getting rid of them was more like, no, I'm allowed to just be right. happy, yeah. and Almost I don't like have to... blood splattered jumpsuit or something. Yeah, like like you, this you, is how hard I work. And yeah. yeah. Also, I think the thing of, like, you keep something like that because you're like, I'm not going to... It's a punishment in a way. It's like, I'm not going to let myself forget about it. I'm going to make sure, like... Yes, yes. I have to look at these shoes because yes. otherwise I might just forget about these shoes. I might forget it, you know, or might slip my mind so it is like and then there's a point where you're like A it's okay to not remember everything all the time right and you're not going to forget about it like there's also the thing about like you remember you'll remember the shoes long after you get rid of the shoes right you know well it was also the same period of my life where I had like the like stupid Steve Jobs like you will be dead soon What's thing. that? A plaque? He had, he had these little plaques that say "You'll be dead soon." As a reminder of him to be, and I like. But he was literally. I mean, he was literally gonna. That's probably this, what the nurses told him every morning when he woke up in the hospital. This Wait, is where the, am I and what's happening? Exactly. You will be dead soon. Don't worry, sir. Yeah. Um, but it was that thing of like, oh, he's got to be doing, and and then at a certain point, he was a mean man. Yeah, I was sort of like, number one, I don't like that guy. No, that guy sucked. He was nasty to people who worked with him and very t- tyrannical and. And I think that mentality is so dangerous and so that sort of like it forces you into this mindset in the sense of like oh I've got to create a legacy and create a thing and especially in the past year past couple years but this last year especially I'm like that's not important what's more important is being happy yes of course yeah. everyone will die eventually but right it's also written in the negative like it's not right. like you know you're alive today. every moment yeah, yeah. He, I don't know that much about him. I, we were talking about Sorkin the other mm-hmm. day because we saw To Kill a Mockingbird on Broadway, which was great, I thought. Yeah, right. And um, you were asking me, like, which other movies of his did I like? And I never saw the Steve Jobs one. But is that supposed to be, like, a good representation like, of what you... I saw it because it was Danny Boyle also who I really like. Did you see it? I liked that movie. I liked it because it, it did not really heroize him. Oh, re- Okay. But it's it yeah it, it doesn't hear it doesn't make him into a hero but it shows you what's interesting and what's good about him but it also is like 
shows you what's shitty about him, you know. And it's also it's not a biopic. It's a it's three slices that are very specifically. Yeah. It's like three product launches basically. Oh. And it's really well put together. I have a I probably told this on the podcast before. Uh, well, first of all, it reminds me I don't I didn't listen to this part, but I'm remembering now. I believe in our first episode of this when our friend Matt Cohen stopped by. I believe it might have been that episode, unless it was a later one, where he told me that he heard they were going to stop making uh, iPods, and I was devastated. <laughs> and and the thing is, and now you can't even have a headphone jack on an iPhone. Oh, can I point out? So we listened. I told Cohen, I was like, let's listen to episode one from five years ago, because mm-hmm. I think we've changed a ton since then. It'll be interesting to just like reflect. One of the quotes that I wrote down, oh my God, I have to find it. You don't need physical shoes. You can have like, you you commemorate like, you're, yeah. you know. A lot of shoe talk in this episode Yes, so exactly. Um, to that end, a kind of Rattler quote from episode one was, the Blackberry curve is here to stay. <laughs> <laughs> Dumb is dumb. it? Can you still get it? <laughs> no, I think isn't BlackBerry. No, like, you, you can still get BlackBerry. I just can't get I it on because like I'm on you T-Mobile. You could hit the buttons, right? No, there is still a. Uh, didn't you like that? Because didn't you like phones that you had buttons that you? Yeah, I wish get? I had one. Um, we can get you one of those like fidget spinners that have fake buttons attached to nothing, like the Fisher Price in your pocket of like. Um. <laughs> yeah. Right now, the BlackBerry unveils the BlackBerry Secure. The CES conference what, two days what a ago. Sexy. Boosting privacy and security. What's features. sexier than security? It's like a Hyundai, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a terrible, yeah, unsexy phone. But the, uh, but look at the BlackBerry Curve. Is it still? Is it here to the stay? The BlackBerry Curve isn't here to stay. But I was half right. The BlackBerry is here to stay. Um, you don't use one. I don't use one because I'm on T-Mobile and I can't get a BlackBerry on it. But my ship ever comes in. Uh, I'm going to get one because they still make one that has a touch. Uh, Touch uh, keyboard. Keyboard. Look at that. The key two. I'm gonna say it now. The BlackBerry key. The the secure key two. Key squared. Really? (laughs) Sounds like a test for like your key two is like keto. It's ketamine like levels. (laughs) Look at that. How much is this? I mean, I'll buy one right now. You you can just complain you have money to go clothes shopping. It only works with the the jitterbug uh, carrier. Look at this. What's jitterbug network? What's the one where it's the big red button that calls nine one one? Oh yeah, the most um, intelligent keyboard ever. Fabulous phone with pictures of grandchildren you can just touch and. The most intelligent keyboard ever and a battery that lasts up to two days. That's great. Sounds good, right? Look at that touch screen. We should get. Let me see. (laughs) You should get Connor one of the ones where. It's the picture of your <laughs> Just a picture of someone's face. You mash with your. You could use it with a mitten. That looks good, right? It's hard to tell. It looks like a calculator because of the keyboard on the bottom all the yeah. time, right? Yeah. Um, you what know. Else, yeah. What else did you say on the first episode that was? Is that the BlackBerry music on the website? Yeah. Wow, they are really <laughs> on the cutting edge. I mean, this looks good. This is the part of the podcast where Connor quietly reads a BlackBerry ad. Um, this is your diamond, brand. A diamond grip, non-slip textured back. <laughs> you know what I'm thinking four of? To, four yeah. and a half inch Gorilla Glass display. You know Durable aluminum alloy frame. 
what I'm thinking of while you're reading this is I'm glad they don't make shoes because you would buy the I would buy pair. Black, if Blackberry made shoes, 20 the Blackberry larger cube shoes. shoes. Yeah, they'd be slip-on. The all new you could leave them on key. while you shower. <laughs> 52 custom shortcuts to speed into action. I, if Blackberry made shoes, they would be, you know those shoes that like each individual toe has yes. like, be yes, that. Yes, the gorilla but they'd be, <laughs> But they would be cubes. like cubes. Yeah. Cube toes? You look like a Minecraft character. Oh, this phone, I mean. What? Connor's getting hot and bothered You're over here. You're having a romance over this phone? I just wish I could. Let me see how much they cost. Can't we just get you like a, I guess it'll be a separate thing, like a keyboard that you plug into your yeah. phone and use, or it defeats the point. Do you use text to s- or speech to text ever? Very rarely. I, I, they don't. Those things don't, never know what I'm saying. They're pretty good at me. Are I, they? Yeah. I never, I never use that or Siri or Alexa. I don't or use. Anything. I don't use Siri or Alexa because I don't trust them. Yeah, I can see it going haywire, not in a paranoia way, but just as a mistake. Way right. more than I could see them being helpful, but um, but in that first in that first episode uh, we talk about that. I believe in another episode I talk about how I went when I went to see the Steve Jobs movie. I was in a period where I was trying to eat healthy snacks and I couldn't figure out what. I, and so I went to the grocery store beforehand, thinking I'll get some fruit or something. I'll get something that's right. not chocolate and I'll eat it during the movie. And I didn't intend it. I didn't intend it to be as crazy as what I ended up doing because I just thought, you know what? I got my bag with me. I'll just buy some groceries and eat those and the things. So I bought a bag of apples. I remember and that. And I didn't realize until halfway through the movie. I was on like my third, my third apple. That I was like, oh, it looks like I bought apples to go see the Apple movie. And then I'm just <laughs> eating apples watching Steve Jobs. And I realized like, oh, I look like a crazy person. Like... Like I went to a Rocky Horror Picture Show, like I'm three to eat like, rocks. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also like that it is like it's not even it's not even like a a 4D experience of like oh in the movie they eat apples. It's just like, <laughs> he called his computer apples, so I'll eat right. apples. Uh, like, imagine being the usher that has to go around and be like you're crunching too loud or whatever. You'd be like I thought this was the apple movie. <laughs> you could say. You've been waiting that whole time to say I thought this was the apple movie. Uh, I don't know how many cores this processor has, but uh, I, I got a core right here. <laughs> I got three cores. <laughs> um. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Just a man in his slip-on shoes eating apple in the apple movie. It's amazing you weren't. I regret that there, were, there were small children at that screening. It would have been in behind bars. Oh. Um, Apple's such a funny fruit to eat at a movie. A movie because it yeah. it's the loudest fruit. Oh, I can is eat it? an apple quietly. What fruit is louder than apples? It's a great question. Um, Kids, <laughs> what fruit is louder than apples? I'm trying to think. I mean, I mean, watermelon is like a, a def- it's not louder, but it's kind of like grosser. I think, yes. like noise-wise, that you yes. Or like slurping and spitting and stuff. Well, then the question becomes, what fruit could you make the most noise with? Well, like, oh, anything you, with a hard shit. Like you could turn up. You or, could turn up. Yeah, coconut, yeah. watermelon. You could turn into a drum if you <laughs> <laughs> carve it out in the right What's way. What's the quietest fruit? Banana. 
Mm, yes. And banana is quieter than an orange. Oh, it's like it's like kissing. I, <laughs> if you eat a banana, it's like gently kissing a, a, a piece of fruit if you see, do it right. I think I could make more noise with an orange than with a banana. I think with orange yeah. you get a good slap going, whereas bananas. But generally, in the, in the if you're just trying to keep quiet with the fruit, I would say that a banana is probably the same volume as an orange, but it feels like it's quieter because it's a smoother. I don't think your mouth makes as many noises. Yeah. There's less slurping. I was just saying. It's more nuzzling. Yeah. Yeah. You're thinking of all those monkeys making noise because they're reacting to how good it tastes. They're excited. Never seen an animal get excited over an orange. Have um, you? I don't know. I, I can't think of many animals that I've seen eat oranges. Birds eat oranges. They eat little orange slices with their, their feet. They put them. In, they love grapes. Watching a parody to grape is satisfying. We're going to go to the zoo today. Oh, really? We're going to go to the zoo today. We might walk by it still The animals later. might yeah. be on strike because it's so cold. They might be... Well, one of the best days... One of the best days I ever had... I guess it might have been this last year. Last winter, it was... You know, like, one of those random days in the middle of the winter when it's, like, suddenly, like, 55 degrees? Yeah. It was one of those days last year where it was, like... 20 degrees, 20 degrees, something was 50 degrees, and then the next day it was 20 again. And it was foggy and rainy. And I had a doctor's apartment, and my doctor's office is that building, mm-hmm. <laughs> right there. Listeners, take yeah. note of where it is. Um, we're, we can see it from across Central Park. And uh, I had to go to the DMV, and now to go to the DMV, you have to get an appointment. Oh, the one in on 34th Street? Like yeah. The, the you, DMV Express? Right. Yeah. And you can't really just like walk into a DMV anymore because right. there's so much traffic. It's probably you, good. Right. And so I had an appointment at like 3, and then I got in my doctor's appointment at like 11 or something. So then I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to the zoo. So I went to the Central Park Zoo. And you know what? It was right at 10 a.m., right when it opened. And because it was the middle of the winter and it was like foggy and mm-hmm. rainy, there was literally no one there mm-hmm. to the point that the zoo employees were like, like, two of them were like, it feels like you rented this place out for yourself. And all the animals were, like, weirded out by the weather because it was suddenly warm. Yeah. So they were, like, outside sort of, like, walking around going, like, like, oh, this is not what we... Like, the snow leopards seemed bummed. And then, like, the bears were, like, we're still trying to just, like, sleep here. Can yeah. it be colder? And it was the most relaxing thing, just walking around and having these, like, animals to yourself. Yes, these confused animals. Yeah. But, like, the weirdest place in the zoo is they have the, the, the birdhouse, which is just, like, a big open-air room with birds. Mm-hmm. And when you're there with other people, it's fine. But when you're there alone and you're the only human and there's, like, 300 birds that are of all sizes that can be, wow. like, right... Suddenly you feel like, oh, they could all choose to turn on me right now. Oh, and I'd really? have I'd have no recourse. Yeah. That would be it. And if... You have some re- modest recourse. I'd have no recourse. Modest what, recourse. What would that be? Swing away. Like the end of signs? Yeah. What yeah. would you swing? Swing away. Just flail. Just start. Grab beaks. Poke cold. eyes. <laughs> just start, pull feathers. Just start cold cocking. I'm not saying you would win. You would win, but they would remember you. Turn into a whirling dervish? Yeah. Yeah, like if you're attacked by birds, you've got to do your best. You've been attacked by birds. I have been attacked by birds. Just one. That's enough. You've been attacked by bird. <laughs> I've been attacked by a bird. Repeatedly. What? 
repeatedly. It was the same bird. The same bird. <laughs> you went took, back for more? Took three, yeah, took three tries at me. My cat bopped you on the head three times that one yeah. afternoon. Like a... Well, the first time was just exploratory. Right. And then the second time was like... What do you think? What would you call the second time? Vengeance. No, because no, the third time he was like fully yeah. put his muscle in it. Yeah. But at first it was like, could I do this? And then, I, oh, the second one I think was, is this fun? Right. And then the third was like, fuck yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> You're the drum, boy. I'm beating you like a bongo. Um. <laughs> Cats have such funny personalities. Like one of my favorite things, I've, I've never been around cats. I don't think I'd ever have a cat. But I can watch endless videos of, and I'm sure your cats, where they just look mm-hmm. at you and then push something off a table. Oh, it's such a funny impulse to it's me. So funny. Where it's they like, make eye contact with you. They look at you. Yeah. And it feels so vile, and they just take something, and they just slide it off the oh, table. The, he does that sometimes, where he just pushes it a little and then looks at me to see, like, you want me to keep going? <laughs> it's. Um, I think it's a hunting behavior from like, like in other words, if. Actually, no, that doesn't make sense because they're lone hunters. But I heard that they do that to displace birds from trees. Like, in other words, if they, like, smack an apple out of a tree, then the birds are going to go flying, and then they'll have, like, access to birds. But I think that only works if you have a partner on the ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So maybe it's just something that, like, I don't know, maybe it works. I think 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 they'd get in the tree and knock the bird out of the tree. (laughs) That's how they displace. I feel like there's no other pet that will, like, look at you and be like, I can tell you don't like this. Oh, I can tell you don't like this even more. I'm going to do it anyway. He only does that in the morning when he wants to get me awake to feed him. And then the rest of the day, he's like the sweetest cat. He'll never do that unless he wants to you know, piss me off or get me out of bed. That's so funny. Um, but we were going to film at the zoo today. And we were going to record at the zoo today. But, but I got us banned. You tried to be, in your words, a good producer. You called to ask the zoo oh, never if they had zoo. outlets well, that we could charge our. Here's the thing: at. is that it's a toss-up with any place where you're like, ask for forgiveness instead of permission, right? And for yes, things like always. this, for things like this, where it technically is media, you know, it's always going to be more complicated. Than you. But that zoo is so small that there's a part of me that's like, the staff can't be more than like ten people there. So we don't I, look like we're doing anything. But ten people who really care. Exactly. And then I was like, oh, having worked in film and television enough, I'm like, oh, I also know technically it's part of New York Parks, which is so complicated and so bureaucratic. But I just reached out and was like, and I didn't even, I didn't even ask for permission to do a thing. I was like, you know, I was wondering if there was maybe an outlet. Because I was like, wouldn't it be great to spend a whole day just at the zoo? And they said no. The Bronx Zoo would asked, be better for that, yeah. I think. You should have just asked... Is there a place to charge my cell phone there? An outlet to charge my cell phone? Because people do that everywhere anyway. Yeah. My and monkey massage machine. Well, now you're, <laughs> now you're feeling... Massage. Yeah. I've got a tennis ball gun. Can I, char- can I plug that in anywhere? I, I want to t- play with I have the... a t-shirt cannon. I want to <laughs> give out some t-shirts to the zoo. Do you have a... Do you think that... I have a, I have a t-shirt cannon that shoots bear-sized t-shirts. Yeah. What, size, what size do you think the seals are? Yeah. <laughs> like an extra small? 
but now your feeling is we can never go to the zoo because you told them and they said no. They're not going to know who you are. Well, are not going in there with a boom mic or anything. Here's, here's my thing is your that... equipment is so inconspicuous. We wouldn't... That's why if we, I, I hadn't asked... I if I hadn't had permission, anyway. we would have been fine. But now that we've asked permission, I think we have to give a one-episode buffer so that... We don't get like a takedown notice from no. the. I mean, you. Well, how would they do you're a takedown notice? You're the producer. You you know about that stuff more how than would I they would. Do a take but... down notice? Well, so like the the New York's uh, um, Transit Authority will like reach out to TV shows that have illegally shot there and be like, you can't air this episode. But it, are you talking about videotaping? Yes. Oh, that yeah, that might be a little more complicated than yes. just doing like a. Can't podcast. we just say we're I just, not really going into the zoo now? But see, Let's now this is on the podcast. A, yeah, it's all part of the drama <laughs> that we pre-scripted. No one will ever be able to prove that we recorded this where we say we recorded it. So if we go into the zoo and it sound, and we say we're in the zoo... So what we'll have to do is... your animal noises. So what we have to do is we have to go... Uh, great, for this section of the podcast, we've reached out to um, a local um, audio artist. production yeah. house. And they're going to... We're gonna walk through Central Park, just public area Central Park, and in the background, they're gonna they're gonna put in some uh, ambient noise of animals. I'll just say, if they want us to take on the podcast, they have to produce the security footage of us at the zoo, which they can probably they do very it. easily. You think that would, they would go I through that they, effort? They they have it though. I'm sure they have it. I'm sure that would be. Doesn't this sound like a lot of work? If there was a mystery that you had to, uns- if you're if you're a head of security at the zoo and there's like a mystery oh, afoot, best day of your life, yeah, best day of the job. Are you kidding? How often you you just watching seals? It's I like that in the day when like a monkey escapes. I think uh, there was that snake. Remember that snake escape from the Central Park Zoo? Yeah, that was so funny because they couldn't find him and people were like flipping out and then they caught him and they brought him back and they had a contest to name him. Right. And I entered uh, the name Escapee. <laughs> Didn't win. I remember growing up in Chicago, a bunch of gorillas escaped the zoo. Oh, that breaks my heart. They like, they, like built a ladder and like climbed out. They did. And were just like hanging out in Chicago. Do you think that was like something they'd been planning, like the Shawshank Redemption yes. kind of thing? Yes. <laughs> Every day they would take a stick and put it aside. Yeah. Well, one of the saddest images I've seen recently was in Japan, there's a zoo that shut down. Oh, I can't. And there's a dolphin left in a oh, tank. Oh, I can't even. And no, the key, I can't think the, of this. The key, well, no. They, the, the, the good news is that the keepers go back and take care of it while they're trying to find a new home for it. But it's like no, just alone. No, in a, no, no, no. I can't handle that. I'm sorry. That's too upsetting. Sorry, we'll erase no, that. No, no. We'll I have certain. That. No, there's like all these. I have. Everybody makes fun of like trigger warnings for you know, right. those millennials are so sensitive, like, the animal cruelty trigger warning has saved my life so many times really? browsing the internet. Oh, my God. The stuff that people put Ugh. on a feed, just not knowing that, like, things like that are so upsetting to certain people, yeah. like... Um, did you what, grow up with pets? I did. I, I had a, I had birds when I was growing up, and then I, as soon as I could, I got a cat. I always wanted a cat, and my folks wouldn't... Um, get us a dog and they actually recently got a puppy for the first hey. time which is very exciting the last month and a half or so have been really really fascinating watching my folks um, with a with a dog I mean it's like and it's a puppy which oh yeah puppies are like yeah it's like he's having a baby, a baby. Yeah. he's a baby he's like a little well Connor had the best observation about puppies which is he called them clowns yeah he pulled my dad's pants down recently looking for a treat mm. and you're like 
like, what is this, vaudeville? Like, who are you playing to, the back row? But see, I, that's the thing, is that I know my parents have wanted a dog for a long time, mm-hmm. they just haven't done it, and I'm like, it would give me so much joy to see them yes. have to, again, like, be dealing with the thing that might pull down their pants. Their parents, again, it's like, it's they have that, a baby. They're like, does he need to pee? Does he need to poo? He looks thirsty. What's he doing? Like, it's, you know, they think it's funny because they're like, we're, geriat- we're geriatrics, but, like, to see them in that mode is just... Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, sometimes my mom's like, I'm too old for this. Got me up at five. I can't believe, like, what are we doing? But the dog doesn't know any differently. The dog right. is just like, parents! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm your brother! <laughs> yeah, I mean, my parents have been like that since they got a puppy a couple of years ago. And since then, my sister had a baby, so they're now grandparents. They have a grandchild. Right. And my sister gets very offended when... My parents are visiting, and she'll, and like the baby's in the room, and she'll catch my dad looking at pictures of their dog on the phone, on his phone, and she takes it personally. She's like, "Your granddaughter is in the room, and you're looking at pictures of your dog." But it is like, it's like, well, I had to lock my, like we had to lock our puppy in a kennel from visitor. You know, like if if we had to lock the baby up in a kennel to go visit the dog, he'd look at pictures of her. I feel bad for having left the dog. The best was the two of them to to get together. Mm -hmm. But the dog was, like, interested in the baby. But they weren't, like, super on top of each other. But the interest that the two of them had in each other was just the cutest thing ever. Yeah. They were very, like, hesitant about getting the baby too close because the baby just wants to grab, you know, and poke. So my one-year-old niece... um, was over my grand my uncle was over at my grandparents house and he has a dog and she was she's just started walking and so she's got like interesting things and she's got a three-year-old brother so she's sort of fearless and so she just like kept walking with the dog and just being like wanting to touch the dog and eventually the dog was like like you know like got a little didn't, Re- really? didn't bite her but like got a little nippy like how what kind of dog is it has an older dog i, I actually uh-huh. don't know what like, kind of okay is. But a bigger dog. And it wasn't like... Sure. But it, you could tell it was like, someone please get this child away from me that just keeps mm-hmm. coming to me. Some dogs are just like, I understand. And they immediately yeah. take care of the baby and they're like, yeah. they know exactly what to do. And I imagine that others are just like, seriously? I think this dog hadn't been around kids and was sort of like, what's this small one doing? Yeah. <laughs> please give me a break. Oh. All right, guys. I'm going to go back... And try and get some writing, writing done. done. Yeah. Um, have a good. Thank you. Have a good rest of the day. Thank you. Um, and um, stay warm. Thank I you. Want, I want. I need to stay warm because I've got all these layers. Well, I mean, if you go shopping for long underwear, you can at least like put him in outfits. Gotta get some more underwear. No, we're not doing that. Describe them. Really? Wouldn't it? I have it at my apartment. Well, you should have. I mean. You we are connected a, to a mall. You could go right into the mall without having to go outside. The issue is, the issue is it's not solving any of that. You just want there to be a, a shopping a montage, montage on the 12-hour podcast. Right, we'll have some sort of fa- fashion montage. All right. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, you. Julie. Thanks, guys. Thank have you. a good day. Have a good one. I'll see you later. All right. All right um, it's going to take me a second to uh, turn off. I am... Looking at the view of uh, we're at Central Park West, Southwest on 
around the circle. Wait, you have to. Uh, what? Oh, I got to put the microphone on the outside. Yeah, either button your either button your shirt or put it on the other side so that it's facing you. Like that. Yeah. Is that better? Yeah, that'll be better. Okay. Um, I'm gonna text my sister. Oh, great. And we'll head down that way, and we can come back up uh, to Central Park later. Yeah. What time is it? Right now, it's one o'clock. Okay. Um. It's so cold outside. Yeah. We're going to brave it, and we're going to find warm places throughout the day. Her wait. Um, when we meet her down there, it'll be inside, so. Right. That was a good test of the three mic setup. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, um, let me see. Give me just two seconds. I'm yeah, going to turn yeah, yeah. off this mic. Okay. I think we're set. Okay. Let me put this back on hold. So we take a train down to Chambers Street. We'll be good to go. What do I do with this? I'm telling her we are either at the ferry or inside the mall there. Oh, yeah. Ouch. All right, where am okay, I going to put this? Um, put this here. It was interesting to scan through that first episode. Really? Um, I was just, just listening to fragments of it. Um, I mean... We, we, me in particular, feel so much younger. Really? I feel like. I mean, I think you do too, but I think it's very noticeable for me. Interesting. Did you feel that way or not really? Um, no, not especially. Um, uh, although I would have, you know, I would have been in my late 30s when we were doing that. Now I'm in my mid-40s, so it's, you know. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Um, five years makes a big difference. Well, because I also think that's the difference between me being 26 and 31, mm-hmm. which I feel like that is straddling a yeah. transitionary period. Well, it's also interesting because, you know, uh, in keeping with the theme of looking back, um, you know, two, was it two episodes ago? Um, where we were, uh, it was two episodes ago, right, where we did the tour of UCB Chelsea, right? Yeah. And, you know, we were, like, touring around there because it was about to close and the UCB theater was about to move to Hell's Kitchen. And uh, now, just yesterday, as of recording this, it was announced that uh, UCB East is clo- is closing, and ooh, we can go down to the seaport if we want to. Okay, I can, we can sh- I can show you around the uh, boats. Why don't we? We'll uh, we'll meet my sister and then maybe walk across town over to the seaport from there. Yeah, that'd be great. Town walk. Maybe we walk along the bottom of the the tip of Manhattan. Um, That'll be fun. Well, it's interesting to think about, like, 
in the course of less than a year and a half, uh, UCB Chelsea closes. Yeah. The Gethard Show comes to an end. UCB East is closing. More Zip. and more of the thing you were saying that now Sunshine closes, Zigfeld closes. That, and yet this podcast uh, has Persist. outlived them all. No, but it is interesting that so many like touchstone things have changed or gone away. Right. Oops, uh, since the first episode of this. Yeah. Things that were just sort of default things. Right. And then it also reminds you, like, you know, people were having different reactions online yesterday to the news of UCB East closing, uh, closing. And, like, some of it was people, um, you know, there's, like, speculation about it. Uh, the main thing seems to be that, like, a lot of... Thank you. Uh, like, a lot of things... Having to do with Manhattan and locations, uh, you know, the, the, a, a persistent thing that seems to happen is rent goes up and people can't stay in a place. Right. You know? And the story of New York City. And that, like, while you know, UCB East was a you know blip. It was a short. Hasn't been around that long, and now it's about to be not a thing. Right. And, but prior, so people are sad about it. Obviously, I'm sad about it. I've done a lot of shows there. I'm, and I'm not that sad about it. Well, see, I had the Lucas show there uh, every month for four years. Yeah. Uh, I had. I uh, guess I, I just feel so not really part of the UCB world anymore. Right. That I've sort of already, I don't know. I feel like I've already sort of said goodbye to it in a weird way. Not, yeah. not to that theater specifically, but like to the concept of UCB. Well, I just don't feel like I've... It's been maybe like five years or three years since I've like really done anything. Yeah. Wait, there's a music video here. Um, but to me, like the idea that like even though we weren't going to do another Fear Bazaar there, it was like, oh yeah, that's the building where we did these crazy immersive we things, should. you know? And or like the concert for thirty five. Get in the background of that. That music video. Yeah. Um, like the concert for thirty five is still remains like a high point of my time in New York City when I did right. that crazy concert. We kept the theater open late, and it was you know like uh, it was like the high point of a two year long bit was doing that show that night. Right. And so it's one of those things where, but at the same time, prior to it being that theater. It was the Two Boots Pioneer Movie Theater. And when that closed, you know, that was where people for a decade... Are taking this? Yeah. That was, for a decade, that was where people were going to see Donnie Darko every Saturday night, you yeah. know? And when that closed, you know, that that was a sad thing for people who loved that movie theater, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of people were posting things yesterday about, like, you know, when we did our, um, you know... Christmas Henson screening there, or yeah. uh, when we did our uh, secret movie show, that even though that was just a few, that was only secret a movie few. show. What a <laughs> that's still one of my favorite, least successful things I've ever done. Well, it, yeah, it was. I always do kind of think about the possibility of restarting that somewhere somehow as a thing because I think there is something about a collective screening, right? series 
It almost feels like at some point, like... Oh, sorry. What train are we taking? Yeah. Sorry. A-train! I mean... Do you want to get on this train, or what is it? I, I don't know where we're going. Yeah, let's get on. Nah, forget it. Um, <laughs> all those people were running past were uh, upset. Um, we should get the E train if we can. No, we'll get an A to an E. We could have gotten on that, that one. Um, well, hold on, let me see. We want to go to Chambers... Chamber Street or WTC. Let me see. Um, uh, so the, but it is also one of those things where the. Well, like, I moved George Lucas Talk Show to Hell's Kitchen last year, and it, at first it was just an accident that it was a fluke of scheduling that I was the only person in town for Stepfather's one week. Right. And it was a great slot having 9 o'clock on Friday. It was, like, sold out, and it was great. So I moved the show for a while, but I always kind of had it in the back of my head that I might move it back to UCB East to make it a midnight show again kind of thought maybe yeah. it would just be a hiatus. Now, it, of course, it'll be that I moved it permanently, that I got out before the uh, the theater closed. But... we take this? No, I think we want to take something to an E. Got it. Or a C. Um, but it is, like... Uh, on the one hand, like, sometimes things... Like, they've already got, like, a, a second stage set up for UCB that will either be temporary or it won't be, but there's something that's actually kind of a better location in some ways, uh, but, uh, you know, like, the, the fundamental thing that's consistent in all these things is that, like, nothing lasts forever, that it's sort no. of like you try to hang on to things that are good as long as you can, but sometimes things arrive at a place where it's like, oh, we can't be in this building anymore, or this show we've been working on uh, has reached its natural end, you know, right. and uh, sometimes those things come on real fast, and sometimes you have, you know, have some notice and you can like yeah. you know, it feels like uh, yeah I mean I definitely learned that lesson this year <laughs> yeah yeah you just don't know well I think that's what's interesting is you look back at move my mic a little closer just cause the train's so loud yeah. um, look back at five years ago started this podcast yeah and there were so many things that we were sure were true about our lives and our surroundings and ourselves mm -hmm. and then now five years later so many of those things are different or are turned out not to be true or changed 
And if at the time you had said, these things are gonna change, I think I would have been like, no, don't, don't. I don't want this stuff to change at all. Yeah. But it's also just a natural progression of life and how things go. So I think it's so interesting, like, it would have never crossed my mind that we would be entering right now, five years later, going, Newspeech Health doesn't exist, and Beast doesn't exist, Get the Chosen doesn't exist, like, all these things that were just, like, a part of the everyday. Yeah. There would have been a point where if you'd said to us, um... If you'd said to us, uh, three years from now, uh... There'll be no Chelsea, there'll be no Beast, there'll be no Gotham Show, there'll be no Terry Withers Mysteries. If I was blind answering questions, I'd be like, did something happen to me? Like, right. You sort of think, is this a, what's... The sunshine shut down, the Zygmunt shut down. You'd be like, was there, is there an attack? Is there, you know, like, you right. just don't know. Uh, because this also feels like the first year at... The first year that I've gone into, where I'm like, I don't know what this year is, and I don't know what um, creatively or professionally, I do not know. I have even less of an idea, less of a roadmap uh, than before. Because in the past few years, I've kind of gone into them with some semblance of an idea of, oh, this is the year where there's, you know, there's going to be this show, there's going to be this show, and I kind of don't have that anymore. This is the first year in a long time for me where I have no idea what I'm going to do this year. Yeah. Like, literally, I have... None of my projects that I've done exist anymore. This is so I'm sort of like... I assume yeah. I'll be able to make a living this year. Yeah. But I have to sort of figure it out. definite things I had in previous years I've had like shows that were like pitching shows or, yeah. or I was like this thing's close to happening or you know right and some of those things happened and ended and some of those things didn't happen and, you know um, but it's also like it's it's interesting because I've seen uh, I've seen people speculating in the in the wake of of the announcement that the beast is closing. Right. And I've seen people, like I saw, literally saw one person was like tweeted that UCB risked it all on Hell's Kitchen and they lost. As if the reason the beast is closing is because they moved to another theater. I think there's like this weird idea. It's like, you blew all your money and now you're having to sell you. As opposed to just like, no, my rent on this place went up and we can't afford that anymore. Meanwhile, there's a separate thing that's happening. You know, that like, uh, and that's happening because we were going to lose the other building in a number of years. Well, what's funny is I feel like you are very embroiled, not embroiled in, but you are very aware of mm-hmm. everyone's UCB opinions and all that. Yeah. Whereas you're not in it. I'm not in it at all. Yeah. Because it's like, as you're saying this, there, I can feel, I can feel you recounting 
opinions and things and stuff that like are in your head that are like sitting weird for you. Oh yeah. And for me, it's funny because I have no, I have none of that. I don't know what yeah. anyone's saying or what I don't, you know. And so I'm just sort of like, oh, this theater's moved on, but it feels more personal to you because it feels like you, you can, you have a sense of people's emotion, yeah. emotional responses. To well, it's also the weird. It's also a weird thing to be like people are when you see people finding causality in things that you know aren't. Yeah. Where it's like... Uh, well, it's cognitive dissonance. Yeah, well, it's an interesting thing where people make a story in their own brain. If you if you say, like, uh, here's a rock and here's a puddle, you're like, oh, the rock must have caused the puddle. Right. And you're like, no, they're just two things. And uh, it would almost be like... If, and, and when you're watching people confidently speculate online about, like, this is why this must have happened, it would have been like if, like, the Gethard show ends and then he puts a book out, if then there were people saying, obviously, the show got canceled because he was focused on his book. Right. And it'd be like, no, there's just two projects that a person was doing or whatever, and it's, from the outside, if you don't have any information, you're like, oh, well, I'll connect these two dots. It's like a natural thing right. for the brain to do. Um it's funny because I feel like sometimes this podcast becomes a cathartic place for you to... Subtweet? Yeah, sub... Anonymously, yeah. I mean, there's definitely... Uh, for me, it's an interesting thing because, like, uh, I... Like, you have, I think, a pretty healthy relationship towards when you finish a thing and you move on to another thing that you kind of like uh, uh, you don't hang on to a lot of right. like bad it's feelings sort of about lay that it. to rest yeah yeah. you like you, you are aware of the things you like or don't like about a thing but you don't you don't remain draped in the clothing of like I'm mad about the way this ended or something you, right. you're pretty healthy about it uh, I always find it peculiar to observe uh people who have who are holding on to their bad feelings about things when they're no longer like part of something they're still like I mean I guess I probably have it I certainly have it with like Barnes and Noble that like yeah it's funny because you you are that exact person but but part of that is because I would say the difference in there is that like I still believe that that is a company that could like, I can see their path forward towards, like, here's how you could... I feel like there's, like, a, a a big assumption even within that company of, like, we're going to end in the next few years. And I'm like, I don't think you have to. You could just, like, choose to be successful in this one area instead of trying and failing to be a bigger company than you are. Like, I think you, I think you, there's a... There's but a, but there's, don't, don't you feel like there's probably people that feel that way about whatever the things are, you know, whether it's UCB or, you know. Yeah. Um, I think I, I think the thing that's hard mm-hmm. is that... Sometimes we do the things just to know, know how are you. Sometimes we do the things right now, very loud. just to know how you feel. Um, My name is Sergio. 
I think that's one of the things. Not to I've beaten the dead horse in social media and all that stuff. Yeah. So I'm, this is not me going on a, a, a pedestal about this. But I think what's interesting is that every person is allowed their feelings yes. and reactions to something. And the problem is, I think so much of internet culture is that you feel like you have to put that on a billboard and then other people's feelings start infringing upon your feelings. Yeah. And that's when things get really toxic and really aggressive is because everyone's going to feel so many different things and everyone's going to have the things that feel true to them from their perspective. And when you start having to match those next to each other, you learn that there's few things that come down to black and white when it is like emotional reactions to things. Yeah. And it gets challenging and then it becomes this, it does feel like it's almost like a, not a battle, but a, you have to try to justify why you feel a way that you feel. Yeah. Because you're looking at this thing that is opposite that. And I think that can be a really difficult process to go through. I would say the difference I would say between a lot of what I see in terms of like uh, there's there's people whose like take on UCB I value even if it's a negative take yeah. I value more than other people's takes sure. and usually it has to do with uh, how much actual knowledge I think the, or knowledge or experience I think the person has yeah but it. But that person's still allowed to have that. No, I do that. Like, I have opinions about, like, Apple and what they should be doing. Like, right. I don't think they should have gotten rid of the headphone jack. And there's things like that where I'm right. like, I feel like as an outside observer, when I look at Apple, I think this is a company that um, had, like, a genius in charge who had these quirky things, but he also had these ideas that were, like, really, like, breathtaking and innovative right. ideas. And then when he went away... You have people who are trying to sort of like dress up in the clothes of this person and do things like that. And they're like, well, let's get rid of the headphone jack. Like, well, most people still use headphones. Well, we'll have an adapter that you can play. Or we'll have these things that you dangle from your... There's things where it's like, wait, are you... uh, But if you're in that world, you might be like, no, you don't understand. This is about... This is... Well, that's why to a certain extent, like, I would... You know, this podcast is a casual conversation as opposed to like, right. I don't think I would publish a long screed about, whereas I would about Barnes & Noble because I'm like, I know the way the company works because I have the experience there and I've right. observed firsthand the things that uh, are happening wrong, yeah. you know, um, that there's like a direct correlation between like, I feel comfortable saying the things that I know about the way that that company doesn't listen because... Uh, I mean, while I worked at that company, they have a phone number that you're supposed to call if you're an employee, and it was literally like something like 1-800-WE-LISTEN or something like that, and it's for like employees to call with their complaints, and then when people start calling with complaints at one point, one of the people who got the complaints like complained about like people should stop calling that number. So there's like things like that within the company that it's like, uh, when you have a, a phone number that's called right. WE-LISTEN, and then you get complaints about like, I don't like listening to these complaints. Complaints. Right. You know, there's things like that that, like, uh. True Detective season three. I've never watched True Detective. Interesting. You never watched the first season? I've, I've never had HBO. Have you never seen Game of Thrones? Nope. Um. It's, uh. It's interesting. There's this. Yeah. kid and her dad her dad's got a bike and the kid's got to be like six and they've been like they ran onto the subway they ran off 
it feels like something from like a French New Wave film. Right. Um, yeah, I was going to say Wes Anderson, but that's because he's influenced by yeah. it. It's him trying to recapture that feeling. Right. Um, Americanized the French New Wave aesthetic. But the thing that I was harkening back to at the beginning of this was that uh, that feeling of, well, let's things end and then it's like well let's see what this new thing is yeah and trying to not hold on too hard to um the new thing being the same as the old thing yeah because that's something that I've learned too is everything grows and changes even if you didn't change anything even if you just held on as tight as you could yeah. You look concerned about subway stops. Just checking. Even if you held on as tight as you could, mm-hmm. it'll change underneath your grip. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. nothing will stay the same. Nothing remains. And so, you have to get used to the fact that things are going to change and that maybe you will find something that you like about that yeah. new change. Well, and also trying to be kind of a certain amount of grace in terms of um, it's, it's very is this easy. a subtweet? no no I'm saying it's for me that like oh, yeah. that trying to um, things end and sometimes things end badly or sometimes things end in ways that we wouldn't wish for right and it's very hard in those moments sometimes to uh, be gr- like uh, uh, our friend Anna Maria was posting clips from shows at the Beast. Yeah, they're mostly shows that I had done because I'm always saying it's okay for people to film during right. shows. So you end up with like people have footage of like and and half of the clips. There was like a clip of the end of a Fear Bazaar where we were all uh, chanting C- about CISO and then there was a clip of me during the Bowie uh, uh, tribute right. Lucas show and there was a clip of John Hamm coming out during that other Lucas show and there were all these clips and and her initial post was talking about how much it sucks that the Beast is closing and obviously it uh, definitely sucks for people who are like losing their jobs yeah. and you know it's like a serious thing but when I was looking at those clips at first my first reaction was like oh it's so sad all these shows and all these memories they have but at the same time it's like I'm really glad that I get to have the memory of those sh- that I had the experience yeah. of those sh- like if if someone could say like well it's is it worth it it only lasted a few years I'm like yeah while it was while it was there it was good right. and then at a certain point uh, you know it'll become a vape store or something you know whatever can afford whatever can afford the the rent that the people who own that you know like half the time when something when something good closes it becomes a vape store it was just like whatever it is you, you just look at it and you're like oh gosh like this isn't as nice as the thing that was there before you know yeah. what are they gonna what's in the Zigfield now what's in that building it's a big vape store it's a giant vape store No, it's not like a, a private event hall. Do they do anything to, to maintain the original? Anything I think they do, but it's like. But, but who cares? It's for 
for human garbage. Um, yeah, kind of. You're really good at having grace. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did say uh, 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 because it's it's uh, we talk. Someone pointed out that we in the first episode we talk about uh, Donald Trump. That, that's also it's interesting. I want to touch on that for a second. Mm-hmm. So, like in the early episode, something that we set up for the podcast was no politics. Uh, no, what what it was really was that we want, you know, Connor can tell you is that I get so nervous putting this podcast out there because it feels very vulnerable. Yeah. And so I have a lot of anxiety around it. And one of the things that early on we talked about was how so many of the listeners felt, understood that. And I think everyone still does. Yeah. But we also had this sort of like unwritten but spoken understanding of like, don't clip out parts of the podcast and post it. Don't pull direct quotes from things. Yeah. And I think as time has gone on, we've harped on that less. And, you know, things are out there. And so like, there's been a handful of people who have sent us, like, tweeted... (laughs) <laughs> or posted just like the things that we got wrong over right. time, which is fine. There's only three. Only three things we've ever gotten wrong in 185 hours. Yeah. But it's like, that's one of the things that's hard and that it also feels scary about doing this podcast. Sometimes. Right. It's like, we're going to say things that are incorrect. We're going to say things that don't age well. Yeah. And there's things that, you know, I don't think we, I don't think there's anything that's that troubles me but there's things that are just part of the zeitgeist that as you put them out there feel like oh this is no big deal at all this is you were talking about a thing and then years later you're like oh there's so much context to that now yeah like so what you were just talking about was there's a funny conversation where we're talking about Donald Trump who I guess this was when he started becoming a political pundit kind of guy well at that point he was still doing the birther stuff and he was Right, so he was just sort of like going on Fox News and yelling about stuff. Yeah, he was, he was basically... All the things that people now retweet old tweets of Donald Trump saying things like, if there's a shutdown, the president should be fired. Right. And now we're in the middle of a shutdown, and he's saying, it's not my fault. Yeah. And so there's like lots of those things now. Uh, but he was still in that mode, and I was obviously... I mean, it's weird because there's a... There's that whole, like, owning the libs thing of, of, like, people who love Trump at this point. We, well, that was our whole discussion with Matt was, like, we were, we were talking about who loves him and what people would... And I was maintaining that nobody truly loves him. And it was, and, it was funny and, because you were being so adamant about it that yeah. I, at the time, felt that I needed to defend him. Which mm-hmm. now it doesn't age well because I'm like I'm like all right you know let's give this guy a well, break. I we also it's funny because in that clip we don't um, like I was like does he have kids like I genuinely we now these characters are like oh yeah they're on like yeah we working had no... in the government now and but I did the thing is like there's that thing about like uh, people who love Trump. Uh, being giddy over the fact that like everybody was wrong about him becoming that he could win right and 
I never feel embarrassed about that because the only thing to really be embarrassed about was that I overestimated uh, the voting public. I, 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 I still maintain, I think there was one phrase in this thing of me confidently saying that he'd never be president and that he would never, you know. Right. Uh, that he was too... But I, 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 I stand by the, you know, years before... Oh my gosh, it's so cold. Years before Hillary... You've done this to us. No, I love it. Uh, years before Hillary said the thing about you can put uh, half of his supporters into a basket of deplorables, right. I think I used the phrase uh, a small sliver of degenerate society. So, that was my phrase. So you're proud, you're proud that... I stand by it. I think... All right. Here's where we get. Here's. I think. Here's her. And I think her ma- I think her numbers hold up because, okay, you got half the electorate doesn't vote. Okay, so there you, you got. Now you're at fifty percent of the country, and you got fifty percent of that roughly voted against him. And I would say of the people who voted for him, I would say half of them. This is uh, Connor, five thirty-eight Ratliff over here. Yeah. No, breaking, down, breaking down the numbers that you're just making I'm up sp- out of thin air. No, I'm spitballing. Yeah, I'm spitballing. Um, no, I would say half of the people who voted for him were either like, well, I don't want to vote for her, or I... You're just making this up. No, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree, but you're just literally no, making no, this, this up. No, no, but this, this, I think this holds up in terms of if you look at the numbers, like the, the core of his, like that, that 38 and below percent right. that still like sort of supports him, which is... Like a historic low. Right. You're not talking about 38... You're not... I don't think half the country likes him. I think half of half that country still technically likes him. I think you split that in half again, and you have the people who are like, I like him no matter what. Half the Electoral College liked him three years ago, is all, all that really happened. Yeah. But I still think... Even that is debatable. I still think that... Uh, and also, I still believe in policies that make life better for that port of, part of the country. Right. You know, like the, the, that's... This part of the city always weirds me out. It feels like, you're not a big video game person, but uh-huh. it feels like... We're down in the financial district, sort of. But we're down in the, like, uh, the, like, west side financial district, where... Which now become, like, shopping, sort of. Yeah, but it's just these, like... It feels like in like a Grand Theft Auto game, the part of the city where they're like, oh, we don't have any missions or actual game here. Uh-huh. We got to put buildings in so you can sort of drive through it if you need to. Yeah. Or it's like you stop here and you're like, oh, none of the game is actually here. Is this our first visit to Ground Zero in the podcast? Uh, no, we were here once before, I think. Were we? I mean, we're right by the Freedom Tower. We walked by it when we left Staten Island Ferry the last time. Yeah. I don't know if we came up this far, though. Yeah, because we walked all the way back up to, like, oh, right. Union Square. But at that time, it was, un- you know, under construction. Yeah. It's a tall building. All right, we're going to go in this mall here. Oh, got it. Ooh, we're going Gucci. Get you some underwear. Long underwear. <laughs> That's not... What if we go in the Gucci? Uh, do you guys have long, long johns? Under- do you have, like, thermal underwear? Yeah. Like, but fancy. I, um, I bet they do, and it's, like... $500. Treat yourself. 
for once in your life, JD, treat yourself. All right. Ooh, it's chilly, boy. Yeah, it's you like, like this? It's 30 degrees outside, right? But now we're inside. I know, but I just want to point out to our viewer listeners. Oh. I bought this new uh, power thing to power the gear, and I think it's pretty good. Oh my gosh, what is this place? There's just people everywhere. We're inside a mall, and there's palm trees and about a hundred children sitting on steps, and then just people strewn about everywhere. Is your sister meeting us here? Yeah. All right, let's um, let's find a little spot so that I can, uh, you can get what? that mic ready. I'm looking to see where she might be. Very crowded in here. Um, she says she's here. What? She says she is here. No, I'm just checking out to see. We've got a lot of ambient noise in this episode. That's good. People love it. People love feeling like they're in New York. Oh, my God, there's birds. Yeah, there's birds that we'll never get out of here. We'll never find them. We're yeah. stuck. Should we get this table? I'm still not. Let's see. All right. There's birds flying around. Birds fly. Birds flying around. Flying near the ground. Um... Happy, happy birds. Have you heard the word birds? I'll show you a picture. This is just for JD because we, we don't have pictures in this podcast and I wouldn't share a picture like this. But uh, this morning, my, my niece is maybe closing in on eight months old. Uh-huh. And uh, today she put her down for a nap. When she came back in, she had learned to pull herself up. And she was so like jazzed about it. Like That's so nice. she's just like so smug that she pulled herself up at the side I of the crib. That. And it is like my sister is like genuinely like, what do I do now? Like the one thing you could rely on at this point is just like, oh, you can just lay them down and they won't right. well, go that's around. My one year old niece. My sister's like, Well now I have two kids that can move around. Yeah. Ooh, you should go ice skating. Oh, she says I'm here on the middle. What does that mean? She's over there in the middle. I'm gonna call her. Okay, I'm gonna get this mic ready. Give me um, two seconds. Okay. I'm excited. I always get freaked out with the levels. The sound levels? Yeah, they always seem so. They always seem weird to you. Off. Um, mall by the ferry. Oh, I wonder if she went to the other mall. There's the Oculus. Okay, she's gonna head back over. Um, yeah, like all of the stores here are very fancy. 
It also feels like... What's strange about this area of New York is... Like, these aren't things that... Like, these aren't things that stay these, open at there's night. There's birds dive-bombing us. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, go ahead. Birds and shoes have figured prominently in this episode so far. This is the bird shoe episode. Um, did you see Bird Box? I didn't. Um, the... Like, it feels like these are all things that are designed to be closed by five or six, right? Right. Like, these stores aren't open at night. I always wonder about, like... I guess the... If you can afford to live in the in apartments down here, you just get everything delivered, I assume. At right. Night. Or you take a taxi somewhere else. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Is this part of town at after 8 p.m. is, like, nothing. But there's, you know, thousands and thousands of people living all around here, you know? wild um i keep just looking at these birds look at these birds okay up here they sit up on the sill yeah and then look for people that are not paying attention to their food and they dive in and try to take it are you glad you don't have any food yeah but it just they're so menacing if you brought a single piece of bread just sit on the table like i think i think if i made a motion like i was dropping something Mm -hmm. it would fly down No, they're too smart. They looked at you, but they... They're looking at you, but they don't. It's not good enough mime work. Connor's miming that he's... Oh. No, they don't believe it. They're, they've seen, I've seen too many people like you. Um. Um, okay, so... What are your predictions for five years from now? It's impossible. That's what I'm realizing is that that kind of thing is impossible because uh, I couldn't have, I can barely backwards remember the, the past five years, let alone, I wouldn't have predicted most of the stuff that. Okay, we'll start easy. Who's president in five years? Oh, God. Um, I mean, hopefully someone else, but. Five maybe years, not. it would for sure. Oh, no, it would be right at the end of the term of the next person. Well, I'll say this. The only silver lining, and it's a misanthropic one, the only silver lining to Trump being president is that just on a, as a, on a personal level, he's never been less happy than he is now. You know, like, this was a mistake. It was a bad move for someone who doesn't like going to meetings or listening to people. I think right now we're in the midst of the government shutdown. Yeah. I, it, to me, it almost feels like he is... It's like, you know, when a toddler gets tired yeah, and they just, like, do something to get purposely in trouble? Well, there's quite reason... Like, I feel like he's just like, please, get me out of here. There's quite reasonable speculation at the moment because people were trying... He did that, like, uh, uh, Oval Office speech the other night. Right. And people were speculating because there's no new content in it. And people were speculating, why did he do this? And the most intelligent commentators seem to be guessing and overtly being like we don't know but it might be this and some of the most reasonable sounding guesses are just it's like he hadn't done one before and they're just like looking for like what can we do right and uh, and that to a certain extent some of it is that like this past week's been hard for him because new like uh, 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 um 
new people are coming into Congress and they're getting stories written about them and it's kind of right. like pushing the spotlight away and it's kind of like, hey, you know, right. I want to be the story, you know? I do, I mean, there is, I'm completely braced for the possibility that he'll get reelected. Yeah, so am I. You have, I think you have to be because, I mean, even though I, even though I confidently asserted many times on this podcast that this country would never elect someone so clownishly awful, someone so, such a, a ridiculous figure, uh, I, and it really was, it really was a, for a lot of people, a spiteful move, which I just didn't think people were, it's just one of those things where it's like, I think I, I think I may have told you about uh, the time that my parents went to the movies in Jefferson City. I think they were going to see V for Vendetta. And there was this guy, and he had a baby in the theater, and the baby was making noise, and, and uh, the baby was, like, crying through the movie. And, uh, and there were complaints about it, and this guy, uh, he went nuts and started coming after my mom. And my dad stood up. My dad's tall. And so the guy, like... My dad was like, get out of the theater. And my dad like walked him out into the theater and the the guy was yelling at my dad but also realized that like, oh, I'm dealing with someone who's yeah. taller than me. Uh, and then there was a point where the guy took his own baby's stroller and threw it in anger and broke the stroller. And my dad was just like, why would this, like he's mad that, he's mad about it but he just damaged the only thing he hurt was his own stroller that he needs that right. was his property and I think a lot of people who voted for Trump it really was that move of like so fed up and so frustrated and so angry that you just go ahead and like let's go ahead and just damage America right you know like like we're gonna we're so mad at the government for uh, various reasons that let's just send someone in who's gonna be like mess things up and throw tantrums and but even though I was even though I predicted he would never be elected I also was braced for it you know like when I did that election special you know where we set it up so that it was a three pronged show and we wanted to make sure can I say one of my favorite jokes of all time was yeah. we have the on screen electoral vote counter and yeah. it's like oh no wait not this one I'm, th I'm thinking about the Obama one right but when it was, who was Obama against even? Uh, Romney. Yeah. It was like Romney, Obama, and then yours was Ratcliffe. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. And it was just like, I, I, it, was, it tickled me how it was like insult to injury that like your name was wrong and yeah. it wasn't even close. And, uh. But I do think, I do think in this day and age, you have to be braced for that in 2020, people will just be like, how? Yeah. How did it happen, you know? Here's Brian. Here's my sister. Hello. Hey. Maybe. How are you? Good to see you. Good to see you. I know. Hello. She's asleep. You gotta wake her up for the podcast. I think if we lift that flap, she might wake up. She will wake up. Yeah. I'll wake her up in a few minutes. No, no, it's all right. Connor showed me she's able to stand up on her own now in her crib. Yeah. She wakes up and she does something new. It's uh, Yeah. every day. Or Welcome every to the hour. podcast. Oh, would, you, hi. would you like a microphone? Oh, sure. I'm <laughs> clipping on to you. Actually, I'm going to do it in the opposite way. I have a horrible voice. I'm sorry. No, you don't. Just, 
you're a fuck. Is it called vocal burn or something like what that? What do you mean? Just my words. Like that, that type of voice. Vocal burn? Is it? No, I heard someone say that on a podcast once, like that their voice wasn't nice as vocal burn. Vocal fry, fry. is the like, oh. <laughs> thing that people complain about. But. Yeah. And what does it mean? I actually... Here's the thing. People always talk about vocal fry, and I actually don't totally understand what they're talking about. I think it's when people, like, like project to the back. I can't. I actually don't know. Yeah. Okay. But well, I was always, close to the term, right? Yeah. Um, I was yeah. almost there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just, I, those feel interchangeable to me. Yeah, exactly. Vocal fry and vocal burn. Have you been down around here? Uh, I have. Oh, here she goes. Not on this side stuff. So I got this wind screen because <laughs> it's really windy by my house. And it because the other one was all crinkly and she couldn't see out, I looked really distorted to her. So every time I put it over her, she'd yeah. cry. So now she has like a, basically a... It's like a spaceship. A, a tomb, yeah. Right. Oh, her tomb. <laughs> her little yeah. tomb. <laughs> I haven't seen her in a few weeks. Hi. I know, you just woke okay. up. Is that Uncle Connor? It is. Yeah, you want to get up now? Hello. <laughs> you guys got to talk because this isn't going to be very good podcasting while I'm just like talking to a baby. Yeah. It's pretty good. She's also like, uh oh, where am I now? She's like, well, I fell who's asleep. Who's this person? A new person. A new person. She will stare at you for an uncomfortable amount of time. She's got a very intense gaze. Yeah. She did that on the plane to the woman sitting in our row really? for a, maybe five minutes to the point where we were like, okay, like we had to physically move her away. That's so funny. <laughs> but it's just an intense stare of like, I'm trying to decide if I like you or not. But Connor's her favorite person. She's still processing me. <laughs> I think it's like, where? You just have to do Georgie where, did I ruin Christmas. Where have you been? I'm still here. Hi, Georgie. Hi. I know. New person. Yeah. <laughs> so the last two weeks, everything's just, like, kind of come together for her. George. Where she's, like, George. really crawling, sitting up on her own. Right. Today, or yesterday, she pulled herself up, and then today, she pulled herself up in the crib, which I was like, right. that's unfortunate. My sister has a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And the one-year-old just started walking. Yeah. Like, it was, I was there for the, like, I was there at one point, and she couldn't walk. You could maybe hold her, and she'd do a step by herself. Yeah. And then two weeks later, she was just, like, walking. And suddenly, now, she's, one, so she doesn't really know or understand the world, but can go wherever she wants. So she's just, like, it's exploring everywhere. And terrifying. It's like, yeah, terrifying. She's doing the walking with the holding my right. fingers now. Um, it's too early. Right. I thought I had a few more months. I'm very proud of her, but slow down. Right, because when they can't walk, you can put them somewhere and be like, okay, you're here, and now I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And then it turns into yeah, a whole new ballgame. I have a ca- I've caged her in to an area of the... <laughs> she has a cage. and But now she's pulling herself up on the cage, and the cage isn't quite sturdy enough to hold her. So right. the cage fell on her yesterday. So I feel like a bad mom. I don't, I'm, I'm at a loss, like, our house isn't baby-proofed, 
It's really? funny what she's doing with no, her hand now. No, it's not now. even close to baby. We have two bikes, like, holding, mm. uh, like, mounted to the walls. And, like, really? Do you have stairs? No. Just lots of dangerous stuff. And where are you guys again? Uh, Jersey City. Okay. In an apartment. She was doing this, this like she yeah. rub, she's rubbing her thumb across her four fingers. She's that before, and it looks like that thing, that Humphrey Bogart movie where uh, the King Mutiny Court Martial, where he's like playing with a marble and going crazy. Like, isn't there another one that we saw a movie and the guy went like this the entire time? Maybe. Not Memento or uh, Inception. Maybe, yeah, hitting, going through his fingers. Right. Now, how is Connor as an uncle? Amazing. She loves him. He's, well, you... Well, normally a lot of fun, but she, I'm not fun to her yet because she's a little... She's so, still not She's still coming out of it. Of, that she's right. awake and that there's a lot happening. I know. She's got, <laughs> she's got a look on her face that's like, what is happening? Why it's did you lot. bring me here? We, so our, you can see our building from here. Uh, it's the really tall one. Yeah. And um, the one behind Ooh. it. Right. Is like half the height. Oh, I, so, I think I had friends that lived in that exact same building. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Right. Um, we've lived there for a long time, but our windows, you can see the boats going by. And today was the first time that she really like was like, there's a boat and I'm going to follow it all the way out. <laughs> right. And so um, that's exciting that she like, rather than a television, she just has boats to, to watch, hopefully. Yeah, and it's fun that it's like, oh, she's taking things in now. Yeah. And now these really are becoming memories and yeah. ideas. It's also fascinating when you observe how much the slightest indication of any screen is oh, like yeah, the yeah. crack cocaine. They're just like immediately drawn to even even something like my watch. <laughs> Just inside time. I've I've seen like videos online of like parents who clearly give screens maybe oh, yeah. too much to their kids. It's like babies who like on magazines are trying to like zoom in or oh, press yeah. buttons. She's because they don't get that. Not I've, everything yeah. does that. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying not to, but she sees David and I on our phones quite a bit. We're probably too much. Right. Um, and so she wants it as well. Uh, but we had a bad car ride to the airport where she cried pretty much all of it. And I was like, just the desperation this, yeah. of find something on YouTube. And I, we've unfortunately found Baby Shark. Have you heard of this? No. It's basically like Barney of this generation. Okay. And um, it's a video. It's like Baby Shark, do 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 do. And it just goes through Mama Shark, do 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 do, and there's an annoying video. But now she's obsessed with, it. Right. <laughs> like, she wants all, to watch that video. All the babies, whenever, like, she'll be crying if Baby Shark comes on. And it's just like, right, <laughs> very into it. Yeah, what's that? Now you're a little, you're excited. You've settled into this environment here. She's got such an intense... <laughs> every new thing is met with such intense gaze. Yeah. We were at music class yesterday, and I think that she's just... She's a lot of personality. Right. <laughs> in a little being. Because a lot of the babies were just kind of, like, sitting there checking things out, and she's just, like, rolling and, like, smacking things and, like... There's a little smile. Going nuts. 
she's going to keep me on my toes. So Connor can make her giggle a lot. Really? Yeah. I'm sure he'll get to that point. He said, what was it, um, Georgie, did I ruin Christmas? Oh, yeah. Which was, at, at Christmas, I, I kept saying to her the phrase, uh, Georgie, tell me the truth. Did I ruin Christmas? <laughs> Georgie, tell me the truth. Did I ruin Christmas? <laughs> Getting a smile there. Kind of, yeah, yeah. It's the closest we've gotten to it. And there's just something about that phrase that I found funny. Right. And the other thing, what was the other thing that was really making her laugh? But she, like, started to recognize it as, like, a joke. That's going to be obnoxious. I'm sorry. Should I take that away from her? No, she's fine, though. Nothing like a rattle slamming on a table for a podcast. No, it's good. (laughs) No, it's it's what's actually going on. Okay. So what we rarely get... Uh, a family member on the podcast here. I was on your podcast a few years ago. As part of your private, private time, time, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, what what are things that people should know about the sibling version of Connor? What? How far apart age-wise are you guys? Five years. Five years. Okay. So, I was a bit like Georgie, a destructor. Right. Like, I would break things. And Connor is very meticulous about his toys and um, how he likes his books kept. Sure. And he would get very upset if I would break a spine to a book as a child, being five years younger than him, reading a book and, like, bending the spine. Like, get actively upset? That would really, really push his buttons. I think I broke his. I broke a lot of stuff of his, which I can understand would be very irritating. But I think I broke a camera, maybe a Polaroid camera. Now was Connor a protective older just, brother? I was not allowed to touch things. Um, I knew that kind of. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. Connor, were you what was protective? Your take? What were you were protective? You I don't know what you needed protecting from. Yeah, I was. I could like the famous, the, not famous, but like the story that's told most often is that like my mom had a yardstick that whenever we were in trouble, she would bang it on the walls. What? She didn't, just she didn't just hit to make us the noise, it, like, like, like a sheep herder. Yeah, yeah. like and just I remember enough. Running, I remember like, and, like running the noise around the house. Us. I remember being like chased around the house. <laughs> you I know? remember. And. That's too young. That it, it just like kept me in line where I was just like, oh god, she's mad and she's like hitting this yardstick against the wall. She didn't hit me with it. And my mom said that the first time that she did it around Brienne, that Brienne was like immediately aware of it. Brienne like noticed it and didn't like it. And the next time my mom went to do that, she couldn't find her yardstick. It's because Brienne had hit it. I threw it behind the dry the dryer. That's a great yeah. move. I was it's just, just like, like, it's gone. Yeah. Never well, we can solve this problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to make sure she doesn't have access to that thing. <laughs> That's so I can't funny. even imagine mom getting mad at you, though. He was, like, such a good kid. Really? Yeah, he just liked to... She would say that she was ground him and put him in his room but then she realized that that's what he wanted was just to have his own time in his room to read his books right, and like, so like not be bothered he'd have to be grounded and told to go play baseball right that yeah. would be that would be a punishment 
But we had such a wide age gap right. that he... Because um, that means you were never in the same school together. No, never in the same school. We were in Cedar Hill at the same time. Are we? Weren't we? Possibly. Oh, maybe for, like, um, kindergarten and like, right. he was at the fifth or sixth grade, whatever it was. But, yeah, he he graduated um, high school when I was 13, so he went right. to college and then he moved to London, so... You never was, saw him again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he was he was not even in the country when I was in high school. Oh, interesting. So you had you had the like the only child mm-hmm. high school experience. Yeah. See, my sister was three years older, and so I had like a good like three years to yeah. myself. It's, but we overlap a little bit. I think it was good. I mean, I wish he was closer. But then we both moved to New York. Right. And then we would have like family day on Sundays. <laughs> What is he doing? So she just lo- her feet just slipped out from under her, and she went flying across the table. Yeah, Connor's living on the edge. Connor's living on the edge. Let's here. put some little booties where she has some scary traction. But you're loving this. She, oh, she loves it. Yeah, you're having a blast. Connor, what was your reaction to having a little sister? I mean... Because that's always a, a a developmental time in a child's life. Yeah, I think good. Because uh, I think also, like, five years is plenty of time to feel, like, confident. You right. know what I mean? I think... Uh, I think there's a window between... Like, there's, a, there's an age at which the child is so young that if you have another kid... It's just another thing they're processing, right? Like everything else. Uh, I think there's maybe an age at maybe like three or four where the kid's aware enough that like, oh wait, a new kid, right? What about me? Where it's maybe a little harder. I think five, like I was old enough to realize like I've had a good run being the only kid around here, you know? Right. And my mom, um, the story is that she had me um, come with a. Uh, Star Wars toy for him. So when I was uh, brought to the house, I came with a toy in my hand. Because I'm adopted, so he, like, got... He got a toy for himself. So it felt like just like a delivery, like, hey, so... So here's a baby. We got a baby and and a toy. And she brought you a toy. (laughs) Now, Connor, do you still have that toy? Probably. He has all his toys. (laughs) Georgie, what are you doing? Georgie, what are you doing? Oh, she's making weird faces now. Yeah, I'm still here. She's wearing a shirt that says, I am the future. I feel like I took a picture of you in front of something that said something like that at the Colorado <laughs> airport. Yeah, me and Georgie have a lot in common. <laughs> You're both the future. Exactly. Yes. That's the wild thing. I've like talked to my parents about this recently, where it's like, you know, I was the youngest child. And she's like, yeah, I still like you're still like the baby, but now I'm in my third. It's like weird. It must be weird for parents to be like, oh, now my child is an adult. Right. So it's like at this moment, being like, yeah, 
at a certain point, she's going to be just a full adult that has a whole life and a whole world. Yeah. It's so, it's so strange to think about those things and like what, right. what will the world be like at that point right. in 30 years? Well, also, even just we're, we're talking a lot about the fact we've been doing this podcast for five years now and how much changes in five years and like what the difference between what the difference five years is on a kid is massive, you know, yeah. just in terms of what they know and Should what they can do. Should be on the ice rink. Right. What are you saying, Georgie? Mm. You're talking? You're going to say some things? <laughs> She's talking into them. What do you say? Yeah. Do you say words? She says mama and dada. And she started with G's yesterday, which is, she said good. Oh, I thought you said she said G's. Oh, G's. Oh, G's. Oh, that would be good. That would be great. No. It, it was like g g g g g That's where she got guh. to. Buh. Do all the good sounds like that? Do you ever do like bob, 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 bob? That's like an easy one, right? She does that a lot. It's a, just a lot of different noises. The only distinguishable ones were like mama. Right. And then all of a sudden she started doing data and mama stopped. Huh. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, at least I got it first. Right, exactly. But we spent, David spent pretty much the seven hours on the way back from Ireland on the plane saying dada to her. Oh, you took her to Ireland. Yes. That's a, that's a, a feat, seven hours on a plane. Yeah. It's, it's a long time on a plane with a baby. It's a long time as an adult. Just yes. like by yourself, let alone. Yeah. It's, but then I thought I had it bad, and then I was talking to another mom in one of our music classes, and she was like, oh, we just got back from China. So I said, "Whoa, you win. <laughs> I said, what do you do? Yeah, <laughs> she was like, well, I let her, because it's baby on the lap at that point, yeah. she was like, well, I let her like lay on my seat, and I stood up for a long time. Like, that's the mom. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or you're like, I'll give my seat to you. Yeah. Jeez. What? Georgie, what? Georgie, what? Nice touches. Nice touches. Soft touches. They're all nice. Until she pokes her eye out. Yep. <laughs> was that nice? Yeah, it was all nice. <laughs> it was all nice. You like those birds? Oh, I forgot. George, you like those birds? Brianna hates it. She's like, those birds are full of diseases. So, like, <laughs> Georgie, grab a bird. George, you want those birds' diseases? I have a, a healthy uh, fear of birds. Ah, the, the Ratliff family bird fear. Are you afraid of birds, Hunter? No, not really. But they. I have a rational fear of birds that if attacked by a bird, Did I, just I would say that? fear it. <laughs> What? I just said that. What? I, don't ra- I have a rational fear yeah. of birds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think there's nothing you wrong with that. I think it's one of those things that's like fear of heights. I don't think, I think there's something where it's like if you're afraid of buttons, then it's like, oh, interesting. Why? But if you're afraid of heights, it's like, no, you're afraid of falling to your death. That's a reasonable. Well, just don't go over the side. Yeah. I think if you gave me a handful of birds, I'd be like, oh, I shouldn't be holding these. You know? And yet we have photos from when we were in London as kids, and my parents made us put the food in our hands. Right. And we have pictures of the birds on us, and I just think, how disgusting. Right. Because they're basically just rats with wings. Yeah. And they're not any cleaner in London than they are here. Yeah. They are cleaner in London. 
fancy. <laughs> they're fancy, fancy regal birds. <laughs> fancy regal birds. Now, Connor, what's your what's your best sibling story? Probably uh, when I caught you shoplifting. <laughs> well, can we put the age range on here? Yeah, she was very young. I was like, and two. she just thought those, you know, those Brock's, <laughs> those Brock's candies. Yeah, was like pick and mix. She just didn't understand, and it wasn't that I, it wasn't that you were in trouble. I, I would say this is protective in the sense that. Uh, you were like, we, we left the grocery store and you were like, I got all these candies. And I was like, you stole those candies. You're going to get in trouble. You're going to go to jail. And I, like the, I like that this is you at age seven, <laughs> age two also. Yeah. And, and it's right and then, at the toddler height. You know those I, little right. buckets of candy? Yeah. And I thought so they were just giving us I took them and I dumped them in the, uh, like the, you know, like the parking lot. Sometimes we'll have like these little areas with like potted plants. Yeah. That are like encased by like cement walls so you so you dumped, were like ditch the evidence yeah like get rid of this candy I cried uh, but that you were also a real tattletale I would never tell on you for things and you would always oh, yeah. tell on everything oh yeah and so I did have a residual <laughs> I remember at the time I held it over you because I was like you you can't tell on everything you see and you always would and so when I, once I had shoplifting on you for a while I had that like that candy's in the parking lot of the curb. <laughs> you would have been in jail. <laughs> Pretty much. But he he also would talk me into things like, I knew that Santa wasn't real, but he would say, like, don't... We have to... Oh, yeah, I was don't like... Don't cop on that you don't know that you, that you know I, Santa's I, I, not I got real, us, like, two more years of Santa belief because I was like... <laughs> Wait, what? I was like, like, like the toys stop I was if, like, San, if you know that Santa's right. gone. I was like... Because he can, was getting them. Because I'm like, they know I'm too old to believe, but uh, you're not. And you, if you stop, then Santa Claus no longer is a thing that happens in this house. So you have to keep pretending. Same with the Easter Bunny. Wait. You won't, you'll stop getting the chocolate if you don't pretend like you know, you think that the Easter Bunny's real. Wait, so Connor, was this based on what these fictional beings would bring? Yeah. Or just living within... The fiction of it. No, it was all about the gifts and the okay. candy. It's like, you need to believe in Santa or we do no longer get Santa's gifts. Right. <laughs> that's... <laughs> Connor, I feel like that's a, that's a very manipulative... I just wanted to keep the good times rolling. <laughs> <laughs> and to this day, Connor is obsessed with Christmas. He is. Now, do, do you have that gene as well? Are you... Uh, did you... Um... I take that on. I enjoy Christmas, but I was a visual merchandiser person. Right. Uh, so this was my first Christmas in probably 15 years where I haven't had people yelling at me about Christmas for right. a good three months leading up to it. Right. So it was really nice to just, like, enjoy it. So I can see, like, more where he comes from. Before it was, like, working on Christmas for nine months of the year. Right. And just being over it by the time it came. Right. Oh, that's interesting. Have you been able to get the magic back at all now that you? Yeah, but this year that? because of Georgie, we had three Christmases, which felt like a bit much. Right. That's kind of that's sort of your dream, though. Yeah, it, it wasn't bad because we got to have uh, <laughs> Christmas when they came to visit, and then they had to leave before real Christmas. So I had that feeling like real oh, no. Christmas. 
<laughs> well, no, the actual days that Christmas. We had, know, like, Christmas just on, the like, idea that it's like that wasn't real Christmas, though. No, it was. It felt like real Christmas, but it was like the 18th and the 19th. Right. And then there was a feeling. Of, oh no, was that was that the, were those the dates? Probably like the 20th. Yeah, 18th and 19th. It was probably like the 20th and 21st, 19th. right? Yeah, 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 right. So then I had that feeling of like, oh no, Christmas is over. And then I was like, wait a second, <laughs> no, it's not, because you look around, everyone's still. And then it also took the pressure off that like, on when you have Christmas a few days early. On Christmas Day, you're like, oh, God, we're out of milk. You're like, I'll go to the store. These idiots stayed open on Christmas. Right. And then on actual Christmas, you have this feeling of, like, no pressure because we already did all the stuff. So it was just very relaxing. What are you... Hey, hey, hey. What are you doing? Why are you doing... Why are you doing... <laughs> now, I feel like, Connor, you're going to revel in the fiction of Christmas... When as George becomes old enough to, yes. we will lie to you about creatures. understand Santa and. Oh yeah, I think he'll. I mean, I actually don't care that much about the belief of it. You know, like the. You care enough to force your sister no, to lie about it. At the time, her cousin in in Ireland at Christmas found out that Santa wasn't real. He's ten. Seemed like that was a little old for this day and age. Right. I also but there was a real sense of like disappointment of like finally coming to terms with the fact that Santa uh, Santa's no longer. Were you guys there for that experience? I was, and they were like, "Do you want to talk about it, Joe?" And he was like, "I can't, I can't talk about it yet." <laughs> oh my was, god! He was really, really upset. <laughs> I also didn't realize that like, I think if I had known that. It was just going to transition to the family being just as nice at Christmas, yeah. and I wouldn't have minded. I thought it was like, oh, Christmas won't be fun anymore. And then you just realize, like, oh, no, Christmas is fun because it's your family. Right. And uh, you can still uh, uh, appreciate all the different, like, lore around it. The real weird Hallmark movie you got going on there. Chris, you realize that Christmas, the magic <laughs> yes. of Christmas is really with your family. Yeah. And he loves going home to Missouri and my mom like over decorates the house. Really? Yeah. Well, she used to have a tree in every room. Wait, really? Yes. And one that hung upside down. Like and then, full trees? Yes. And then one that had like a um, a train going around the middle of it, like that was suspended right. out. Wait, so how would you even get that many trees? Would you have to make like Oh no! They're trips to the. They're all um, fake, and we they're they were stored in the garage. So your that means your garage had like ten giant. Yeah, some of them were tiny trees. Some of them were smaller, but we had they were ranged from like three feet to like the one in the living room is twelve feet. Yeah, maybe fifteen feet. It's pretty tall. Yeah, there and there's a, like a whole storage room that's like half of it is just Christmas stuff. That's wild. Like Alpine villages, the lighted houses. Right. <laughs> I will say that that Connor is currently holding dirty above his head. It always terrifies me when what? anyone holds a baby above their head or does the like throw and catch. I, I just can't. Oh really? It stresses me out so much. <laughs> See, no, not his eyes. Don't mind. 
nice touches with eyes, okay? She has no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, nice touches with eyes. I barely understand. <laughs> <laughs> but she tend, she likes to go for the eyeball. Yeah, you like to go for the eyeballs, Georgie? Tell me what you like. Say the words. Squishy eyeballs. You like to squish the eyeballs? Like that we all look at like what she could possibly be looking at. She looked looked over like, what do you see? She's like, anything. There's so many people. Hi. What do you think you're doing? You think you're gonna squish away? How old is she? Seven and a half months. She's a little mover. How's your day going? Pretty good so far. You went to Central Park? We're over at the Mandarin Hotel, which is a hotel overlooking Central Park. Fancy. Yeah. And, uh... You can just walk into the Mandarin Hotel? Yeah, in the lobby. There's a lobby on the 35th floor. Ooh. I didn't know about it. The owner of my old company used to stay there when she would come in from Singapore. There's a whole world of fancy hotels that I know nothing about. Well, they owned a lot of hotels in the city, and they would stay in the Mandarin. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm not it's, sure if they own that one, too. It seemed fancy. There was enough employees there in charge of the tiniest things that you could tell it must be a very nice hotel. Yeah. But yeah, and then I think we're just going to wander around the rest of the day. Connor really likes the cold weather and wants to be outside, Love but it. it's so cold out. It's very cold out. Very cold. How about you? What do you have for us today? How about now? There's um, a park over here. Right. And she's never been in a swing before. And I thought there's like a children's right. like lockdown kind of one. I thought I might put her in her snowsuit and try swinging her and just see right. what her reaction is. Yeah, it is fun to have those firsts where you're like, well, we're going to learn if this is your thing or not. Yeah. yeah. She's pretty fearless, so... I imagine she'll enjoy it, but who knows? Right. I think the only oh. thing that she really do you like being held like a little baby. Enjoy is no, she uh, hates this. being in the dark in her, like in the car. Right. She doesn't like nighttime driving. Bless you. Right. <laughs> she doesn't like being held like you try to hold her like a little baby like this, and she's like, no way. Yeah, I don't think no it, way. It feels restrictive. Are we past that, Georgie? Like, I am over that. Wants to be standing and walking around. It, oh, crawling. If we put her down, she'd be gone. It's a little. Yeah? You're going to throw this right away, aren't you? Which one? How's her teething? I always think she's teething, and I doubt she'll ever get teeth. <laughs> she'll never get them. I was 17 months when I got really? my first tooth. Yep. That's that's gone. Thanks. Um. Yeah. So they say it kind of follows the parents. Right. So it could be a while. Interesting. They thought I was going to have to have baby dentures, like that would never get teeth, because I think that. At around 17 months, you need to be worried that 
that like, wait, is that a thing where people just don't get tea? Yeah. It's very rare, but like... And then like, do your adult teeth just come in or you just never get teeth? No, you never get teeth. You just get fitted for dentures every like, however many months until, because your head's growing, right? I've never heard of that. That's so interesting. Now, did you... Did you have medical records of your biological parents at all? No. We had nothing. So that's like a mystery yeah. box that you're constantly like, I don't know. Right. When I was seven, we went to a hospital opening, and Connor has a fear of blood. I don't know if you guys have touched that on that. Wait, he, I didn't know that. He, I have a he passes out very easily at the side of blood. Of other people's or... Any blood. Getting taken. Oh, that's so interesting. So if... Oh, I if, think I've... I've picked up on that without realizing it because every now and then I'll like I've like I get cut got cut once on the podcast like that and I was like it's no big deal and like I kind of was very focused on it I yeah. realized this Has, have you passed out recently? Um, have you passed out recently? I don't think so He used to be he, you passed out in grade school once right? Yeah and then uh, he He's, he's passed out a couple times. Is it just like an overwhelming feeling and then... Yeah. I passed out on stage before. <laughs> oh, interesting. Really? Yeah. At, recently? No. Like as uh, an adult? Yeah, as an adult, yeah. I passed out during a, a class show once. Really? Passed out during a group game and I came to and I was still doing the stuff. <laughs> like I lost a minute of... of Whoa. That's so but, interesting. Yeah, he's always had a real fear of blood, but I never had a problem with needles or anything. So right. they, the hospital opening, they were taking pricking fingers to take cholesterol. Right. And I, um, I was like, oh, I'll do it. I was seven. And <laughs> they um, called back and they were like, you have um, like really, really high cholesterol. <laughs> You've got to go to the doctor. That's so interesting. Yeah, so, but it's hereditary now, we found out. And they're all alive, so... I have, like, right. a, a great-great-grandmother alive. Oh, interesting. Um, so she's... Well, whenever you have kids at 16, and they have kids at 16, yeah. Right. They tend to have... <laughs> how, how are you able to find their great-great... Um, we found my um, birth mother. Okay. Um, and her... She was also adopted, and her birth mother had already found her. Oh, wow. Because she was taken. She wasn't... It wasn't, like, a... Right. Um, it was a Catholic organization... Right. ...situation, and... Um, so her mother's still alive. So her great great grandmother. That's Is so it three interesting. Greats? It's my great grandma. Yeah. So it's her great great. That's so interesting. It's really wild. That's very wild. They're all lovely people. At what age? Because I know that's a big decision. In um, she was a freshman in college. Uh, mine, and right. then uh, hers uh, was 16. And what age did you decide to find your birth parents? Oh, not until um, I was like 30. Right. I never thought I would, but right. then I was thinking about having a family, and I was like, I would like to have some um, yeah. medical knowledge. Right. And I have a sis, uh, half sister that has um, spina bifida, so right. they were like able to like have me um, do. Uh, up some like folic acid and stuff right. to like help avoid that. That's great. Yeah, really <laughs> interesting stuff. Because you start 
around that age is when you start going like, all right, well now I'm gonna start getting all the things that my, I know for me like, yeah, I've just started, all these things will happen and I'll tell my family like, oh yeah, that runs in the family. And I'll be like, all right, mm-hmm. good to know. Right. Here's what I have to look out for. It's, it's crazy. And I was on medication <clears throat> for my um, high cholesterol and they were like, oh, we all have it, like all the women. Oh, interesting. And they're like, we don't take anything. And like, they hadn't had heart attacks or anything. It was just kind of like how our bodies work. That's so interesting. Yeah. And I'd been on like Lipitor for 10 years. And I was like, right. well, I'm done with that. Right. <laughs> so you're not on that anymore? No. That's fine. I just was like, I, why should I like ruin my liver in case? Wait, so here's, so Connor, don't you have dual Irish citizenship? Yeah. I do. That's so interesting. Yeah. That's great. And her dad's Irish. Oh, okay. Yeah, so she has a, she, we're getting her passport too. But would you, would you have had, how does citizenship work with? Because it works if you're adopted too. That's so interesting. I love that. Yeah. But my birth certificate has um, my name on it. Right. So I don't. I didn't realize like I had another name before. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, and Connor wild. figured that out when we were kids. Like right <laughs> away, he was like, "Did she have another name?" But I was only three days old when they got me. Right. But he was like, "Did she?" And my mom was like, "How? Kind of like, how would you know that?" And right. he was like, "Tell me." And she was like, "No, you don't get to know before she knows." And I never even asked about it until I was in college. Right. And she was like, she told. <laughs> She was like, Connor's going to be so happy to finally find out what this mystery is. That's so funny. That's so weird to be like, I, I, I had a different name for yeah. a short period of time. What are you for, saying? It was, yeah, for like three days. and Or until like the legal stuff right. was taken care of. But my name was Madonna. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's so interesting. So she was like, I definitely can't tell your brother because you'll hold it over your head for like right. all, your whole life. Yeah. Because your name was funny. <laughs> yeah. What? Madonna L'Oreal. I thought it was Madonna Jolene. No, mom made that up. She thought it was like the song, but it wasn't. It was L'Oreal after the makeup? Yeah. It was 1980. Right. It was before Madonna, too. Oh, really? So it was a religious name. It wasn't right. a uh, pop name. That's so... So you could have been, you could have been the Madonna. The yes. first and only. And her, her next daughter was called Brittany, and it was right before Britney Spears. That's so funny. <laughs> so she just is She like, just knows. Yeah, she's the Rosetta Stone for yeah. all. who lived in a cabin he played he made up a fake character oh. that lived in a cabin by himself to like amuse the kids and he called him Randall Rand, Rand, Randy, Randall Weaver was his name Randall Weaver that's really creepy the kids like it because really, I would say no one lives in there 
And they're like, no, there's a guy who lives in there. And then I would... But whoop. is that just teaching kids to think that a single man in a cabin is okay? It is okay. <laughs> yeah, but then Randy Weaver is also the name of... Yeah, I found out later that Randy Weaver was the name of the guy at Ruby Ridge. There was the, the massacre with the feds. Like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so disturbing. Um, it's also one of those things, like with Mary Poppins, that you realize that, like Mary Poppins, is like that didn't happen. Yeah. And you're like, but it did. Mary Poppins, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> and it's like the times, in terms of like how like Snuffleupagus got changed because the kids were like, no one believes me, you know, and they were like, we can't have, we can't be teaching kids that adults won't believe them if you tell right. them about something. Uh, but Mary Poppins has that thing about like. We didn't go into a chalk painting. Yeah, I don't remember this. You don't remember that? No. I haven't, a, I haven't watched Mary Poppins there's in a like lot of it in 25 the new, years. There's a lot of it in the new movie where it's like they do something and she's like, Poppycock, we never did that. And they're like, but we did. Oh, I sort of have a vague memory. Like, they would do something and she would be like... They would all do something together and then later they'd tell their parents and Mary Poppins would deny it. <laughs> to what end? Just like... Just like, don't be silly. <laughs> hey, Georgie. Hey Georgie. Georgie. Georgie, where where am I? Georgie. 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 It's playing like a hide and Georgie. seek with Georgie right now. Georgie? Kind of playing a space a spatially based Georgie? hide and seek. Georgie, where are you? Yeah, I'm more fun. <laughs> I'm more fun to look at. Georgie? Georgie? Uh-oh. Georgie? Georgie, can looking you see for, me? Looking for mom. I'm trying to find... Yeah, she... Where's Georgie? Where is she? There she is. <laughs> she really enjoys... <laughs> She's talking so much in the videos that you're sending. She'll just lay there and chat to herself without, like... She likes the sound of making noises. Yeah. Well, I do like that there's, like, a certain age where you have to imagine, like, kids don't understand that it's communication. And it's just like, oh, this is something that we do as as creatures. We just make these noises, <laughs> and I'm doing the same thing they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is fun, sitting here making noises. Yeah. Yeah, imagine if, like, talk radio was just noises. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's what music is, essentially. <laughs> just like the idea of, ha, 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 ha. It's like the idea of someone just making noises with their mouth, and they get a whole radio show. I was just like, ah, eh, yeah. Can you do it? Georgie, what? Georgie, what? That. <laughs> I know that's your your mo- your mother instincts are yes. strong. Well, I went and got an orange juice while I was waiting for you guys in the wrong mall, and um, the the lady I said, "Oh, where are the straws?" And she was like, "Mom, they're over there." And I thought, is just because I'm a stroller now, I'm mom to everyone. You're everybody's mom. I'm everybody's mom. And they do that at the pediatrician, too. They just say, like, mom or dad. They don't call you by, right. like, Georgie's mom or whatever. It's just, like, I guess it's easier for them. Like, right. mom, we're ready for you. And it's, like... That's so interesting. I, 
find it very uncomfortable. Right, because it's probably just more convenient for them to be like, I don't have to learn this person's name. Right. Yeah. But it's also... <laughs> a little strange to just be like, Yeah. Mom, the straws are over there. It's like, you're older than me. I have the <laughs> thing that I've had where like, I'll take my nephew out to do something or to the park and I took a trick-or-treating on Halloween also and other adults were like well bring this back to your dad and like oh right you know your son so and like I'm not gonna be like oh it's not like it's not worth this I'm just like thank you <laughs> but it is like the weird thing where suddenly you're like oh I'm now being put into this role yeah and who I am is this role even if it's not true necessarily <laughs> Well, it seems to happen so quickly, too. Yeah. Like, even though you're pregnant for so long, it's, it's all of a sudden you just walk out of the the hospital and you're just, like, your mom. Yeah. Your mom for the rest of your life. Yeah. Like, your whole identity changes. David yeah. says you walk in, like, one set of people and you walk out a whole other set of people. It's, like, everything about you goes to the back burner and it's just all about right. the baby and I, keeping this little thing alive and feeding her nonstop. I just had two friends that just their baby's like six weeks old and they live like two blocks away they're comedy people who Connor is friends with and I just went it's actually our friend Tom who's oh. I went to pick up the mic I borrowed from him and his hair is like fully gray now <laughs> like he's like really great and he was like sort yeah, of frazzled <laughs> and he was <laughs> he was like I don't know what date it is I don't know it's what year he gave me the year wrong and the date and then he's like he's like they tell you, they warn you that you're not going to sleep, but like, you're not going to, you don't sleep. I don't, didn't realize that you don't, you just don't sleep. <laughs> like, he was like, he was I, like, they, they try to warn you, but they can't. It's just, the cycle continues. They yeah. eat, they go to the bathroom, and then they've done that five times and they still haven't slept, and you haven't slept. <laughs> it was just funny seeing it be like him going, like, everything's changed immediately. We were really lucky. She slept for the first three months, pretty much. And we had to wake her. And right. our goal was, like, to keep her awake to feed. Right. Which was the opposite. Like, it, it meant, like, stripping her down and, like, having the room cold. And, like... Right. Because she was early and she just was, like, not... Right. But then at four months, all of a sudden, she was awake, like, right. all night. And I was, like, this is the worst. That's so funny. <laughs> she, was get, she was still getting her incubation time in there. Yeah. We were just funny seeing him on the other side of this thing where he's like, I didn't, I knew intellectually, but I didn't know emotionally how much oh, it's, this thing was going to flip over. It's rough. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, because you're, you have to feed them every three hours. Right. But the feeding, you don't realize the it's feeding not, takes like 45 minutes. So right. it's actually like every two hours. And it's not like you set an alarm and it happens. It's like. I know it's some kids have a harder time yeah. feeding and some, you know. Like, we had to set an alarm, so it was like literally like. Right. Just basically, I would get like two hours like sleep, and then it would be like. Right. Okay, but it doesn't mean wait. she's gonna start eating like. Right. Right. Immediately, it might take fifteen yeah. minutes for it to. Keep her awake. Yeah. And then, uh, but I watched so many shows. I watched all of like Sherlock. Right. Like you just watch so much television because it's like forty-five minutes at a stretch of just like sitting there with her feeding. Right. On and then you and you're like, you try okay. to get twenty minutes of sleep after yeah. that. Yeah. But all of it's a blur. Like at the time, I thought 
oh, I'm going to remember all of this. And now, like, I don't really remember right. the beginning very well. Right. Like, because you can become so obsessed with, like, the new thing. It's like, now I'm introducing solids to her. And it's like, my whole, that's my whole identity is just trying to make sure she's, like, getting enough solids. Well, that is interesting, too, is you have to have this focus on these things that you mastered when you were one year old we are like solid foods and now it's like all right i now i have to like rebuild from the right and she's getting up she doesn't like spoons oh no you don't like spoons georgie <laughs> georgie you don't like spoons tell me georgie you don't like spoons i was doing like purees and like spooning man at the beginning she's fine right and uh but she likes to feed herself Got so it. the spoon is a little dangerous. Right. So now that she's like, I'm just steaming vegetables, and then she'll like kind of shove them in her face. Right. And they're like, just be ready for her to choke. And I'm like. What? What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. She'll be fine. Wait, just be ready. And I'm like, I don't really, I'm never going to be ready for that. Yeah, I know. Just be ready. There'll be a timer that if a minute goes by and this thing continues to happen. There'll be major problems. Right. So just be ready for that. And I was now snapping. Connor choked on a um, lifesaver as a child, like a small child. Connor, a lifesaver? And I Iraq. think what saved him was the little hole in the middle. That's that's, that's why they call it. That's, it's a lifesaver. That's li- <laughs> that's literally what I think the whole thing is. Right. Is that they purposely did that so kids would choke on. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. And I think that literally is sense. why it's called that. Yeah. Scared my mom to death. Yeah. Would you make like a whistle, whistling noise? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I also... When we went to CPR, they said, if they're making noises, they're going to be fine because right. they still have air. If they're not making noises, that's when you get nervous. Yeah, exactly. straight straight we started at 10 uh, we always forget to look at what time no you started at like 11 45 oh because okay. you called me and i thought you were going to start at 11 we hadn't started yet yeah so you go to 11 no we'll go to midnight midnight did you guys eat we'll eat at some point yeah um and this, uh, we can ha- go over to the seaport, too. Eat in the seaport. No, not eat there, but I'm saying we can go there. Yeah. Have you seen it since they've done that new building? No. What's the new building? So the pier that stuck out that was kind of ruined after yes. Sandy. Yes, Pier 11. Pier 11. They've, like, redone. Yes. So I, on Saturdays, I volunteer on the tall ships there. Oh, really? Yeah. And so we're We right- went one time. Right, exactly. So yeah. we're we're right next to that. So those I, those are the two boats that I to volunteer oh, on. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. So you know all the history of those boats. Yes, or mostly I just like paint and clean them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I help with the, like maintenance, restoration stuff. Yeah. So it just means like sanding and painting and polishing and that kind of stuff. That's cool. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. How do you end up doing that? I don't know. I just found. I was just looking for things to do 
volunteering things because yeah. in our industry it's like you might go months without work right. or whatever so I'm like I might as well be doing things out in the world and I, I don't know how I stumbled upon that but I was like yeah that would be fun yeah it's and so it's, different and it's like a fun little community of people yeah but it's right next to Pier 11 these birds are everywhere you can't tell me this doesn't seem ominous yeah look at all those birds well, and they all hang out on the chairs and the tables that people eat on Right now, there's three birds, each sitting on a different chair around a table. <laughs> Do you think they know how to get out? I don't think there is an out. No out for those birds. They don't open the. They don't open the. Right. Roof or not? So like, is it? There's a, only the doors. Do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing for them? Like, is their life better because they're oh, just around better. all this food? Well, it's a ton of food and they've got the trees and like no natural predators no yeah and the cold they don't have the cold right right so these are sort of like there's like the you know uh upper east side park <laughs> avenue of birds yeah so maybe they're they're less likely to have um disease are you, are you saying that rich people are... No, 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 no. No, I mean, like, that these are, like, possibly just... They're like housebirds. Yeah, but maybe they're morally corrupt. Correct. <laughs> they've, just, yeah. they've just had too many things handed to them over the years. <laughs> I was just thinking that they might be, like, born in here, and then they've never, like, right. experienced a... Um, this is their, those are their trees. Like, do you think there's birds that are, will never know outside of this Gucci, mall? Gucci birds. Probably. That's wild. They live off the scraps. They live off what they can. Because as long as I've lived downtown, so for the last nine to ten years, I've always seen birds here. So unless right. they're bringing birds in, they must be like... Right. Imagine if they bring in birds every week. <laughs> These are dead. I wonder if they would, like, save on cleaning costs because, like, leftover food and scraps. The birds are all like, oh. I'll take those. Yeah, this place is spotless. Never a crumb to be found. No. Because the birds. Every week we clean out the dead birds and we bring, we order some new birds. Yes? I know, it's very dramatic. <laughs> like, this is very upsetting about the birds. She's smiling. She's just vocalizing. Yeah. She's getting she's getting sort of tired of s standing. She's doing a lot of leaning and <laughs> letting her legs give way. She's had a, a big day today with the... She's learned how to kind of sit back onto her butt. Okay. So from like a crawling position to like seated. Right. Which is it. To be able to do that for herself was new. That's what, uh -oh. And then what? standing up. What? Oh, it's gone downhill. What? Connor, it's the lip. It's the lip? You're missing the lip. I like that lip. It's very manipulative. Yeah. <laughs> she used to do it without a cry. Oh, really? Just Hi. like the lo lower lip would right. turn down and then it would shake a little bit. Oh, thank you. Now, now you're the hairy mom. Getting your face all up on. Her yeah. Face. yeah, that's how she kisses his open mouth. 
yesterday I was having a graham cracker and she was watching me chew and then she like dove in really fast and stuck her tongue between my lips and I was like, It's <laughs> 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 like, I want some of that. Yeah. It's like, talk, that's not t- how it works. Talking about birds, yeah. Yeah, that's not how it works. Oh yeah, that's hilarious. What is it? It's just that. Oh yeah. Bounce, 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 bounce. Trying to think of any other good Connor stories from uh, when we were kids. Yeah, do you have do you have any uh, stories of your sister? Probably less uh, of me. I remember he, you know, those like. Um, Connector toys that you could build, yeah, like, like connects, like or... robots and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. He made a fan once, and he got my hair stuck in it, and he cut my hair. Connor, nature. And told me not to tell my mother, <laughs> who was kind of obsessed with my hair. So once she saw there was a chunk out of it, I immediately told on him. Of course. Oh, that's Tom's. I don't think he wants you to drool on that, honey. Oh, good, but that's so much fun. It says Brookfield Place. Uh-huh. Over in that corner. Over in that corner. So you just go around. All right. Yeah, leave your mic. I'll leave my mic. <laughs> Has he forgotten to do that in the past? I don't know. I oh, well, he makes really a ch- he challenges himself to make no noise. Oh. Is that it's even a weird possible? challenge. I mean, not really. So, would you ever move back to Missouri? No. I mean, there's things about it that are great. Right. But we're so spoiled here. Right. You just have everything at your fingertips. Yeah. There's a... She likes to suck on my chin. It's a little weird. Um, Yeah, I mean, life's really good. Like, the fact that my... Basically, my car is my stroller. I know. Are you frustrated? She knows the difference between sitting and standing. For some reason, she thinks she's going for a ride if she stands up. Um, Yeah, it's just so everything's so accessible. There's so many things to do, and like as a like now as a new mom, like there's so many classes and (laughs) right. Every and, possible thing. Yeah, like the fact that she's she's swimming. She's been swimming since she was seven weeks. Wow. Oh, I've seen videos of that. Yeah. Where it's like, they like infants have this innate understanding of to float water and yeah. floating. Yeah. That's so interesting. So she floats on her back with like a little assistance. Right. Um, and she goes under and she holds her breath. 
that's so so crazy. it's really great it's I mean there's things that we wouldn't have had like right. if we were say somewhere else right because they don't start really until six months but like they have these like UV pools in the city that you can take like that's so cool babies and she has like music class and yoga class and she's doing it all she's living the life right yeah. now are you guys going to stay in Jersey City do you think I think so it's an easy commute for him. She'll be a city kid, huh? It's really weird to think about that. Where did you grow up? I grew up in the suburb of Chicago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we, I've had... But very suburban, so... Yeah. Yeah. We had so much freedom. Like, we grew up on a few acres, and there was, like, farmland around us, so we could, like, just... Well, I did. He wasn't much of an outdoor kid, but um, there was, like, a creek that we could play in and right. everything. And my mom would just be like, come back whenever it gets dark. Yeah, we were the same way. We had, like, I remember uh, when we moved, because we moved around when I was younger, and around, like, kindergarten, we moved to that suburb of uh, Chicago. And, like, a bunch of kids knocked on the door one day, like, hey, we saw kids moved in here. Do they want to come play? Yeah. And it was like, we'd play kick the can and this and capture the flag, yeah. and it would be, like, spread out over the whole neighborhood. And my parents were like, all right, come back when the streetlights turn off. Right. Yeah, we would. I had friends in the next like neighborhood. I would ride my bike like a mile to right. other friends' houses, and like we weren't really scared of anything. Yeah. Now she eyes on her at all moments. Like the fact that the monitor is a video monitor with like yeah. infrared, so I can zoom in and like see her eyes is like really a little over over the top. Isn't yeah, it? it's wild. The whole thing is wild. And, like, my, my mom was just talking about, you know, me and my friends used to walk to school from, like, first grade on. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you're like, kids, like, aren't really allowed to do that anymore. Or parents have to walk. Like, there's all these rules of things that just societally right. parents would decide, like, all right, this is, we're not doing this anymore. And I'm like, oh, I, that was such a, you know, empowering part of being a kid of, like, I'm riding my bike to school. Yeah. I'm riding my bike home. And I'm doing this and that. Well, it's like the complete opposite to the latchkey kids, right? Right. That had their own keys. But I said to someone, I was like, we're right beside Liberty State Park. I was like, at least I can, like, let her go run. Yeah. And someone's like, oh, you got to keep an eye on them in the park. Like, is someone really going to snatch her? Like... Yeah. Because I think I could probably run pretty fast if, like, I saw someone coming at her. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That the maternal... Yeah. uh, Super strength. (laughs) Super strength kick in. Also, she'd probably just gouge their eyes out. Right. Christmas. <laughs> what time is it now? 2.48. Alright, so we're still pretty early on in this. Yeah. Uh, they said we can go over to the port whenever. What do you mean? Who's they? Uh, my Elena, who helps run things there. She'll, What's she'll the port? No, the, the tall ships. Do you want to see if she wants to sw- goes on the swing? Yeah. Or is that not no, that'd be in good. itinerary? I'll put her in her little snowsuit. Ooh, ooh. Good catch. Mom instincts. Oh, I was like, did she take the whole thing? No. None of that.
So we are now just putting her into her little, hey, you got your foot free. She's so happy about that. She's like really happy that her foot is out. I think she'd be really happy to be naked all the time. Getting her dress would be the more difficult. Right. <laughs> My nephew. My, my sister has done a really good job of like, there's no like body shame or anything like that. But he'll like, at like family events, just like decide to change his pajamas like in the middle of the room. And I'll be like, no, 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 why don't you go, uh, why don't you go somewhere else? So that's such a bizarre reaction. It's like it's modesty like, in all things. Right. Yeah. It just seems strange. It's like just a baby. It's yeah. Like you don't have to worry about it. Has she no self-respect? Because <laughs> there's like there's so many nice things. Right. Yes, but there's nothing like the dignity of a baby. such a fortified thing. I know, it's really impressive. To describe it, it's, it, it feels like what Neo woke up in in the Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> Except you can zipper the top on or off. I feel like, not, you wouldn't like this control-wise, but temperature-wise, JD would like me to wheel him around in that, in this weather. You'd like the climate in that. Yeah, I feel like that was a... You're taking shots at me right now. No, I think I was like... You, you think any part of that was accurate? I don't think you would like being hemmed in if I were I, to wheel you around in one of those. I will, I, I will argue this. Yeah. I think you would also like that. I think any person would like being yeah, but I pushed also, around. Uh, I but I don't... Do you really think you'd like me to push you around in that? Yes, I do. I think I would like it, but I think your main thing would be... I like it's warm in here. Yes, I think I would like to... <laughs> I'd like it if I could control it from the inside. There's like a little car. That's all I mean. Yeah, I think being at the total control of someone else would be upsetting to me. Yeah. Whereas I would trust you if you put me in one of those. I'd be like, <laughs> JD wouldn't do this unless he was confident. You'd be like, oh, great. I don't have to decide where I'm going. Should I win the mic? Yeah, sure. That it's just like a little apartment that you like. She's in her own little like chamber now. Yeah. It's so before <laughs> she had a wind cover, a rain cover, and it was all crinkly. Mm-hmm. But now this is like a windshield. Mm-hmm. Oh, I also like your oven mitt situation. Yeah. So you don't have to wear gloves. Right. Because you're constantly going in right. and out. Basically, you buy a stroller and you don't realize how much junk you're going to buy to put on top of it. Right. That's how they get you. Amazon. Every day. Right. Where I'm like, I see another mom, I'm like, oh, do I need that? Yeah. This is actually a really great setup, though. 
It it's is, like, it's yeah. like a full. It's winterized. To, to describe to anyone listening, it's like a <laughs> like sturdy windshield. Yeah. Oh, I'm so used to. Right. <laughs> Doing it on your own, yeah. Yeah. And we're here at a rink. An ice skating rink. That is one of my favorite parts of doing this podcast is that people can't see our microphones, so it just sounds like sometimes we enter a location and go, well, we're here at a mall now. <laughs> we're here at an ice skating rink. We're walking on the street. Oh, interesting. That's all ice. Look at these weird... Why does it do that? I... Just coming out of the... Oh... So there's the hoses, and right. it's gone around the hoses. That's so interesting. You want to describe it, JD? No, I don't know how. Connor, how would you describe this? I don't even. I don't actually know how. So, are those those are pipes? Yeah, they're hoses. They're hoses, but they look at first glance as if water weirdly froze pouring out of it. But it's just the hoses are connected. So there's right? a long pipe next to the ice skating rink. <laughs> yeah, with. Spaghetti like. I'm gonna take a picture of it. Okay. And if you go to Twitter, you'll see a photo of what it was we were just talking about near the ice rink. So it's really cold out. Just go look at it if you're really interested. Connor, I don't know how you don't have. Your jacket doesn't seem adequate. Ooh, mine or his? Yours. Mine? Is there? That's not a. That's like a jacket. This is like, like a winter, winter jacket. <laughs> Look winter at these coat, people. Look at, why are you talking about I me? Mean, Connor's wearing... He's yeah. got it open. Yeah, he's wearing like a run hot coat. feel cold. I run hot. <laughs> I'm always freezing. And if he if he ever feels cold, he's like, uh-oh. You're, you're not going to make it. Right. Uh, we're now walking over to the water. <laughs> Jeez. Perfect. Yeah. She's just hanging out. Because it's the wind that really gets you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Connor talked me into getting the warmer cocoon thing for her. So it has like a down comforter inside. I so talked to you that? Yeah. Because I said there are two options. And he said just get the warmer one. Yeah. Well, because a baby really doesn't understand what's happening when it's cold like this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you and I understand what's happening. I know, I get it, I get what the deal is, but if I felt what cold wind felt like and didn't know what it was and just <laughs> right. just experienced it as an assault. It would be upsetting. Yeah. She's making very funny faces in there. <laughs> She's... It must still be weird being behind basically a window yeah. right especially because like we're all making faces of being cold and she's like what's what are they doing what are they <laughs> what's doing what's wrong with them yeah. I'm in a snowsuit in a cocoon in a plastic shield yeah oh, it almost feels like if that went into the water it would float and she'd be fine 
<laughs> like a little boat? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or kind of like those little one-person submarines. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it looks like. Yeah. You don't what? need to put your jacket closed at all? Not right now. I feel like you're just showboating at this point. Ooh, well, they're doing a photo shoot. That looks horrible. What's happening? Another In, music video, huh? Or something. That would be so cold. Good, how are you? <laughs> we took, I took improv class with him. Oh, small world. Yeah. Now he's... Now he's filming something in the freezing cold. Yeah. Makes sense? Yep. Um. Oh, she's yawning. <laughs> well, she's nice and toasty and getting a little. Yeah, this, push. Mi- this might affect her. Um, in a negative opinion way? on swings. Yeah, right. I might be doing a disservice to swings, but... This is a great park. Yeah, this is very fun. Uh, what's the name of this park? Bad- Battery Park? It's Battery Park Park. I would imagine... This is Battery Park, so... This is the, the Battery Park. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're over here. JD and I are able to come into this park because we were with a child, so we count as guardians. Yes. Although I did, I did think about it for a second. Yeah, because this oh, yeah, there's children and their guardians only. But at this moment, I think... Oh, was there a sign that said that? Yeah. Oh. Which makes sense. They want to keep but I consider, I consider myself a guardian at this point. Yeah. All it takes is one act of heroism to earn that. Exactly. Um... Georgie. That's also, I, I think rules like that, they want to keep creeps out, and they also, they want to, they want to have something to point to. If, like, if I was a teenager, I'd want to run all over this thing. Right. Like, if school gets out. But if you're a teenager, are you a, ch- are you a child, though? I mean. Well, you see kids hanging out here after, um, from Stuyvesant yeah. High School. I imagine they won't really cause that much trouble. Those Stuyvesant kids. Ugh. You have to admit this is cold. You won't. No, it is cold. Connor's almost defiantly got his coat open and his shirt open to display his t-shirt. George is in place into the swing and she's, she's unsure of the experience. She is just taking it. She's just like, I'll put up with this for however long it takes. Let's see if she likes it. She's or... still unsure. Now, normally, is this a pleasurable thing? This is the first time she's ever experienced this. Oh, really? This is the first swing? Yeah. Hold on. I'll get some video from this angle. She doesn't seem too impressed. She seems sort of like, uh, what's going on right here? (laughs) 
Still no smile? Georgie! <laughs> she, she is not sure about this whole experience. Will you get a picture of me swinging her, Connor? Well, Connor doesn't have his hands in. Your gloves. Oops, there we go. Connor, do you want to get in there? No. The first swing. She still is so uninterested. Well, if you do. I gave you back my phone like it was yours. It's great. Thank you. If you do a little face thing. I, I would, I, my bet is that it's the warm air that she's digging right there. Right. <laughs> yeah. Put her back into her cocoon. I feel like her little arms in there. <laughs> she's in a full snowsuit and her hands are covered. Yeah. I like the, it's a good design snowsuit too. Yeah. Flowers and animals and birds, the theme of the podcast. Oh. Shoes. Huh? Are there shoes on it? They are shoes. Technically. Oh, they are. Is that part of it? Shoes are part They're of your... shoes and birds, mostly. After five years, that's what you end up... And I'm getting a lot of. You should uh, close out the podcast by playing some Schubert's. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. So Schubert. Just know that you uh, come up, come up in about nine hours. <laughs> you're gonna be uh, playing a little bit of this Schubert. This pun will play off. Uh, we're not gonna mention it again, but when you get to the end of this and you hear the the end of the podcast, we don't normally end with music. We're just gonna end with a little bit of Schubert, <laughs> and uh, that'll just be a little reward coming up in nine hours. Uh, yeah, because I always do an ending thing that's just sort of me. And there, actually, there's been a lot of music Nine in, hours. in that. Yeah. So th- I'll make sure that there's some really Schubert. Do. You always put a little thing that's just you after? Yeah. Well, because you get on the subway, and then I walk home, and I talk to them. Oh, I knew that. I, I thought maybe you went home, and like when you were editing it, you did like a little... Oh, no, no, no. Okay. No. Okay. There's the one episode where I was picking up the weird... It was like a Korean radio station. On the lobs. All right, this baby must go back into the <laughs> pod shelf. Yeah, this looks like you're going to send her back to Jersey in a pneumatic tube. Yeah. Well, that was, I think that was very much worth it. Thank you for being on the podcast. Oh. Yeah. Thank you for having me. You're silently handing the microphone <laughs> yeah. back. I think going seeing first swing that was that's big. Yeah. There's very few podcasts. I, I might first, say it might a, be the first podcast where you get to hear a child's first swing. I mean, this was I think at least one of the first. I think first ba- first baby on our podcast. Mm-hmm. There's probably been a, a small, brief appearance by a baby, but yeah. this was certainly the first mm-hmm. full appearance. Yeah. She's already got podcast credits for her name. Um, uh, does she have anything she wants to promote, Georgie? Film first 
swim school already. Yeah. So, uh, oh, really? She, yeah. She's been used for their social media. <laughs> so you can go to uh, Jersey City Swim School Twitter account and uh, fave and retweet those photos. Um, so you're going to get the ferry now. Yep. I think we're going to go over to the Irish Hunger Memorial. <laughs> Where mom always cries. Yeah. Really? Our mother cries every time she sees us. That's sweet. Yeah. Um, and how long does that ferry take? Five minutes? Seven minutes. It felt like five the times I've taken it. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe you just... I'm just saying it's a, it's, a, it's a swift seven, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a... <laughs> I don't know if it's just the the novelty of the view or the fact that you feel like you start docking and like you start you sort of count like oh we're we're here and then there's probably a couple minutes of like positioning. Yeah, I guess I would account for it, Connor. <laughs> okay. You're gonna be sassy with me. This is gonna be Good a long nine Good hours. Enjoy the rest of your Thank you. long day. <laughs> All right, bye, Georgie. Georgie. Bye. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Okay, we'll try. Um, do you want to go over to the uh, seaport? Yeah. You ever been to the Irish Hunger Memorial? No, is this it? Yeah, this is it. And... It doesn't look all great. Uh, well, that's the mouth, you, and we are the food, and we go right in. <laughs> what if that's what it was? What if... What, that's a, it's just a big, yeah. it's a big They're gonna mouth play, with red hair. play Feed Me from Little Shop of Horrors while you're... Uh, Feed me. <laughs> Feed me. Um, oh wait, there is audio though. Yeah, perfect for a podcast, right? I'm gonna walk through when there's audio playing before. It's really just a nice little walk up there. <laughs> but oh, I'm struck. Nice. I'm struck by the fact that this is a little carved out piece of land in the middle of nothing but skyscrapers. Right, it's sort of made to look like Ireland. Yeah, it is like this little hill that if you if you were, if you wanted to film something and act like you were in Ireland, you could trick it. You really could. Look at this view right here. You could really be like, oh yeah. Yeah. That's a uh, a little, uh, little uh, life hack for uh, those low-budget New York City film productions looking to Let's do... Let's go uh, tell those uh, people we just passed. Hey, you want your music video to have a shot of Ireland? Um, so we just walk up and then walk back down here. Yeah. I realize it's, it's so cold. cold. I realize it's colder up here. It's so cold. Feel the that cold just Irish winter. <laughs> cold Irish wind is whipping into our stupid face. <laughs> well, because the thing is, those skyscrapers are really blocking the wind and it's not we're getting it straight off the water here can i say something inappropriate for right here yeah i'm also getting all hungry <laughs> that's the point of this that that's not, i don't think it's inappropriate i think the appropriate response to a hunger memorial is not to fast but to go seek sustenance you're not doing anybody any favors there's wind whipping into one of these mics well maybe it's mine I think it's one? this one. Okay. There's this one that doesn't have a windscreen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just, I like how it was cold. You're like, 
let's go up onto the top of this Irish hillside. <laughs> it was worth it, and you know it. This was pretty good. It was worth it for the weird voiceover in Irish music. Um, Not weird. It's beautiful. Yeah, the it's just, um, I'm cold, so I'm getting a little punchy. The, you know, I think the the thing is, like, even though this is a this is a monument to a you know a, a genocide in a way, because it wasn't just that they ran out of food; it was about <laughs> it wasn't just they didn't go to the store. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, this was a. Uh, there's an okay. app. You can download the Irish Hunger Memorial app to your phone. Jenny? Just every time you eat, it goes, no, no. no but now, well, I'm starting to feel a little bit chilly, JD. We should find some warmth. See, Connor's trying to act like he's not cold, but it's so cold outside. Well, I have gloves, I'm not wearing them. I know, but I'm saying you're doing this defiantly, no. but you're going to start to feel it. But you're not going to ever admit it. No, here's the thing. I w- no, I will admit it. I do feel it. The problem is right now, it still feels pretty good to me. No, like, it doesn't. It can't. It's impossible. There's it no way crisp. this feels good. It feels crisp. What's this place called? Parm. There's actually a, a, a well-known sandwich place. That's like really that? good. You yeah. want a sandwich there? Are they fancy? Yeah, do you want to go over to the, the ships before or after? The ships are on the far side of the island. I mean, but we're just at the tip, so it's just around the... Just yeah. around the river bend. It's like a five-minute walk. I feel like we should, while we're here, we don't want to walk all the way back, because from over there, we can head up. You know? Yeah. You're saying you want to get lunch yeah, here? Yeah, let's get lunch. Okay. You think? Let's do it. This isn't like super expensive, is it? No. I mean, don't worry about it. Either way. Oh. Hello. How are you guys Pretty good. How are you? Yes, please. Ooh. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Oh boy. Oh, thank oh, you. Thank you so much. It is cold out there. Oh, it's it's the wind. Yeah. Yeah. If it was just cold, it'd be great. But that wind just takes it to another level. Yeah. Yeah. You a performer? What's that? You a performer? Yeah, we do a podcast. Oh, cool. Yeah. Thank you. In the middle of it. Yeah. Thank you. Great. Thank, thank you, you so much. battery situation is though mm-hmm. this thing might be so good this is wild I got this battery charger thing and it's mm-hmm. good how are you tap water um, tap water is good yeah. for me yeah thank you alright
thank you. Thank you. You like some exactly size of water or water okay? Water's water fine for me, yeah, thanks. Thank you. Now all the sandwiches are really good. Yeah. I might get pasta actually. Damn girl. I just have this be my meal for the day, sort of, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to think if there's, uh, this is a nice atmosphere here. Yeah. Uh, are there other ones in, in town that you've been to? Uh, no, I have only gotten this place for like catering for, uh, projects. And, oh yeah. And it's like one of those places where like, whenever you say it's an opera, people are like, ooh, get that place. So I'm only, I've never actually been to the physical place. Yeah. But people always seem to like it. Yeah. Okay. I'll have the fusilli bolognese. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to get the... I'll get the chicken parm on a roll. Okay. That'd be great. Thank you. Thank you. Um, what's the audio like here? Is it good? Do you like the songs? Yeah, it's a fine song. Can I hear me? Yeah, we can hear each other pretty good. I'm going to turn off these mics. Oh. Test, test, test. All right. Did I mess something up? One sec. I'm just going to adjust something. I think we're good. Yeah. Can you talk for a second, Connor? Test, test, test. Test, test, test. Test again. Test, test, test. Test, test, test. Good. Um, so how have you been, Connor? I think I've been okay. Uh, How's your 2019 so far? Hard to say. Like, truly hard to say in the sense that, like, um, you know, as we said before, it is that thing of, well, I'll talk in a blind item. Um, did you get the email that I sent you the other night? The long email? Yes. Yeah. What are your thoughts without getting too specific about that? It was a project um, idea. Do you think the it's, shorter version? The shorter version, you think it's possible? Yes, and I'd be excited to do it. Yeah. The longer version is just there's too many complications with it. I honestly put in the longer version mostly as a way of ensuring that the shorter person. I know. I, I. But I do also think the longer version is feasible. 
I agree. As a, when I think about it, the longer version of it, it's a project that JD and I, I proposed. Like we should try to make it happen in 2019. It's the thing we want to do that I think would be fun. That I think would be relatively, relatively low uh, uh, degree of difficulty. And if it doesn't work, then it's just like, well, it was worth trying. I think I mentioned this last episode, mm-hmm. but a a difference that I've noticed from episode one to now uh-huh. is I almost feel like our roles have reversed in a certain way. Why? I think in the first episode, I was very much like trying to be like, come on, we should make stuff. You should do Connor. You should get it. Yeah. And you were like, no, I'm just happy doing my thing. Right. And I think now I've through the past year oh you don't yeah you don't enter a place where I'm like yeah maybe I just sort of want to take it moment to moment and I feel like you have more of a probably it's a a, a more measured balanced version of what I'm talking about but like you like you have this desire to make stuff happen in a way that's right interesting I almost feel like those roles are reversible that's interesting that wouldn't have occurred to me I think you're probably right and you know, like, I'm always of the mindset, uh, um, I rewatched Mary Poppins recently after having, I saw Mary Poppins Returns. Right. Which I like. You, you haven't seen the new one? No. Um, spoilers for the next two hours. <laughs> Skip ahead if you don't want to be spoiled for Mary Poppins Returns. Do you mind if I... No, I don't care. Don't I'm care. never going to see it. Or if I do, I, I don't, don't mean that... You don't, don't care about spoilers. That. Yes. spoilers. I don't mean that as a... I, I like the, the vibe of the new one very much. Like, uh, there's a lot of, like, it's one of those things that's been done with a lot of care. Right. And a lot of, um, there are references to things that you're like, oh, there's that. There's that. You, you, they've, they've sort of filled it with, it, it's that modern thing of, like, in, in, it feels like in the old days if you did a thing like this, it wouldn't have the carefully curated, like, right. let's make sure that, like, if you see a box in the attic, you see, like, the old, like, uh, the sash from the original movie of Vote yeah. for Women is, like, in one of the boxes in the attic or whatever. Um, the, so on that level, in terms of, like, the, I think there's some, some really good songs in it. I think that the, there's some story points. I think that I read an article that was specifically calling them out on this one story point, which is that in the original uh, you know, the little boy wants to get, feed the birds, uh, give his tuppence to the bird lady to feed the birds, right. and his dad's like, no, put your money in the bank. And it's very sinister, this whole scene where Dick Van Dyke plays the old man, the old right. boss of the bank. It's very, very sinister. Which, didn't he, like, have to make a big appeal to play both characters? Yeah, which is funny to think about because he was a huge star at that right. time. You know, he's like, did you watch the Dick Van Dyke show, his, his sitcom? No. Although I've watched the videos of him now going around with his acapella troupe. Yeah. Um, the, I haven't seen a lot of the Dick Van Dyke show, but it, it, it's on Amazon and Hulu and a bunch of different platforms. It really is worth checking out for, for a, a glimpse of, like, well, what was a good sitcom in the early days of, right. like... Like, I would say from the era where you can see a TV show where it looks clean as opposed to, like, an old kinescope kind of look, you know? Yeah, I think I've seen a couple episodes or clips, at least. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of what it was. I have no idea. But I I remember him, like, a lot of stuff with his wife doing something, him being, like, like, doing his, like, triple take. Yeah, and it's... 
It's amazing. Well, well, well darling. Because yeah. you'll see some things that are very... There's just so much skill on display because sometimes it'll be very broad skill, but sometimes it'll be like subtle stuff. You'll be like, you almost feel like you've you've retroactively been like condescending and thinking like, oh, yeah. I never knew they'd have a joke that would just be like thrown away like yeah. that, you know? Uh, like Carl Ryder will just like deliver a joke in a way that's like, oh, that's like how you would do it now, right. you know? Um, but anyway, so in the original Mary Poppins, uh, like Dick Van Dyke plays the old bank manager and there's this whole thing about like things are more important than like money in the banks or thing in the new movie the doesn't he reprise his role he plays the, his son basically because oh, that God, character yes. dies at the end of Mary Poppins he dies of laughter right and so he's playing like the son of that character but he looks like it's funny because he's wearing old AJ Cup in the old one whereas in this one it's just like oh he's aged yeah. into the part but he's still they still do that Willy Wonka trick of although they did it first of like Acting, having someone who acting like they're about to fall over yeah. but they're actually like in this movie at first you think oh is he really crotchety like that and then at one point he like jumps up and is very limber and yeah. then they kind of make another joke where he's like he puts his feet up on the desk and then he's like kids could you help me take my legs down like as if it's like right. he did too much right um, but in this movie the uh, the little boy from the first movie has grown up and now he's the father in this movie and the whole movie is that like it's you know it's years later and it's sort of like depression era it's it people are uh, having a hard time with their finances and the whole movie is him worried about that he's going to lose his home for the the, the family they're going to lose that home and he's trying to find the bank shares that he owned and in the end what they basically reveal is that the tuppence in the first movie that he wanted to use to feed the birds that his dad invested it in the bank and that's what saves the family at the end of that which feels like kind of a gross twist that oh it's a good thing that your father took those coins from you in the first movie and invested them because now your family's not going to lose their home that it feels to cut against the spirit of magic right um the it, it would almost be like if you made a Star Wars sequel where the where the thing that saved uh, Luke's family wasn't the Force, but it was the fact that Obi Wan lied to him. Right. You, know, like, you took like the kind of the squeeziest. Right. Uh, uh, so there's like stuff like that in it that feels, a lot, and there's also like, <laughs> it's like if, uh, if like uh, <laughs> if the end of Star Wars was um, ah, this is even a bad. This is even the same thing, but so makes me laugh of like. They're all like flying, taking the Death Star, and all of a sudden you see TIE fighters dropping from the sky. And it's like, what's going on? It's like, all the power converters have been recalled. Any, any vehicle that has power con- new power <laughs> converters in them is, is being destroyed. Tashi Station is being, uh, yeah. yeah. It's a good thing you never made it to the Tashi Station. Or if you found out that in a later Star Wars movie that it was a good thing they blew up Alderaan. Right. You're like, that's the thing that saved us. Right. Uh, <laughs> that you look back and you're like, well, you can't regret it now. Yeah. Um, but I did, I did, um... Or no, it would be, <laughs> it would be something about, like, uh, like, the tracking computer is what really saves the day. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, but I, I do, watching the, watching the new movie, and then going back and watching the old movie, and then there's a bonus feature on, like, the DVD of the of the original Mary Poppins or the Blu-ray or whatever, if you get it on iTunes, like, when it has, like, the right. special features, 
that I'd never seen before, and it was, I think, from, it might be from the 90s, or it might be from, like, 2004 or something, but it's a bonus feature with Julie Andrews, just dressed in, like, modern clothes. She's wearing, like, a, like a, like a white pantsuit. Right. And she's got, like, her modern hair style and everything, and there's, like, these kid actors, and they leap into a chalk painting the same as in the movie. Right. And, um, and then they, and there's like an animated cartoon with like Tracy Ullman's one of the voices and a couple other like famous actors doing voices. And I, you start watching and you immediately are like, well, the acting in this isn't very good. And it's kind of a bummer to see Julie Andrews not looking like Mary Poppins anymore, but kind of playing Mary Poppins. Right. But it's more just that the writing of it doesn't feel that strong and the production value feels a little bit kind of video-y for TV, sort of. Like, it doesn't look like you're watching Mary Poppins. It looks right. like you're watching a TV special. And uh, and I was a little bit kind of like, especially after watching Mary Poppins Returns, which is this, like, they're really working hard to make it, right. like, the, to make the animation too, look two-dimensional and the, the style of the original and really to, like, keep it the right. same way. And I was watching this, and I, and I was like, oh, this is kind of a bummer because it's, this is, like, the closest thing to, like, a Julie Andrews reprisal right. of Mary Poppins. Right. And it's a... Thank you so much. Yeah, no worries. Thank you. And it's like a you know, it's swing and a miss, you know? Right. And, and yet it did confirm my basic feeling, which is that... Um, it doesn't ruin anything. Like it, it's right. one of those things where it's like it can be a little bit of a bummer, but it fundamentally doesn't make me feel like, well, that ruins Mary Poppins for me. It's just like, oh, you know, they tried one thing, and what if it had been really fun? What if they'd made it and it had been really right. delightful or something? That I still err on that side of like, well, if you have an idea, even if it's a, thank you. You're welcome. Even if it turns out to not be great or something, for revisiting something and trying it, those things people always react sort of like, "Oh, you've ruined my memory of you've tarnished the original," or you've, that like that ideal thing is like the Beatles, like they have this perfect right. thing. But it's like I would almost always rather err on the side of trying if people have the will or they have an idea for it, you know? Right. I agree. Um, for instance, um, you know, I love the Neverending Story mm -hmm. movies. Yeah. The sequels are all bad. Yeah. Just like, the third one is atrocious. Right. But I don't, I've never seen it. Bad. But I don't really care. Mm -hmm. That was my big uh, Christmas gift. What was that? Is uh, I got, so I just been reading the... Um, original book of Neverending Story translated mm -hmm. from German which is really good yeah and then my mom got me a first edition of it signed by the author yeah of like like an old rare book version of it and it's like beautiful that was my big gift this year um but that book is legit great it's like a great fantasy book yeah why are you laughing I love that movie I haven't seen it in a long time you should read the book it's legit like a very fun read. Yeah. And just like a great example of good, like, almost like mythological fantasy. Because it creates its own universe so well. <coughs> 
I mean, I want to see. I keep saying I want to see it again, but I, I never get around to seeing it. Return to Oz again. The uh, Disney's Wizard of Oz sequel. Is that the one with James Franco. <laughs> no, that's that one's about L. Frank Baum. Three thirty is the time right now. It is three thirty. Return to Oz was. So I'm doing that to give myself a marker. For what? Nothing. <clears throat> Great. Great. Thank you. How's your pasta? Good. How's your sandwich? It's good. Really. Good. <clears throat> um. It's the one that uh, I think Walter Murch uh, directed. Right. Um, and it's more like the books. There's no musical element to it. And so it's like way creepier than the, what everyone associates with. Right. Because those books are in the is same... The, is that the one, the Jabberwocky? That's also Wonderland. Right, my bad. But I was about to mention them because they're similar in the sense of like the way they create a world that. I mean, weirdly, when I think of Neverending Story, it's closer in my consciousness to legend than it is to other kids' things. It's closer to Labyrinth and legend, you know? Uh, yes. So it's got some just really like dark the, themes in it. Just like the shelf in my head where I keep it, sort of. Well, the book is even darker and really interesting. What's cool is like um, the kid, Bastion, he's like this like, in the book he's like this a heavy set kid who's like hidden in his school. Mm-hmm. He's like he's like ditched school to read this book and he knows he's going to get in trouble and so he's just like, God, I'm just going to do it. And so everything that takes place in the real world is in I think blue text and everything that takes place in Fantasia is red text. Uh-huh. And so it's like a really fun read because it's like moving back and forth between the two. But like some dark stuff happens. Yeah. Like characters dying in ways that are like, oof. And then nothing is just really, it's really described in a pretty yeah. overwhelming way. that uh, Dark Crystal TV show coming out? I have no idea. I'm like partially upset that I'm not working on it. Right. But also, who knows how it's going to turn out. Right. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, do you have things that because over the course of over the course of the time we've been doing this podcast there have been various times where you've been up for things or considering things that for one reason or another you didn't do yeah 
do you ever think back to those things, or do you ever do you ever see any of those things and think, oh, I'm, I wish I'd worked on this, or I'm glad I didn't? Um, no, I mean, I don't know what other answer I give, but like, I'm actually very happy with all the things that I've made. Like, I don't look at anything and go, oh, what could have been? Right. Because I think I followed my gut pretty well. Mm -hmm. And there are certain opportunities I could have done that would have made me more money or increased my stature, but I look at those still and I'm like, to this day, I don't think I would have been happy. Like, I, right. I, That's I don't, good. I look back and I go, there's that big one I, that the you know. The big one, yeah. Not the recent one. No, the big one. Yeah. The, yeah. That I was like, uh, I did the other thing instead. Yeah. And there's no part of me that's like, ooh, I wish I had done that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's been some opportunities. I mean, this past year, I said no to a lot of things. I mean, I would admit, at some point I want to get into this in the podcast. Just like this last year was, I've, I've been able to say it is inarguably the worst year of my life. It is officially the case. Right. Um, but it put me in a place where I was like, I'm not going to do things that I don't want to do. Right. So there's very few things that I haven't done that I look back and regret and the things that I have done. Not that you were doing a bunch of things you did want to do, but you, you're now you can be in a place where you're like knowing you're... Yes. Like a place where it's I'm not nervous even more confident. Down. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I... I had a thing recently... Well, because I signed with an agent since the last... I think since we did the last right. one, maybe. Or I don't know if maybe we were... I was about to do that. And... Although I haven't officially signed, but... That seems to be a formality at this point, you know? We never really do, yeah. Yeah. Um... But the there was a you know I said going in I sort of went into the meeting and I was like almost selling them against me right because like I was talking about how it used to be for me when I had an agent in London and how I would throw auditions and told them like at one point I told them the Tom Hanks story I was just telling all these stories and I'm like these are all they're on the fence about me at all these are all stories where it's like maybe we don't want this guy but I figured like it's better to get those yeah be upfront about those I also thought like to a certain extent the more you're you don't care about stuff like that the more appealing people generally find you in this business right mm. and there was a point where um you know, I was talking about how, like, my nightmare is, like, getting trapped in a thing I don't like. Like, getting... Yeah, I wonder what that's like. Trapped on a show that I don't want to be a part of. And uh, just so... Just to clarify. Yeah. Um, I, I just had a negative work situation, but it was a project that never saw the light of day. So yes. it's nothing that anyone would know about. Oh, so yeah. I didn't want people to hear that comment and think that I was talking about, like, a the, show that they yeah, knew. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, ooh, what's the drama there? It's like, yeah. no, I just had a, I had a 
a negative work What's the, experience. Is there a fun? Thank you. Is there a fun way to blind item that experience? There isn't. No. Okay. Now. <laughs> now I've got to. Now you got to bleep all of this. Now, now Even though you're going to bleep the the most clever part of it. <laughs> you did this to me. Uh, Will you acknowledge that what I just did was fun? Yes, what Connor did was great. And you're going to bleep it. But you I'm have to. bleep it. I have to. Because it's too much of a clue. It's too much. Oh, listeners, viewers, I wish you could hear what just happened because it and was here's delightful. The thing. Here's the thing. Yeah, it's my fault. It was a work experience that was negative enough that it's not, not that funny to me. Yeah. So it's like, I don't, this is not a challenge to viewers. They're like, oh, yeah. figure don't, out what it was. Like, it's just. If you figure out what it was, don't, uh, don't. Well, you're not on social media, so no. but don't even try to. But I'm just saying, like, this isn't a thing where it's like, oh, we're putting this out there. I don't know. I just yeah, this isn't one of your treasure hunts. No, listeners, viewers. Yeah. Um, you want a treasure hunt? We'll make one for you, and it'll be. Delightful. And it was such a short thing. It wasn't even. You know what I mean? It doesn't even count as a. Yeah. But I just didn't want. I made that comment. I said, I know what that's like. I don't want people to think that I was referring to. Yeah, to a thing they knew about. Yeah. They don't know about it, and don't they never will. Don't know about it. Never will. Um. So anyway, so I was making it clear to these people at the and agency we're back. that uh, <laughs> that I was like, my nightmare is getting trapped on a show that I don't want to be a part of, and it, like doing well enough that it's like, well, I need the money, right? But I don't like because I feel like you can very <clears throat> very easily. I see I see it with people who even like I always hated it as a fan whenever um, an actor I liked got trapped on a show that I didn't like and then they were just locked up in that like right. I always even though I'm even though in some ways it's it's like the thing he's known for now like it always I always hated that Sam Watterson was on Law and Order for so long because right. I was like this is one of my favorite actors and this show keeps him, probably made keeps so much him trapped in thank you Jenny it keeps me it was probably the nicest job it was probably a, such a great relo- steady right. gig to have and to be in New York and you're, you just go to these sets and you're filming in the offices and it's but I was like oh wait how many years of other especially because he was on Isle Flatway which was one of my favorite TV shows which to me was so much more dramatically uh, like that was the, the the show David Chase was showrunner on before Sopranos and you're just like oh I want I want Sam Watterson to be something like in something like The Sopranos not something not just like a gig right like, you know um but that's always kind of my... Although at the moment, it's also interesting because I feel like uh, I'm also entering the year... This is this month and maybe, who knows, maybe next month. I'm kind of entering this first couple of months where I'm like, ooh, my, my finances are dwindling down and I don't have anything. Yeah, thank you. I don't have anything for sure coming up. Yeah, I don't know how that feels. And, uh, and for the past six months or so... Every month, something has popped up that sort of saved my bacon. And this month, nothing has so far. And last month, nothing well, this, did. In December and January, there's nothing, ever. But there has been for me when I needed it, you right. know? And yeah, I mean, this is, the, this is the first year where I'm going into it without any... Oh, at least I know I'm going back to this or doing this or yeah. this on the books. Um, but I was uh, but I was telling the... I was saying, you know, I really just want to do good stuff. And I want to make my living doing good work, you know? And uh, the and then I was like, you know, and also, thank you, thank you. That I was like, if a if a interesting play comes up, I was like, it's not something I've done for a while, but I I would would love to see you in a play. 
Well, there was a, I had an opportunity to audition for a thing recently, and I chose not to. SpongeBob musical? No, that would be fun. I would be in a musical. I doubt I'm qualified at this point. Uh, I would have to become known for something else or something, and I'd have, I'd have to get it the wrong way rather than. I don't right. think I, I don't think I could ever go into the proper channels and be a person who would get cast and something like that. But um, there was this play, and it was a good play. Like I read the script for it, but then I looked at. Uh, you know, it would have eaten up my spring. Right. And it wasn't for very much money uh, for the amount of work it was going to be. Right. And when I looked at the part, I was like, honestly, there was nothing in it. It was not a bad part because it was a good play. But when I really thought about it, I'm like, there was nothing in it that scratched any itch that I'm not already getting. Like, like it wouldn't have been worth giving up, like, stepfathers for. Right. And I'm like, I'm already getting that particular... Like, this is sort of playing like a, uh, a boorish jerk. And I'm like, I, 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 it would have to be something that would be a little bit more... Um, Assassins. Yeah, it would have to be... Well, I saw To Kill a Mockingbird the other night, and it's been a long time since I saw a play. And I, Do you have this experience whenever you see a play where you're like... I need to make one of these. I need to be in one of these. I need to like because it just the experience is so like. I've always been like that. I've always body. been. I've always been. When I'm watching a play, it's either if it's a bad play, it's the worst thing because you feel like it's a thing you could stop and no one is. I, I genuinely have the impulse of like when I've seen bad plays, I've had the impulse that it, it's almost one of those like terrifying impulses like when you're on a ledge and you feel like. Okay, in a high place, you're like, what if I just went crazy and jumped? Yeah. When I've been watching bad plays, there are times when I've genuinely been sitting there and I'm thinking, what if I just jumped on the stage and started being a character that was more interesting? Well, I've told you about um, my roommate in college was in the uh, playwrights program in Tisch. And so I would go to him and his friend's plays and I would, I had to like stop myself from going. I was very, where I was like, the urge just to go like, yeah, Evan, 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 Evan. Like you know, just like yeah, I can just ruin this thing right now. Yeah, it's so tantalizing. Well, my impulse was always not to ruin, but to improve. Make it which better. Was just like if the play wasn't good, I'd be like, what if I entered as like, hello, I'm your. You don't know me, but I'm a salesman from around these. You know, just immediately start and yeah. see if like can we get something more interesting happening in this, you know? And but if I'm watching a good play, I just get very frustrated because I think, no, oh, I should be doing this, not watching it. Yeah. I know that feeling. And, um, but I saw To Kill a Mockingbird, which I liked a lot. But it's been a long time since I'd seen a play. Who, um, who was the Mockingbird? Uh, the, uh, the Philly Fanatic. That's great. Yeah. He was really good. I saw him in, um, Twelfth Night. Yeah. Who you playing Twelfth Night? Malvolio? Uh, he played, I think, nine or ten. Oh, gotcha. Those are good. Um, I think he was up for the first, but he had scheduling stuff with baseball, so he just did ninth or tenth night. Gotcha. Yeah. Inning. Yeah. Um, the a guy, an actor that uh, named Neil Huff, who I was in Coin Heist with. Right. Uh, it's funny because the two. I've never seen Coin Heist. The two 
like adult actors, mostly like teenagers in that movie. So me and Michael Cyril Crichton and Neil Huff were like the three sort of adults around when we were doing those scenes. Because uh, uh, Michael played the teacher, who was my cousin. I played the head of the mint, and Neil played one of the parents, who was like chaperoning right. the group. And you know, and especially because that was one of my first like credits. One of the, once I started working again, that was one of the first things. Right. Uh, and Neil and Michael have like credits a mile long of, right. of you know, and you'll see Neil pop up and like Neil was in the wire and uh, yeah. he you'll see him pop up and stuff like in, in the in the opening scene of the movie Split, the M Night movie, he's the guy that gets like knocked out so those girls right. get kidnapped. It's like the dad who's in like one scene or whatever, and Neil plays a part in the play that's in the book but not in the movie. I don't think it's in the movie. Um, where it's like he's the guy who testifies that um, Tom Robinson's hand doesn't work. It's like the big like right. crux of that trial. And everyone thinks he's the town drunk. And you find out later that he's not really a drunk. He, he, the bottle he carries around is a Coca-Cola in a brown paper bag. He just doesn't want people to bother him. Right. And and he he's not in this character's not in the first act. And so to the point where I was like, oh, did I miss Neil at some point? I was like looking at the program and no, I guess he's a character that's just in the second half. Right. And it's almost like a little self-contained. It's almost like a little play within a play. Um, and he's really good in it. And it's a really good part, but it almost is. It's this little tangent. That then it's like, and now we get back to the, the main thing. And I was watching that and I was thinking like, well, that's like, it would be very interesting if I ever do a play again. Like, that kind of experience is always an interesting thing where you're just, I've been done something like that where like, you're just in part of the play. You come on and do this one thing. You come thing. on and do your bit and you go, and it's like the rest of the play starts without you, goes on when you're gone, you know. Um, it would be interesting to experience those kind of rhythms again yeah. after so many years of doing whatever I like basically doing whatever I want on stage yeah and that's the thing it's like I've never really had that experience per se save for like seventh grade or whatever but yeah. like I always felt that when we did Terry Withers like at the top of the show it's like you and I we had a like there was that's probably the closest thing I've done to a, a, a play right where it's like we had a script that we both knew we have to hit. Yeah. and we had Marks and on different nights we would do it well, and sometimes we would like, yeah. So I, I get that feeling where you're like, I know what our thing is, I know this will work to this extent, and I can push it to here, and this happens here. Yeah, um, I've used the restroom real quick. Okay, uh, still have to go solo. Hold on, let me, let me see. Uh, I won't be on that one. Well, no, hold on, let's see. If oh, called oh. Griffin Newman, did he say he couldn't? He's gone to uh, Sketchfest, I think. Oh, okay. You can put uh, his on that. Yeah. I'm gonna try calling Griffin Newman while JD is in the bathroom. So far, no answer. 
Hi Griffin, this is Connor. Uh, JD went to use the bathroom, and so I thought I'd take this opportunity to call you and see if you wanted to plug uh, the new season of The Tick on Amazon. Uh, you know when it's dropping. Uh, if there's any anything you could tell people that maybe would uh, be an exciting bit, bit of news, but I'll just um, I'll tell them about it. Uh, I hope you're having a good time. I think you're in San Francisco. I don't know. Anyway, um, you don't have to return this call. Just know that this message is part of the podcast. Uh, and I hope it's okay that your outgoing message is part of the podcast, too. If not, we'll bleep it, but you have to tell us. Okay. Bye, Griffin. Yeah, I don't know when the tick drops on, on Amazon. I was just calling to help him promote the tick because I know he said, you know, it's it's... It's one of those things that you just never know. Like we're now in that, we're now in that strange world of streaming where it felt like a couple of years ago, if you had a show on Amazon or Netflix, you were pretty safe. And now, and it's now the it feels opposite. like, yeah, it feels like now there's so much TV that you just never know. And it, you, we're also in a world where um, the as as significant as whether or not a show is popular is which way the winds are blowing in terms of who's setting up their own streaming networks because I feel like in short succession we've had um, Netflix canceling a bunch of Marvel shows that were like among their yeah. biggest hits because they're just like we're not going to help Disney develop right. Marvel into a bigger brand when Disney Plus is coming around the corner to try to target Netflix. So like we'd rather cancel all these shows uh, than cultivate right. them just to have you take them a couple of years from now. Right. It's like deliberately like killing hit shows because they're like what are we going to do another season of Daredevil and then you take it from us right. or something you know and there's also that one of the weirdest ones I think is everyone and, it, and I do find this weird in its own way because it is that choice between how many buttons you press and like there and I have it too where it's like I'm more likely to watch a streaming thing because it means picking up my Roku remote and hitting right. five buttons. Whereas if I uh, if I play a DVD, then I've got to walk five feet, put a disc somewhere, press a different thing, right. press eight different buttons. You know. Well, that's that's the crazy thing. So I got my parents a Roku mm-hmm. like, like five years ago. Yeah. And then it was too many buttons, so I got them an Apple TV, which is less buttons. But now their TV service has it all built into it. Yeah. So, like, if, if you want Netflix, you just, like, talk into the thing. You go, Netflix, and it yeah. brings it up. But it moves so slowly, and it bothers me. But, like, it's Your less buttons. buttons. Yeah. They don't care. Well, Friends was leaving Netflix at the New Year, and people started freaking out because they were saying, like, that's all I watch on Netflix is Friends. Right. I'm like, that's strange. And it's also, like... Friends, if you really like Friends, just buy that box set. You'll have yeah. all the Friends forever. Or watch, like, Nick at Night, which airs it every night. Yeah, or whatever, wherever you find it. And then Netflix paid, like, a huge amount of money to have it for one more year. Okay. But at the end of this year, at the end of 2019, the same thing's going to happen. 
and at some point, whether it's this year or the next year, Warner Brothers is getting ready to do their own streaming service. So Warner Brothers is like, sure, yeah, you can keep it for another year, because that keeps friends in the, the zeitgeist. zeitgeist. Yeah. And then a year from now, Warner Brothers can be like, come to Warner Streaming and watch Friends. You know? That... And net, it's a, it must be a kind of a weird thing because it's a weird game of chicken because Netflix knows like they have to weigh is it better for us to not have friends uh, and maybe deprive that show of a little bit of cultural oxygen knowing that maybe a year from now fewer people are excited or, do, or then is it you know like you, yeah. you don't know is it like is it worth those extra year of people watching Friends on Netflix to like draw them to other things well or? I think I think it's always worth it to have to have friends yes um, but yes, there is a lot of like gamesmanship going on, and it's all just slicing the same piece of pie over and over again. Yeah, in a way that feels insane, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, do you want to start heading over? Yeah, it's interesting to me. Like one one thing I I know I've mentioned this before, but like uh, the. Well, the, here's the thing. In that first episode, the reason that I was... Because it startled me, because the Mickey Mouse thing is a relatively recent fixation. Right. Uh, it's a current project, so I was like, if you'd asked me, do you talk about Mickey Mouse in the other episodes, I would have been like, probably not, no. Um, but in that first episode, I was specifically, we were talking about copyright extension. Right. And how that relates to Mickey Mouse. And we were talking about how it would probably help Mickey Mouse to um, be freed from copyright because artistically then more interesting things would start happening with it, you know? Right. Uh, well, I was... I, uh, you were what? I was just texting about uh, the other day so, um, someone was bringing up uh, Mickey Mouse, all the copyright stuff. Yeah. And I was like, you know, if uh, Steamboat Willie or whatever it, next year goes into public domain, yeah, not the character of Mickey Mouse, but the, Steamboat the, Willie, the, the ship, yeah, the ship itself, the boat, but like the con, the the movie yeah, the cartoon, does, yeah. So I'm like, oh, it would be really funny to right now be producing a Steamboat Willie feature film that then the moment that date comes, you release it, yeah. Just be like, all right, I'm ready, or just like the Steamboat really. Yeah. Or pornography, or the sti- like, just like, yeah. just like, immediately, just immediately, just like, Warner Brothers presents yeah. Bugs Bunny and Steamboat Willie. Yeah, or it's just like something that would just make them shudder, and you're like, Ugh. if I was working for Warner Brothers right now, I would be, I would be deliberately being like, the second Steamboat Willie's in the public domain, Bugs Bunny's gonna ride it, because Disney can't make Bugs Bunny and Steamboat Willie, right. Because Bugs Bunny's copyright has a ways to go. Oh, so it's like... So it's, be like it's just Bugs Bunny on the steamboat? Like, yeah, just doing whatever he wants. That's such a funny... Where it's like, we're going to take your thing, but you can't take our thing yet. Um, I love that. Sorry. That's okay. I'm trying to figure out how to wear a hat and headphones. Thank you for the pasta. Of course. Um, um, thank you. Have a good one. This is a nice old place. I yeah, it's nice. 
Good vibe. Good, good atmosphere in there. As we leave, they were playing. That was Smokey Robinson. You really got a hold on me. You really on 12 Hour Day. JD and Connor. The hits. 12 hours of hits. Oh, there's the Conrad building. Hey. Um, the, but what? Regal uh, Cinemas, let's go see a movie. The, uh. Do you think we could get into a movie with this gear? Absolutely. Don't they look, that's what I think about. Because they look in your bags always. Yeah. But I think, I think you could get away with it if they look in the bag, they're like, what is that? I'd be like, oh, it's podcasting equipment. Yeah. And they'd be like, what? And I'd be like, oh, we're doing a podcast. And they'd probably be like, uh, okay. Do you remember back in the day, they would, like, look in people's bags to look for video cameras? Mm-hmm. And that was back when video cameras were, like, bulky. Yeah. There was really no way to get, like, to, to share videos on the internet that easily. Yeah. And it was all in SD. Yeah. And now that we all have HD phones in our pockets, and yeah. it's so easy to share videos online, they've just been like, ugh. Well, that's the thing I was thinking about, is that, so copyright stuff... This is better because we're not walking into the wind. Yeah. Copyright stuff, specifically, like, um, specifically the way that stuff is going to fall out of copyright pretty soon, or start falling. Well, apparently, like, I guess this was the first year, I don't know if you saw any of those stories, this is the first year in a while that a bunch of stuff went into the public domain. Yeah. Um, which is exciting. Um... The not 12 hour day not these episodes day. are private these episodes are under copyright until 75 years after both of us yes pass away um but the imagine living down here what imagine living in this area um So what I was saying before, oh, about, about, like, I'm trying to remember how I got to the Steamboat Willie thing about copyright extension, but really, like, it's, oh, I know what I was going to say, and I'm sure I've mentioned this before, that, like, a few years ago, there was a YouTube channel that someone set up that... And they were split into two-part segments. But someone had literally uploaded all five seasons of The Days and Nights of Molly Dodd. Right. And this is a show that I, I own bootleg DVDs of. I think you talked about this either last episode or on I'm episode sure one. Yeah. The, the, well, just the fact that somebody set up this YouTube channel with all of the episodes. Right. And these are never going to get released in any format because of music rights issues. Right. And it's like the Wonder Years. Yeah. Although Wonder Years did get released. But they had new score. They had new score. Um, and the copyright holder for Days and Nights of Molly Dodd eventually filed a claim against this channel and got it all taken down. Right. A similar thing happened to me recently with, for years, maybe... I, I don't, I, I'm not even sure how many years. I had a, I have a YouTube channel uh, 
called Elvis Costello Videos. Right. I forgot about this. And what it was initially, I had posted a couple of things. I don't know if there's anything up on it now. And that's recent. Uh, because there was a documentary about the country album he made in 1980. I uploaded that, and I think for years it was the main way people were seeing it because it had like 200,000 views or something. And I had uploaded all of his official music videos because none of them were on YouTube at right. that time. And gradually I started noticing that the, the uh, music videos started getting copyright claims on them. Right. This, this video has been blocked in these countries. And there'll be a list of every country on right. Earth. <laughs> Pictures and, are very funny. Yeah. You click on it thinking, hoping it's going to be just like Luxembourg or someplace. Like, but then no, you look through the list and it's like, ah, but in the Maldives, yes. you're still allowed to watch this. Um, and, but usually what would happen is an official site like Vivo or something right. would put the video up and then they would look around and take down all the official ones. Right. And you're like, well, that's okay because that's as it should be. They, they should have it up on the official channel. I don't mind that getting taken down. But then the, uh, the stuff like the documentary, which is like, this is never going to get released right. in any official form. So it's just, there's that aspect of like, technically wrong, yes, technically illegal, technically this is a piracy, an act of piracy. Right. But I always err on that, in my own sensibility, I always have a part of me that doesn't care about any of that, that thinks about it in terms of like cultural history. Right. Particularly for things that otherwise are going to vanish. Like I would rather a work of art exist in a pirated form than vanish from awareness. So you know a thing that I do. What do you do? I have a folder on my computer uh -huh. where if there's any YouTube video or picture or anything online that I like. You save it? I rip it and I save it. I do that with some things. So like there's like even like like there's a lot of stuff that's like weird small rare stuff that I'm like I can see it's getting taken down randomly or whatever. Right. But then also it'll be like oh here's this music video that I really like. I'm just going to keep it <laughs> just right. in case yeah. something happens. Because it does. Stuff does happen. Yeah. Um, but now I have all the things that I want. That's, um, a, good, that's a good epitaph. <laughs> that, yes. yes. <laughs> now I have all the things that I want. I want that on my tombstone. <laughs> um, but I, it is that, is that interesting thing about like uh, preserving stuff versus like, like I, I, well, even like, it's weird. The thing that I'm doing at the moment is, you know, technically, I think I'm not worried about it because I feel like Twitter is weirdly viewed as like the last, uh, you know, like Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, they all have these bots right. that search to make sure you're not right. posting anything that you don't own. Because what you're doing is illegal. Highly, highly. And play this in the trial. 
play this part of the tape in the child. <laughs> and you've, you've also tagged the copyright holders. Yeah. Oh, can I say something that I think is very interesting? Yeah, Which what? is, um, uh, you know, like I, I forget what it was. I think I logged on to the 12-hour day account uh-huh. the other day. And I saw, I looked at your thread. Or no, I sent I sent the thread to someone. Who did I send it to? Oh. <laughs> uh, so I'm thinking about working on children's television stuff. Yeah. So I've been doing a lot of research. And uh, I'm sending out a little questionnaire to a, like a little research survey thing. Yeah. And I was texting with Griffin McElroy, the McElroy brothers. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, oh, I'll cut to the quick. Uh... Here's what my kid likes. If it's got fucking Mickey Mouse in it, that's all we watch. He's like, I don't know why, but if Mickey Mouse is in it, my son loves it. Yeah. And so then I sent this to him. And he was like, I'm in hell, and all I can watch is Mickey Mouse things. And so I sent him a link to that thing. But then I started going through it, and it was interesting because usually on your threads, it's like people who are interested in culture or comedy or you who are yeah. like oh interesting yeah I really love this but then in this one you've tapped into this thing that I forgot which is the super fans of Disney yes and so there are people responding to your tweets like he is so cute I love him yeah and I'm like oh right these are the Disney super fans mm-hmm. who when someone rings the bell of doing a Disney thing they are like there for it. Yeah. Um, and well, so it's just interesting, a type of person who's not jaded or sarcastic, like or a comedy person or whatever. Right. In engaging with your feed so directly. Well, I also, I, I, not that. I also feel like there's the parts of the city that were built before all the building codes. Oh, stuff right. So there. we're in the. That's why we have. No sun. No sunlight. This is when vampires ruled New York City. But, like, isn't this look ominous? Like, look down the street, and it's like, you just, it's just concrete for all the eye to see. Yeah, and then looking back. Yeah. Freedom. Tower. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Um, Well, there's, so, yeah, so, like, I'm going through this, and effectively... I'm literally going through every Mickey Mouse cartoon, and in fragments, I'm posting everything. Right. So in, in some senses, this is... Now I've received, and they're like two-minute clips yes, sometimes. Almost always. And you, know, you post three and a half of those, and you post the whole short. Right. And... You know, and I, all it would take is one cease and desist for me to stop this. I have a feeling that on some level the reason it hasn't been stopped is it's either not noticed or it's noticed and the thought is it's better to have this than to maybe start something. You know what I mean? That well, like, here's, here's what... What do you think? Because on a much smaller scale, I've done shows where people have taken... Yeah. I don't know what they've done. Taken either entire episodes or clips or done like yeah. their own little things with it and while it does sort of irk me sometimes where I'm like well that's not yours right. I'm also like it's not worth it's not worth 
causing right. any fuss over it. Right. Because the person's intentions are never bad. Right. Especially when they're doing it out of how much love they have for the thing or whatever. Right. Um, so I, I guarantee you it's just someone who's like, ugh, what's this guy doing? All right, it's fine. He's not, like, making money off of it or doing anything weird or creepy. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, Well, in some cases, like, I would say, like, when I did my Elvis Costello thread, you know, at the end of it, he tweeted at me and... His was like, please stop. No, please stop no, this. No, he liked it. And he, his record producer was like messaging me and was like, they were like appreciating it because it was fundamentally like, even though I was posting lots right. of stuff that I don't own, it's also, it's, it's not, it's also not, um, all of those songs mostly are a click away. Right. Do you know what I mean? That there, it's we live we live in. This isn't like if I was doing this in 1960 and they were like, "You're making all this music free or whatever," or yeah. 1999 or whatever. Uh, all of this music is mostly freely accessible, so it's really all I'm doing is stirring up potential enthusiasm or interest in people maybe going to a concert or buying the new record or something. Yeah, you know? but I doubt they even think about about it like that. I bet they're more just like. It's not a problem. Well, I think by the point, by the point where my original tweet was was six hundred thousand views, right? I think they're, if anything, they're probably viewing it as, this is like, we we're getting more bang for this than we do for the ads we're buying on Instagram or something. You know that like, the people who are engaging with this, sure, especially when you have like people like Ryan Johnson and stuff who are like tweeting about it. It's yeah. like yeah, this is like, this is a kind of. It's not exactly going viral, but it's the kind of thing that people are always trying to make happen. Right. So it's like, we don't want to... It's like how, like, Lucasfilm originally, when the internet started, they tried to shut down all the fan sites for right. copyright things. Like, you can't use images from Star Wars things. Yeah, the Trinkies are ours. And then at a certain point, they were like, we are doing this wrong. We should not be telling websites not to use Star Wars images. We should be begging them to. Right. Because we want Star Wars to be popular again. Because it's... Like, they started realizing, like, the... It's better to just give oxygen to the thing. If it's positive, you might as well feed it. Well, I also think... I think for this stuff, it more ends in the... At least from my perspective, of like, mm -hmm. it's not worth right. causing a fuss about, no matter what. But I do think with the... Like, I know that, like, when I was doing the, the like, Roadrunner thread, like, the Boomerang and Looney Tunes social media were all, like, tweeting approving things. Right, so but that's, like, just, that's just a social media version. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, like, they haven't... That, they, I know it's not, like, the same as getting Warner Brothers attorneys doing it. Right. But there is a sense of, like, we're fine with this. Yeah, exactly. And... Uh, here but, we come upon the seaport. Uh, here we come upon the seaport. Isn't this a great... Yeah. Like, every Saturday morning, walking out, seeing this, being like, well, here I am. Here I am in the past. Um, you know, I... This is the uh, printing press stationary place over here as part of it. Yeah. Do you ever go to the fancy movie theater over here? No. Although I look at it, I'm like... I have no interest in it. Oh, yeah. um, what is funny is that Sarah Jessica Parker has a shoe store on the corner up here. And you buy all your shoes there? And I just go in there and I try the shoes on and I go, don't I look pretty? 
And then they go, sir, sir, you've been in here every day this month. But so she, I, I've seen her a bunch of times. Uh-huh. It's just like a funny... You've been seeing Sarah Jessica Parker? Yeah, I've been seeing Sarah Jessica Parker. news on the podcast? Yeah. But, like, as I'm covered in, like, paint and grease and dirt. And, and seaweed and salt air. Yeah. And she's, like, tottering down this cobblestone in super high heels. These would be hard stones to walk on in heels. Yeah. We're going to meet Elena in here. In the museum? Yeah, in the lobby here. Roma is showing at that theater. What is Roma? Yeah, I saw it. How is it? It's good. (sighs) Here we are in the museum. How's it going? Hello. Um, It's free to look around the gallery spaces here. If you're interested in going out on a tall ship waiver tree, that would be five dollars each. Great. We're just meeting Elena out here. Oh. Yeah. Hey, gang. How's it going? Give you a double, double hug. Oh. Yeah. Connor. Hello. Hi there. There's Elena Hi there. and Pat. Hi there. Nice to meet you. How are you guys doing? Great. Good. We're in the middle of our 12-hour podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What all have you done so far? We start at the Mandarin Hotel by Central Park. Okay. On the 35th floor, overlooking the park. And then we found our way down to uh, the, is it Bridgeport Center? What's the name of that place? Whatever, like, the big mall is. It's a big mall with a bunch of birds inside it. Over there. Okay. Mall full of birds. Sure, sure, sure. And uh, just hung out. And walked walked over to here. How are you? How are your days going? It's good. Cold. Your last days, Pat. My last days. Yeah, so a a week from tomorrow, or yesterday... Yeah. Pat oversees Ambrose, uh-huh. and it was just announced that Pat's leaving. Where are you going? So I'm going to be working for the Museum of the American Revolution. Hey, 12 Heads, JD here. This is the part of the podcast where we lost a bunch of the audio. Um, Connor and I go with Elena and Pat onto the South Street Seaport ships, and they show us around. And when we come back, there's still a little audio issue, but then it gets fixed. But that's what you missed. All right, and we're back. Oh, God. So the, so the same person who was throwing the DVDs um, in the ocean. Did uh, still help out around here? No. Okay. Um, though we miss her so. She is incredibly darling. Um, so one of, the things, one of the other things that she did was, um, so there was one day I came down. Um, I often come down just because I don't like working at in the office. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, we were talking, we were, we were painting, painting yeah, yeah, we were painting the hull um, with just like a really silly long, um, it had like a couple extensions to it, so it was just like a really goofy long, you kind of like dip it in paint and then you just kind of roll up the side of the hull and then you have to try and kind of maneuver it back over um, to get more paint. And so uh, Pat was... Um, preoccupied as we were painting um, and this individual comes up and starts waving this um, green, green, green floppy thing floppy 
uh, plastic, maybe silicone something in Pat's face um, that has like holes in it. And she goes, smell it. It smells like green apples. And Pat's hands are busy and not expecting anything. He turns around and smells it, puts it very close to his face and smells it and goes, what is that? Um, And this individual says, oh, I found it. And we said, and in a, in a very nice way, but very stern, just like, where, like, where did you find like, it? Yeah, where did you find she it? She said, uh, oh, behind the toilet. And we're like, why, what? What toilet? What are you talking about? What the fuck is that? Um, so it turns out she found it behind the toilet, the public restroom at the end of the pier. So she somehow looked behind the toilet, found this green floppy thing, picked it up, she smelled she, it. She thought it was a toy, by the way. Yeah. From behind Wasn't the toilet. Cake? A urinal cake? So, it, yes, but but only being utilized as some kind of odor deodor like deodorizer. Right, right. Um, behind this toilet in a public in a New York City public restroom, mm-hmm. and then decided to wave it in Pat's face. <laughs> and so uh, immediately, as Pat finds this out, he goes. Throw it away. Throw it away right now. She goes, No, I like it smells like green apples. Smell it and continues to ask him to smell it. Um, and so she, uh, Pat, just so stern, like, you, you just throw it away. Just throw it away. Um, I'm be- bent in half, dying, trying not to drop this like uh, paint roller extension in the water in the East right. River. Um, and so she's essentially just has it and keeps popping <laughs> it around, um, this like silicone, whatever it is, probably covered in disgusting awfulness, right. um, and just, is not throwing it away. No matter what, is not throwing it away. Right. Um, so what ends up happening is she stows it with her stuff. Yeah, she puts it with her stuff, and then she realizes that the scent of it is just too strong for her. So she like takes it like throws it down the steps. No, she was going to give it to somebody. Well, she was going to give it to Julia. So Julia is the other individual who works here. Um, who, So just like as a gift, she was going to gift this yeah. urinal whatever cake yeah. deodorizer fucking gross thing that she picked up with her goddamn bare hands. And so she started with her stuff, decided it was too smelly, threw it down the stairs. It was just like here. Well, like, I don't know if there was a tour or anything that came through. She picked it up, put it in a trash can, and I told her that she needs to put it out on the trash can on the pier before it stinks up the whole ship. So she continued to just, like, grab it and hold it and, you know, flop it around. And, and eventually she, she put it out on the trash can on the pier, like I had told her. And she felt bad she wouldn't put it back. Went to put it back in the bathroom? In the bathroom, yeah. And right. I told her, I'm like, and I'm like, I'm like, New York City, I'm sure, can afford... Many, many of those things I'm oh. sure they could do with one being in a trash can. Yeah. Um, but the, um, but the what, a, but what an adventure. The, the the other the other the other funny part about it was is that uh, you know one of our, you know one of my one of my colleagues was was coming off off our uh, barge our work barge, and um, and she sees she sees this said individual coming out of the uh, out of the, the the ladies room. Uh, just like proudly waving this thing around, and was going to text me and warn me that she was going back. <laughs> just like heads up, oh, something incoming. incoming. Yeah. I mean, that story sounds like it sounds like if like a dog made a wish to be a person. <laughs> that would be the kind of thing that they would do. They'd be like, "I found something! I found something! Look! Look!" You're like, "Smells I've, like green apples." I've never heard a better description of that individual in my whole. That life. it's just like it has the power of speech, <laughs> but it is just fundamentally like. I found something. Look, look, are you excited? Are you excited? 
that is um, pretty much this individual. And like as delightful as a dog. Yeah, yeah. That is her. Well, we probably continue on with our adventures. Yeah. Is this the way up? Yeah. Yes, yes. Just, just push the door open when you get up there. Thank you for letting us come by, though. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm glad that, Pat, we got you on the podcast. Yeah. Hey. good on one. Well, you're six hours. Deep. Isn't that a beautiful... Look at that dusk. Look at that dusk. You can't tell it's not beautiful. Oh, she's sweet. Look at that moon. Hubba, hubba. It looks painted. It's also just amazing that it's night everywhere except right there. You know? But you know what I mean, Connor? Pat lives on that boat. Yeah. Just look at, like, what, couldn't you make the case that that's, like, a dream living situation in New York? Absolutely. Well, I mean, I wouldn't, I mean, my thing is that it's, it's not, it's not, it's certainly not terrible. Um, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, you know, you have to understand that you're going to be with a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of, you know, conveniences, but, you know, it is very, very cool to, like, have all this as, like, your, your yeah, it's another, effectively it's, your view from your porch. Right. It's another way of life. Yeah, totally. It's cool. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. Well, good luck. Thank right, you. The remaining hours, I'll give you back this. Thank you, guys. Um, <clears throat> it's going to get something to do. You know thing? Yeah. We're not all crazy here, just some people. Yeah, well, you're leaving, so it all works out. <laughs> and come by and volunteer at the South Street Seaport. <laughs> Email Elena. You want to know a funny thing, Connor? Yeah. So some of these lights, not all, they're not really up anymore. Uh huh. Um, Jersey Dave put them up really? for a commercial shoot that was using the which lights, like the like string, string lights. lights. Yeah. And they stayed. Yeah. Well, that ain't that something. <sighs> All right. When do you guys finish? Are you done for the day? Yeah, we're yeah. done. You did it. Yeah. All right, Mr. J.D. we will see you next time. I'll see you on Saturday. You nice later. to meet you. I'll see, see you around. You. See you later. Uh, thank you, Elena. Yeah, sure. Where, where are y'all going next? I think we're headed up towards Central Park. Yeah. Okay, okay. Got some friends up that direction we're going to meet up with. Cool. We literally just, like, wander around and talk with people. That's sort of the vibe. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Well, I hope we were somewhat... It's very fun. Fun, educational. Yeah, I like that we got a, little, uh, a short New York history podcast in the middle there. Yeah. We have different types of podcasts embedded inside our podcast. See, and that's the barge right there. And in between it is the tugboat. Oh. Side of the barge is the, the ship that does the sail training program, uh-huh. which goes out sailing um, a ton during the like summer months. Yeah. Fun fact about that, actually. So that ship, when it first came to the museum, uh, did it was uh, partnered with a re, like rehabilitation program. So people that were in this rehabilitation program would go out sailing for a couple weeks at a time and like learn about leadership and problem solving and things like that as like part of this program before we started doing like ed programs and sailing. Right. And stuff. That's cool. Yeah. Oh. Okay, I gotta go this way. All, All right. right. We're gonna have to say bye, Elena. Nice see you. I'll see you this weekend. Where to now? 
Should we go up to FAO? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. That's a fun full circle. Yeah. I like that this, ep- this episode is a lots of different places. Yeah. I saw you lose energy. Me? You had a dip. In there? Just in general in the past like hour or so. Um, As lunch, quote unquote, hits us. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Um, and your, your coat is fully on now? Yeah. It's cozy and warm. We're How are you feeling? Now. You doing all right? Yeah, I think I'm doing all right. This bag is heavy. Yeah. Um, um, but I like that we're out and about. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I, I don't want to give the impression that I don't feel the cold. I do feel the cold, and sometimes it's... <laughs> I, can I... Yeah. As you said that, it just made me think of, um, you know, there's so many people... Okay, now there's a skate video. We're... <laughs> There is so many people recording things out today. Yeah. Is this the, isn't this like the fourth thing that we've walked by? Yeah. What were you gonna say before? Um, oh. I now listen to everything we say and imagine how it might be something we look back at, like in the same way that when we are like, oh, uh, you know, Trump is this and that, and then he like becomes president. It's like I think hear everything we say. And I'm like, oh, how is this going to be twisted upon us by the future? Uh-huh. So just now when you're like, I don't mean to say that, like, I don't feel the cold. I'm like, oh, no, Connor's going to freeze to death in the next year or like something's going to happen. Yeah. That's, that's going to come into play. Um, oh, man, it is so cold. What do those numbers mean on the side of that? Building? I have no idea. I tried to figure it out. We're at the Starbucks near Four, the Southwest Seaport. Five, there, six, a- seven. A Eight, light up display nine, on the side of this building ten, where the numbers 11, light up. 12, 13, 14. Okay, so 15, you're following this. 16, it's 17, counting the one second at a time. What time is it right certain, now? I don't know. Is it 456? <laughs> it's 529. Nope, I got nothing. Yeah, we couldn't crack it. Um. No, it's not that I don't feel the cold. I do. I, I think it bother. It, it takes longer for it to bother me. Uh, and like generally speaking, like right now, like now that I'm like bundled up in my coat, yeah, I'm still very aware that it's cold out. Right. But this this feels better to me than when. When it's really hot and I have the relief of air conditioning yeah. cooling me down, right now this feels better to me than that feeling. Right. Even even the ideal version of like, oh, I'm so hot. Oh, here comes the air conditioning. Ooh, it feels good. Like, this this is uh, a preferable sensation what I'm feeling right now. That's interesting. I've tr- I've changed on that over the years. I used to be with you, and now I'm not. Oh, are these trees? Free Christmas trees. Christmas trees thrown out. Always bums me out when I see the Christmas trees dead oh, on the sidewalk. Christmas tree, oh Christmas tree. Oh, Although to be Christmas honest, you know, tree, oh, Christmas tree. Speaking oh, Christmas as someone tree. who has had the same artificial Christmas tree for close to two decades now, uh, I'm really not a purist at all about chopping down an actual tree and using it as a Christmas tree. Right. And 
there was a part of me that feels like, oh, that was a waste of a tree to just have it up for a couple right. of weeks and then you dump it out. Could just let it live where it was, you know? Right. Wow. I love you, bro. Yes, I do. What? Yes, what's wrong with love? I don't know if you heard what was just said at the end of that. I can't repeat it on this podcast. Um, the first question, the first question was, what's wrong, what's wrong with loving people? Which I think is a fair and valid question. Yeah. The follow-up remark, which I think you might be able to hear if you isolate the sound and turn it away. <laughs> Did you hear JD? Yes. <laughs> was it a question now? No. It was just a just statement. Just a follow-up statement that a video I think, exists. <laughs> I think is a milestone for this podcast, certainly. But I'd like to point out that it, it, we're not eavesdropping on a private conversation. It was a man screaming at the top of his lungs to seemingly no one. Yeah, there was no one there. But, uh, I, and I should also point out, I didn't perceive any explicit, it didn't, it wasn't someone that seemed explicitly seem crazy. like they were going through mental health issues. It seemed someone that was yeah. fully of their faculties. And yet, the things he was yelling seemed to imply a tumultuous life. Yeah, like had nice clothes on. Like hip, cool clothes. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Anyways. That's Anyways. a fun little slice of New York life. Anyways, 12 hours. We should do an episode where we get haircuts. I got a haircut yesterday, so I don't Too need... Too late. And now uh, we just walked past a place where I occasionally go audition for things. This is not where you audition for the deuce or whatever you talked about last time. No. Um, what do we take to get up there? Um, Neither of these. I think four or five, right? Yeah, let's take the four or five. So that's further. Yeah, walk a little bit over. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um. All right, Lisa. I. <laughs> something about that felt. Did you just see yeah. that? It felt like what? It felt like uh, the fake lines from a movie. Yeah. Hi, Lisa. Hey, John. Hey, Lisa. Bright sunny day. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it felt like. Um. Uh, this is part of the podcast where Connor and I just listen to what other people are saying and comment on well, it. Also, these are among the parts of New York City that would be the most easy to replicate in a soundstage, you know? Yes. Like, really tight walls. Look like you'd be able to put up some fake scaffolding and some fake signage and yeah. film. Like, 
the eyes wide shut version of New York City. I was about to bring that up. Yeah. Just ambient New York. I know you're getting a lot of good New York City sounds. A lot of good New York City sounds. You're listening to the sounds of the city on 12 Hour Day. It's Katie and Connor. Coming up, Schubert's. But now, more 12 Hour Day. Dun, dun, dun. Sorry. It's also already nighttime. Yeah, got dark quick. Got dark while we were on the boat. Which is sort of disorienting. Yeah. Makes it feel like a magic boat. I do really like being on those boats. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, I don't think I could do it that often. Like, when I'm on a boat like that, I'm good for a while. You know what I mean? Like, you get a little seasick? Not seasick. I just mean, like, the things that I feel like I... The things I feel like I get out of going to visit a boat like that. Like The box is easily checked. Yeah, because it'd be different if it was something like... I mean, you're going there with a sense of purpose. You have a thing you're working on. Right. Um... Likewise, if you did a project where we like took a boat and went out, lived, either like lived on it or went out in the water or something like that, right? I would have a different sense of. Can we, can we sit down for just two seconds? Yeah, yeah. Where at? So I need to uh, just anywhere on one of these ledges or something. Like here or? Yeah, sure. I just need to. Uh, Turn sure. off this one mic. Right now we are inside the warm confines. Of okay. Um, test, 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 JD. This new setup works pretty well. I'm not as stressed out. This is so wild. I got this power supply thing, and it still hasn't lost any of its power. That's it's great. It's still at full. That's great. going to check the Twitter and see if anybody is saying anything to us. Why, did you tweet anything? Yeah. What'd you say? They tweeted a picture of us. Oh. Um, that's something I was going to say we should do today. Is... Can you let... Uh, Tired Paul says, can you let JD know that I just watched his favorite YouTube video? Oh, great. Um, that's good. Um, I take it he's referring to New Ladder? I guess so. Or the one that I... Uh, Told them all to. This is the thing we sort of describe. And then 
stopped. Connor's tweeting a photo of the uh, pipe from earlier when we were with his sister. I like that your sister was on the podcast. Yeah. It's funny because I feel like she holds herself like she's your older sister. Yeah. What are people saying? Not much. Change things up a bit and release it tomorrow. Ugh. Okay. Sure. Whoever said that, I'll do it for them. It was Anna Maria. Oh, never mind. Sorry, Anna Maria. <laughs> um. Any suggestions or questions? Ooh. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna give him a bandersnatch option. Huh. Uh, we're going to Rockefeller Center, right? Yeah, yeah. We're about halfway through right now, I think. What are the what are the Bandersnatch options? Um, go to the new FAO or post pick a traffic cone. <laughs> you know they're going to choose traffic cone. We'll see. How could you deny the power of the traffic cone? Ugh, wait. It stinks. What? It's 6 o'clock, which means the subway is going to be a mess. Look at the sea of people. Fish swimming into the currents of the subway system. Um, I like banner snatching. I think it's a fun trend, you know? Yeah. I didn't watch it. It's a great word for... It's a Lewis Carroll word. It's a great word for choosing an adventure. Yeah. All right, let's walk over the train. Hold on. I want to see. We've got to wait for our Bandersnatch instruction. Connor, you're engaging more with the online world than you are with us while we're recording our podcast. That's not true. I just talked to you for hours. No, that's not true. I spent a few you, seconds. You, Connor, you don't realize you've only been tweeting. Uh, someone says it's the anniversary of The Sopranos today. Any thoughts on the show? Favorite episode, least and most favorite character? Well, I've already mentioned... Uh, some, here's what I'll say. For what? some reason, yeah, I feel like we've talked about The Sopranos a lot on this podcast. Really? I yeah. don't remember ever talking about it. I think we've talked for... about it a lot. Um, my favorite episode of The Sopranos is uh, All Fly Away, the series that David Chase did before The Sopranos. My favorite episode of The Sopranos is just the scene where the fish talks. Sixty percent go to the new FAO. 40% post pick of traffic cone with 15 votes. I'm going to get it up to let's let's wait until we have 25 votes and then we take our uh, 
Is that good? Okay, let's sit down then. Let's go sit over here. I'm gonna sit on the oh. sit on this little ledge. Oh. Oh. Ooh, it's warm. It's very warm over here. We're sitting over here where there's some weird heat. I got tired all of a sudden. You really did? Yeah, I just felt myself get tired. I'll get another wind, but oh boy. Um, John Mullaney, this is Phipps. Right. Says, I'm about to go to a pepperoni zone writing meeting. Either of you want to come up with a sketch I can pitch and pretend was my idea? Um, sure. Um. Why don't we pitch him the green apples thing? It smells like green apples. Yeah, sure. It's, it's, uh. Someone finds the thing that smells like green apples. No, it's someone that's like, uh, they're going over to their, uh, their father-in-law's birthday party and everyone's gotten them a gift. And so they have to go into a public restroom and they got to figure out what to get their father-in-law. Uh, everybody brought a gift. Person has to go into... No, person gets uh grab something grabs from public restroom it's a urinal cake and they're trying to convince it says it smells like green apples yeah this is a great sketch this is a really <laughs> a really good sketch take so a father-in-law's birthday party everybody brought a gift person grabs something from public restroom says it smells like green apples yeah that's good tries Convince. Do you want to um, improv the sketch that scene out a couple times just so we can see what the beats are? Um, I think we got it. Oh, okay. Okay, so let me just see if we got the votes for the Bandersnatch. 25 votes exactly. And we were at 52% go to the new FAO, 48% post pick of Traffic Cone. If Traffic Cone won, what would we do? Just we sit here? <laughs> I would have kept offering them FAO until we got right. it. Um, but now that you're not going to get that pick of the Traffic Cone, I am going to take a picture of it, but I will not post it. Or you should, can you blur out the Traffic Cone? Yeah. I will. We're gonna, I'm going to post a picture... With the this traffic, is, this is everyone's favorite out. part of the podcast where we describe things on social media we did weeks ago. Oops. What color should I blur it out with? Uh, blue. Blue. See, now I feel like I'm involved. It looks just upsetting. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, there we go.
counters very meticulously. All right. So I have the picture of the traffic cone on my... Snatchers. That's what we call our fans now. Our interactive fans. Oh, the 26th vote tied it up to 50, but it was too late. We do. We always do it at 25 votes. Yeah, we all. Everyone knows. Historically, we've always done it at 25 votes. Oh, traffic got started. Uh, too late. Vandernapsters. Vandernapster. We cut off the vote at 25. You are never to see I'm going to crop in Oh man, traffic cone is really traffic pulled ahead. It's now at fifty-seven percent. This, I mean, this is why you gotta vote. <laughs> <laughs> this is a real Trump situation, huh? <laughs> um, Trump truly is the orange traffic cone of presidents. All right, let's go. Are you ready to go to FAO? Do you think the warm air has helped your? Um, yeah. Oh wait, here's Anna Marie. What is something you feel guilty about? Was there a longer existing place in NYC that you miss? What qualities make for a great romantic partner for you? Who is someone who let you down? When was the last time you had a good sleep? Thoughts on fireplaces? I love fireplaces. Um, I think fireplaces are fine. I like fireplaces. Putting fires in them feels like you're tempting. I love making a fire. Interesting. I... If we have me in the Soho area and want cookies, we can stop on by in the next hour, says Jason Howard. But we're not going to be in the Soho area. We're heading right no, up. unfortunately. And I don't need to be eating any cookies. I have a sugar addiction. Yeah? For real. Now, when you say for real, like as a doctor said... What's that? Sorry. The doctor said this, or are you just aware of it? No, I just find myself drawn towards buying candy and cookies for myself mm-hmm. as a reward for making it through the day. And I, if I don't, I like think about it. Mm-hmm. And I've recently realized that it's like I'm drawn towards it. I love sugar stuff. 
Longtime listener, first time tweeter. When did you first move to New York or after uni for JD? What was that process like? What was your first year like there? Any tips? Did you feel secure asking for a friend? Um, moving to New York, you know, because I moved here for college, so they're talking about after. Yeah. You know, at NYU, you sort of get your first apartment while you're in school usually. Mm. So that process was sort of... I, I, my instinct is you're never going to find the perfect apartment. You're just not. So you've got to find something that you can afford and that you're okay with everything that's going... Like, there's always going to be, like, one or two things that aren't perfect, but if you're okay with them, then go for it. Because there's a lot of bad apartments. Uh-huh. So if you find one that you're like, I would be okay with this, and it fits for you, I say go for it. And then you can always move if you need to. That's good advice. How about you? Um, I... I mean, I've always... I think New York is a place where once you live here, you feel safe. But when you move here, it's so big, and it feels overpowering. And as such... You feel like things are not safe, mm-hmm. but then the more you get to know the city, you're like, oh, every it's entirely safe. So I think it's just like um, explore the city as much as you can, like walk down blocks that you're not used to, and things like that. Obviously, like in context that you feel are safe and you don't feel are imminently. What's that? Is that me? No, it's Phil. It's Phil. What about it? Just that that's the vulture headline in the pictures of our buddy Phil. Yeah, and of our buddy and, uh, Brandon Anthony, Gardner. And Anthony? And Anthony Tammany. And, and Carl Ryan Carls. Ryan Carls. Who said that? Sarah Grace? Yeah. All right. All right. All right. That all works out. It all works out. Um... Thirty-five votes, fifty-four to forty-six. It's just one of those things where it's like, I. What did I say? You said people are going to post for that thing. Well, I. It's a good thing I called the vote when I did. I'm a regular uh, people who thought Trump was going to win. Talk about it's uh, JD and Motto five thirty-eight over here. Yeah. Right. Um. Are your favorite diners in New York City? I'm moving to a place that snows. Any advice? Coolest and worst celebrity you've ever met? Um, I'm not going to do worst celebrity. Coolest celebrity. I know the worst celebrity you've met. Clock the time. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> You're such a... Clock the... It's, uh, I mean, here's the thing. 5.54. <laughs> you, you could have even done that performance better, but you really hit it hard, huh? <laughs> well, because I figured I'd err on the side of you bleeping me. God, you, you dummy. <laughs> <laughs> you just said their name. Uh, what was the time? Yeah. 5.54? Yeah, and the thing is... Stop doing this. Stop. <laughs> Connor. It just is a couple of leaps. I know, but now I'm going to be paranoid. No, I'm not going to... I'm always drawing your attention to it. I like how thoughtful it makes it, you look when you're walking along writing in that little notepad. It does. It makes it seem like I'm interviewing you. 
All right, we're going through. We're gonna get on a train. <laughs> Maybe a, we will. Such a jerk. I like when you call me a dummy. I don't think we went on this train. No. Let's walk down this way. Yeah, it's two packs. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, I love that noise. Ooh. Getting all the sounds in New York City. That's my favorite noise. Oh boy. Um so Yeah, I mean when I moved to New York City. I'll tell you the thing that scares me a little bit about moving to... The, when I think back to moving to New York City, I mean, when I moved here... I feel like here, there's not a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I moved here, I was married, so I wasn't doing it entirely on my own. And when I... Uh, I got a job pretty quick and found an apartment in a neighborhood that felt right. fine to me. It was like close enough to the train and all that stuff. And I was in a regular routine pretty quickly. Right. The thing that the thing that got me was there was a period a few years later where I felt like the scary part wasn't moving to New York. The scary part was when I felt like I couldn't get out of New York if I wanted to. Right. That it was going to be, like, too expensive to move. So you feel, like, trapped in a position of, like, just barely making even, but not really having the money to be able to leave. Well, that's why I think one of my big New York tips is, like, don't, don't overspend on rent. Because you can get trapped pretty easily and your money starts disappearing. But it's hard. I mean, what's overspending? I mean, like... Right. It's... But, I mean, just know that New York in itself is expensive. So... Yeah. Don't put yourself in a position where you're not going to be able to afford to live. Yeah. And experience it. Let me see if there's any other questions. Boy, a bunch. Anything you find yourself returning to recently that brings you joy or happiness? Returning to. Man, I don't know. I can't really think of anything. Nothing old that I've returned to. Every now and then I watch that Dancing in the Street video again. Right. The one where they take the music away. Did we watch that last episode? Yeah. It just always makes me laugh. <coughs> yeah. recently went down a rabbit hole of like looking at like the old viral videos mm -hmm. from like right when 
the internet was a thing. Because there was this, like, different... It was different than it was now. Yeah. Obviously, there's, like, Star Wars and things like that. But there was also these other videos that are just, like... Oh, everyone recognized them. Like, there's this one video of, like, a guy trying to ride his bike to jump over a house, and he just crashed into the side of the house. It was just, like... It was just always... It was, like, one of the few videos that existed. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. Remember when troops came out? Yeah. And how that was like a big deal that you could right. release something online. Yeah. Troops was the Star Wars cops parody that somebody made on their own, and it was kind of amazing that it looked all right. Do you remember there was like this like animated dancing elephant that was like really well animated and now it would just be like normal animation but back then it was like whoa right this is so well done we're on the forge right now and uh there are ads on this train it's a reasonably packed train yeah there are ads on this train for TaskRabbit Just like how we're both, we've hit a wall. Yeah. So we're at that point where you start a sentence and you're like, I'll just start a sentence and see if I can finish it. Have I, I, this is probably going to repeat something I've said before, but I keep thinking about it, which is uh, for some, to make a motion capture movie starring two well-known actors who maybe have different acting styles uh, and have them play each other like imagine if you had like Meryl Streep and Paul Giamatti and you uh, right. have them play each other's parts but you do motion capture to make them be the other one right so you're watching Meryl Streep but it's Paul Giamatti's acting 
Oh, interesting. You're watching Paul Giamatti, but it's Meryl Streep's acting, and they're doing their best. In, they're doing their best impressions, but it also, it, like vocally, but it also looks exactly like. That. In a way, they. I mean, it's the other layer that makes it easier to do, but it's another layer more complicated of like Freaky Friday when it's. Yeah, it's a real Freaky Friday because you'd be watching it and you'd have this weird feeling of like. Paul G. Money's really good in that, but it's actually Meryl Streep who's doing the acting. Yeah. And you don't make the... In Freaky Friday, Friday, the the actual material is designed so that what you're enjoying is the disconnect. Whereas in this, it would be that weird sensation of like knowing what you're looking at but not fully trusting it in a weird way. Right. Where are we going? Where is this place? Uh, it's in Rockefeller Center. What's that? What's that, like 49? Mm, yeah. 14. So probably at 40 seconds we'll change to a six. Right. Train. Oh boy. The next stop is Grand Central, 42nd Street. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Boy, there's that wall. I haven't felt one of those in a while. We're at the halfway point. We're a little past it. Only slightly. Uh, we start recording at like 11.45? No, I think we started recording at noon. Really? There was a point where oh, it was yeah. 11.56 and I was like, we should start. Right. So you're watching a 7? I should, my watch is 6.05. Which one's your boxing? 6.05. For some reason I thought it was 7 o'clock. No. Well, the next six hours will go fast. Oh boy. It's going to fly by. I haven't felt this hitting the wall thing doing these podcasts in a while. It's our well, past couple episodes. we've been too, and it's cold, and it's, you know... Our past few episodes have been just, like, sitting in the apartment. Yeah. I hit more of a wall in the last one, because well, the last one we went into it so tired already. Right. It's easier to hit a wall sitting down. And during the midday and overnight hours, while we're working, subway service may be delayed or interrupted to plan ahead. Anyways, these are the sounds of the, this is the, what the subway sounds like. This is the sound of the subway sounds. I've been going through all of these Mickey Mouse cartoons. Right. The, you know, part of my, what I'm trying to do is, like, pick apart what I think is funny about these, what's interesting, what's weird, things that are worth commenting on or, or making jokes about or something. But I'm also aware that, like, there are certain ones coming up at various points where I'm like, uh-oh, how am I going to deal with this? And I think there are certain ones that, like, where the balance of the balancing act of just let him do it some guys tweeting them all it's fine or whatever like that might be coming up against potentially like we don't want this advertised right uh, because there are things from a like that weird like blackface bit 
yeah, yeah, figured it out. Yeah. Like, uh, and the one, and there are a couple that I've had to do that I've just coincidentally like I, did, I already did today's in the middle of the night because right. I wanted to not have to worry about it today. And today's was one called Mickey's Melodrama, and it's literally like Mickey and Minnie and Horace Horse Collar and Beverly Cow putting on a production of Uncle Tom's Cabin. And like from 30 seconds in, there's stuff that's like, right. I don't want to post images on my timeline of like, here's a screenshot of this because I don't want to, I yeah. don't want to spread, so I, but, I, but I'm okay as long as I'm warning people posting clips. I'm like, if you watch this clip, there's things in yeah. here that are like, potentially like offensive but it's also like I don't want to I also think these are if you're interested these are things that are important not to shy away from because this is and so I was doing a little bit of research because I'm not really familiar I never read that that was not something I read in school right it's mostly something that I'm familiar with from references to it right and and it's another one of those things where I'm like most of the references have to do with like stereotypes yeah that have come from it that don't uh, that make it like a problematic work or whatever so that as I'm doing research for it I didn't realize A how popular it was that in the 19th century the only book more popular than that in America was the Bible oh, I didn't know that that it was the most and I don't mean to be weird but you have like a something oh Classic. something oh thank you I don't know I don't how know that flew on to me I don't know <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, no uh, there's a piece of tape attached to my collar. Oh, that's funny. It's a weird spot. Thank you. I never would. I wouldn't have noticed it for I a figured. month. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, it's like the only book. Okay, we should switch over to the yeah. six here. Um, the the only book more popular in America in the 19th century was that, and apparently, wow. it was uh, credited. It was credited with um, changing attitude, affecting attitudes towards right. slavery. It was an anti-slavery novel, right? And that there's a story which they—I'm just getting this off the Wikipedia page. There's a story that it helped sort of like uh, um, sort of solidify the attitudes that led to the 1852 that it led to the Civil War. That it was like a big cultural influence and there's a story that some people say sounds like it was made up of Abraham Lincoln meeting Harry Beecher Stowe and being like so this is the woman who wrote the book that started the Civil War uh, and there's some people saying there's no way that he read this by this point and that he had done you know there was, right. uh, but it's interesting that you have a book that comes out and the at least the what I've read and I, I haven't read a lot but like indicates that it was like this social good like it had this huge cultural impact and then 150 plus years go by and the main thing that I would have associated with it is that if you do a, if you see someone doing a production of it in uh in a cartoon, you're like, oh, that's a fan- that's an offensive thing. Like, I would have, if you well, asked me... My understanding that it's, I mean, like all things in history, in retrospect, it's easy to be like black and white, but I think it's probably nuanced in a way that's... Yeah. 
Um, well, but also apparently, apparently, there were uh, someone who there's a person who was like tweeting. Uh, there's like a scholar who was like tweeting various annotations on some of the things that. Uh, right. He was, he was basically saying that the main stereotype that is associated yeah. with that book actually doesn't come from that book or the impact of that book. It comes from people who were doing parodies of the book later on. Right. Who then infused negative things into it that aren't part of the actual right. uh, uh, original work itself. It's just interesting the way like that a cultural thing like that yeah. gathers so many different meanings over time that the whatever the original impact of it was, that's... I mean, to a certain extent, like you can't imagine a scenario in which someone reads that book today and is like, oh my god, this has changed the way I feel, because we've already moved, the needle's already moved so far past the arguments that would have been happening at the time that it's sort of like if you were uh, if you had written uh, like to just pick a, a, a somewhat benign thing, like if someone wrote a novel in the 40s, it was about how there should be seatbelts in cars. Right. And if you read it now, it's like, well, of course there should be seatbelts in cars. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I don't know well enough either of the things. Yeah. I mean, I know the modern reference to that, what, what the implication is, but I don't know the source material enough. Yeah. It's just interesting to read about the way that something can have an impact that, like, whenever I've seen that you know because that's always one of those like public domain works that you just yeah. see anyone can publish it and I've always naturally assumed that it was like oh that's like a Gone with the Wind type thing where it's like right. an archaic southern whatever you know it's also interesting how much like when I was what's this one 51st let's do it yeah how when I was a kid, um, how much stuff I learned from cartoons. Right. From old cartoons. Yeah. And, like, I remember, I remember getting into an argument with a teacher in uh, <clears throat> one of my grade school classes when we were studying about the seven cities of, of gold. Right. And I had read an Uncle Scrooge comic where they discovered the seven cities of Cibola. Right. And I said, oh, they're actually called this. They're not just called the seven cities of gold. They're called the, the actual name is the seven cities of Cibola. And my teacher was like, no, they're not. They're called the seven cities of gold. And obviously this, now I'm thinking back, I don't know, I don't remember who this teacher was, but it's just someone who probably younger than I am now probably and they're like all I know is what's in the book right Uh, and they were like they were like what do you what do you where did you hear that and I explained uh, from an Uncle Scrooge cartoon yeah a comic yeah yeah and she and then I got made fun of by this teacher for being like that's a stupid place to learn things from which in their defense yeah you know, if you're going to place a bet, yeah, it would be that an Uncle Scrooge comic might not necessarily... If you don't know those comics... Right. That's not a crazy assumption to make, though you don't have to make any assumption. Right. Well, and also, in my defense, in the, my defense of 
childhood me, um, I was explaining that, like, no, this is a comic book from the 1950s, and the guy who writes them does all this real research on right. actual historical things. Uh, and I remember feeling so, like, dismissed and so, like... Um, right. And then we had library break that day, and I went and asked the head librarian if I could find... I was, like, looking to see, can I find it in a regular book? Right. And I brought it up to the librarian, and the librarian knew what I was talking about. The librarian was right. like, oh, yeah, Seven Seas of Cibola. And I was like, yes, tell my teacher that. I was <laughs> like... Right. It is so interesting to think back now to when you're a kid and everyone's an authority figure. Right. And for speaking like from the from the vantage point of middle age, like I still feel like everybody's an authority figure. I haven't lost that feeling, you know what I mean? Right. And it's weird for me to think back to how many times I might have been, it's not like I was fighting with teachers constantly, but how many times I might have been, like, going up against someone who was just some person who was, like, 33 and just trying to make it through their day. Yeah, exactly. And hated their job and was like, this kid says this. I'm like, I don't care. Right. And Yeah, I feel like, um, I think... That's what makes teaching such a hard thing. Uh-huh. Is like imagine dragons. That, that was one incident. That was one interaction. Right. And it, it's stuck with you to this day. Mm-hmm. And that person maybe the moment that class period ended was like, ah, oh, fuck. Maybe it was maybe he was right. I was just like being as in a snappy mood. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. But like, if you're a teacher and you like drop form once right that will like stay with someone forever or if you say like to this I remember <laughs> um, um, we had this teacher who we all didn't think was very smart uh-huh. and she was our like English teacher in like seventh grade or whatever and to this day I remember um, the, you know the word like posthumously yeah she kept saying that it's pronounced posthumously. Uh-huh. We kept being like, that's not how it's said. And she was like, posthumously. And it, it was like, to this day, I still remember us being like, that's not how you say it. And yeah. her being like, yes, it is. See, this is how you, you're supposed to say it. Bad. And it, it's like, the amount of times I've said stupid things or made mistakes, like... Yeah. But if you're around kids, they're just going to, like, remember that forever. Well, I remember, I don't remember if I, I'm always paranoid that I've, now we've done so many episodes that I'm just repeating stuff that's been in a past episode. But uh, I remember a formative thing where, you know, in, in my grade school, you... I don't know where we're going, to be frank yeah. with you. Um, can I what? No, I said... I don't know where we're going to be frank with you. Yes. And that phrase is now a... <laughs> um, it's now a cursed phrase. <laughs> um, I, I... In my grade school, you waited... Once you were in sixth grade, the last year of grade school... Yeah. 
that was the year where your homeroom teacher your homeroom teacher your homeroom teacher would be either the art or the music teacher it was like it was like the reward for getting the sixth grade was like you got your homeroom got to be the fun classroom funny where that meant that your homeroom period was where the art supplies were or where the instruments were it was like a right it was a fun place to spend like the beginning and end of the school day I think right and my favorite teacher was this art teacher named uh, Miss Cover. She's like an older lady, and she was really funny. She was always really. You say Mr. Wienerbag? Mrs. Cover, Miss Cover, <laughs> and I, I've broken through my wall onto the punchy side now, clearly. And she was always really encouraging of me doing cartoons. Right. So I wanted to be a cartoonist, and she. It got to be, uh, and Mrs. Mrs. Woody was the uh, music teacher. I remember being so relieved that when it came time to get assigned sixth grade homeroom, that I got Miss Cover. Right. And like a month into sixth grade, Miss Cover's own mother got sick and she had to go take care of her. And we got this other woman who came in as a substitute. And she was like a nightmare. She was like a nightmare from a. Mrs. Wienerbag? Mrs. Wienerbag. She's like a nightmare from a kid's book about a bad teacher. You know, right. she was just like mean in ways that I kind of almost couldn't believe. I, I yeah. And yeah, I, yeah. She immediately started giving me bad grades in art class. Uh, and by bad, I mean like something I was getting like B. And she was explaining to me that cartoons weren't art. That happened and to my best friend Mike growing up. He was a really good cartoonist. And we had to do this thing where you had this like draw like a fucking turkey cornucopia sh- yeah. thing. And he drew his cartoony. And he, she was like, these are cartoons, not art. And she ripped it up. I mean, I honestly think a she person. She ripped it up. I honestly, and I'm not exaggerating, I think at least one full day in a maximum security prison for a teacher who does that. For a teacher. Who rips up a child's artwork? An art teacher out of who, an art teacher at that. An art teacher who rips up a child's artwork in class out of spite. I don't think a long sentence, but I think one night in a maximum security prison, <laughs> mandatory. Wait, like, no, wait. I, but <laughs> the maximum security. <laughs> I want them in there with killers. <laughs> like, I want usually them, that's reserved for like. The idea is that you're securing the, the staff and society no, from them. No, it's disincentivizing that behavior. Sure. It's like, don't rip up your students' stuff. Why not? Because you will have to spend one night in a maximum security prison. Oh, that's a good reason. Like, I've never heard it better. It's Is it out of proportion? But yes, then, but that's see, the then, point. Then you're going to get you're gonna get the slippery slope people. Sure. They'll be going like, I'll well, deal with what, that later. What if a teacher actually slips and breaks their... Oh, an actual slippery slope? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They actually slip on a slope and break a student's artwork accidentally, but then the parent is so mad that they're like, she's just on purpose, and then, you know. You're right, it's a literal slippery slope. From now on, 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 I want anyone who ever uses a slippery slope comparison to incorporate an actual slippery slope. A literal slippery slope, yeah. Um, But anyway, so she started giving me B's in art class. She started, you couldn't talk in homeroom anymore, and the whole point of homeroom was when you're like, 
It was right. a fun time, but she didn't want the noise. Right. So we had quiet homeroom. And meanwhile, the music homeroom, like, I had to go deliver a message one time. And you went in there, it was just like a dream. They were just having so much fun. Everyone was like playing instruments and singing and they're just goofing around. And so anyway, I had this experience, though. Of, I was in this group that you had to audition for called the Safety Kids. And it was a... Bum, 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 The Safety Kids was like a, a, a part of Nancy Reagan's Just Say No 80s initiative. It was basically like you would tour around to... Um, You'd go to all the schools and perform this 30-minute show where you did oh. songs about... So like, you, like, you could dance if you wanted to. Yeah, of course you could. Or you could leave your friends behind. behind. Yeah. And, and if your friends don't dance, well, if they don't dance, well, they're no friends of mine. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's take it in. We're at FAO Schwartz right now. Let's okay, so five years ago... Five years ago... We walked through FAO Schwartz. They said it couldn't be done, but we did it. Then, three years later, we walked outside of the empty ruins... Of uh, FAO Shorts that had closed and now it is opened again. Yeah, now a different location. In. It's in Rockefeller Center. I really it's can't right stay out here. It's, it's much right, hold on, hold on. Set the scene. Don't hold It's right where the. You can't see it now and you couldn't see it even if you were here with us because it's gone. We're right where the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree just was. Sure. And So we don't need to be here to be painting the pictures or painting a picture of things that aren't here right now. Yeah, but you can you hear those flags? Those are the flags blowing in the wind. Yeah, that's the... You can, right you the, can hear the Mexican flag. Can we go take flag. just a quick peek at the ice rink? Sure. I'm so cold. I know, but we'll be warm in a second. I feel myself getting sick. Yeah, but you'll feel yourself getting better in a minute. All right, we're going to just peek at the ice skaters. Ice rink, another theme of our episode. Yeah. Okay, so the ice skaters are out in full force. I'd say there's, what, 15 or 20 of them? Um... Getting in a clockwise direction. Oh, that girl just fell. Her dad is helping her up. And none of them are s- s- skating to the music, although there is one skater in the middle in the coned off section doing tricks. She seems better than all the rest. Uh, oh, we're walking away from the ice skating rink now. Um, so, anyway, I was in this thing called the Safety Kids. And basically, the big advantage of it was that you. Uh, you got to hold on let's get a picture of the two of us you're doing this I'm, I'm no, so I'm cold really not. I'm, really I'm not. so uncomfortably cold can you see can you read the thing that says out here shorts yeah alright um so now we're gonna go inside is there um, anything else you want to do outside first different vibe yeah the song is different is this an original song at least just radio yeah oh and there's a I thought it was a gravestone I was like okay things are there's a movie tie-in for the kid who would be king (laughs) you don't need to take a photo what Okay, this is weird. So look at this box for the cake pop maker. So look, okay. Yeah? Stop bandersnatching. What are you bandersnatching? I don't know. I, I, 
Okay, then don't come up with it before you disappear. Okay. <laughs> this is why this is the social media problem. Connor, Connor opened up sort of pole that he didn't know what it was for. He just felt the urge. This photo's not even interesting. <laughs> okay. Good tweet. Good use of everyone's. Use the tie-in with the kid who would be king. So, look yeah. at the bottom box. Bottom box is Evo Schwartz okay. chocolate making set. Look at this box. Gummy maker set. Now, what's different about this box that's odd? Uh, there's just a woman on it. But there's something even more odd that I think is a strange choice they made in this one. Um, well, the first one is just one person. It's just a woman, young woman, a girl. Second one is a mom and her son. And this one... See her faces? Yeah, they have flour all over she her face. She has flour in her face. Because well, it's cake pop. Gummy maker doesn't have that. Chocolate maker doesn't have that. They're not going to put fudge all over her face. <laughs> they just have chocolate over her face. And why'd they be... Why, this poor girl, for the photo shoot, they're like, you know what? I know we didn't do this for any other kids that were in here before you. Yeah. Well, we're I wasn't sure at first. I face. thought it might have been that the paint had worn away or something. No, this the, is the like... The box was scuffed. This is like, no, you're bad. You're a messy monster. Which one of these do you want? None of them. Really? Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't want any of them. You wouldn't want a gummy maker set? No. But you like making stuff. <laughs> that's not... That's not... That's not a... That's no. You, no, you have those, you have those colored posters on the wall. How's that different than making gummies? <laughs> Why don't you answer that question, Connor? What, are, like the, what, what are the ways that putting colored posters on my wall is different than making gummies? Lots of ways, but yes. it's not a million miles away. Wouldn't you like to make little, like, labyrinth gummies? That's not, what, that's not what this is. You don't know that. Yes, I do. You can't change the shapes? No, you can't. You can't make your own molds? JD. JD, what's going to happen? Oh, no. Nothing happened. Nothing. Um... Hi there. How are you? Hi, Baxter. How are you? Baxter is a stuffed doll. That man doesn't work there. <laughs> um, there's a lot of candy options here. Um, anyway, so this, this, I was in this thing called the safety kids. You go, and the thing is, you right. get out of school to go, uh, you have many days of school to go to the other schools and perform. Right. And each school had like two or three or four students from it, and that's how you do it. Right. And so I missed several days. Oh, wait, of Connor, school. do you hear that? And oh, that's right, there it is. Now we hear a familiar sound. Different arrangement of it, but there it is. Feels live. It's a time for the and boys. 
Welcome to our world of toys. Welcome to our 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 Connor, we have Snoop. Welcome to our world of toys. Welcome to our world. Welcome to our world. Welcome to our world. Connor took us to the candy section. Welcome to our world. Welcome to our world. Oh, that's disgusting. Of toys. Of toys. Of toys. Here's what's messed up. What? Any food that is packaged like that feels... Yeah. Not good. It's a gummy pizza slice. That's I bet that's fun as heck. Ugh. It's only 120 calories. <laughs> if you, but it's 8.5 servings. Oh my god! Look at all the flavors. Okay, so it's berry blast is the okay. is the. I want to do hold this. Hold on. I want to do Sour this. apple is the green. Lemon is those little lemon toppings. Berry blast is the cheese. And orange is the crust. I'm just trying to get through this. All right, I'll go wherever you want to go. I don't want to go to the candy section. You don't want to go to the candy section? No, because I'm feeling a little... Uh, oh, because of your sugar addiction? No, a little under you the weather. you have sugar addiction? Yeah, I know. I'm, 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 I'm like an addict. Take, take you to Amsterdam. So anyway, I missed several days of school. <laughs> this story about the kids' brigade. Uh, I missed several days of school. And when I come back... Uh, I'm I'm getting my stuff out of my like cubby hole in the homeroom after right. school, and this teacher, this horrible art teacher, uh, basically corners me and says I'm in trouble because I haven't I haven't done my makeup assignments yet, even though technically I should have been able to make right. them up after the fact. Right. And she starts. Like something out of a, like something out of a, uh, like something out of like a kids movie, like a villain in a kids movie. Right. She starts tearing into me about how I think I'm, you think, it's like you think you're better than the other students. You can leave and go out and do this. And she just starts like speaking to me, I remember horribly. And just like in a satisfying, like, kids film she starts giving the speech and I see behind her my mother has entered the room oh and boy. is standing behind her and is just listening and I remember specifically it was such a satisfying moment I remember a moment where I made eye contact with my mom and my mom just nodded to me because I've been talking about how this woman was horrible right. and she tears into me gives this whole speech about how uh, she's not going to let me get away with right. it, and it's, it's more of the tone than anything else. Right. Um, and then she turns around and immediately is shocked to see my mom's been standing there, and immediately like reflexively changes to, "Oh, hi, Mrs. Ratliff." Right. Like, like she did that thing that when you're a kid, you know, you you don't think that adults are going to believe right. you. Uh, that like teachers are different with you than they are. Yeah. Uh, uh oh. Oh boy. 
Uh oh, we came upon the most expensive dolls I've ever seen in my life. How much are they? That Roadrunner? Oh my god. How much gosh. does he guess that is? That's crazy. No, we're yeah. just looking. Thank you, though. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, neither do I. I don't know why, because there's nothing about the way they're made that's especially right. different than, than uh, a normal plush toy. Yeah. I guess have... it's more just along the lines of like, I guess kids don't want this. We have to sell this to homeowners. Yeah, exactly. What we just saw was a very ordinary looking Roadrunner Coyote doll that were priced on nearly $300. Yeah, and they looked like something you would, that would be $20. Like, yeah, they look like on a good day, those would be $50. And you'd be like, oh my God, they must be, have like a chip in them that talks. Right. Wild. You know, we're wandering through here, and it's... I mean, a little underwhelming. Well, I mean, this isn't for us, you know? I know, but I felt, at, the, at least even at the old place, it was... There was something interesting about it. And we were at the big piano. And it lights up in that ceiling above. They're doing aggressive challenges.
many, so many things. Sorry, whoops, sorry. So, to give some context. I mean, so many things I want to say. Say them all, JD, we have the time. So we're just watching as a tourist attempted to play heart and soul play on the big piano. Heart and soul on, on the piano from big. They're dancing the part to dance on the keys. And there was a gentleman who worked at Playo Shorts who was like a drill instructor. Quite aggressively directing him what to do. You heard it. You heard his voice. Undoubtedly you heard his voice. And then would push him aside and do it himself, but was making plenty of mistakes himself. <laughs> you heard it. I mean, you never heard a perfect version of it. You heard the part where he said, uh, step aside, this is how it's done. And he could do it fast, but not perfect. He was making mistakes. And then he asked the guy to go down and do it uh, lower on the keys, because I think he was going to join in with him. But the keys didn't seem fully operational. And the guy kept going, well, this one's not working. And then the guy would just ignore him. And then he made a joke about forgetting Sarah Marshall. And to paint the picture, this gentleman was a sort of gruff gentleman with a sort of handlebar mustache and a intensity that lacked social grace. That was a little off-putting. So we're about to leave. Are you contacted? Uh, yeah. We have our next destination. Hey, Jess. Hello. Are you just heading out? We were just going to head out. Oh. Here, let me get you a mic, though. Okay. Can you stand do one thing? Do you guys know each other, Jess and Connor? I think we met along the way. Uh, the president show? Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or from Will Heights. Yes. Um, what did you guys do here before I got here? We were just wandering around. There's a really aggressive. There's a really aggressive FBO on Shorts employee that's teaching someone upstairs how to the dance on the piano. The big piano. And so it's been very funny to watch him. Um, well, I have a quest that you can yeah. help me with. Uh, if you care to. I have small children, mm -hmm. and a couple years ago. Wait. Mom, pause for two seconds. Okay. All right. We're rolling. Can I talk now? Yeah, yes. I just got out. I uh, work at Colbert Show. Oh, cool. And New gig. I know. It's fun. Um, and they just started rolling. Once they start rolling on the monologue, I'm free to go. But I don't have a piece on that day. Right. So um, here's my quest. Is I have little kids. I have five-year-old twins. Mm -hmm. And my mother gave them Barbie dolls years uh -huh. ago, much to my chagrin. Um, so I balanced them out with like Batman and Wonder Woman and uh -huh. Princess Leia. But uh, Wonder Woman's hands come off so that you can put her bracelets on. But guess what happened? Lost hands her hands. So she's like an amputee. She can still kick. Yeah. Um, but I've been meaning to replace Wonder Woman for a while. And I imagine there's a Wonder Woman here. We should go see. Let's so go find Wonder Woman. Also Princess Leia's hands, wait, Princess Leia. Her hands came off. I don't know why her hands need to come off. Are your kids just tearing the hands off of their dolls? <laughs> they, they're mutilating dolls. Um, it doesn't seem to slow them down, but well, I, I felt bad for Wonder Woman for a while. No, I don't. I, I don't. Feel I've seen like... very few licensed characters here. Ooh. Oh, maybe. It's been interesting. 
Oh, right. Maybe I have to go to like yeah, the Disney like, store or the whatever. Possibly, yeah. Who owns, uh, is she, uh, sorry, is she Marvel or DC, Wonder Woman? DC. And who owns all that? Uh, Warner Brothers owns that. Okay. And, uh, but I and did this, see, oh, well, let's go upstairs. There's a little bit. There's a little bit. There's a little bit, and I wonder. But it's very, like, selective, you know, yeah. like, it's... Um, and we have I, Batman. Batman's usually the prince. So, I like that you tried to balance out Barbie with Batman, Batman and Wonder Woman. Yeah, I mean, the, I couldn't take Barbie away. I couldn't undo right. that. Um, were, you, were you adamantly against Barbie? I mean, I wish my mother had checked with me. Right. It's like a big loaded... Right. thing to give little kids, little girls a Barbie. Yeah. With her like slutty sandals and tiny cell phones and the size of a chiclet. Oh, right. They're gross. But they loved it, of course. <laughs> um, this is the loudest place I've ever been. Oh, wait, here. We want to play a game with you. Okay. It's called Guess How Much This Costs. Welcome to our wall. Without looking. Alright, what am I guessing? At any tags. How much do you think any of these costs. Oh, God. Um, Just guess the Roadrunner one. Yeah, Roadrunner. Uh, $100. What? That's bananas. $255. That's so dumb. It doesn't, it doesn't look like there's anything special about them. No, it's not even cozy and cute. It's skinny. It's not fun. Well, what does it do? At least these ones, which are expensive, are replicas of like 1932 right. toys around there. Those are like replicas of the toys that came out when I was a kid. It's not like. Right. And these, you can take the clothes on and off. You can do things like. Yeah. No, also, this is, this is frozen. There's nothing. No. Okay. Wonder Woman. It's oh, sorry. How do you feel about being here? It seems a little bit like a circle of hell. I don't mind it. You don't? Yeah, because it's not crowded. Yeah. Music. We like the song. Here's do? Barbies. Oh, here's no. Barbies. Well, but maybe you can get some hands. <laughs> you know? The Barbies have their hands. What's interesting is to okay, see. Okay, Connor, yeah. if you had to pick one Barbie here yeah. to be yours. Um, that guy seems fun. Striped shirt, orange pants guy. Yeah. They all seem so cool. Well, but doesn't he seem fun? Like, it'd be fun to watch a movie with him. It feels like they all make fun of me in high school. He didn't make fun of you. He seems nice. Yeah, I guess so. Well, here's the thing Barbie, in trying to be more like modern, they have like dentist Barbie and they have other modern career right. Barbies that are supposed to make you feel better about Barbie. Like and I don't see any of those. You get a Barbie, chop off those hands, put them on. <laughs> Just take some Barbie or hands. Oh, yeah, there's, there's the career Barbies. Yeah, here's some career Barbies. Get some like, clay and make hands. Okay, so the different careers that you have at your disposal are optometrist. Is that what? Oh, nurse. that's right. She's an eye chart. Nurse. Vet. Vet. Uh, generic scientist. Just science in general. You're like Gloria Steinem. This is what feminism has gotten us. A, uh, a vet and a nurse. A professional baseball player. A uh, pilot. Oh, I thought that was a postman lady. A um, professional tennis player. 
Pilot's pretty cool. That's my favorite so far. Paleontologist. That's my favorite so far. Paleontologist? Oh, yeah. I like the hat. Although, the hard she, hat. although what, did you have to be wearing short shorts? Right. Like, she's going to scrape her knees on the rocks yeah. pretty quickly. Um, and, of course, the vet has, like, a cute little puppy. Right. Does uh, that imply that that dog is sick? Look, at, there's a wrinkle in time, Oprah doll. Oh, wild. I know. We have a lot of wrinkle in time place here. Yeah, which feels weird because it doesn't feel like the wrinkle in time. It came out a while ago. It doesn't seem like it had a huge cultural impact. Ooh, robotics engineers. A Barbie robotics? All these ones. Yeah, that's how you get your hand. <laughs> it comes with a tiny robot. Yeah. I feel like every kid would be like, can I have the big robot and a small Barbie? A lot of safety goggles on the Barbies. Yeah, you gotta be safe. Be, there should be a big robot that makes Barbies. That makes tiny Barbies. <laughs> Here's a farmer Barbie. Farmer's pretty good. Rock Let's and see, roll. Pop, pop star, I don't know. Ice skater. Wait, who's this one? A oh, paleontologist again. Um, Alright, well, I guess there's no Wonder Woman. I also, I there's like some licensed stuff over there, but I doubt it. Yeah, that's alright. Transformers. You just ask, like, Robots. do you have Wonder Woman hands? Build a bear. <laughs> yeah, you to build a Just give give them uh, teddy bear hands. <laughs> I love that. Wonder Woman with teddy bear hands? Exactly. It's amazing. There seems to be a spot here. We're back up again. Oh, my God. So there's this guy that was being very aggressive earlier. Oh, the yeah. By the piano. He's sick. Well, now it's just kids. He's checked out. Yeah. yeah. I dare you to ask if he can play any songs. That's smaller than the movie. The guy over there furious all the time. He's just angry. Which guy? The guy over in the corner over there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He does look angry. Is he on his phone? Yeah. yeah. And he's like, he's like grumbling to himself. Yeah. He's really mad. He doesn't have the right job. This also, this job is being tough. It's a little bit thankless, but this should be a place of joy. You can find people who would find joy in this. Yeah. They're there. We're in New York City. This kid's finding joy. Yeah. Look at her happy little kicks. Yeah. He's kind of like a carny. Yeah. Right. Running the piano. Yeah, Tuning it. Ring. He's gonna show us his. He's, he's pointing. He's, 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 he's,
<laughs> That's his ringtone. figuring out the rhythm of like a daily show versus a weekly show. Right. Um, it takes a minute. How many pieces do you have to do a week? Well, that's part of it. I So I either get a short-term assignment for that day. Right. Where I have like two hours to direct and produce that's sort something. That's of fun. It is. And then you roll it into rehearsal at three. It's like very film school -y. It is. You get your assignment at like 11. And then you help the writers with it and see it go through changes and then right. you shoot it at like one and then you have a minute to like add music and bells and whistles and roll in to rehearsal at three and then Stephen Colbert either gives it like the thumbs up or the thumbs down or chuckles or right. doesn't or gives some notes and then you have until five to fix it. Right. So there's so there's like the short game of the assignment for that day. And then there's the long game of like, oh, there's a piece I'm working on that we're going to shoot in D.C. Let me get permits. Let me cast the people right. like I did at the President Show. And there's not much in between. So it's either like, right now, right now, get this on the air today. Or mm -hmm. it seems like I have a lot of time to do my right. yeah. bigger field pieces. So that's what I'm getting used to. But uh, it's, that's not... I wish there was something in between, but... If that's my biggest problem, I'm yeah. lucky. Yeah. That ain't so bad. No, it's not bad And that's one of those things that's like, oh, you could be there for a decade, theoretically. Yeah, it's if you so choose. <laughs> I mean, it's doing well, and it's, yeah. it's a well-oiled machine. And I've been at a lot of shows that started from scratch, like the President Show, and this right. is like all up and running. They got it together, yeah. so that's cool to just like work myself into their machine. But I want to expand the kind of things they can do and right. try new stuff. Figure out what that is. You also have an interesting resume. I feel like of all the stuff that you've worked on. The varieties of things. You want to go out of here so we don't have the yeah. music, but I'm happy to keep chatting for a minute. Um, I have worked on. Because we a first lot of worked things. together on the President Show. That is true. I guess that's the only time we worked together. Oh, wait. Was on the Revolving President Door. Revolve. Pretty. Ah. Ah. It seems more peaceful and quiet out here, even yeah. if it's traffic and stuff. Um, yeah, I worked on The Daily Show and Wonder Shows in and on Vice. What was it like working on Wonder Shows in? Um, it was really fun and insane. It's the first time I did stuff with animation and puppets. Yeah. And I really enjoyed both of those things. Um, it was like being on a whole network because there was reality, there was scripted, there was yeah. adults, there was kids, there was animation. Um, 
I got to make a couple puppets. That was fun because I like making things. Uh, You're sort of a, a renaissance person in the sense that between your TV and then your craft, your craft empire. Well, craft is like my therapy I do to stay sane, like quietly stitching in front of the television. And if I can turn that into a paid gig once in a while, then that's awesome. Because you have, what, two craft books? I have a craft book. I worked on Martha Stewart at one point. I was up at The Daily Show, and when I left that, I went to Martha Stewart show to produce craft. I'm following you. Um, I, I don't have anywhere. Where's our next destination? Probably up towards Central Park. You're going the opposite direction. No, it's all right. As long as we're in Manhattan, I'm good. Um, do you want to just walk north? north? Yeah. Sure. Walking's nice. Connor, have you ever crafted? Uh, I don't know. I'm sure uh, to some extent, but I don't know that I would ever say in that work. What about props and stuff for shows? Uh, yeah, I've made stuff, and I've made, like, little clay figurines and things like that. I've done... But I don't know that I would ever say that I'd crafted. Well, if you, you made know, something from scratch yeah, that yeah. wasn't there before. Yeah. Yeah. That counts. Yeah. But it sounds more like I know I like I know what I'm doing now. Well, I think craft, the part of the joy of it is that it's, it's kind of a of-the-people art form that anybody can do it. You can make stuff mm-hmm. out of toilet paper rolls or... Yeah. It doesn't really matter. You don't have to be trained. You just have to be into it. Yeah. Now, is there a show that you enjoyed working on the most of all the things you've ever worked on? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Um, I got to say, I really enjoyed the President show in that kind of got me back to a new place. I was a showrunner for a while, and then... Right. And that was cool. Because were you at Jesus and Mirror right before President No, Trump? it was after, after it. But I was showrunning um, an MTV show called Ladylike with Nicole Byer. It was like a prank show for women. Right. and I mean, a lot of cool stuff, for sure. Um, and then I kind of wasn't getting enough work, and Gideon Evans asked me to, to interview for the President show, and it, I was like, ugh... I'm, like, stepping down on the food chain. Do I want to do this? Right. And then I took it kind of, you know, I was a little hesitant. And then it ended up being really fun. And it kind of got me back into directing and right. being boots on the ground instead of managing. Um, and so, and that's the job I'm doing now. I'm field producer again. Mm. And, and 2017 was a good year. I mean, Trump got elected and that was pretty traumatizing and I didn't know if the president's show would make it feel worse right. to think about Trump every day and have the news on all day in my office Right. but I think it felt better it felt good to act out you know well and it, I feel like that environment particularly because I imagine there's other political television show experiences that would be not as positive but like in the president's show environment it was a pretty positive environment where like it was you could take that frustration and anger and the disappointment of things that were going on and mm-hmm. like twist jujitsu into this like positive fun goofy yeah. thing and yeah. just and having anthony just as like a like a trump barbie doll that you could be like <laughs> and now you're gonna go do this and you so like you could just sort of like play act him into whatever thing you needed well, I, you know, I think we were inventing a new art form. That was part of the joy of it. It was kind of prank. It wasn't like having a Daily Show correspondent. He's not a correspondent. 
Right. Correspondents are smart and they're getting information and are neutral and supposedly, mm -hmm. and he's just, you know, this big walking id and ego and, um, and he's a recognizable character. So people noticed him in the street. It was a whole new thing. We didn't know what it would be like to go out in the world with him mm -hmm. in a semi-scripted or unscripted way. But that's the stuff I love doing is like soft-scripted comedy, right. reality. Um, so it was a joy. Yeah. And Anthony, you know, he's been... Wait, it's been 15, 20 years getting ready for that role, and he just blossomed. I mean, Hong Kong goes the truck. It was yeah. our first day out. And that was at the time of your life when you would go from one show, walk from one show to another show. Yeah. The, the New York dream actor's career. Yeah. For, you were a Gethard? Well, thing. yeah, for, what was that, six months maybe? Yeah. I had this thing where I would do, go do the president's show and then show up not long before it's time to do it. Yeah. And when yeah, we do our little one, two lines at the top of the show and then watch the rest of the show and then I would walk from uh, uh, Midtown West through a lot of these streets over yeah. to Bryant Park just below Bryant Park for Guthrie's show and, and then we'd go live at 11 or whatever yeah, yeah. and the uh, what was really good about that was you know like particularly in that in the that, that year where there was the overlap is because Gethard Show was particularly understanding about well they didn't want to say that I couldn't do President right. Show what it meant was that a lot of times I would I would not be a part of any of the uh, rehearsal or preparation you know like it would, my thing would be like oh it's time to go on the air and be the first time doing it and which was also my experience when we were doing it at M&N. It was right. just that, like, you show up, it's 11 o'clock, it's time for the show. It's go time. And I think the best stuff that I did on the Gether show was, like, stuff where the, the rehearsal was when we aired it. You know, it was just like... Uh, and I do think there is that, there is that element of, like, uh, being able to do stuff in a way that's fresh and hasn't been like I'm gonna tell you Michael hasn't been rehearsed to death yep it's prepared enough because people know what they're doing and that really it's like with Anthony doing Trump the prep work for that was as you said it was 15 years of prep work yeah which means that you can go live on the air with him yep. and he's he's already prepared yep just you know? point him in the right direction he knows what he's talking about he knows how to be funny yep and it's. I still think that that Hong Kong goes the truck moment is sort of my mental go-to example for like that. That would you could write a bit like that and it'd be funny, but it wouldn't. It's it's sort of like whenever whenever you hear about like a band making a record and like the producer of the record will say, well, we, we kept the tape running the whole time because right. every now and then the band would play something that they'd never be able to play a second time right. the same way. And it's and these are professional musicians who know how to play the song, but there is every now and then something that you just capture that is a one-time thing that, uh, I mean, it, 
It's also funny thinking about like with with this current like you can't find anyone to host the Oscars. Right. They can't find anybody to host the Oscars, and it's like, are you kidding me? Like, put somebody in there. Like, you can't find a funny person. And I know that it's like a thankless job, but the but. There's somebody out there who could nail the Oscars. Right. Also, you just, just like need not some getting a connective tissue between the moments. Like you just need you need a you need a parent. People, a host. Still, people still think of that one year when Billy Crystal, where they had the thing where Jack Palance did the one-handed push-ups. Yeah. Right. And then Billy Crystal made jokes about it all night. They've been trying to recapture that ever since because right. it is like this. People want to see that thing of like, oh, we have the funny person, and then. Then they made up a bunch of jokes that weren't uh, weren't written in the five weeks right. prior to the ceremony, you know? Because it's like, oh, wouldn't it be exciting? Right, live TV, something I'd spontaneous happened. I'd give anything if they let Anthony Tamanik host the Oscars. Oh my god. I don't know if we're talking about it. Did you guys see when Pally hosted the oh. uh, Ad Awards yeah. or whatever? No. It was... He went full Howard Beale, oh. and they had to like escort him out of the event. No. Did you ever see when he? Uh, He's on our show tonight. He, did, he has a oh, cameo really? and a sketch about building a wall. Did you see when yeah. he and Ben Schwartz? Uh, yeah, that's one of the guest best. hosted the. Uh, was it the Late Show? Right. The Late Late Show. Right. And they just like gave him an hour, and it's crazy. I, I there's a quote that I love, which is from it's back when. Uh, uh, in like the golden age of, of Warner Brothers animation, they had there was this guy the first 15 years or whatever who produced all of the Looney Tunes. This guy named Leon Schlesinger, mm-hmm. and they were all kind of like, "Oh, this is our boss. He's not that funny. We don't like working for him." And then he sold it to Warner Brothers, so they would now own the characters. And a new guy came in, a new boss, a guy named Eddie Seltzer, and suddenly everyone was like, "Holy shit!" Like. Our old boss was great. This new guy is an asshole. And they didn't realize, like, how good they had it with this right. guy who, like, left them alone. And two of the stories about this guy, one was that he uh, he came in one day and they were, all, they were all, like, writing. They were, like, breaking a new cartoon. They were, they were going through something. Everyone's laughing. And he bursts in and legitimately says... What the hell does all this laughter have to do with making cartoons? <laughs> and and they were like base jokes off of him. Like they they were like they'd make they make hairs off of him, and he would be like, "This guy has a silly voice," and it'd be like they were like imitating him. He saw some animator who was like drawing a bullfighter just for fun, he was just doodling, and he basically came in and said, "Bullfighters aren't funny." I don't want to see any cartoons about bullfights or bullfighters. They're not funny. And none of them were considering making a cartoon about bullfighters. They were just like, but then, let's do one. Yeah. And that whole like Bugs Bunny cartoon where it's him and the bull yeah. right. only existed because they were like, if this guy thinks it's not funny, let's just do one to prove him wrong, you know? It's amazing how... I'm always amazed how many people... Uh, I understand how like people get into school teaching and they hate kids. Yeah. I understand how you just you fall into it because it's an available job. I don't understand how so many people get into entertainment who have no understanding of what's entertaining. You right. know what I mean? That like they don't seem to like it, they don't seem to have an affinity for it, you know. Well and I think a lot of it is a control issue. It makes me think of this thing that happened a million years ago. I was at MTV and they started the real world. Yeah. Mostly because they wanted a soap opera without writers because they 
Right. We're saving money. Right. Gotcha. We'll just put a bunch of hot people in a room. See what bone each other. It'll be great. So. And it was. The well, end. <laughs> but then it, then no one, no one coupled up. No one got together. Right. And they were, but then they started like, like loading the dice, like putting in naked pictures of the model guy and, and they were just alienating the, the, um, the cast. Right. So finally, in order to stir things up, they send the girls to, to Jamaica. Like, just get, get them on the beach in bikinis and they'll like hook up with somebody. So they go on this trip to Jamaica, camera guy goes with them. And the camera guy and one of the girls hook up. Oh no. Well, and they had, you know, they, and MTV. I mean, for so many reasons. Oh, right. No. But MTV, and MTV had treated it like this science experiment. Like, yeah, sounds the, like the crew can't talk to the cast right. and yeah totally lab rats so finally they're out of you know out from big brother they hook up and we hear about it back at mtv and we're like yay finally there's some action there no mtv was so pissed they fired the cameraman like finally something happened finally some drama came but it wasn't their drama right and so they cut it out of the show and they fired the guy which it would have been so interesting if the show became about the camera yeah. operator is now yeah. like. Also, you, uh, you have all these, all of his things are just point of view shots where he's like, <laughs> "Let's go in here." Well, then when he got fired, right, actually there's an aftermath. He got fired, so he was like, "Well, I guess I'll date this girl because I don't have a job now." Right. So, but he was wise to how things work. So he would only kiss her when they were like changing batteries and changing tape. Camera guy knows when the camera's on. He knew. That's that, so. Bizarre. But then she dumped him. And Because it was, was really the camera she was into. <laughs> That's what she wanted. And you know what? The camera guy with no cameras, just a guy. He's just a guy. Wow. Deep. No, and you know what? He got hired back eventually because he was very good at his job. Um, but he had to like do penance. He had to do a bunch of um, like charity specials that weren't that much. Did fun. you do like the opposite of kissing? Yeah. Jeez. Get like lashed. Oh. Control. That's what I think it is. So what? So this is, we've been doing the podcast for five years now. Oh my God. Congratulations. Thank you. Happy anniversary. And you've listened before. Oh, I have. I have a lot to say about your podcast. Oh, oh boy. I mean. Do you want to say it on the podcast? Sure. Yeah. It's kind of meta. What, other, what better place? Except in the comments. Right. I'm not a comment writer. Um, well, it began when I was telling JD when he was at the President Show, I'm like, you know, I fall asleep to a podcast. I like to hear voices, people talking. It's very pleasant. I listen to Gethard's show, uh, Beautiful Anonymous. Yeah. And he's like, if you like that show, <laughs> I've got a podcast for you. I'm like, what? 12 hours in a row. So I start listening. And it's a really interesting experience. It reminds... Oh, Look at all these birds. And the trees are pretty... Hold on one second. Sure, sure. Counter is obsessed with bonus content today. Oh, good. Go multimedia. The theme of this today's episode is birds and shoes. And shoes? Why yeah. shoes? I don't know. They, they just, just keep up coming up. Times. Okay. So anyway, you were talking about... Your show. Yeah. So, all right. So I, Anyways, I, you're talking about us. Yeah, back to me. Um, so I start listening to it. And it reminds me of... When you're a kid and you're falling asleep and your parents are having a party downstairs. Oh, yeah, you said this listening. once. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very comforting. So you can listen and it's fun to listen. Yeah. But then you can just kind of drift off feeling safe and secure. And so it's very nice for 
going to sleep. Also, I can like come in and out of the conversation. It's fun to just kind of jump in wherever. It's not like there's like a 12 hour no. single story I need right. to listen to. So, and I think that means people listen to it multiple times because they're like, I'm sure I missed something. Yeah. <laughs> I do jump in and out and I, and I hop around different episodes. So I don't know even, I mean, my phone tells me how far I've gotten. So right. We do a if we do a sister podcast that is like the way that cereal is for this American life. Yeah, we'll call it the party downstairs. Oh yeah, good. And we will record it. We will hold a party downstairs and record it from upstairs. That's a that's a great idea. We're now walking past with the old location of FBO Schwartz. We are it's sad. I love the theater. Very the movie theater. I I rarely. Let's see now. It always feels like. Uh, I want, whenever I am inclined to Oops, see sorry. something there, uh, it's either something I am not really in a hurry to see, or I've already seen it for some reason. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I always feel like I time it badly, and I go years between seeing something there. Have you seen that movie, Mary Queen of Scots? No, I haven't. Good. I've heard it's very good. It's really good. Uh, amazing acting. Lots of beautiful castle, castles and dresses, but a great story, too. Uh, the person we're going to go meet can't meet anymore. Okay. But that's what you just announced. Where are you going? We're going to go meet with uh, a friend who lives up close to the park that I can't meet anymore. All right, I'll walk you there, and then I'll head home with my kids. But we have nowhere we're to go now. There now. Oh, all right, then I'll walk you, uh, I'll walk you for a little while. We can walk past the Hellmask if you want. Sure. Let's walk towards somewhere indoors. Yeah. Even if it's just a store we walk around in. And uh, I don't know whether, because I just casually refer to it as the Hellmouth. For our listeners, the Hellmouth is Trump Tower. So we'll pass by shortly. I haven't been past here in a while. Are the barricades still there? Uh, I think so. Uh, I'm pretty sure. So I recently went into Trump Tower Yeah. on a scout. This is before I had my Colbert job. Yeah. I'm a freelancer. I do all kinds of news yeah. Shows. Yeah, this, this shows. is not in reference to what you're talking about. Connor, yeah. it was just Connor. I'm just saying, well, now, I'm noticing now it's, there's fewer barricades than there were last time I was here. Because there used to be barricades on both sides of the streets. Yeah. And now they're just on that side of the street. Well, I think because he does not go there anymore. Right. But doesn't Don, don't Don and Eric live there? I have no idea. I think idea. they do. Also, I mean, it still would be a powerful symbol. Yeah, right. If someone did something, you know? It was, well. So. Connor. <laughs> I'm not suggesting anyone should. <laughs> that sounded like Don't an endorsement. But, uh, well, I thought it looked. <laughs> I'm not saying I wouldn't be mighty impressed. No. Um, I do hope that within our lifetime, someone brick by brick takes it down. Like a, in, a, in a controlled. I hope that. Sanctioned, yeah. Yeah, like the way yeah. that. I, I want that. Like building. the Berlin Wall. Yes, yes. I want it to be like a thing where that whatever their end results are, they lose control of that property and then someone decides this is an eyesore and a reminder of a bad time in our country. Right. We're going to take it down and replace it with something beautiful. Right. Just giant doves. Just yes, uh, doves. It's just a giant 30-story tall cage of doves. Great. Well, not unlike the Trump administration, it, it, it looked, the day I had to scout, it, it looked like, it, oh God, it's like a lot of security and police and barriers this is going to be hellish and guess what it was like nothing they never asked my name 
Nothing what? Like, they just like waved me through. They didn't well, also, vet me at all. My assumption is maybe it's because I'm a it, white lady, but was it busy in there? No, I was going in the residential part. I mean, I was I was in the mall and the residential area. I mean, I could be wrong about this, but my guess would be that that place is less busy than ever because people would assume it's hard to get in, and it's not really that... What is in there? Like a restaurant? What's in there? I mean, a a Starbucks. Yeah. Isn't there a Donald Trump ice cream store or something? I don't know. Well, the apartments, I think, are just, like, money laundering places to park your money if you're a Saudi prince or a Russian oligarch. So... In the residential part, it was very empty. Do you want to go try to sit in the St. Regis? Yeah. Sure. No, but I feel like hotels are a good place to act like you belong. Yeah. yeah. You're meeting somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to tell you more feelings about your podcast. Okay. This is a segment of the show. Um, it's, it's interesting and uh, intriguing to witness a friendship. Just watch a friendship unfold. Right. Well, that's that, uh, there was a uh, a program that was for, for a moment considering doing a piece on the evolution of friendship as documented. Yeah. yeah. Because when we started, we said it multiple times, like we were acquaintances, and now we are very close friends. Yeah. And most of that time has been spent on podcast. I mean, well, yeah, a lot of it has. A lot of it. I mean, well, there's also like. Last year, we only recorded one episode, and part of the reason for that was because most of the time that we were spending around each other, a lot of it was working on shows and stuff, or days right. when we just didn't have, like, uh, uh, days when we couldn't otherwise uh, spend 12 hours recording, you know? Yeah. Regis Hotel. We're looking for like a bench or a table to just go hang out. I mean, there is a bar, but it's going to be noisy. Yeah, it'll be noisy. All right, should we keep going? Yeah. Well, I guess we're not going to meet Jamiroquai down here. I know. Did Jamiroquai text you? Maybe he's going somewhere else. He did. Okay. So it's unusual for me to get to listen to two guys talk about everything. Yeah, and, right. And I'm sure you forget after a while that you're recording. Except Usually at some point during any episode I will forget. Yeah. Connor, uh, do you want to clip your mic onto your shirt? Do so I sound bad? Well, it's just, it's not, we can't really hear you. I um, bet you can hear me. And there's a moment that I thought was particularly touching. You want me to tell you what that was? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This will be uncomfortable. I know. I'm I'm going to embarrass you a little bit. But that's part of life. Yeah. I'm okay with it. I I trust you, Jess. It was very sweet. It was a lovely moment. It was, God only knows what episode. I listened to them out of order. And Connor was saying he had put off going to the doctor. He didn't feel like going. And you, JD, was like, I'll go with you. Schedule an appointment and I'll go with you. That was very nice. And I was like, that is... You, you didn't make a big deal out of it. You were just kind, and it was so lovely. We're good friends, Connor and I. Yeah. And I don't think Connor did ever go to the doctor. Go to you the gotta doctor. go. Everybody's gotta go. You know what? I agree. When you gotta go, you gotta go. <laughs> hey, Connor, I'll go with you. Oh, that's Let's very go to the sweet doctor. of you. 
Doctor's closed right now, JD. Make an appointment tomorrow. No, we could go to the emergency room. <laughs> I just go and I'm like, the emergency is I haven't been to a doctor in a long time. I don't know what could be wrong with me. Um. <sighs> yeah, it's interesting. It's also interesting listening back to things that happened like five years ago yeah. and things that we've talked about earlier today like stuff that we're, we were so sure of right this project's gonna happen this is gonna happen this is what I believe this is the type of person I am and then seeing those things change right over time yeah like we were laughing now saying earlier how like in the early episode of the podcast Connor was like you know I'm happy doing it and I'm like no we gotta go out there and like do stuff and make stuff and now it's like our roles in reverse where Connor's like I have this idea and I'm like ah you know I just want to be happy in a positive environment. Um, that's good. You're we evolving. We could go sit in that yeah. church. Oh, we could. And talk. I like that idea. Is that a thing? Sure. Right? I mean, don't they have to keep their doors open? Don't they have to? I don't think it's like the vampire rules. Is that, was that St. Patrick's Cathedral or St. Patrick's down further? No, it's St. Thomas. It's smaller than St. Patrick's. St. Patrick's is down here on the left then, right? Yeah. yeah. Let's do that one. Okay. Okay. They have to let us do our podcast in there. I have a feeling that's not true. You think? Yeah, for so many reasons. But If we just okay. say we're praying. That's, there's so many moral issues. Not one. Name one. <laughs> You're exploiting someone's religious venue for a warm place to record a podcast? Maybe it's we'll find bo- the Lord while we're doing that. Yeah, Maybe. and whatever happened to mercy? That's what we say if we get in trouble. Whatever happened to mercy? Is it in the Bible that we're not allowed to be in here? Are there any podcasts in the Bible? Does it say not to podcast in the Bible? Let, I don't let think it he, does. Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Pod. A stone <laughs> yeah. is a form of pod. Sure. A stone is a pod. It is. That contains more stone within it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, can we go into Hollister? Do you like Lind oh chocolate? God. I don't know it. I mean, it's yummy. It's, it's good. It's a, little, it's a little too sweet. I like dark. I like dark chocolate. I mean, it's all good chocolate. Yeah. I mean, I'm not mad at chocolate ever. We're walking past the big Nike swoosh. Let's go. Let's go. I'm kind of trying some Nikes. Oh, yeah, it's more I shoe, mean, there's a more shoe, shoe content. Oh, I more know. shoe Maybe. content. I gotta take a big picture of that swoosh. Maybe Wait. you should buy shoes on the shoe episode. No, I just got these Doc Martens. Oh. And Connor's been going on a tirade against shoelaces. I'm kind of with him. What? Yeah. It's, it's a chore to tie shoelaces. What's the point? Oh, God. Right? You well, there is a point. I think it fit your foot better. Yeah, but if it already fits your foot, well, as you see, I like a slide. I don't want it. And then once it's on, it's on. Hey, you don't have laces. I know. I don't have any shoes. How are those strings holding your shoes together, oh my JD? God. I should have never had Jess come <laughs> be on this podcast. It's I didn't promise to take two your side. people who are anti-shoelace. The idea that someone is pro-shoelace, like... No, I'm, su- I'm shoelace neutral. I think it's they're fine. Isn't it a pain? But you always when- wear laced shoes. Yes, I yeah. think that, I, because I think... You like them. I You think, like the act of trying to put on my shoes, gotta tie them up. Gotta sit down, have a moment. I, can't, I could be somewhere, but I'm tying stuff. Don't, don't feed into this. 
I 100% agree with him. It's true. Shoelaces had their day, and they were a necessary evil back when you couldn't... Shoe technology was not caught up. But the day that they began to perfect the slip-on, the laceless shoe was the day that those laces should have been cast aside. What do you uh, think about Velcro shoes? All right, well, when, when something's, fine. When something's <laughs> chasing us and I run away and my shoes don't slip off as I'm running. My shoes won't slip off, but your laces might come untied and might trip. Okay. Well, we'll, this is Patrick. These, we'll see what happens. These shoes would never slip off, JD. Unless I wanted them to. Connor, what are you working on now? Am I allowed to ask? Oh, boy. I, I don't know if I am working on anything. That's well, the... you working on this podcast. Yeah, I mean, like... I have... I have so little going on. Uh, the... Nothing professionally. I have nothing professional. I have an audition tomorrow, but I have nothing <laughs> professionally. Would you like to see you on Mrs. Basil? But I filmed that last July, know, you know? That's huge. It's big. Now, we can go in here, and they Let's can't stop us. This no, is... but we probably can't. We have to go chatty. We can be... Well, we can whisper. All right, who whisper? We can so really stop go it. It's very pretty. Yeah, it's... Why not appreciate this? I know. This is very... You should take a picture. <laughs> All of the impulses that I get frustrated, Connor, you just feed into. <laughs> no, I'm so sorry, but I'm also not sorry. Let's go. That's good, you're taking photos. I'm gonna remove my headphones out of respect. Oh, we hang out here. Ooh, this is nice. We could talk we could go in and then talk here if you want. We're in some like vestibule situation and then we're gonna let's go in and look happening. at the church. Okay. I mean this this place wants people to come in. You have to believe. It knows. Let's just, like, let's hang out here for a little bit. Yeah, we just hang it's out warm. here, and it's warm. And I can't stop us and from talking. And it's quiet. And we're protected from Satan. Yeah. It's a win-win. If any vampires come, we're fine. Um, so we just walked into St. Vatrick's Cathedral, but they have two uh, security guards at the front. Uh, With big signs on them, I said, no podcasting. <laughs> uh, and no hats. Yeah. We're all wearing hats. Yeah. Even though there's a guy in there with a hat on. Oh, good point. And also, their no cell phone sign was like a 1980s like Wall Street right. cell phone. Yeah, and also, like, this is the most suspicious looking. It when does. you open this bag and it's just, <laughs> you're I'll, like, I'll take a picture of what it's it looks hilarious. like. Hilarious. 
and then like trying to explain what it actually is, which is like, oh no, this is practice equipment. Is it recording? Uh, yeah. No. How often do you have to explain that's not a bomb? Uh, never yet. Okay. This is my first time with it. Usually I'd like sort in a backpack or a thing that looked less conspicuous. Right. But this, I was able to arrange it in a way that was much easier to access. Yeah. And I'm very proud of. No, it looks... But it looks more like equipment. Slash terrorist equipment. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, um, another thing I like about your podcast is it drifts in and out of like professional gossip and chit chat. Uh-huh. So I feel like I'm hearing like inside scoop, and yeah. then it, and then it's like regular people. So and then sometimes you talk about people I know. Right. So it and that's delightful. But see, now you're a part of the professional gossip. Sure. As we dove into your career, people are going to be like, oh, I know. They'll be watching Colbert and they'll be like. You know, I know the person who made, who made that piece that I just saw. They don't know who made what. The, the, all of them are you. Our listeners will figure it out. And they'll watch Wonder Shows in. That's and old President school. Show. That's recent. Are there, okay, are there segments from the Wonder Shows in that you're like, oh, that was my... You know, I was the showrunner. It's actually my first showrunning job. So I was just keeping the trains running on time and trying to support the guys who did it. Right. And, uh, which was in itself a fun challenge. And, you know... I. I like to do everything I can. I'm a, I'm a comedy enabler in many of my jobs, and I like that. Like creating a nice little nest for other people to be funny. Um, so that's what I did. Uh, but, you know, my favorite... Um, we'd been working with puppets most of the time, and then we did um, a bit at the end uh, called Horse Apples that had human beings, and it was a big... I vividly remember it being a big shift to switch to human being, human-sized... Uh-huh. Performers like right. when you have a puppet and you need a hat, you have to like go and make a hat. Mm-hmm. And if you have, you know, Zach Galifianakis and he needs a hat, you can go get a hat, go buy a hat. He might right. even have a hat. It's like all right, people. So that was um, I felt like I was in this like magical other world for a while, doing a lot of animation and puppets. And then it was refreshing to work with people again. Right. Um, and I you know appreciated it all afresh. I feel like that one clip always pops up. I think that was Wonder Shows in, where the, the guy in the park, where he keeps following the... Oh, what are you running from? Yeah. Clarence. Exactly. He's like, oh, I love Clarence. He's the best. Um, I just saw that from? pop up somewhere again. People are like, this is the best. And it is funny how much that show was so far ahead of its time that it's like still... Still works. Relevant, still funny in a way that like many shows from... Right. What would that had to be now like... <laughs> 15 years ago? Yeah, it was uh, about 12 years ago. Like, some shows don't age that well. No, it does. I think it probably got better with age. Um, well, that was Kids on the show. street? Come on. Kids on the street. Street beat. Beat kids. Beat. Kids on the street. Kids on the street. Yeah, I feel like when kids you had those like, little kids street talking beat. to Wall Street people, that it was like... <laughs> that was one of the best, yeah. That was good. Um, Who are you going to exploit today? girl. Um, yeah, I remember there was like a collectible edition of that that I remember seeing listed somewhere that I didn't, but they were like came in at like a, what looked like an old style lunchbox. Oh, that sounds about right. Yeah. But do you get I, residuals for that show I do. I get, but I get those checks for like 36 cents. Right. Because mostly because everybody was on the show. I, um, I was in a part where I had a green screen coat. Right. That turned into flames in post. Uh-huh. It was really fun. And had, and had water thrown on me. 
Was there what, was it? Was there ever a, like what were the conversations like in terms of because it felt like that was a show that you watched it and it felt like everything that happened in it felt surprising that it got on the air. Yeah. To the point where part of me imagined that it's like maybe there were no fights because uh, the people allowing it to happen. The the whole point of the show was you know that that it was the kind of stuff you weren't seeing anywhere else. Right. Um, well, it Did was it MTV Two. It was it was MTV Two, so it was a little bit under the radar. Yeah. Like MTV had a lot going on and a lot of other networks, and this is kind of their hipster college student like mm-hmm. quiet little since partly we were left alone and then partly they did argue about things I remember I would have to talk to the executives and I don't know if you remember there's a bit where they would take old like 50s educational film mm-hmm. and revoice right. them with new right. content and I remember arguing discussing with an executive why it was okay to say a policeman's gun tastes like candy <laughs> and I'm like, no one's actually eating a gun. Yeah. I just, you know, I would have to, like, use all my powers of sophistry to um, to argue why what we were doing was okay. And I took great pride in that. That was fun. That's so funny. That, yeah. I also think there's, one of my favorite things is someone like you who... You've worked on so many shows behind the scenes, but I always think there's something interesting, and it happens a lot, where it's like, you have these little bits where you appear on camera. You can sort of track certain people's careers by the like, like, everyone knows they did all the stuff behind the scenes, but it's like, but you can track that visually by these little like cameos in their own things throughout. You know, you're in Hong Kong Goes the Truck. You appear on screen. Yeah. Um, I just watched it again recently. I'm like, oh, there's JD. Well, because that was our... Remember, that was a test shoot. Yeah. We weren't expecting to actually get anything out of that, really. No. And even after we shot Hong Kong Goes the Truck, do we need to explain what that is to people? If you, if you just... We've talked about it before, but, like, uh, just watch the first episode of The President Show and you'll see the Hong Kong Goes the Truck segment. Basically, Anthony, we were shooting him as Trump taking a tour of New York and we were winding down our day. We were, we were actually kind of done. We were you, done. We were just doing like an extra bit that we didn't even think was really going to make it into the thing. He was sitting on a stoop and he was like, oh, All the scenes were like smoking or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, he's like, I'm tired, Bridget. I want to go home. And then a truck came. It just, a, a truck naturally, organically came and went, rrr, rrr. and he got up and just went into this like soliloquy about at first how much he was excited by the truck and wanted right. to like be with the macho truck driver and then it took a turn to the darker themes of just wanting peace and quiet to run himself into the river for solitude and right. quietude and after we shot it and even after we did the rough cut I was like well they're never going to let us use this because we had just had this meeting Remember, I was already preparing cuts. I was already, I was already like, you're gonna have to cut out this and yeah. this and this. Right. This was all new. We were inventing a new kind of right. comedy, and it was Comedy Central, which is a little more above the radar. And we haven't even talked about this, but early, early in the President Show, we had a meeting with the the lawyers who were like, look, we have to talk to the government. Sometimes you can't like you can't talk about hurting the president. Oh yes. Well, that that was the big thing, and I remember yeah. I had to get on the phone with a lot of lawyers and talk about Hong Kong goes the truck because 
it was presupposing injury to the president. Right. But because we were framing it in a that he wanted it and he liked it, it somehow you, twisted it enough. You were doing that thing where you talk to the executives yeah. and you like convince them that it's okay, which is an important skill. <laughs> it was this weird thing. It was where, amazing that the first episode speculated on the suicide of the president. the president. He doesn't want to have the job. It's a fair yeah. And he wasn't saying he was going to do it. He was just dreaming of it. Yeah. He was just saying that it's what he would like most. Yeah. <laughs> he had a good dream that he liked. He liked what it felt like in his dream. Yeah. Right. It's good to talk about your wishes. It's healthy. Well, we, there's a later episode where it was after the real Trump had gone to the Middle East and with the glowing orb and all that. Yeah. Um, and we did a bit about it that you may have been in. I don't know. Yeah, well, we were holding a scimitar over his, in, in our bit. Oh, yeah. We were holding a scimitar over Trump's arm, and we couldn't do it. They, they, right. that they the changed that. That was my last episode, or second to last episode. They're like, you can't threaten the president. I'm like, right, because, if well, you start thinking about it, like, Because remember, the, the last image was, I mean, I guess this is some real insider stuff. It was supposed to be uh, Melania holds up yes. the sword yes. to, like, chop off his hands. Yes. Or, like, to, to like kill him. And they were like, because I forget, there was this whole poetic thing we were building and it ended this image where he didn't realize that she was about to hold raise the right. sword up and they wouldn't let us do it right and they wouldn't even let her like touch the sword or whatever so it was right. like but it's like weird government rules not comedy central yeah isn't that kind of scary that in america like land of first amendment that you can't i mean i agree you can't have the first of the picture of the first lady hold the sword above the president. in a fictional show that's yeah. clearly satire like it but in a very like uh czech cinema way like, we weren't allowed to do that, but we were allowed to do, like, my whole inside Trump's mind, which was, like, arguably a more scathing dark look. Like, it was Where just he's, like, like, kissing teen pageant. Right. And just, like, it's, 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 and you play, like, five different roles. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's interesting, because it never even occurred to me because that that would be a problem, and of course it's a problem. Of course. Yeah. But to Comedy Central's credit, it went on the air. Yeah. And I was, I was like, okay, this is going to be an okay show. Right. I was so proud. In retrospect, I mean, people will probably watch it and not get the same feeling that we had in making it. But like, especially you know, the. I showed it to someone recently as an example of someone was asking me. I was trying to make that point I'm always making about how there's a thing people do when they're improvising that's not the same as when you're like riffing on a pre-scripted thing. There's a moment of discovery that you can see it in the way people do it. Absolutely. And you can see it in their eyes. You can feel it in the clear joy they get out of those moments of, of discovery. And I'm like, more uh, more needs to be done. I think there's just... I think there's so much more room for... Uh, and I'm not saying, like, go live on the air and improvise. I'm yeah. saying, like, filming it and then taking the raw stuff and then editing it and crafting it to make a final product that has that electricity to it. Well, that's what I love to do is improvise with the real world. That's, I mean, mm -hmm. I love to see improvisers work with each other, but you know, you're, you're in a safe place with, when you're with other good improvisers. Mm -hmm. You know, like you're in a contained space and you're going to tell your story. Right. I love, love, love and taking talented improvisers like Anthony and bringing them out to the world, world and then have them talk to a cop, have them talk to a you know, guy running a hot dog stand and mm -hmm. sometimes it's stupid and boring and sometimes just it's improv with the world. It's amazing when it goes well. Also there's so much footage from that show um, in the raw stuff. Yeah. That like 
is just as funny, but just could never make it to right. a cut. Like, there's so many... Because Anthony would just be in character for, like, four hours straight. And he would go off on these, like, A to C to E to F to Z, where yeah. he'd be, like, down this rabbit hole doing something that made no sense unless we'd watched <laughs> the last hour of improvisation. Yeah. That's true. But that was fun. It was fun to watch it in real time. But okay. I think... I think... <laughs> there's only times where we're like, this is not going to make it <laughs> but, anything. But you're having yeah. fun. Yeah. I think the... Uh, Hong Kong goes the truck thing. I think if you watch that, it's a great example of. Uh, it wouldn't have been the same if you guys let's go outside, let's hire a truck, right. let's have him sit there, and let's have right. him get, deliver right. the speech. Right. Because even if you wrote it exactly the same way, there'd be something missing from it that you, you'd be like. We'd eh. be waiting for it. Yeah. We'd be expecting it. It was so unexpected. But see, I even feel like I have so much pride for our. Uh, final acts of those shows too yeah. which were yeah. like scripted but because we mostly came up with them like the day before and they were just like mm-hmm. oh my god what if we do this and this and this and like we're very unfiltered and because then we ended up doing it we felt we had that same energy of like I can't believe we're doing this I have a similar pride for those even though they weren't improvised but it's like but that was your the, political activism right. like using the tools you could to say what you needed to say I thought the Roger Ailes guy that we had that he shows up in the window oh, yeah, at the yeah. end of the one episode. Yeah. With uh, the day he, after. He... Yeah, yeah. In the episode the, with the inside Trump's mind, where he's there with like uh, the like Satan figure oh, and yeah. the all the, all they all appear in the window at the end. Yeah. The clowns. And I did love the Halloween special, which was scripted. But um, you know, my my favorite stuff is is halfway scripted, semi scripted. Right. Improv with the real world, and should I should I say I'm Bridget? I'm Bridget. In- yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what that's where this all came from. Is like in President Show, you're Bridget. You're appearing wonders. Like I feel like every showrunner has like a little moment where they have to appear right. on their own show, and that's like a fun way to track someone's career. Is like oh, the little moments where they just appear in the universe of this thing. Well, and also my version of that is that in a lot of cable shows, like there's low budget, you need an extra. Right. You don't have to explain things. I'm like, I'll just I'll just walk down the hallway. It's fine. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and I like how Bridget became a character. Like, it was just a device to come for that one shoot, and then it became like, all right, Bridget's on every shoot now. Bridget's yeah. always. <laughs> also, Anthony didn't ask me about Bridget. He's like, oh, if Trump had a female producer, I'm standing there with my monitor, he would be a jerk to her. I was like, of course he would. He's like, okay, Bridget, I'm tired. He just started doing it. And I was like, oh, okay. And I'm not a performer, but it wasn't that hard to be, um, you know, a grumpy. Uh, Mr. President, I think it's time to leave. <laughs> no, Bridget. Sir, sir, we're going this way. Uh, That's a reenactment of Bridget. Yeah. But I liked getting murdered in the Halloween special. I don't think... Oh, well, you weren't there then. I wasn't there. I think that was the like first or second episode after I was gone. I liked when you and Anthony ate the candy together mm-hmm. in the... Um, in the focus group. In the focus group. That was a great moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot about that whole focus group. It comes in screaming. Yeah. Uh, that focus group was very depressing. The actual people. The actual people. Yes. Now, granted, the people who were available to make time to do that, you're already... It's not the cream of the crop. Yeah, you're already... It's one of those things where you're pulling from people you're who didn't so have anything going here. on. Yeah. yeah. But it was, it was a particularly grim view of humanity to hear particularly like there was a guy in that group who was like thought he was the smartest person in the group 
as an, like there was an Australian guy in the group who was like really talked more than anybody because he thought and he was like a guy who likes Trump. Why was there an Australian like, guy? He just lived in New Jersey and was available that day. All right. Uh, but it was just one of those things where it was like he was so confident in his opinions and his opinions were so wretched. Uh, and uh, it's also it, I was also glad that when we did that segment there's, there's that beat where um, where Peter had to uh, wear the earwig oh god and I was glad that he had to do it for a minute so that there was someone else to testify to what I had been right. listening to the whole time because I'm literally <laughs> doing that I'm listening to these people and I have Anthony screaming in my I know, ear the and whole keeping time a straight face. and I'm trying my best I'm like this is just really hard to have him doing bits while I'm trying to listen to the people in the room. And I, think, I think Pete did it for like a minute and he was like, this is impossible. Just How like, can you do anything? Yeah. Oh, Peter That's Gross. That's so funny. He was just on our show as Steve Miller. Peter oh, that's Gross. great. Yeah. When the real Steve Miller, like a week or two ago, sprayed on a new hairline. Right. We had Peter Gross come on. And That's so fun. Make I, fun of that. If you, do you know... Um, um, Charles Gould is a stand-up comic. If you Google him, he he went to school with Stephen Miller, mm-hmm. and he's the guy that you'll see in articles who will basically say, "Oh, I've seen like this." Uh, this kid was this guy was racist in high school. And everyone in high school hated him. There's that footage of Stephen Miller running for student body president or whatever, running for student council, and he makes this speech where he's talking about how the janitors should have to pick up after they should be able to just leave trash wherever it's just like he's just being and he's being like booed by the whole student body and he's loving it and you're just like oh this this guy was broken from the beginning and he's also he's also like I think I think Stephen Miller is like the nightmare like he's the son of like two like California liberals Mm -hmm. so he is like the oh right like he rebelled by being a conservative Alex P. Keaton but like A, a horrific real yeah. life, like a hateful incel version of Alex B. Keaton. I'm sure his parents were like, what have we done? Yeah, like, How do we get this? All we try to do is like teach him empathy and to care about other people and he just did the exact opposite despite us. And he thinks he's clever, you know? Right. Um, Scary. Ugh. A great character for Pete to play though. That, I feel like that, that particular kind of dirtbag is a type of character that Pete does very well. You know, like in improv, he loves playing characters like that. That's funny. Oh. Even though he's the nicest guy in the world. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why he likes it because it's it's well it's he gets, the same. He gets I love playing I love yeah. playing dirt bags, and it is that same thing of like yeah. Oh, it's a great chance to like. Have you ever? Did you? Um, do you ever watch Louis Theroux stuff? Do you I know who Theroux he is. Yeah. yeah. But... I'm just curious because that's he's like an example of somebody who. Does reality uh, comedy, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. It, a lot of his energy is, like, interacting with the real world, and his stuff has gotten, like, more serious over time. Oh, yeah. I should watch more. Yeah, especially some of his early stuff is really, really good. What were you going to say? Do you have, like, a dream project, a thing that you're, like, you're, pro- you're enjoying Colbert, mm-hmm. but, like, if you're going to share on a show, like, a type of thing, you're like, this is on my list of something I want to do. I do have a list of ideas in my head to, like, do someday. Maybe if I say them out loud, it'll help make them come true. We don't say the actual ideas if you don't want to give away the ideas, but the types of things. Yeah. Yeah, if you're an idea thief, skip ahead. <laughs> uh, idea thieves. Uh, there's, some, there's, there's some really good ideas one hour from now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You better skip. Yeah. Um, I want to do more animation. I really liked animation. 
Um, and I want to combine craft and animation, like, which is not an idea. Thieves can have that one because, um, like, Trolls, the movie is all right. like sewn, but it's in a cheesy, scrapbooky way that right. I wouldn't do. Um, Wait, the CGI movie Trolls? No, I guess the CGI. It's like animated. It's the like three three D animation. No, not the box oh. trolls. I don't know. <laughs> um, and I guess writing a sitcom. But every time I sit down to write fiction, I don't do it. I mean, I wrote I, I wrote a um, sitcom for MTV years ago called My Life as Liz, and that was the first time I went from reality to scripted. And Wait, I was, you wrote that show? Yeah. That's so funny. I remember that. You know show. that show? Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. It was a it was a great show. It was sort of like the poor man's um, my so called life. Right. And uh, and I guess it's, it's an old show, so I can say this. MTV was like we had writers. We me and um, Nelson Walters. We wrote the show together and. It was like a union issue, so we couldn't like hand the script to the actors. We had right. to sort of like feed it to them. Um, but that's another story. Right. The Which fun MTV got into a whole lot of trouble for that stuff. Did they? Yeah. Later, Again, yeah. it's sort of like the real world story. They're always trying to evade like right. cost. Um, can't blame them. But I remember sitting down and being like, wait, so instead of waiting for something to happen or making something happen, or a lot of what I do is like setting up the circumstances for something to happen. Like I can just write anything. I can make my character say yeah. anything. And for a little while, I was frozen. Like, where do you right. begin? Like, I'm used to taking a situation and running with it and adding to it, and that's where I'm comfortable. I, I get more uncomfortable when it comes to 100% inventing. So, um, but on that show, the characters already existed, and I ended up doing it. And it was fun. So I guess writing a sitcom again, maybe with older ladies in it. I do have this idea. Listen, someone could steal this one because it should get me, and I may never get around to it. I think there should be a sitcom for older women, starring older women, called Invisible. Because like once you're past a certain age, you're kind of like guys stop catcalling, and you go right. to meetings, and like you say an idea, and somebody else like repeats your idea as if it was mm-hmm. theirs, and like so the opening bit is like four different women like having an episode like that where they're like ignored and forgotten, yeah. right? And you know they're like over age forty-five or fifty. Uh, and they're like, ugh. And so then they get together and they like bitch about it. And then they're like, fuck it, let's get together. Let's like rob banks. Let's do good. Like, if you're invisible, think of all the good you can do. Right. So they use it, their like problem, it becomes their superpower. That's pretty good. Yeah. So somebody can have that one. I don't know if I'm ever going to sit down and write it. There's a, lot, there's a lot of good critical analogs in all of that, too. Mm-hmm. And a lot of roles for ladies that need roles. Right. Um, so, and then season two or three, you get into the they become they become noticed and most wanted. Then you get into the whole inverse where it's like, what do people project onto? Oh, yeah. I mean, they could go a lot of directions. So they start like getting ninja skills or becoming like <laughs> technological geniuses and um, getting deeper, deeper into the crime scene, becoming mob bosses. Right. I mean, how many lady mob bosses are there in fiction? Or reality, almost none. Orange is the new black is maybe the only. Yeah. The new uh, the TV version of Get Shorty mm-hmm. uh, has a really great character who is a female like crime boss. Okay. Uh, I recommend that. Show. The first okay. season of that is on Netflix now. Okay. And it's only, it's one of those things like 
the new trend sort of of like TV shows that are not based on but inspired by. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the Fargo model where right. and they just go. They they loosely take the Elmore Leonard idea of what if a guy a guy in crime started working in movies mm-hmm. and it's uh, Chris O'Dowd. Uh, right, bridesmaids, and using his actual like playing an Irishman, so he's oh, okay. using his like real accent. I, real accent, which is really refreshing. Because uh, I always feel like when someone has a great accent and then they're forced to do, a, do an American accent all right. the time, I, it just feels like it would be nice to hear the relaxed speech of a good right. actor, you know. And so he's got this great brogue in it, and it's it's like the. Uh, he like genuinely has these like cinematic ambitions, but he's like like convinces the mob to invest this to invest in a movie, uh, and just the various ways. It's a really good, really really good show. Two Who seasons up so far. It's Chris Ray, Ray Romano is in uh-huh. it. Wait, this um, is Get Shorty. Get Shorty. The TV version. What was the other one that was about the investing in movie, FBI, CIA, the show that you really liked? It was that one. Was it that one? Unless there's another one I'm forgetting. It's the only one I can think of. Um, Wasn't there one where it was like, the FBI are, make a fake movie, and then they start getting really into like, the details of it? That was a different show. Oh, that is something. They make it as a cover. Right. You were talking about this in a previous episode, I feel like. Well, and then they get into making it, yeah. Right, and then they get, like, super invested yeah. in the actual creative and they want decisions. to actually make Well, that is yeah. one of the things that happens in Get Shorty is there's a point where it becomes, like, the, the FBI becomes involved in it, but then they're, they're doing things like, it's like, no, they should hire, like... Okay, maybe this is that, then. Because there, there's, like, maybe a plot beat with, like, Felicity Huffman in it where she's... There's a, a, a cinematographer that, they, that Chris O'Dowd wants it, but he has a visa problem. They're, like... Right. He's, like, suddenly... First, the FBI is like trying to use him, and then he starts using them to be like, "We need this DP, and he's yeah. stuck in Iran. Can you talk to someone at state it? and get him cleared?" And at first, like, "Absolutely not, we can't." And then they look at his reel, and they're like, "He's like the best <laughs> one for it. Like, he has to shoot the movie." And then they're like, "Yeah, we will clear it." And uh, yeah, this is what you're talking. Yeah. About. yeah. Oh, all right, I will check that out. It sounds good. I get. I have a thing against TV shows based on another thing, but right, I can get over it. Yeah, have you ever seen, like, CBS has been doing these remakes that are, like, wild? Like what? Like, like Lethal Weapon. Ugh. And they I had, like, a rush... I think they're doing a rush hour also. Oh, really? Well, um... um uh, one, uh, yeah, one of the cast members of Lethal Weapon was on Stone Cold Fox with me. Uh, uh, Hernandez was on that, and... Uh, but I've never seen that show. I've never... It just feels so weird to me to be, like... It, they took... For both Lethal Weapon and Rush Hour, it was like, let's take two franchises that are based on the like charismatic, unique personalities of these stars, and keep recast the context, them. but recast it as like young, hot people. I'm like, what? This is that's you miss. You're not getting what was right. good about these things. Remember when they made the? I don't know if it ever aired or if it's ever if it's viewable anywhere, but they made a pilot of. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop as a TV show right. with Eddie Murphy, but it was Whoa. it was the show was going to be about his son, but he had like a cameo in the pilot, like he was going to appear in the pilot and not be in the right. just be a to producer like make on the it show. Legit. But uh, yeah, it never got past the pilot stage. I don't think. Interesting. Uh, to be fair, I haven't really I haven't seen 
watch any of Lethal Weapon or Rush Hour, so maybe they're amazing and I'm just missing out, but my instinct is that they are not. Yeah. Hawaii Five-O is like that? Right. Although that's you, been on for a while. Have you seen the Subway integration? Uh, Subway oh. bought like what? integrated ad space in that. And in so in a, Hawaii Five-O? Oh, that's I think it was Hawaii Five-O, and so there's a character just like, man, have you tried the new footlong subs? No. They're so good and only so many calories. Like, oh, wild. that. I mean, as long as they're accurate. Well, listen, Connor, <laughs> you and I, we're not below it. We yeah. did our KFC. We need some sponsorship. We did, well, we did a KFC thing for the Get There show. Yeah. It was a KFC ad. Yeah, but you were, like, out and about about it, I'm sure. Well, the funny thing is we weren't. You weren't? But then it the next the day. Gag. So, like, yeah. We weren't. We did it. We did. We, we did a bit that we thought was legitimately funny. That we were like, this this could probably make show, even if it weren't ad. It absolutely would have. Right. And we would have gone. In fact, the network made us. Here's a scoop. The network made us cut it shorter. The original bit was gonna be like five minutes long, and it got I thought funnier because it was just like it's more playing absurd. into Connor's performance abilities. Well, it was also a great example of of the way that non-creatives and creatives uh, instincts are different. Yeah. <laughs> That's a nice way to put it. Well, because that was the episode where there was like, I show up and it's that and it's based on a true thing, which is that I auditioned to be, I was almost Colonel Sanders and then I, at the last minute, in my final like callback audition where they were they were having me audition all week long I was, and they were it got to the point where they were like my agents were saying like you got this. are you available no like are you available for real so can you fly out extra all this stuff and then as I was leaving the very last audition uh, I was leaving the room and I heard you know it's one of those things where the couch keeps getting more and more full of there's more people more yeah. execs and as I was walking out of the room I heard one of them go does anyone know uh, who Daryl Hammond's agent is and I was like oh that would probably sell more chicken and, uh, and then the, and, and, and then he was, but then they switched to a campaign where it's a new colonel every you know two weeks. Right, or whatever. there's like lady colonels and stuff. Yeah. So the bit on the Gather Show was that I had auditioned to be the colonel and uh, and I didn't and I didn't get it. So. And so it was me in full like Colonel Sanders sure. doing this like crazy audition where I keep saying these inappropriate things and. I'm act. I'm like overacting everything. I'm like doing everything too, like dramatically or passionately like or too intensely. Angry, yeah. um, Did you eat chicken? I don't think I ate any chicken, but it was like me where I was like I kept screaming about the herbs and spices the as if they were yeah. Yeah. Right. And oh, I was gonna try it. Um, and the and so I'm like screaming and uh, and then later in the episode there was a period where Gethard was going to be like locked in a coffin or something and for 60 seconds people were going to destroy the whole set. They had all this like silly string and right. all this stuff and I'm still dressed as Colonel Sanders and I'm out in the I'm out in the hallway with the KFC people and I was like, hey, if it's cool with you guys, do you, I think it'd be really funny if during, it, the camera's going to be like chaotic during all right. of that. I'm like, I think it'd be really funny if Colonel Sanders was among the audience like destroying the set yeah. with my cane and stuff and they were like yeah 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 we really and unbeknownst to me I didn't realize there were all these negotiations about how little time they, the network kept trying to cut down the amount of time that they were because well, so, they don't want to make the other advertisers mad yes. right and so they were trying to minimize the amount that 
so like we had this bit that was like five minutes long and was really like I thought was really funny because it was just letting Connor basically right. go off and it's one of those bits that's funny because it's long right yeah. and then they're like can we make it 60 seconds and I was like no and so like we negotiated for like two minutes and you had to like do it really fast yeah but and it ended up being still be a really good bit but then there was a the thing where it was like well let me I'm like I was thinking from the other point of view I was thinking like KFC might have a problem with you know the colonel doing something oh, or whatever yeah. I was like really yeah. and they're like oh we'd love it so I was like I went to the control and I'm like, hey, do you want me to be in the chaos? When it just, I was thinking it'd be funny just if like amid all that you just see a blip of like, which, yeah, yeah. would have been. And yeah. and word got back to me and was like, no, you can't. And then it, and then a few minutes later, like, it's okay if you stand on camera at the end as part of the goodbyes. They've agreed that that's okay. And I'm like, that's more visible but less fun. Yeah. Right. Like we've actually agreed. Like by the time they agreed that I could appear for a few seconds more. The moment had passed because... They also probably thought they were, like, helping you and throwing you a bone. And I'm like, well, this is, yeah. Which and that's the thing it. is it's also not one person. It's just a series of... A series of... Telephone th- games of... And everybody covering their ass. Right, and, and, yeah. and I get it, but it is also that's what makes television frustrating sometimes. It's like... Yeah. Uh, it would have been funnier to do and, and then people And then people wonder why nobody wants to host the Oscars. Yeah, true. And it's like, well, it's because the, the odds that you're going to land in a slot where you're able to do the kind of fun things that happened that one time that everyone remembers where Billy Crystal got to make jokes all night. Right. That, you know, the... It feels like... I keep hoping or waiting for there to be some sort of opportunity to be under the radar and making something. Because that's, to me, that's the dream thing. And it's almost happened a couple of times where I'll... I, I, the problem is, like, things are under the radar also have a tendency to either, like, suddenly not be under the radar right. or go away completely. Well, they're so under the radar, no one sees them. Yes. Or, well, I mean... I wouldn't mind that. Because I, I feel like with that. CISO was the closest thing that I've experienced where, like, they sort of were just like, yeah, do your thing. Yeah. And the downside is that then it folded after however many months. But yeah. it was like, oh, we got to do this weird thing with money for a very short amount of time and we sort of got to do whatever we wanted. It's also not that it not that it would have made a huge difference, but when CISO existed, I was one of the only people I knew who actually subscribed to CISO. And but I knew lots of comedy people I who were to like, CISO. We're yeah. shaking hands. Yeah. And to me it was just like, look, it's like five bucks a month. Yeah. It's like four bucks a month or whatever. It's and to me it was like if I don't subscribe, who will? This is a thing for comedy nerds. Every comedy nerd should subscribe yeah. to this. It will only get better if more people right. subscribe to it. And the number of comedians, including like when I was like working on some shows, I remember being in the like green room for Debate Wars, and I mentioned something about how I subscribed to CISO, and everyone was like, what? You subscribe to CISO? I was like, yes. Does, and realizing that no one else had it, I'm like, if we're not... Then who else who is? is? Yeah. And the answer was not enough people. <laughs> to keep it, yeah. I know. I remember but I hearing remember, that there was people, CISO was not a big staff. Yeah. People, there were people, a lot of people that worked at CISO didn't have CISO. Yeah, and, and I'm I was like, like, come on. And to me, it's like one of those things where it's like, well, when a good thing goes away, part of the reason will be because, like, even you weren't supporting it. Like, there is yeah. that thing of, like, I grew up in Jefferson City, Missouri. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I notice uh, whenever, and I love going back to visit, but like when I go back to visit, there's nobody there from when I went to school. Like, I, none of my friends live there anymore. And right. I guess that's not uncommon, but it is one of those things where I'm like, where's the next generation of this town 
and there's like an aspect of like people who moved to this town because it was like a cheap place to have a home and have a family but then they have kids and then those kids grow up and they're like well there's no other reason to be here except that this place is cheap to live and that's right. that's not where you start out with your dreams right. you know that's where you end up with at a right. certain point which is like oh, I'd like a yard right. you know and, yeah. and but it is one of those things where like in my hometown like they've never met a school levy they haven't eagerly voted against <laughs> and it is that sort of thing where there's an aspect of uh, you know you you you, not supporting good things means that then good things don't exist and you're kind of like well where do the good things go and it's like well you gotta when you see the thing that you're like oh this is a cool fun thing like you gotta like try and hop on board and do what you can to make it so that that thing can survive does your hometown have like local theater or culture a little bit I mean there's some community theater but it's also one of those things where like like whenever uh, like right now they're trying to make a go of having like a, an art house movie theater on the main street but it's like a struggle because people are oh, like well Netflix. yeah they're like why would I pay to why yeah. would I pay for this when I can just watch stuff that I'm already paying for at home right. that's why I paid for uh, you know and, and you know I, I can understand that to a certain extent but I do feel that there is that thing of like something like CISO needed everybody to be like uh, yeah I'll pay five dollars a board. month to yeah. have all of Kids in the Hall and Monty Python and all this like back right. library plus new things plus uh, that's the thing I never understood about people who were actually looking to do comedy is like if that if CISO had continued that would have been one of the things that would have been hiring me to do things all the time well, that's what's you know? so weird it's like there was this like weird cool kids thing that happened where there's like people that like use CISO as this bit they'd make fun of it and it was, it was sort of like and it was all people that were up and coming comedy people who so it's there like, were snobs about it? Yes. well I think it was the kind of thing where it was like they were selves about it, I think. Yeah. Or they, or they thought like or it'll be more fun if I make it'll. It's funnier for me to make fun of this than to be like I'm really glad there's a right. There's a bit of Schadenfreude of like being like, oh man, that seems like a cool. That seems like kind of opportunity I want, but it's I don't have that right now. And well, maybe it's not so like that sort of like. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. And then uh, there'd be people that'd be doing bits about it, and be like pretty cool thing and I think you'd all be pretty well, jazzed is, if you had a show on it. I did bits about CISO. We did bits about CISO but yeah. they came from a place of like let's have fun with this as opposed to there was an aspect of if you're if you're paying the $5 a month and you're doing bits about CISO that's they have a different tone than the people who are like yeah I don't watch that I don't subscribe to that I don't you know. Yeah. It's just like you'll get your $5 back when they give you a show <laughs> you know like which would have happened with some of those guys you know it's yeah. just like no, and it's true. And I think that's why, I mean, Connor and I always try not to be, like, negative about things as much as we can on the podcast because you also realize, too, it's like, yeah, there's always people trying to make things and, for the most part, trying to do their best. Yeah. It's true. I do miss it, though. And I didn't have time to watch a lot of the stuff that was on it. I know. Same. There's, you know, there's a bunch of shows, like... There were a lot of things I had that were on my, like, queue for that that I'm like, I'll yeah. get around to that. And then I'm like, oh, I guess I'll have to... I mean, some of that stuff just got, like, I think Debate Wars got, like, uploaded to YouTube or I something. I love Debate Wars. Like, Did you ever watch it? I watched it. Debate. That's why I signed up for TSO. Same. Because I thought it was just a... I mean, I, I'm biased because I thought that your, your episode is, like, one of the funniest ones. The, like, cats what was your debate? Cats versus there dogs. There was Cats vs. Dogs, and then I was also in the uh, Nature versus Nurture episode. But Cats versus Dogs is where he was dressed as a cat the entire time with, like, cat-style makeup on. Oh, my God. 
Um, and you sang the one song. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing, that's another good example. If you watch the episode that I did with Shannon O'Neill and Pete Gross and uh, Joe Hill, that um, nobody told me that everyone was writing their bits in advance. So I literally oh. prepared nothing for the show. And was this nature versus nature? This is nature versus yeah. nature. And I, especially because I was supposed to, I was rebuttal. Right. So, so I was like, how can, how you can I pre write yeah. a rebuttal? And then I was at the taping and I realized that people had pre written their rebuttals. And I was like, There's like stuff in teleprompters and you're like, What? I, yeah, that like, I think Joe Hill had like a song that was like a rebuttal. And I was like, And somebody asked me, What's your, what are you doing for a rebuttal? I said, I don't know. I gotta wait until we tape the show <laughs> and I'll hear what he has to say. Which now, there's a part of me that thinks back to them that's like, they might have, like, there might have been people who would have been genuinely freaked out if they realized that I'd come to that taping with nothing prepared. Yeah. But, you know. I say you are a purist. You just, you well, can I, take it Well, here's the thing. It's one of my proudest moments because Pete Gross, who's, like, one of the smartest people in comedy, oh. Pete Gross led with... Uh, he said a famous philosopher once said, I am what I am. Mm -hmm. And so I literally wrote down on my piece of paper, Popeye. And that was it. And I didn't, and then I eviscerated him because I, I came out fast talking saying that uh, the famous philosopher that, uh, that, that he cited was Popeye the Sailor Man. And he has another credo. Uh, that uh, that you may be familiar with the Popeye the Sailor Man song I'm Popeye the Sailor Man I'm Popeye the Sailor Man I'm strong to the finish because I eat me spinach I'm Popeye the Sailor Man now if you go back to the uh, 1979 uh, 1980 uh, movie by Robert Altman written by Jules Pfeiffer which was drawn from the original uh, oh Thimble God. Theater strips by uh, by uh, E.C. Seagar uh, you will know that in Popeye's origin story he's not born liking spinach that is something that has to be nurtured into him by his father, Poop Deck Pappy, played by Ray Walston. And it's just me going on and on about how the very fact that you cited I Am What I Am by someone who was nurtured into his greatest strength. Um, and it was just this long evisceration where I was just... And then I did, the, I did this whole thing, and, uh, and then uh, um, Mike Lee in Black, when he would come over and he would do like... Uh, he would he would do like sarcastic questions yeah. and he would like mostly it was like razzing people but then when he got to me he goes I have one question for you was that rebuttal entirely improvised and I was like yes he goes okay <laughs> he wouldn't say it it was just like he just wanted to know and then when we were done so I remember just saying to Pete I said the second you mentioned Popeye you were done like it was just like he said Popeye to the wrong guy you, yeah, yeah yeah you you pulled the wrong you casually pulled the wrong reference to the wrong see you know. you've been waiting your whole life for that moment oh it really was like. People it's one of those, and you know, everybody waits for the moment where they're going to have their finest hour, and unfortunately, mine was on CISO, which nobody saw. And yours on CISO in round two of the Baywatch. I think those are on YouTube now. Yeah. Because well, there's no other place for them. There's a little kid. Hi. We should acknowledge that we're in a church yeah. foyer. Yeah, which... we're in a church foyer. You see, now you know what it's like to forget that you're on a podcast. I know. It's kind of fun. Um, and the, the Spider-Man was coming through the door. Hi. Um, yeah, we're in a church foyer where the door that we tried to go in uh, earlier that you can't use, people keep habitually going to because it looks like it's a door you should use. We did the or, same thing. Yeah. Under the watchful eyes of Pope Benedict. Oh, yeah. 
Right. We didn't even talk about this. When we walked in in the very beginning, and there was silence on the podcast, you see that portrait right there? Yeah. It's kind of very creepy. There's a, there's like a 18-inch by 20-inch portrait of a pope. Yeah. Is yeah. it the current pope? I didn't even see No, he's just all in red. And it's like the Trump portraits in like federal offices. It's just... Yeah. I mean, that There's might be something about but... the red outfit that immediately uh, calls little... to mind Spanish Inquisition it in a does. way that, like, and, and when I picture it, obviously I'm picturing the Python, the Monty Python right. version sure. of it, because that's the default reference. I don't know what the actual Spanish Inquisition looks like. Yeah. I assume it looks like that. Yeah, no, it totally looks like that little caplet. Yeah. yeah. But he's also in modern times, but he's wearing got... his little caplet. It's just, and now there's here, an American flag there's a, next to it. There's a screen, a big flat screen that says, light a virtual candle. Oh. And. It has all these uh, oh, caption codes. It has all these like, and it has their like Instagram handle and stuff. Yeah, it's all very like social media savvy. Well, light a virtual get with candle, the times. and you get all these. Um, oh. um, what I'm thinking right now is. When I go to the Ed Sullivan Theater for our show, for Cutler's mm-hmm. show, right. it's yeah. still new to me. I feel like I'm walking into a church. Yeah? Yeah. I've been I, in there. It, it has church-like architecture, and it has this beautiful mosaic floor. And all that history. And it's kind of so sacred. Much, yeah. yeah. And it has this beautiful arch ceiling, sort of like this. Don't they, aren't the offices really small? The, well, it's in a different building. It's right. hatched. Uh, it's not that small. It's There's some show adequate. where everyone's like, yeah, and the offices are like... Tiny garbage yeah. offices. Maybe no, these are there. these. It's okay. It's yeah. a nice big common area kitchen with good snacks. What were snacks. the best offices you've ever had? On oh, any that's show. a good question. Um, well, I my, I immediately go to snacks. Oh, by the way, I brought you snacks that don't crunch because I thought hey that would hey. be nice for. I don't know if you're allowed to eat in the foyer of a cathedral, but I I brought you these snacks. Ooh, the office. thank you. Yeah, you can have two each. Um, these are some gummy it, fruits. Your mom and things yeah, are coming. Right. <laughs> uh, Here's her snacks. I also have some crayons in here. No lie. Um, um, best offices. I mean, the Colbert offices are nice. I feel a little bit like no offense to the President Show or Comedy Central, but switching from cable to network is a little bit like going from coach to first class. Right. Yeah. I mean, I walked in the first day. It wasn't that long ago. I just started in November. And my office, which I share with a lovely other producer, office mate. Um, but I walk in, and there's a window, and there's a little mini fridge, and there's like room to move around. And That's really nice. It is really nice. Just like quality of life, and it makes a big difference. Um, there's a nice common area kitchen, and people are really nice, and like the crew talks to the writers, and everybody's cool to each other. Um, do you Emmy around the office? I do. It, not only that, she's sort of my muse. Uh, I'm doing a field piece with her. I just, like, part of the reason they hired me is to get other things on the air. You know, Steven's just, like, spread very thin doing five hours of TV a week. And he can't go do field pieces very often. So they need to find new kinds of field pieces and new people. And so in my interview, I was like, let's get Emmy Blotnick out as correspondent. So the first piece I'm doing is with her. That's great. She's Um, so good. Yeah, she's so good. She's so fast on her feet. And I love her. I love her character, her kind of like yeah. nervous, neurotic lady. Right. She would, I think she would endorse that. Um, and she's just very human and great. So yeah, I just I meet with her all the time. We're working on this piece. Uh, I guess I can say what it's about. It's not like a secret. Actually, I'm not gonna say what it's about. Cheap bit of secret. Make it a blind item. 
Like, all right. Yeah, talk about it. Without remove all the specifics. Okay. It's going to be in Washington, D.C. Great. Wow. You may even less specific if you say we're going to shoot on the East Coast. <laughs> well, too late now. Emmy's going to be my correspondent. And it's going to, we're going to like cause a little bit of a ruckus. Hey. Yeah. All right. But. Um, you heard it here first. With the um, government shutdown right now, we are unable to get permits. Right. So it might not, it might, it's, a, it's an evergreen topic that we'll just do it later. I mean, if Trump knows that late night comedy shows are being affected by the shutdown, he'll keep it going longer. Yeah. Maybe. Um, which actually I wouldn't mind it being in, it, it involves the out of doors, so Oof. I wouldn't mind it being we in the We have like four people shooting things today outside. Oh. Interesting. I don't know why you not just be like, and that's a wrap. Maybe they were all going to shoot in D.C. Right. But they couldn't get permits, so they they're shooting do here it, instead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just got a call for a, a job. Oh, yeah? Oh, good. Hey, what are you working on? Oh, you're going to L.A.? I'm going to L.A. to work on a Friends show for just a couple weeks. Right. Friends? I know. Now I'm afraid to say anything about it. Like, what? maybe that's, no, that, that no, no. information they're, is out. They're doing a Friends reboot and you're working on it? <laughs> yeah, I'm playing Joey. Oh, my gosh. Hey! That, <laughs> that's perfect. That's a great job. We were just saying how reboots are the new thing, so exactly. that's perfect. Uh, yeah, and then I'm, I'm trying to get into Jess and I'm to t- children's television stuff. Yes. Um, I've been doing so much research. I've read every book on children's television. Oh, how about just watch children's TV? What are your favorite? I, I have watched so much. Did you watch television. the shows I told you to watch? Yes, I did. Clangers and and um, Cupcake Story and Bots. Dino and Storybots. Yeah. They, I mean, they're all really good. It's really interesting. So I've been reading a lot about. I mean, I don't want to give away all the things that I've learned. So I'm sure, going to try sure. to implement them into the stuff that I want to make. But the way that Sesame Street has approached their shows is different than almost every show. So mm-hmm. there's like this weird dividing line, like war between children's shows of like research-based shows and non-research-based shows. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the research that does exist points to things that now that I watch shows, it's like you can't stop looking at it. Stuff where it's like, like one example is... It shows with a lesson? Well, so one example is that all the research shows that um, showing any kids a negative example is never good. So even if it's like, if it's like... A bully. Jessica, like, didn't clean up her, her clothes. Just clean Okay, I'll, I'm sorry I did that. Like, it, it, it does damage. It enforces the negative behavior, even if you show it being fixed. Because it children, just brings it onto the surface. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And it's more beneficial. You get, you get more progress out of children and learning things by just showing them the positive huh. than showing them the negative. I clean fixing my room it. all day. <laughs> right. It's all I ever but even do. So, but, but even yeah, Sesame but, Street, like, there was an episode recently uh, where uh, Elmo was a poor sport. Right. And But he was, that was a bad example. He was, he was being like a brat when he won. Yeah. Elmo was being, he, that was a negative example. Right. And, so, and then we wanted to play with him. And then we learned about being a good sport. I've always been good. <laughs> I've always been a good, good person. But it is interesting. Not as interesting. Yeah. Because you see so much. There's the drama. But that's the thing is like, for example, like, and there's all this research about Mr. Rogers too and about he almost never showed negative. That's anything. true. He, yeah. he would just show positive behavior. It's good to put on your shoes. Yeah. Um, and so now that you're thinking about that, it's so interesting as adults, the way that we try to teach is by saying, don't do this. Right. Mm-hmm. These are the things that are bad. Whereas for kids, they don't know anything. Right. And so just 
exhibiting positive behavior is a lot more healthy, but it's so much easier for us to be negative. So there's so many shows that, especially non-research-based shows, where you're watching kids that are, you're watching things where it's like, Mr. Mr. Box is being a bad boy. And it's yeah. like, that's always the framework for so many things. I'm like, this thing's broken, this thing's thing. How do we fix the thing? Yeah. And at the end, it's like, good, we learned the lesson, and here's the lesson. And it's right. like, for kids, that last 30 seconds where you say, well, here's the lesson you learned, goes over their head all they saw was 22 minutes of someone being a jerk or whatever that's also how you train a dog right you know there's a whole huge debate between negative reinforcement and positive reinforcement and basically only positive reinforcement works right you can yell at a dog all you want for like going through the garbage you have to like praise it when it's doing it right right dogs don't care if you yell at them after they go through the garbage they don't care but it's been interesting and there i guess there is a big dividing line between like sesame street and barney back in the day because Barney started taking a lot of the thunder of children's television, but it was not a research-based show. Uh-huh. So there's a lot of things that they were doing that was just like not based, it seemed good and nice, but yeah. it was not based on anything that was proven to actually help children. Right, but was it all positive? I don't know, I don't remember Barney enough to really... Barney, I never Barney saw it, yeah. But it was just interesting hearing that there's like these big dividing lines That's and all this like ways of doing things. And, that. and then once you start learning all the nuances of these different teaching methods and the age groups and how things break down watching shows that's like hard to watch them without having that same eye towards like oh interesting they're doing this mm-hmm. and, but, but all the research says you shouldn't do that right. or, hey good this show is doing this yeah so it's, it's also interesting. interesting to see shows kids shows that don't have a lot of language yeah partly because it's for babies who don't have language but I'm always thinking oh international <laughs> like this like yeah. you know um, what's the show with the son who's a baby's face yeah Teletubbies um Teletubbies, Mr. Bean. Yeah, shows I'm hearing a church organ. Um, oh, yeah. They're playing music now. Do you... Did you watch Clangers? Uh, which one's Clangers? It's like crocheted mice yes. in outer space. Yes. That's on that's Netflix, very little language. right? Uh, it was on the streaming thing. It's on some streaming thing somewhere. Hey, hey. I'm just making sure everything's... Can you hear me? I can hear everybody. Oh, hi. Um, yeah. I just get stressed out. About Dude, batteries? Uh, yeah. You know what shows? I'm sorry. What? Um, Daniel Tiger. Oh, yeah. Well, that's Mr. Rogers' it's legacy. Just, it's just Mr. Rogers. It's Mr. Rogers. This is, this is Daniel Tiger's character on Mr. Rogers. Right, but this is an animated Daniel Tiger. Oh, believe me, I know. And he, like, sort of bothers me. Yes. Why? Because Mr. Rogers was, like, he was never condescending. I don't know. It's, it's like, very cutesy. Yeah. And he's like, I want to play dinosaurs now. And you're like, all right, man, like, chill out and just chill for a second. I don't know. It's something about it just feels off to me. That it's not the same. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't describe <laughs> it. It, it, it yeah, sounded like, like the like, wonders overreact to that. Yeah. I would have played dinosaur now. Okay, just chill out, Daniel. <laughs> hey, hey, Daniel, Daniel. Can you cool it? you got you to take a chill pill right now. Okay, you, I've been having a tough day. I want you to watch the letter people. Well, Daniel will play with, like, his little sister. It'll be like, she's not fun to play with. Right. And she's not playing my game. Like now, Daniel. Yeah, she's younger. There's a lot of negatives. There is reinforcement. There is Daniel Tiger, which isn't like which isn't Mr. Rogers, but it's right. Mr. Are there Rogers. Are there people? Are there people? Who, really are there people who say church music? It's true that isn't this ominous. No, uh, it's like Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, yeah this it's just getting exciting. Are there people who say yes, yes? The research says this, but we got to make the show interesting because it's really boring to kids if it's just positive stuff. So that's that's one of the big, art. there's this one book that I'm reading that's all about that, is yeah. that there's a lot of people that are like, so 
there's this whole thing back in the day where the government tried to mandate more t educational children's television. And so in order to hit these quotas, networks had to only be producing children's, or a certain amount of children's television that were considered educational. And so one of the things that they developed was the term pro-social, which is pro-social programming is a program that like, promotes positive social interactions. Mm -hmm. And that became a sort of coverall for like, you know, they're being nice to each other. So yeah, this is educational, which was a way to be like, you know, uh, My Little Pony is pro-social. It's a pro-social really? show. Like, nice I don't know if that exactly, but All that right. kind of thing where okay, they yeah. would just be like, it's pro-social. Use it as a blanket. Right. Yeah. And so then there's a lot of people would be like, we don't want to do like educational television. It tastes like, it's like medicine and pro-social. We can really still be crafting narratives and entertainments like that. But what's interesting is that all the research shows that kids are not less interested in educational content versus pro-social or like narrative content. It's just, it has to be good. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. it has to be entertaining and it doesn't matter what it is. So, but people tend towards being like, oh, it's right. just gonna be pro-social so we can have these storylines that we know and all these things, but you can do that with educational stuff as well. Right. It just, you have to think about how to do, how to do that. It can't just be aping sitcom plots right. or whatever. Right. So it's interesting because a lot of these shows that are just like, well, we really just want to sell stuffed animals. Yeah. But it's pro-social, yeah. so it's educational. When really it's like, no, you're just not putting in the effort. Well, but here's another thing, both having kids and watching a lot of kids' shows. Kids like darkness. Kids want a little bit of darkness. Like, even on Sesame Street, Oscar the Grouch is a dark character. And I love him. He's probably my favorite right. on the show. And, like, it was all Elmo, all Big Bird. I find Big Bird pretty annoying because he's, like... I, I mean, I find Elmo insufferable. Elmo and Big Bird are both kind of annoying. But Groucho, it, Groucho um, Oscar <laughs> the Grouch... <laughs> Oscar the Groucho. ...is um, a delight. And kids need, like... and Kids need something dark to grab onto. Yeah. Well, so if it's all, like... I just imagine it's just, like... Your room is so clean. It's because I cleaned my room. <laughs> like, wow, good you are. End of story. Yeah, well, actually, that that <laughs> wow, what a clean room. Let's go see my room. <gasps> Your room's clean, too. It's because I clean it. I would, actually, I sort of like that show. <laughs> you're, using, you're making that example as back down there, but that's way, that's, that's way better than most yeah. of the things are out there. I've got, let's go to the kitchen. The kitchen's clean, too. <laughs> Who cleaned the kitchen? I cleaned the kitchen. But, like, here's an example. Like, a scene that's burned into my mind is from my sister and I watching Pippi Longstockings where they tie the brushes and sponges to their feet and like and clean, the, clean the kitchen. And like there's so many times that we were like, let's clean the kitchen. Because it was like, that looks it. like a blast. Yeah. And like my parents were like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Knock yourselves out. But it, but it makes me think of this moment. It's actually a Will Hines moment when Will Hines, whose name comes up on this podcast and is an old friend of mine. He just recently told me he was excited that to hear that I was going to record another episode of this, and he will never listen to it. And I was like, "Well, you've been saying that for years now, and you don't see me that often anymore. You can afford to listen to this podcast." And he, he agreed he's going to try to listen to it. Oh, good. All right. Well, well, well little... there's not as much silent eating anymore. <laughs> well, people have a fast forward button. That's what it's for. Yeah, Will. Also, what's he doing? Driving around LA? Listen to he's some silence. He's got a lot. He's got hey, a lot of free time. Will, take a left wherever you are right now. Take a left. Take right. a left. So Will Hines and I, many years ago, were visiting a friend of mine who had kids. And I remember we'd go to their house, and they had this parquet floor with, like, different squares. And the kids were, like, five and seven. And Will Hines says, okay, those squares on the floor are poop. 
don't step in the poop. And, and of course, all day, everybody's like, Dee! and like, every, it became right. all about not stepping in the poop, but of course, then, then Will would like fall into the poop, I'm yeah. making air quotes. Uh, and that was a great comedy lesson that I think about all the time. Like, you set up the danger, you set up mm-hmm. the poop, and then of course you're gonna fall into the poop. That's like true for every comedy, right. everything. And, and, that's a ki- and the kids loved it. Right. It was not educational though, but it was fun. Right. And so that's why you're making your new show, <laughs> Don't Step on the Poop Square. Don't Step on the Poop. Uh, Will Hines got me into comedy. I'll give him some, I was really? a news person. I was working at MTV News, and, uh, and Will and I were dating, and he was doing comedy, and I was going to UCB shows, and then we started, we just started talking about comedy a lot. He's like, you should do this, you should try it. And then, uh, I will never be a performer, but I started, I took a couple sketch writing classes with Armando and Ali Farnakian, right. and, um, and then I uh, worked, got a job at The Daily Show. I, I took my producer skills and then added comedy and worked at The Daily Show next. So that's and Will Hines. Wonder Shows was the first show you show ran? Mm-hmm. And that was before I was at The Daily Show. Who was it? Got it. Uh, losing the timeline. But yes, the first person I show, the first show that I show ran was Wonder Shows. So you're a young gun showrunner then. I, well, I wasn't that young, but I was. It was in my thirties. Right. That's. Um, I'll do it. There's a kids show that I want. You, if you're looking at kids shows, I want you to try and. I want you to watch. See if you can find it on YouTube uh, the Letter People. Yeah, I've. Uh, Have I shown you what is that? that? No, I know the Letter People from. Wait, um, what is Letter People? Uh, both AV geeks. And I think you've shown me it. And I think it appears in, um, what's it called? Uh, the guys that they take weird old footage of oh. puppets and cut it together. What's it called? Uh, oh, my God. People are screaming. Uh, <laughs> I know. We'll think of it. We've got, we've got a lot of time. Or we can Google do it. YouTube, video, YouTube videos and they do live shows. It's not... I keep thinking of uh, whatever, like, Cartoon Carnage or whatever those DVDs, but it wasn't that. Uh, it's, uh... We can look it up. Uh, they recycle old stuff? Yeah. Yeah. All right. They're getting out their phones. Some I've got to look it up. is happening. We're doing some searching. Here in the church vestibule with... Now um, I'm noticing but the I'll explain you. Hook. I'll explain yeah. you what the Letter People... Letter People yes. is a show that... Growing up, I assumed because I saw it on PBS mm-hmm. when I was at my grandma's house that it was just like Sesame Street, it was like that any it was other everywhere. show that was yeah. everywhere. This is a little later that was made in St. Louis. It was oh a regional God. PBS kids show. Whoa! And everything is terrible. I don't know that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. Yeah. Um, Great name. But the letter people, it was based on I think this like sort of phonics or they had some system that it was about teaching kids how to read. Whoa. But, like, they had these characters for every letter, and it'd be, like, Mr. Terrible Teeth, and he'd be a T and have these, like, big teeth. Were they puppets? Or, were they animated? They were puppets. All, yeah, let's, uh, let's look They were puppets, and I'll find you some. Uh, but there were also these, like, they had, like, they sold things to schools that were, like, uh, textbooks and stuff, which it was weird because I remember being kind of frightened when I would watch these as a kid. Yeah, there's like uh, the these are like drawings of the kid of the characters, oh. and uh, but let me get some more images. But the um, they are kind of scary. 
Yeah, like, if you look at this picture, this, uh, this really conveys what's scary about them. Teeth? Yeah, that's Mr. T, terrible teeth. Whoa. Uh... So they have it's all these... like Sid and Marty Croft kind of stuff, A right? little bit. But the, what I didn't realize until I was older was that because this was a regionally produced show, the lighting on it was very dark. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the backdrops would all be dark. But also, the plot lines would be kind of sinister. Like, there were people who were, like, in genuine danger. Like, there'd be one where it's like, the Prince of the Moon is calling or something, and they would go visit him, and then he'd like, now I'm kidnapping you forever or whatever and you just be like that's what? gonna give a kid like, nightmares yeah yeah and part of it was the low budget made it dark looking yeah and uh the uh and they would uh all of the care all of the consonants were men Ew. and the vowels were women sexist uh the and it's really creepy because it has this, like... Why? why? I don't know why, but it does feel like so. It is. Because well, vowels are more like, important than consonants. And it, yeah. Right. But, well, the vowels are few, though. It <laughs> makes sense. It's funny. Like, hey, that is... A, <laughs> I can't believe really my finger on why that's problematic. It's problematic because most of the characters are now men. Because there's like right, but <laughs> you, got 20, you got twenty some. But it was my knee jerk. My knee jerk reaction was like, "That's sexist." But it's just funny because it's like, well, there's there's constant vowels in every word. Well, you yeah, also just you also said it's sexist, and then said, "Well, because the vowels are more important." Yeah. And I was like, but that makes it feel like those poor consonants. There's so many, but they're not important. Well, it's, 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 it's not clear why it's sexist. It feels like it is for sure. No debating that. Well, I think it is because there's there's a little bit of that. Um, there's a little bit of that Smurfs thing of of the population and the gender imbalance being way out of whack. Where yes, it's like there's yes. one woman per <laughs> village. Which is always so bizarre. The, the Smurfs. It's like then. Uh, never mind. I'm not gonna. <laughs> have, um, you, have you revisited some of those crazy '70s shows like Lidsville and? And uh, HR Puff and stuff in those I shows. I mean, those are wild. Yeah. Connor also. Those are very stoner shows. Right. On one episode, Connor brought this DVD of these cartoon, these old cartoons that, yeah. like, some were cartoons that were like He Man, but others were like, what was the one where it was like something Goldie something? Yeah, Goldie Gold, the female journalist. Oh yeah. my god. She was like. Oh, like Richie Rich, only a girl. Yeah, she was like a rich female journalist. I don't even totally remember. <laughs> My kids are watching um, She-Ra right now. Really? Big time. And I'm, I'm I'm, getting into it. She's like a warrior and she's cool. Right. But then what was... I forget what the Mon show... Chi. Yeah. Mon Chi Chi's. There's this... This is... There's this stupid... It's this show called the Mon Chi Chi's, which they're like, what, like weird, like... I don't remember. They're like little monkeys. Yeah, they're like, Mon Chi Chi. I'm... Goldie Golden Action Jack was the name of that... Right. show and, and action Whoa. yeah Goldie Gold and Action Jack were um, how do you know about this you watched this it, when you were a kid no I didn't watch this I, I literally bought a DVD that was called like Saturday morning cartoons of the 80s oh just but explore. I realized it was just like all of the worst Hanna-Barbera right it was things. stuff that like they'd maybe be like four episodes of and so this, I was like why did we make this but it was Gold, that kind of stuff. Goldie Gold, Goldie Gold and Action Jack. This says, 
This was Ruby Spears' attempt to follow the lead of then-upcoming film Raiders of the Lost Ark by using the mismatched couple has globe-trotting adventures theme that would become popular during the 1980s. Goldie Girl, 18-year-old Goldie Gold is the world's richest girl. She founded her own newspaper, the Gold Street Journal. She and her companion, Daredevil reporter Action Jack Travis, go on adventures around the globe, solving crimes and reporting on them to the paper's editor, Sam Gritt. Let me see what she looks like again. Sorry, audio listeners. Yeah. She's a very old 18. But there's yes. also like a lot of, I remember her in like a golden helicopter. Yeah. It's, uh, flying, yeah she's wearing, flying through Egyptian ruins. By the way, she's ruins. wearing pearls and a fur coat, which I don't think a lot of 18 year olds. Yeah. Maybe. And a cane? Oh no, that's her dog, sorry. It's her leash. It's a leash. That goes to her dog. A lot of slack though. She looks like Ava Gabor or something. And Action Jack looks like he's a little bit past it. You know what I mean? Like, just, just ever so slightly past his prime. Pat and Yeah. And not that into her. He's turning his back on her. Well, you know, he has his own interests. Yes. Um, but the, the thing I was going to say about the... Yeah, the letter people uh, has... Yeah, there's Miss, Miss A at Chew. She sneezes. Sure. Mr. B, beautiful buttons. Mr. C, cotton candy. Now some, uh, and he also has a colossal cap. Okay. Mr. Wait, D. Miss A is a vowel, and yeah. she's a girl. Yeah. Vowels are the females. Oh, oh, I had it backwards. Yeah. All right, I still, I'm still, still going to declare sexist. Right? <laughs> I know that's right. That's right. <laughs> they're just connectors. They're not doers. I know that at least one of them. I know that like. <laughs> I had it wrong the whole time. They they also edited these. They revised them. So like Mr. C Cotton Candy. In the 90s, they revised him to be Mr. C. Colossal Cap, so they got rid of the candy, oh, candy. reference. Oh. I know that one it's of... like how Cookie Monster can't eat cookies anymore? Yes. Like, really? Well, well they're sometimes food. He, so now he's like... He sometimes eats broccoli. Real he eats vegetables. He does. That's um, not... He's supposed to be the id. Well, Mr. X, Mr. X was mixed up with a capital oh. X. Uh, all wrong, and they changed that to Mr. X different. The modern version of that was like, he's not mixed up, he's different. He's different. Oh. X. Yeah. It's not very inclusive. But they would also do these things where they would, they would try to explain things like, when I stand next to you, uh, I make this sound. Unless you're standing next to this person. You know, so they do would all there these, also be a story? There'd be a story, but it would... Uh, uh, it was one of those things where they'd like try to explain, like, uh, unless... Uh, unless Mr. C is standing in front of you, and then he kicks himself to make a sound, Cuh! or whatever, and, and it was just like there was so much like complicated backstory right. and societal stuff. I'm like, it was, tr- it was trying to explain all the things that in English are kind of like hard to teach weird. because like, they're like weird. Like C H is ch. Yeah, so, yeah. They're like, if I stand next to you, I no longer make this sound. Right. Well, that's what was interesting is in this one different book that I was reading that was about they're talking about like the attempt of some shows to try to backward bend education into narrative and then you get into these weird things where it just is way more confusing for kids. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Like, like Lloyd Connors. There's this show, I guess, that was called Crow back in the day that was about like this like Cro-Magnon kid who's like a caveman kid and it was all about physics and like pulleys and simple machines. No. and so there's, he's learning everything for the first time. Right. But the problem is in animation, the rules, the laws of animation, how you show expression and movement don't follow the laws of physics. Right. So, like, you, you know, when you have someone, like, go off a cliff and, like, hover in the air and, like, fall, 
it's like you can't do that in a show where you're discussing the physics. Right. So it's like it became this complicated thing where they'd have to like teach complicated things to weird caveman stuff, but then also there'd be things that would be like contradictory or like it would just become this complicated mess where it's like, or you could just like find a fun way to teach them what a pulley does that doesn't yeah. have to be like in the narrative of some bizarre, complicated. And this pulley Bolt. works so good. <laughs> it's positive. That's a positive yeah. problem. Rocky I, like, I, like how you're, I like how you're like saying that's a bad thing, but these all sound like great. <laughs> Look how it works. Just fine. <laughs> no problem. But that was like how Mr. Rogers worked and it was it great. Was. I you, know. You didn't even, I never even noticed that until you pointed you'd be like, out. Oh, oh, there'd be, this there'd be factory. conflict in the land of make-believe though. He'd go but that over there. Was, that was the one place where they'd play act that a yeah. little bit and he'd always be like, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. You'd take the puppets and grab them. You get, you get really aggressive. <laughs> um, but now that I think about it, I'm trying to think of what I watched when I was a kid Saturday morning, and I watched Bullwinkle and Rocky. But they would, like, go back to ancient Greek times. Like, there was educational stuff. Did you just call it Bullwinkle and Rocky? Rocky and Bullwinkle? Isn't it Rocky and Bullwinkle? I mean, it makes sense either way. Rocky but and Bullwinkle. It... it <laughs> It just sounds like being like, oh, I watched that show, uh, Isles and Rizzoli. <laughs> um, right. Uh, Garfunkel and Simon. Yeah. Oh, that was... <laughs> that confused me because I thought you were going Garfunkel and Oates. Oh, yeah. It's too many layers. Too many layers. Um, yeah. What other um, child kids shows inspired you? Um, what have I been... Pee Wee Herman? He was interesting, although it's like a tweener that is like sort of a, it like breaks the mold in a lot of ways that like there's not many lessons to learn other than like you sort of have to be this weird charismatic guy that makes this show that's like happens to be like a visual appearing, visually appealing, bizarre. He's a little not really trying to teach. Exactly. On that show. In a fact, except bit. for like manners, just like manners behavioral and like stuff. vegetables, like eat your vegetables kind of stuff. Or how like the mail works or. How right. do you teach yes, manners without, without. Having bad manners. Having bad manners. How do you teach manners? I'm always polite. Excuse me, folks. Um, Okay, great. Okay. We'll get out of here. Thank you. We'll get out of here. Is that how you teach it? Yes. But also, that's that's not a bad way to teach it. Really? I always say please. I never feel sad. Have a good one. Thank you. Thank you, sir. They were very nice. They were. All right. I, I, I really like the fact that that guy didn't shame us for the fact that no. he's like, you guys are the last three, as if we were part of the thing yeah. when it was clear. Last three worshipers? We were just, we were just using their heat vent. But right. I think he was okay with that. Yeah. yeah we weren't I, causing that's any what, that's trouble. That's what I like that, about And that was it. a very polite way. Yeah. You could have done that in a rude way. He could have been like, look, everyone here has been praying all night, and you three <laughs> have just been... Talking about whatever you want. It, it could have come and be like, uh, "Did you finish your prayers yet?" Or, mm-hmm. or were you not? Or it could have been keep it down. I was waiting for them to ask us to be quieter. We were not being loud. No. Yeah. And acoustically, and we found a place where I don't think our oh, sound was. I started playing an organ at some point in the middle. Oh, that yeah, yeah that, that was, was loud. Me. Yeah. Um, All right. Will but, you guys steer but, me towards a subway, and then of I'm going to? Of course we yeah. will. You okay. don't even have to ask us twice. I won't. Connor's trying to show it. off. He's positive. His positive manners. Yeah. No, I'll never show you to the subway. Find your own subway. Um, here's how you eat a sandwich. <laughs> Open your mouth 
and choo choo choo. Here's the thing though. All the things you're saying aren't bad know, things. You're just saying it in a dumb voice. But you need conflict to have a story. You need bad behavior. Do, do you? Well, well, I guess well, not. I'm Mr. Rogers. We're never making a kid show together, Jess. <laughs> the, 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 Don't step in the poop. Well, like, I think it should be called. I feel like I learned a lot from Bert and Ernie, and they were fighting nonstop. Nonstop. Yeah, and that's why, and all, all of your, with all of your living roommates, you're constantly bickering. No, I. I, what I learned from them was don't have a roommate. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I like that that guy said, you're the last three. He included us as part of the... He, he didn't say you have to leave now. He was just like, you're the last three. So you're the right. last three. You could have said, we need to finish our prayers. Oh, maybe it was a... Oh, fuck. We might have just missed out on a Willy Wonka situation. You're the last three in that... Oh. And oh, you're leaving? You're the, last, okay. you're the last three, and that means this place is yours now. Oh, it could have been our cathedral. Yeah. <clears throat> the N is this thing, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah this what train do you want? Yeah, over here on what train uh, do you want? Rockefeller Center. Yeah. What, kind of anything that goes south. I think there's a... Aren't you I think East the F train is down there, yeah. Yeah, we're heading for the train... Um, I thought churches stayed open all night. You want to know what I did recently? Yes. Yes. I bought a rice cooker. Ooh. Like a, a fancy one. Is Have it you... a game changer? Yes. Because now... You can set it in the morning. You set it and it just goes and it makes incredible rice. Fluffy. Yeah. Oh my God. So, so good. So fluffy. And it means that I eat out way less because... I always have the makings of a meal. What do you put in the rice? I'll do some chicken, some vegetables, stuff like that. Keep it simple. Um, but it's like, that's usually the thing that stops me from cooking. Is I'm like, ah, it'll make me, take me like an hour to make rice or boil water to make noodles or whatever. That's fantastic. Breakthrough. I know. It's been good. I don't know how to make rice. How long does it take you to make rice? If you do it the old-fashioned way, it takes a while. If you do it, it could it could be like forty minutes or so. Hey, look at all those skaters now. I know Rockefeller skating. Center. That's a kind of shoe, a skate. Uh, they're skating clockwise. Uh, there's some people in the middle. Before there weren't skaters when JD was narrating. He was just using the magic of audio. But now there really there's are. An, there there's are. an empty ice rink, and I was describing like, skaters that weren't there. And that's a reveal. Our listeners didn't know that until just now. But yeah, now we like really 50 are looking. There's like skaters at. there. Yeah. Oh boy, they're or having fun. Or are we lying now? No, we're not. Okay. We're not lying. Oh, that's cute. Uh, Christmas is just around the corner. Hey. Are your kids crazy about Christmas? Yes. Full-on Santa. Oh, I have a Santa story. All right. It's not even a story, but they're five, so they're at prime age for loving Santa. Yeah, twins. I didn't know that. So, uh, I have to do the theatrics of Santa coming, and it makes me nervous, so Mm -hmm. I'm going to ruin dreams and screw it up and right so it's christmas eve and i was like don't come out of your room because santa you know he'll be startled and won't be able to do his thing so go to sleep and you got to stay in your bed and they're like well what if i have to go to the bathroom i said oh well you can pee over there bathroom's in a different part of the apartment right from the living room that's fine go to the bathroom they're like no i can't go to the bathroom i can't leave the room i'm like i promise you you can like, no, Mama, I can't. Huh. So, so I accidentally, like, made your 
kids have these like bathroom phobias? I am sure I'm scarring them in all kinds of ways often. So in the morning we have Christmas and then I see that kid emptying a bucket into the toilet. She peed in a bucket because she didn't want to come out. (laughs) That was her commitment. Oh, wow. To not startling Santa. She peed <laughs> a bucket you've, successfully. You've, wow. turned, you've turned a holiday in like a prison-esque experience. <laughs> like a bedpan. Or what do you call the old-fashioned, um, in olden times, when they didn't have toilets, it was called, uh, what's the word chamber for pot? it? Chamber pot? Chamber pot, yeah. She just made herself a little chamber pot. <laughs> it's so funny, too, that you were like, no, 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 the rules of center are like, you, you can go to the bathroom, you just can't go to this part. Well, She's like, no, no, no. I was like, the don't rules st- are I must pin to this bucket. Don't startle Santa. Santa's over there. You can go here. But she took me very seriously. Like, Did they share a room? Yes. Oh. That's so funny. I know. And the- <laughs> so on Christmas Eve night, yeah, your two little angels were asleep with a bucket of, <laughs> a bucket of piss. Yeah. <laughs> the- like, this is one night a year when we can't use the bathroom. Yeah. That's, it's a tradi- Christmas tradition. For the rest of their lives, they'll have, like, a nervous <laughs> bladder on Christmas Eve. And not know why. Yeah. Uh, oh. Well, and I still have to get Wonder Woman. To get her some hands. Better hands, but... Or you should, Not today. You could craft some hands out yeah, of clay. Just make some hands. I like the teddy bear hands idea. You can make a better Wonder Woman. Yeah, or just give her like forks or claws <laughs> yeah. or something yeah. else useful. Yeah. Like the Bionic Man. Make her better. Smaller Barbies. Which train you were looking for? Uh, here, there's one right here. Cause there's some scary entrance. Oh, yeah, this oh right here. Right here. Right here. I'm going here. I don't think All right, let's say goodbye. Oh, I'm going there. This was fun. This was very fun. Thank you for being on the Thanks podcast. Thanks for coming and hanging out. Yeah. It's my, it was really fun. Um, you got to come do it more. Um, I'm a fan, and now I'm a contributor. I love and it. And now you're That's in right. it. I love it. All right, guys, have a fun. I just took my lob back. Oh, you do need that. Or else I'm going to hear you down the subway. No, don't do that. <laughs> this is yours. This is here. You get it. Thank you, Jess. All right. I'll talk to you. So long. Really? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Bye. Bye. What do you want to head to now, JD? I don't know. We go back to my place. Go back to your place. We go back to somewhere indoors. Yeah. And sitting, I feel like. Yeah. We've been doing a lot of outdoor standing. Yeah. Well, let's. I've got my wind back. You got your wind back. Um. Where's the Where's the train that you need to get to your house? Uh, it's uh, over to the left. All right, let's go left then. Okay. Ooh, boy. Um, it's a chili boy. Do you want to go cook some rice at your apartment? Do you have I, any white yeah, rice? Yeah, I've got some rice, white rice I can warm up for you. I would love that. And you'll notice how good it is. Yeah. <sighs> um... Yeah, it's a, I mean, this is a ferocious night on the streets, cold-wise. You know, like, there's a real... Also, I'll say this. Yeah. Except for a dip around, when I think we lost energy, around the seaport. Uh-huh. And a little after that. Yeah. I think this is a pretty good episode so far. Uh-oh. But I don't know. 
Well, here's the thing. Yeah. We just haven't done one in literal years where we have gone out and done stuff. Right. Well, yeah, it was over a year ago that we did the Chelsea episode. But even that, we were like in one location for the That's entire... That's right. That's right. So it would have probably been the episode before that, maybe, which is going back almost two years. Which, which, which one was that? I don't know, but I am assuming maybe the one before that might have been a walk around. Right. Maybe. Yeah. It has been a while. And the thing is, we should point out, like, we're right now we just walk past a lot of, like, what I like, which is that I really do think, like, I don't know how often, I don't know if those are lit all year long, round. Right. Maybe they are. If so, I'm in favor. But those trees are lit up in a way that I feel like that's what I'm always advocating, that January... That with the individual be, branches wrapped in lights. Yeah, that that whenever all of the red and green Santa Claus Christmas stuff goes away, that I think it's important for people who can keep things festive for the winter. I think it's just makes it nice, you know. Like yeah. I think one of the things that is nice about. Uh, also refreshing some of these places that just seem like too lazy to take their big trees down. Right. Um, like, I've seen probably maybe five Christmas trees today, and this is January 10th. Right. And some of that is just like places haven't done the, they haven't redecorated or whatever. But I do have this feeling of like, I always like it when there's some winter decoration to keep January from feeling like a visually right. bleak month. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm excited that I'll be in L.A. for a few weeks. Uh-huh. Because I've said for the past couple of years, just for mental health reasons, I really need to get out of the city, and I never do. Uh-huh. And it sort of takes over. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to be sort of forced to... Right go somewhere where it'll be warmer. Yeah. Uh, I think down here should be the subway. Uh, I miss... Ah, Times Square. Where it all happens first. Everything that happens, happens first in New York's Times Square. Um, God, it is cold. Yeah. I really, speaking of things that... Listeners, I hope you're warm and toasty wherever you are. Speaking of things that I miss about New York, one thing is, I remember there was a Howard Johnson's that was in Times Square that I remember there was one time when I first moved to New York and my mom had come to visit, I think, and she was staying somewhere not far from Times Square. And I came in on the morning she was getting ready to fly out. And I came into town from Brooklyn and had breakfast with her. And it felt like it was like an old Howard Johnson. And when I looked it up, remember a few years ago back when there was a Howard Johnson's plot line on Mad Men? Yeah. And I looked it up to see when did Howard Johnson go out of business when they stop existing right and it like it turned out that whatever whenever it was that I had gone to have breakfast in there 
it was like, oh, it, it was closed within a year or so of that. You know, like it oh, was gone. And so I was like, oh, yeah, that was like an old New York, an old Times Square thing that had been around for a while. It was sort of near like where Colony Records was. Right. Can you pause so for a few like, seconds? Yeah. Okay, sorry. That's okay. You just had to adjust. What are you adjusting? I like to turn off the mics when someone Leaves. isn't using it. But then if I turn them off while it's on, it makes this yeah. horrible screeching noise. So I have to press a couple buttons and it pauses the audio for like half a second. I think this setup has worked pretty. I'm glad that you're happy with the tech. Uh, right? Like, I don't feel like we've had to stop down as often as we have in the past. Yeah. It all feels right here. It is heavy, though. Here's the train. Look at us. We're moving and we're grooving. I haven't checked, except oh, Rob Malone saying I want to be 12 hour day and they sent me these photos and I don't know what they are. Oh boy. I'll check the, I'll check the Twitter next station yeah. and see what's what. There were too many photos, there were too many uh, things to Yeah, you're hearing it. Are you looking up our Twitter? Yeah, I just want to... There's this weird thing about the way to connect to the MTA wireless. There, now we'll get it. Oh boy, okay. Draw a picture of the best thing you've seen this week. We I'll do that, that back on now. Yeah. Goals for this year, how do you survive the news cycle? Thanks for your company through some tough times. You're welcome. I think we've answered those questions. Though. Yeah, we can talk about that. Because I, I do want to talk about everything with my sister. Yeah, we'll talk about that. A little bit. But I want to wait till later. I like Even it. though I feel bad because I dropped that info as an aside early on. Yeah. And it might be a shock to people, but... Yeah. There's no good way to hear but something like that. But it was a shock to... Yeah. Fisher Price says, I like that this appears to be an outdoors episode, always a fave. What time is it? Um, nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. Don't call him E.T. Eastern time. You're saying he looks like an alien? Yeah. Oh, come on. I want to 
Go through at 901. Oh boy. Ah. Too late. Casey says, forget if I've asked this before, but either of you play The Sims or played The Sims in the past? If so, do you prefer the part where you control The Sims or just building the town? Um, I like SimCity and Sim Tower. I don't like controlling the people. I like controlling the environment and seeing the people interact within it. How about you? I think I played it. I don't remember. Do you like the idea of controlling a person more or building an environment for them? I think building the town. Um, new edition of JD Explain the NBA. Oh, there's a lot going on in the NBA that I'll, a, I get. I'll what's get the most fun thing? Uh, one more. Anna Maria started reading her astrological birth chart, and it's scarily accurate. May I have each of your birth dates, exact birth times, and birthplaces, so I can learn your cosmic secrets. Thanks. We're gonna do that off air. I don't want to. I feel like it's giving away like passwords and stuff. Well, so one of my my mom had this book called the Birthday Book, where it's like every day had your like horoscope, your whatever your based on the day you were born. And my favorite game would. I'd be like, oh, what's your birthday to someone? And then I'd flip to the page of it, uh-huh. and then I'd read the thing, and people would be like, oh, my God, that's so accurate. And I'd be like, oh, really? Because I just, it's a completely different date than the one you said. Yeah. Classic skeptical JD child. How's uh, our Vanderpump? Oh, our, uh, let me look. Oh, Casey said, um, due to the recent... Con Ed explosion looking briefly like Independence Day. If there are aliens, do you want to know they exist? Also, what was your experience during the Con Ed explosion? Well, I was in Chicago, so I did not see it. Although, my favorite... Uh, I'll see if I can find it. Someone tweeted a thing that just made me crack up so much. Let's see if I find it. Uh, oh, I have an off mic thing to tell you. We'll have to talk to each other on our podcast. Yeah. Um, what was the very first thing you bought when you got paid for your first job? Don't, no memory. I have no memory. I, I put it in the bank, I'm sure. Oh, so what I was going to say we should do today, this is sort of our last opportunity, but it's not going to work, I don't think. So I was going to say we should take another photo for the logo. Really? Five years later. But there's people across from us. Yeah. Um. Well, this 
selfie I took could be a good one for the logo if you want. What's the selfie you took? A mirror selfie. Of you? Of both of us. When was I in there? Oh yeah, I didn't notice that. Do you see the girl that walked in the restaurant just used the mirror? Did what? There's a woman that walked in the restaurant. And they're like, oh, can we help you? She's like, can I just use your mirror? And just use the mirror and then walked out. But there was like a nice little human moment. It is nice. Oh. Um. Let's give him his number. Yeah. So people call, call Griffin and Newman and tell him you're watching the tape. Even if you've seen the tick, tweet at Griffin. I just found the tick and it's fantastic. Thanks at Amazon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just tweet a bunch of stuff at Amazon telling them you want more tick, more tick, more tick. Tell them you bought Amazon Prime because of the tick. And what else would they like to hear? Um, tell them. Uh, I don't want to tell them. Tell them get these. You could just consider me a. I'm just a regular flower over here, so you can get your bees off. Jeff Bezos. So tweet him, tweet him that. And they'll go wild and definitely they'll bring the tick back. Jeff Bezelbub. talk about before the podcast is over? I mean, we got a few hours, right? Yes, I'm just saying. As we're preparing. Possibly. Baker says, let JD know that he is very Brad Stevens-esque. This was spurned by your NBA talk last episode. Let JD explain to you who that is. Interesting. Who's Brad Stevens? He's a young coach of the Boston Celtics. Um, he's 
very he's a very serious man. What's your Bandersnatch? <laughs> no, we're not doing that one. Why? Because I don't want to get off and it's the wrong stop. Connor is currently putting a thing out that is the two options are get off the train or stay on the train. Do it now because we're only one stop away. And the rules you have to wait for 25. 25. So if we have to stay on the train, it's just going to be a slightly longer walk. Last here we night. go. No, we don't. There's no votes. You say here we go. I was expecting that meant that there was a lot of votes. How, how many stops do we have? One. The next one? After this one. Well, okay, it's whatever votes we have by the time we get to the station. Oh my god. Ooh, it's 50 50. Oh. <laughs> this is so frustrating. You like it. No, I. This whole, I, this whole podcast. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I feel like. I keep being like, Connor, stop being a dummy about all this. It's an update automatically. Oh no. Ugh. I just want to be inside and warm. We're inside. We're warm on the train. Yeah, but... <laughs> it's a 67%... Stay on the train. 33% get off the train. Come on, people. <laughs> really? Say really. Is this where we get off? The next one. No, oh. it's just going higher. No, just leave it. It's not enough time. Leave it. Leave time. it. Leave it. Leave it. No. Fix that. Oh, they're coming back. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna say. We're gonna rally them. We're 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 um, you know putting leaning on it a little bit, but putting our thumb on the scale here. Come on. Come on, Bandersnooches. It didn't hit 25, so we don't have to listen to it. Wouldn't it just mean we just go to the end and we keep going until we... Yeah, I guess so. I was so looking forward to Nine votes didn't seem to make any difference. this episode. Come on, we should be able to get more than nine votes. <laughs> 9 p.m. on a Thursday. You've also been flooding their... Like, I wouldn't be surprised if it was muted. I haven't tweeted all those things. Sometimes I'm just getting the content for later. Ooh, it's evening up. 12 votes, 42 to 58. Come on, Vander Snooch. Vanderpump rules. Is 
Is this our stop? It's whatever. It's the next one, yeah. Come on, Manderpump. <laughs> Come on, guys. Come on, oh. I need like two votes. Come on, Vander Snooches. And we should say that it's 58% uh, stay on the train, 42 get off the train. Someone responded to this? No. Sorry, JD. All right. You just sit on a stupid train. It's so, it would be so nice to go to your house and cook. Have some food. You're not allowed inside when we get to my apartment. You have to stay outside. Put in JD is not happy. Dang Vanderstooch. <laughs> Ooh, it's almost tied up. I know, the, the margin narrowed even further. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll be able to get off the next stop. This is a oh, so stupid. I can't believe we just stayed on a stupid train. Hold on. No, I'm not. The other option is what? We just sit on this train? Yeah. Oh, wait. Will this one go back that direction? Probably. Oh, so we don't need this then? No, we certainly don't need this. Also, this is not an option. There's no world we can just sit on it subway. I like how the last episode I talked about social media and how negative it is. In this episode, you were literally just like face buried in your phone the whole episode, tweeting images and choose your own adventure. Oh, it's cold now. Just cold. But you gotta admit that this is fun. <laughs> it's not that fun. No, but it's kind of fun that we're doing this. Yeah, I guess. For for no one though, because the people here can't see the result, and the people listening can't see this. No, happening. but they know the the people listening are listening to us not be able to get off the train. Yeah, but it's just a frustrating. <laughs> and we're being controlled by the people who are voting on this. I'm sure the people at home listening are like, yeah, please get to an area where I can just listen clearly like to the podcast. Maybe the people who do research for children's program are like, this isn't how you learn. <laughs> Don't start throwing that in my face. <laughs> you gotta admit, there's a part of you that this appeals to, the idea that we're held hostage. Yeah, I mean, I'm still on the train. Yeah, I, I knew it appealed to your sense of honor. 
<laughs> you're going Vanderstam. Oh, 15 votes, but it didn't seem to make any difference, the margin. No. Platform. And this is going to get to the end and then head back in that direction? I guess. I usually get off before this. Well, now th that's all the more reason why this... Ooh, we're tied. <laughs> okay, it doesn't matter with the end of the line. No, but this means if we stay tied or the margin helps us when we... Because if it reverses... <laughs> no, we get back to you. no, we're do not doing that. Do we're getting off when we go back. You can't get off the train until they let us. <laughs> I'm not just riding back and forth until the 20 people on Twitter, quote unquote, allow us. Oh. Uh, See, there's the next train. We can't get off this train. Yes. Do you want me to ask if we can switch trains? Just make sure they say yes. Do it quicker. No, what? No, never. No, don't do that. You're tipping the scale. This <laughs> now. The dumbest thing. Uh, so now Connor's made a new poll as to whether we can switch off of this train to the train that we're staring at, whose doors are open, that's going back towards my apartment. <laughs> no votes. <laughs> and if just one person says yes, Just need one person to say yes. Come on. Thank you for riding with FDA New York City Friends. No passengers, no passengers on the train, 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 no passengers on the the next stop is Astoria Boulevard. We don't have permission yet, JD. Yeah, we do. Uh. Hey, we got it. Good, thank you. To whoever the idiot was. watching a stupid thing. The fact that I don't have Twitter on my phone means that I can't vote in this. Oh. Full disclosure, we got on this train before we got the vote. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Oh, now we're just cold longer. 
don't, <laughs> don't do it again. I have to. Hey, Connor, it's one stop away. <laughs> stop doing this. Stop. This is no longer. They're not even engaging with this. We're getting one vote. Nobody cares. This is for no one. Hey, Connor. No one's voting anymore. You've wasted everyone's time and attention. There's an emotional element to it now. We had two votes for that yeah, we could change. Oh. This is so frustrating. People like real life banner snatching. No, they don't. No one likes this. They don't like this because they're not seeing it. People listening. They're like, hearing it later. They hear it now. No. They don't care, they forgot. Okay, I mean, it's... He's not liking your own comment. I actually do. Do you like this? Then don't, don't add another. JD says, you don't care. Why would they care? There's nothing engaging about this. It's like controlling a video game with the TV off. This is Astoria Boulevard. There, we can get up this tree. Well, we only had two votes so far, we gotta see. <laughs> Why did it say January 19th? Oh, 2019. It's when we are. Yeah. How many stops we got? One. Ugh. You were hoping that they force us to stay on this train? No, I want to get off the train. I want that ride. No, you don't. If you wanted me off the train, you wouldn't have been giving the option to our fans. And by fans, I mean the people who don't really care. But Ooh, we got to stay on the train, but... Stay on the train pulled ahead in the original vote, too, but well, we're a different vote past that. I'm curious if that first vote gets to 25 votes. That's what we were meant to do. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, you mean in retrospectively? Yeah. Ooh. Oh, my God. You Two votes. Half don't care and half do care. Oh, about caring. Good. I thought it was get on the train, get off the train. No, get off the train is uh, winning by a healthy margin, but that could change. Yeah, and of course... Would it count as JD going back on social media if you handed him your phone so he can post his own polls on the account? If I'm being honest, it's a lot of pressure. There, it said we can get off the train. Or it's 60-40, let's see. I'll, if another vote comes in, I'll be so mad. Nope, no other vote came in. You get to go home. This is a Manhattan Bound train. The next stop is 36th Avenue. Your neighborhood smells like hamburgers. <laughs> hey, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? That's good. <laughs> it just sounds like a funny insult. Um, I think 
because everybody's doing the bird box challenge. Yeah, and I, I don't get what that is. What's bird box? Well, bird box. Did you see a quiet place? Uh, no, but I know of it. I'm reading. Yeah, the so like a quiet place is like don't make noise. Bird box right. is like you you got you can't look at anything because there's something out there, and if you see it, you go crazy and try to kill yourself. Okay. But in bird box, um, spoiler spoilers for bird box. Um, in bird box, the uh, people in like mental institutions they they can see whatever the thing is that you're not supposed to look at right. you'll, you'll immediately like try to kill yourself right people who are like mentally people who are like mentally ill uh, they can look at the thing and not only that they think it's beautiful and they want everybody they want to make everybody else see it got it so it sort of weaponizes like people who are in like institutions that suddenly they become like these roving gangs of people who are like trying to pull your blindfold off and make you look at it. Okay. And so there's like And is the thing like a creature? What? Is it like a creature? You never really see it. But is it like one thing or is it like a thing that you can put on a piece of paper? No, it's like a it's like a It's like a, it's almost like the smoke monster in Lost. It's like this roving like, presence that it's hunting constantly to like. Yeah, yeah. And it also does things that like trick you. Like it'll make you think that it's like, JB, it's me. You can take off the blindfold. Like it'll sort of like right. make you lose your mind a little. And. So Euromart? What? Euromart? So Euromart. So um, people. Basically, they figure out we need to like blindfold ourselves when we leave. We need to like cover up all the windows so that we can't see the outside. Stay inside, and when you do it, go outside. You're blindfolded, and so people are doing the bird box challenge, which okay. is basically just trying to walk around the blindfold on. And, okay. and Netflix is saying, "Hey, everybody, stop doing the the bird box challenge because people are getting hurt." Oh. What's this all this stuff about? Um, and you found one. Oh, where the bird box uh, that it, like social media it's accounts. It's pretty clear that Netflix or somebody has hired um, like social media zombie accounts yeah, yeah. to promote bird box. Yeah. And you you found an account that yeah there was an account started following you. me that was like uh, I'm 13 and I'm a teenager and I love. I love Netflix and chill, and I love Christmas. And the... Which is a disturbing thing. It's disturbing to get a follower that says they're 13 and they like Netflix and chill. Right. Like, that feels like... And Christmas, because it just Christmas. feels like, oh, no. Yeah. It's just like an, it's a crazy robot. And the... And then most of their tweets were about Bird Box. They're just, like, retweeting Bird Box memes. Um, but so they're saying like don't do the don't do the uh, bird box challenge you'll hurt yourself right and 
that's why I think the banner snatch that we were doing, the banner snatching, like we're in a unique position to be able to like document our banner snatching. I also haven't seen banner snatch. It's just a choose your own adventure. Right, but I just think it's funny because now if I do watch it, you'll be mad. I'm just gonna be frustrated. I think you like it. I mean, do you, what, what's your take on Black Mirror generally? Uh, I, I, I've liked Black Mirror. I think there's, in every season, there's been gems. Yeah. I think like San Junipero is like one of my favorite movies of the past couple of years. <laughs> it's funny because two of my favorite Black Mirrors would qualify as my, like, I liked Metalhead so much that if, if that had been released in theaters. Which uh, one is that? It's the one with the robot dog. It's in black and white. Right, right. And it's just like a, just like a pursuit horror movie, you know, where it's right. like you're being pursued by a, by a relentless killing machine. But one thing I really like about it is I'm a big fan of using CGI effects on, for black and white movies. Yeah. Because I'm sure we've talked about The Mist. Yeah, I actually haven't seen it. Well, if you do see it, my recommendation is to watch the black and white version because the, the CGI effects in it, there's just something about the mixture of black and white with modern special effects right. that is striking because we have a natural association with when we're watching a black and white movie that even if you know it's brand new, you kind of have this subconscious feeling that this was, somehow this was made a long time ago. Right, that you know? no, nothing of this could possibly be CGI. Yeah, like you're watching it and it's Ooh. like you're wa suddenly watching like an old Hitchcock movie, but it has this creature in it that you're like, the stop motion in this is yeah. so fluid, you know? And uh, so, so Metalhead to me was like, oh my God, this robot dog is so striking in this like black and white imagery, you know? You see right. it like running through the woods and, and something so like crisp and wonderful about it, you know? Ah. You like how it feels in here? I do. And doesn't it feel a little bit better because we bandersnatched? <laughs> no. I think no, just, it would have been nice to be inside anyways. What? It would have been nice to be inside no matter what. Yeah, but, I mean, I guess it's an unfair question because you have no way of knowing how much worse it would have felt. Bandersnatch, bandersnatch, bandersnatch. Um, here's my uh, Never Ending Story Ooh. first edition. Oh, that's be little... gentle with her. But if you flip through, you'll see that the, uh, the, how the text is done. Mm-hmm. I will look in a minute. With the colors, yeah. Well, here I am in JD's apartment, and things are warm, and I'm plucking my phone in because my phone is almost out of booteries. Let me see what happened to that pole. Um... Oh, there were some late-breaking votes for stay on the train. All right, let's go back. We can't now. It was too late. It was, it was in the moment. But the original vote is now up, so get off the train was winning the original vote. So I think it balances out, you know. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um... Now we are in JD's apartment, and I'm just taking a moment just to see 
what is happening and if I have uh, if I have any emails uh, there's a did I tell you about that Guster show that I'm doing? No. You know the band Guster? Yeah. They're doing Try with me and, and uh, Kane and BSJ. Let's try. Try is the show that... Oh, right. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Uh, which is the kind whole of, band is doing it? The whole band is doing it. There oh, are, so well, the funny thing was, I don't know if I've told you about that show, about like the structure of it, yeah. where it's very like loose. And uh, Ryan Miller from Guster wanted to do like something fun to help with their right. album release week. He wanted to do something fun at UCB. And when I was pitching him ideas, he was kind of like, well, I don't know if I can sell that idea to the band or whatever. And I was like, well, I do this. we could do something really loose. Like, I do this one show where it's like this, and I describe the show. Right. And he's like, that's it. We just want to do that. He's like, we'll just be the guest on that show. So it's literally a show where instead of having one person who's never done improv, we have a band. That's so fun. On that small stage. At the It's also great because... They announced the show to their fans, and it sold out instantly because their fans are like $9 to come see our band do improv. And their you fans know. are going to laugh at yeah, anything. At anything they do. Yeah. Here, I want you to see this. I bought little stands for all of my stuff. Ooh. So that it looks nicer. Oh, that's very nicely presented. All of your labyrinth things. I like the way your comics are, are up like that, too. Oh, that's good. I like how your Bowies are presented there and your Boingos. Bowie and Boingo. Boingo, Boingo. Boingo, Bowie, Boingo, Boingo. Um, Yeah, things are looking good in here, JD. What's this? That's a painting that Mimi on the Hoops did of oh, my nice. sweater that very I nice. hang on my wall. It's very nice of her, and she gave it to me. Yes. And I've kept it ever since. Oh. Uh, now, it's so nice and relaxing to be here. Now, yes. this is another thing that I got for Christmas, mm. a weighted blanket. Now, why did you want a weighted blanket? I didn't. My mom was just like, I would like you to try a weighted blanket. It's mm-hmm. supposed to be... These very comfortable experiences. I think you should try it. Uh-huh. You lay down, you put it on you, and it's like heavy. And it's supposed to feel. It's supposed to replicate like a womb-like experience, but it can be sort of odd because they are so heavy. What's this in here? I mean, well, this every real story is. Uh, so this is the like certificate of yeah. authenticity. Ooh, ooh. Yes, I see what you mean. The green and red text, yeah. Yeah. And where did you get this again? Uh, that was a gift from my mom and dad, I guess. But my mom very nice. found it. It's very nice. It's a great book. I think you'd really like it. Oh. And what's your experience with the weighted blanket? I'm sorry, I, I zoned out for a second. Um, my I'm, mom I'm sitting got it for me it for right Christmas and it was funny because I took a nap with it once and it was like a really, it can be comfortable if you like, I find if you like lay in your back and be comfortable, but it is a little disconcerting because it is so heavy. Uh-huh. And then my mom was laying with one on and yeah. was laughing at how heavy it was. And she was like, you know, taking a nap or something. 
So then I went and put the other one on her, and then she literally couldn't move because it was too much weight. Mm-hmm. And we were all cracking up because she was literally just like trapped underneath these like super heavy blankets. Is it really that heavy? Yeah, try it. Honestly. I'm going to in a minute. It's a, it, it is, it, I do find it to be somewhat disconcerting. And this isn't even like the heaviest kind, but still. You can get out from under it, but it's hard? Well, you'll see. It's like, it's not hard. It's not like you're going to have trouble, but like you just notice that you can't really move as much. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is so odd. This charging thing hasn't lost a single... How long do you think... Do you think we could expand how long this podcast is? 24-hour day. Well, if it's lost nothing, then maybe we could do... Infinite-hour day? 72-hour day, or... Um, Till death do us day. Till death do us day. The podcast that never ends. So I got something from Amazon there. I don't know what it is. Oh. This came quickly. What did you order? Another book. Another book Add from it to JB. the pile. Oh my god, I got so many screeners this year also. Oh really? Did you get the Marvelous Miss Maisel one? That one that I gave most of that away at my uh the, like, Christmas, big two? Christmas show, yeah. I gave away all that at my Christmas show. So I, I left I put it out on my uh, where I get my mail with a note to my neighbor saying if you like this. If you like this, you can have these posters. And one of my neighbors was like, oh my God, can I take these? My coworker is obsessed. And I was like thankful because I was just going to throw them out otherwise. Because they take up so much space. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, even, even for me who was in it, like, I didn't need, like, I'm not obsessed with the show to the degree that I would need that many in-world posters, you know? Yeah, and they... they it's just gotten so, they put so much stuff in these boxes now. Yeah. It's overwhelming. Although it was funny online um, in the blank check subreddit, it was interesting because there was people complaining about how like Netflix with like Roma and Buster Scruggs aren't releasing DVDs or Blu-rays of the movie. Uh-huh. And people are like, but my Coen Brothers collection won't be complete now. Like, I'm not going to have the physical version. Like, I want the physical thing. Yes. And I'm like, oh, it is interesting that from all these screeners, I now have these like physical copies of Roma. It's like it almost feels interesting that there are certain movies that the only way to get them on Blu-ray mm-hmm. is by getting these screeners. It becomes this like collector's item almost. Yeah, uh, because I also feel that I want to have Buster Scruggs on Blu-ray or DVD. But should you get it for screeners or no? I have not received a screener of it. I don't know whether I will or not, you know? Well, I can't give you mine. Legally. And uh, the... uh, No, but it is just an interesting thing. Ooh, this is pretty heavy. This weighted blanket is pretty heavy. Oh, God. So you're supposed to put this on yourself? Mm Mm-hmm. And what's the purpose of it? It's supposed to calm you. I mean, but I think this would instill panic. And that's what I found, is that in the right context, it it can feel good. I mean, once I'm under it, I definitely feel calm. But I also don't feel... But, like, feel... Imagine if you have, like, the urge to move right now. Like, to, like, roll over. Like, try to, like, roll your legs over to the other side. 
Yeah, it's a little bit. It's, a like, little. Being, it's like being in water, you yeah. know? It's like sleeping and you have the little resistance. But it is generally... I did put an end to my wanting to move. Right. Like, I wonder if, if this would be good for kids. Oh, interesting. Like, I wonder if you put this on, like, Georgie, whether she would instantly be like, oh, I can't move, so I shan't move. Right. That might be the case. Just sort of like, oh, great. This has been decided then. Yeah. Ooh, that makes me want to get a little weighted blanket and put it on Georgie. I will say, yeah. while your sister was there, you were so transfixed with Georgie mm-hmm. that your sister and I were just having a conversation. And at times it felt like you had no clue what we were talking about. No, I was listening, but I was like, my primary drive was focusing on Georgie's facial expressions. Um, especially because I haven't seen her for a few weeks, so uh, it's. Or I guess I've seen her. I've seen videos and stuff. Or it feels like it's been longer, just because I had such an intense few days of her being right. home at Christmas, where I just had access to her all the time. When she was awake. That it, suddenly, like a visit here, a visit there, feels right. I'm going to be babysitting her again in a few weeks, and it's pretty intense babysitting. Yeah, it's uh, a job. It really is one of those things where, like you forget and you think like, oh, well, when she's asleep, I'll get stuff done. And then you realize that, no, when she's asleep, I'll be so exhausted that I will also sleep or I'll just like not do much. And then... Or just be watching her to make sure she's okay. Yeah. 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 Um, I... What was I saying before? Oh, we're getting the sleepy Connor voice. What was I saying? Yeah, I... Can you check your battery, too, to make sure that you're good? Yeah, in the streaming world... Yeah, it looks like I'm good. I'm good, too. Damn. What is this day of power? Well, I got lithium batteries for these. I think I nailed the tech stuff for this today. You really did, J.D. I hope this is all recording. I, I, the, honestly, because I both <laughs> said, like, I think this episode's turning out good. And, yeah. like, the tech stuff's fine. And I, now it's going to be, like... Yeah, and like you know picking what? up signal of someone just saying the N word over and over again or something. Um, I that thing of like there was this, some like Twitter moment this week where uh, which are sometimes interesting just as like news stories sometimes because right. it's weird what gets selected. Um, but there was one where I guess like some some video game got uh pulled digitally it was like a lord of the rings hobbit yeah. video game do you know about this no it got pulled from online stores so you just can't get it now got it. and people were saying and i guess if you'd already bought it you could you still had your downloaded version but a lot of people were saying like this is why you got to buy physical media is the only way you really own the game is you right. know which would be true or i think if suddenly your digital copies also got pulled away there which was is a game the, where they did that yeah what was it? They shut a game down. I forget what it was. Mm-hmm. And people were like, I fucking paid for this game. Mm-hmm. And now you're just taking, taking it back. Away? Yeah. Which I feel like we're all going to experience that many times over the next 20 years. If right. I have that. Th- part of me has this thing where I want to. I bought the movie City of Hope, the John Sales movie. Yeah. I, to the best of my knowledge, it's never come out on DVD. I think it may have come out on Laserdisc. And it is aired on TV widescreen. But the only home video version I was aware of was a pan and scan right. VHS tape. And that's like, that was shot in the full uh, um, 
the widest aspect ratio. Right. So you really lose a lot if you're not seeing the way it looks. I like I. That's one of my favorite movies. It's sort of, it's John Sales's. It predates The Wire, but it is kind of like, if you like The Wire, this is sort of like a movie that um, got there first in terms of it, it shows you like a portrait of a city where people's decisions are affecting other people without them realizing it. Right. So like. You know, you have a character at the end whose son is dead, and he doesn't realize it's because earlier in the movie something he did that had a butterfly effect in terms of... Right. But this movie's not available on any physical well, media. Well, to the best of my knowledge, it's not. I know it hasn't been any time I've looked for it. I was always waiting for it to come out on DVD, and it never did. And you can buy it on Amazon, uh, and it's widescreen. So right. that was, like, one of the first movies that I just, like, bought it as an Amazon movie that now I, like... I have it in my, like, digital movies, my right. virtual library of movies. And there's a part of me that f- wonders, like, oh, should I just build up my collection of, of, you know, like, movies I don't have on disc so I just have them anywhere I want on this thing? But there's another part of me that imagines 10 years from now there being a thing where it's like, your digital library is gone. Yeah. You know? No, and or even just, like... You end that account or something, you know, all these things that can just happen. Yeah, where it's like if you want to quit your Amazon account, Prime account, you lose all your movies or something. You know, that there's. Right. And yet at the same time, all of this stuff is just the illusion of permanence, you know, right. like. None of it really, yeah. Even my DVD collection, I have no sense <coughs> which me. of those DVDs might have become corrupted just through sitting right. on a shelf and getting older. Because I have had. Instances where I've tried to play a disc and realized, like, oh, for some reason it's... Yeah, because they degrade. Yeah. I mean, VHSs are supposed to have a... It's like a 10-year half-life or something. Yeah. Where it's like after 10 years, they start degrading quality drastically. And I'm like, all of my VHSs are like 25 years old. Yeah. Like, I've thought about that with those Star Wars VHSs. Where I'm like, that's probably, like, the quality is probably not good. Yeah. Because I've had them for 20 years or whatever. But it also could be that you play them and they look fine and you could have a DVD that won't even play. Right. You know, or you could play them and maybe it's like, oh, yeah, the quality is not great, but it's maybe 5% less than it was. Right. Meanwhile, this DVD is either perfect quality or just like right. doesn't play when you turn it on, doesn't respond. Or, right. That's um, what I think my favorite thing is like people that have, uh, people that collect HD DVDs. Mm-hmm. Remember that was the, the yeah, yeah. alternative to Blu-ray. And it's like people have players still and there was like, 50 movies that were released on HDVD, DVD, and it's like a funny thing to be like, I have to keep this one box, and I, I can only play these things. That's yeah. the only option. And if it breaks, forget it. Right. There's did also... Did you want rice? I do want rice. If you, Are you going to make rice for yourself? Yeah. I mean, I, w- I have rice that's already cooked, and then I'm also going to make new rice. Oh, yes, I would love some rice, J.D. This rice is good. Good. Um, I also, there's a, that's why part of me likes having, like, I used to always want to, you know, like I wanted to burn movies to DVDs, but I like having files of certain movies that I can just have on a flash drive and right. copy them every now and then, and it feels like that's a somewhat secure format, you know? Right. And, and if you can plug in a USB to a player, you can watch it on your TV and it looks good. But I also wonder, I, I do often wonder, I've got my, 
I've got my movie collect. Well, it's and it, uh, honestly, I know it's. I keep coming back to these Twitter threads, but there is an aspect of for me. It's like making a project out of them is making me watch things that have been in my collection for a long time that right. I otherwise would. If I didn't make it a project, there's no way I would watch 132 Mickey Mouse cartoons in a row. Right. I've had these. I remember when these DVDs came out. I was so excited. And I've never watched them, you know? Right. Because there's just never been, an, there's never been a, an instance where just me on my own or I even knew anybody who was like, hey, do you want to watch these Mickey Mouse cartoons with me? Like, it just never would have come up. Well, that's why I think, too, having, like, this, like, the movies that I have, I'm pointing yes. to my, the, like... Your display of your my top ten. My display of my top ten. I'm not going to watch any of these because the reason they're up here is I've watched them so often and I love them. Yeah. But having them as a symbol, this object that I can have, adds meaning to me and reminds me of the things. Yes. It's more just like a bookmark of a reminder like, hey, yeah. this is a thing. Remember the characteristics you like of this. Yeah. And I think that's important because if these weren't here, I wouldn't think about these as often as I do. When I'm making stuff and creating stuff, I'll be like, oh yeah, I take in all these things that I like and appreciate. And it's not really about having to go back and rewatch them. It's just that it lights up the part of my mind that reminds me of what I liked about this stuff. Yeah. Um, oh. I am lying on JD's couch. JD is in his kitchen. I have the weighted blanket on me. And... I'm trying to think if there were... If there was any... Um, You're making a video? No, I'm not making a video. I'm just looking some stuff up online. Um, 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 Bandersnatch. Bandersnatch. Ban- Bandersnatch. Please don't snatch my banda. He's mine and mine alone. I am a walking mystery whose face looks like a gnome. Oh. JD. Yes. I, this is, you're going to think this is a silly or maybe even a shallow thing, but it's more just, it's, it's more along the same lines as bandersnatching. Okay. In that it's a, a, it's kind of a gross thing. Uh Uh-oh. Uh, do you ever go on IMDb Pro? What's that? Do you ever go on IMDb Pro? Yes. And again, I attached no value or meaning to this at all. But there's a, I probably go, I probably think to go on IMDb Pro every few months or so out of curiosity to see, because there's that star meter thing. Well, have you, have you listened to my episode of uh, the Billy Lynn episode of Blank Check that I did? I haven't. So I, I have a whole bit that I did on there about the IMDb Pro star meter. And one of my favorite aspects of it is, um, so they, they list, you, you can click on the arrows to rank everything by who has the highest star meter, 
whose mm-hmm. star meter has moved up or down the most in the past week. Uh-huh. And then for me, the thing that I find funniest is inexplicably, you can also rank every actor on IMDb based on their age or their height, which yeah. means you can find the tallest and the shortest and the youngest and, and the, the oldest, oldest actors ever. ever. And if you bring up the... I mean, I, this is what I did on the on yeah. uh, blank check. But, like, the thing that cracked me up is if you try to find the tallest actors, uh, who do you think number one on the list is? Andre the Giant? Nope. Who? Listed at 24 feet tall, Keiko the Whale. <laughs> and then number two was Topsy the Elephant. Wow. So I just found it very funny. And his youngest constantly changing? Yeah, I assume so. Is it always and just like, babies? A lot of there's just like data entry errors. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I know the answer to this, but I, I, I put this special sauce in my rice that I really like. No, thank you. That's what I figured. Um, Do you want salt or pepper? I'm fine with plain rice. All right. Um, it's going to take 40 minutes, right? No, it's already done. How? You said it would take 40 I, minutes. No, because I already cooked oh, okay. rice and I just reheated it. But this rice reheats Trapped really well. Trapped under the weighted blanket. And I'll get you water, too. Thank you, JD. Um, you can tell me if you, if you like the... It's called the... The name of the rice cooker is the, and it's a famous rice cooker. Where's the box? It's the Zojirushi. Zojirushi? The Zojirushi. N-S-Z-C-C-10. Mm. What's your rice review? Good rice. Very satisfying. Um, and again, and I feel bad how cold you were some of today, but to me there's nothing that's quite as satisfying as when you've been out in the cold, and the cold really, like, it's so crisp to me. But then there's this feeling of like when you have had a cold day. Right. And you come home and you eat something warm. Yeah, it's a good feeling. It's just like, it's so comforting. Mm. We have 5,000 people in common on IMDb, JD. You and I. We do? Yeah. That makes sense. 5,000. More than 5,000. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Er, I don't know. 5,000. Does that mean like that we've worked on the same projects with those people? I'm not sure exactly. It says 5,000. I've worked on nine titles with you. Right. And I have 5,686 people in common with you. Hmm. I don't feel like I have 5,696 people. Right. But I, guess I think you've been in everything that I've made. Except my brother, my brother and me, right? Mm-hmm. 
Mm. There's a lot of people that work on things, you know? Yeah. Uh, Any other things you picked up from episode one? I'm trying to remember. I liked how we just thought of the title as we started the first episode. I also think it's funny how in episode one, in the first couple episodes, mm -hmm. we were really enamored by the stunt aspect of it. Yeah. Like, I can't believe we're doing this. <clears throat> and it's sort of funny in retrospect now. It's just sort of like, yeah, we do a 12-hour podcast. Like, of course we do. Like, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. Yeah. And it's still, like, a funny thing to explain to people, but... There's also a part where... It doesn't feel as like, oh, man, are we going to plug in? How are we going to, like, we know how it works now. Yeah. Well, you know how, you know how it works now. I right. just trust that you know how it works now. Um, we just got the right gear, also. I listened to a fragment of it where... I was, we had just seen Wolf of, Wolf of Wall Street, and we were both agreeing that it was like the most, uh, it felt like the most Scorsese-ish right. Scorsese movie in a while. It didn't feel like Hugo or Shutter Island or whatever. And the, um, and then I was trying to think of the movie of his that won Best Picture, the one with Leonardo and I know. Matt Damon. I know. Don't don't say it. And Mark Wahlberg and Jack Nicholson. And I couldn't remember of the title. I talked about it for a long time, and I kept saying it reminds me of like like internal affairs, infernal affairs. I kept saying all these things, trying to remember it. Infrared this, and I kept. I could tell I was close. And then you started getting frustrated because you were like, the more I was repeating it, it felt like you were losing the title. Right, because I couldn't remember it either. And I can never remember the title of that movie. Um, can you tell me what it is now? Mm -hmm. Can you? No, nope, I have no idea. The Departed. The Departed. It's not even close to what I'm trying to remember. <clears throat> it was based on a movie called Infernal Affairs. Okay. Infernal Affairs was like, I think it was a Chinese movie. Huh. Or Japanese. And I haven't seen that movie since it came out. I'm very, I'm very curious. I didn't really like it when it came out. Not that I disliked I, it, but it just like didn't really do much for me. Me neither. And I wanted to. I really wanted to. I wanted to be really excited by... I'm not like a big crime guy. That's what I always say in um, court. Mm -hmm. When I uh, when you are convicted or accused. Yeah, in front of the judge. You go, I'm, I'm not really a big crime guy. You might have the wrong person. I was so excited about it, and then it didn't really do much for me. I'm also excited and more curious, I guess, than excited for Scorsese's Netflix movie. Oh, yeah. Which I guess, I assume, will come out at the end of this year. 
Yeah, that would make sense. And because it's going to be like this hugely expensive thing because they're doing all this like they're doing all this work to make I guess flashbacks of young De Niro, young Pacino. Oh, interesting. And I'm just really curious to see how that'll turn out. Right. And cuz that could be a disaster. Oh yeah. I mean there's moments of that in the movie Joy. You know, the uh, David O. Russell movie? Yeah, I never saw it. There's moments where... I've, I've, I've only realized through doing this podcast how few movies I actually see. Yeah. I feel like I see almost no movies. Like, I've seen The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I think I've lost count of how many times I've watched it now. Really? That mm-hmm. many times? Yeah, because... All the way through? All the way through. Interesting. Because, like, I watched it with my parents. My dad had already seen it, but my mom hadn't. And we watched it in two segments, but we watched the whole thing. Right. Um, I went and saw it at the theater. And I know I've seen it at least twice on my own. Just at home. I might have seen it five times, you know? That's interesting. Yeah, Griffin and I went and saw it in theaters. Looks really good in the theater. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I almost I almost couldn't fathom seeing it at home on Netflix. You know, when I watched it the first time, I kind of thought, "Oh, this would be better in the theater. It's kind of slow." Right. And I kind of thought I probably won't watch it again because some of these like Liam Neeson segment is slow and almost wordless. Right. Or, or like the words aren't about communicating. Like there's right. There's you just word- want to get lost in sort of the universe a little bit. Yeah, the the Tom Waits segment is almost, you know, there's no dialogue. There's words, but there's no people talking to each other, you know. He's so good. Yeah. That might be my favorite segment in the movie. I think it is because he's so compelling as an actor in it. Uh-huh. Whereas the Liam Neeson one, I sort of felt like even though there's really good performances, you're sort of like, ugh. Both these people I don't really understand. Well, also the... the. I think the Tom Waits one is really important to the movie overall because it's one of the few movies... Yes, that, where there's redemption. Where just, yeah. yeah, where there's some uh, uh, happiness. It's not just like, and then there's this, you know? Right. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, every single one... Has like, like a mis- misanthropic sort of ending. Um, although I love the first one. I think the first one's so funny... Uh, that one's so good. Yeah. And I honestly, I had a feeling when I, when I first watched it, you know, I was a little bit fixated on the fact that originally it was announced that they were doing a, a series for Netflix and it was an anthology series. Right. And then it became, no, we're making a movie. It's not a TV show. And I, I didn't believe them. I actually thought... Right, we talked about this where you were you had a whole theory about it um this was like one of their meta goofs almost. Yeah. Um or what how do you describe it? Well, originally I was sort of like did they make a TV series and it didn't quite work out so now they're like saying yeah, it was always meant to be an anthology film. 
But apparently it was. Everything I'm reading indicates that it really was. And on first viewing, I kind of had a feeling of like, I like all these segments. I'm not sure that they complement each other as a movie. Right. You know, especially because like the gal who got rattled is half the length of the feature. It's like 45 minutes long, you know? Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, and interesting. That's the, that's the other thing is that I felt that if I was watching it mm-hmm. at home, yeah. I would be aware of how long each one was. Right. Whereas in the theater, you just you're just like, well, I'm here. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. Well, I, and I, I couldn't really tell which ones were long and short. Here's uh, here's why I think originally I was like they're lying. They made a TV series and then they changed their mind and they edited it into a movie for whatever reason. Well, you had a theory at one point that I thought was funny that was sort of like how um, what's the movie where they they say that it's like. Based on real life, oh, Fargo. Fargo, where you were like, "Oh, maybe this is also them just playing with the the buzz of TV, expectations, and buzz of television, and all that stuff." Yeah. Um. And the uh, but then I read them talking about TV, and unless the, unless it's all a put on, the way they spoke about TV felt to me like when you it felt to me like they had an old idea of what TV is and I'm like oh that they didn't set out to make a TV series because right. they were sort of like why would we make a TV show we like uh, when you make a TV show you have a great ben- beginning and then it's all middle and you don't get to determine what your ending is and I'm right. like oh you guys don't realize that you're the Coen brothers and if you want to make a TV show that has a beginning a middle and an end all you have to do is say the word right and a company will be like, yes, it's a limited series. It's 10 hours, and it's it has a beginning, a middle, and an end. You know, that they could do that. But they're thinking in terms of, like, Stephen Bochco in the 80s or something, where it's like, you create Hill Street Blues, and then you have to run it for right. however many years until they tell you. Until the network finally frees you. Yeah. Um, but now, I do, part of me kind of hopes that, because I think this is such a strong, like, late career movie that scratches so many of the itches of what I want from a Coen Brothers movie right. that I wouldn't mind if every movie they did from now on was like this where it was like here's seven short films because there's a part of me that like a filmmaker gets to a certain point in their career and particularly them because they have their they have their Raising Arizona side that sometimes their movies are goofy like The Big Lebowski or Burn After Reading and then they have some that are darker and more dramatic, so they feel like, you know, it might be like No Country for Old Men. They, you know, they have all these different kinds of things that, you know, if they come out with a new movie and it's Hail Caesar, it's like, okay, so this is like a more goofball kind of movie. Right. Um, then it feels like, oh, well, you could go 10 years without a No Country for Old Men. You know? Um, it reminds me of, you know, you know, Terry Gilliam, I haven't really liked that many of the things he's done as of late. Uh-huh. But yeah. I think I've mentioned before, like, he had this quote once where in the documentary making, um, what's it called? The Hamster Factor, Lost in La Mancha. Lost in La Mancha. Yeah. Where he's like, I'm 50 years old. It takes me 10 years to make a film. Or he's like 60. He's like, how many do I have left? That's not many. It's true. And it's like, he's someone that, like, I'm more interested in the breadth of his imagination yeah. than him saving up to do his big feature because I don't think he's ever going to make like 
the great movie. I think he's already done his three right. great movies. Yeah. So now I just almost would rather that like, oh, every six months you, re- you release a weird 13-minute short or whatever. Right, yeah. And some of the Coen brothers, it's like, yeah, I'd almost rather just see them start like having these flights of fancy. It's like, you know, the first episode of Buster Scruggs, that's never going to be a full TV show. But yeah. unless you give them this 10-minute thing where they can play, they're not going to... Yeah, go if, into these weird parts of their mind. If you, yeah, if you're waiting for the next feature film that they make that has the feeling of Raising Arizona, you could wait for six movies, right, before they get around to it. You know, whereas like that Buster Scruggs short at the very beginning has such a specific comic tone that's peculiar to them, right? Uh, uh, um, it, it's it's their own like weird sense of humor, and. Who knows if they're ever going to want to make a whole feature that's like that. Right. But I would be really, I would miss that if I didn't see that part of them. Right. You know, and, and that's kind of a little bit of like what the tone of Hail Caesar was more than, more than a lot of their others, you know? Right. But yeah, it's just great how that movie, they, they're able to do so many of the things they do well. Um, yeah, and it, it, I th- it almost feels like that would actually be an interesting, like, like exile for certain directors, where it's like once, like, your Tim Burtons and your people, once they hit this peak where it's like, I don't think you making these features of bigger budgets is helping anything. Yeah. It's like, almost like having, like, okay, after you after you hit your crest, you have to make, like, 100 short films before you can go back to making a feature again. It does... Like, one of my favorite films of all time is Kurosawa's Dreams, Mm -hmm. which is Kira Kurosawa late, late, late in life being like, here's a bunch of shorts based on dreams that I have, but it's really just an excuse for him to make a variety of these films in aesthetics that are wildly different. I, man, you know, I really, and I I don't have a huge problem with um, Disney, like... Disney remaking their old films in the new style. It doesn't really bother me particularly. I know that, if anything, I maybe have a knee-jerk reaction over every time I see something about one of those things. I see a bunch of comments from people who are like, try something original. And they're like really mad about uh, whatever happened to originality. And once you see, you know, a thousand different posts by people saying, why don't you try something original? You start, I start to develop a, a... and antagonism toward yeah. the toward the toward the reaction, which is like ugh, I've seen that unoriginal observation so many times, and now I'm like, let them make a Dumbo with a real looking elephant. You know, like eh, I don't care one way or the More other. More reason why you should get off the internet, yeah, because your own thoughts are being influenced by. No, but it, it is like because I also have a feeling of like. It doesn't undo the original Dumbo, but also... No, I agree with that. Yeah. I'm just saying it's funny yeah. when you're like, God, everyone stop saying this stupid thing. Fine. Yeah. You know what? I believe the opposite. Yeah. No, but it is also that I'm kind of like... I don't... I understand why there's the knee-jerk reaction of, oh, Disney's just remaking all their old movies. But it's kind of like, yeah, but a lot of those are based on you know, famous tales that were adaptations to begin with that it's almost like getting mad at, like, a, a Shakespeare company for, like, oh, you're doing Midsummer's again? Right. You know, it's like, yeah, it's what, it's part of their, you know, uh, it's not like Disney's not ever trying to do, you know, it's just, like, original stuff comes out, sometimes it clicks. In the meantime, 
here's a live action version of the Jungle Book that actually looks like it's real animals. And it's like, oh, right. that's interesting, you know. Um, but for someone like Tim Burton to be making like Dumbo, there's a part of me that's just like, I don't necessarily think I'm going to get a Tim, the Tim Burton feeling I'm looking for out of that Dumbo right. movie. Whereas I feel like if they were like, you got to make 10 uh, short films, I feel like one of them would feel like Ed Wood. I feel like one of them would feel like Beetlejuice. Like I'd feel like one of them would feel like Nightmare. Like he would, the addiction to making every movie a big movie once you get to a certain size director, uh, a, a certain profile in Hollywood. Right. I feel like all of Tim Burton's movies now are big deal movies, uh, but they're, I miss those little. I miss those little things that he used to do. I agree, and I think he's still got it in him. I think it's just you're not going to get that doing a big budget Disney Alice in Wonderland movie. The other theory that I had was either you have to make like a hundred short films, or you have to take all of your personal money and mm-hmm. spend all of it on a movie, so that it's like you you know uh, double down. It's like you know. Either this movie works or you lose everything that you have. Honestly, and I didn't realize this until recently, but you know that's kind of what M. Night did? Really? M. Night self-financed that movie, The Visit. Right. And he showed it to a bunch of distributors and nobody wanted it. And then he was like, oh shit, did I just like screw up my whole life? Right. Because he just like spent, he just just paid for the movie and he thought, oh, this will be good. I'll be get ba- getting back to my like horror roots or whatever. Right. My thriller roots. And then no distributors wanted it. And I think he hadn't like finished the score or something. So it yeah. was like, and then I think Blumhouse or someone like bought it like almost sight unseen or something. They were just like, oh, sure, we'll take it. Yeah. And then it made like a hundred million or something. So it's like, oh, he made more money off that than he was making off of his like yeah. After Earth or the whatever studio things he was doing as like work for hire. And then I think he did the same thing with Split, where he like paid for the movie, and then uh, I think it was a similar thing where it looked like maybe nobody wanted it, and he thought he was going to lose all his money again. And then that movie made like hundreds of millions yeah. of dollars, and someone was saying like, uh, "Did you do better on those movies?" And he was like, "Oh, unquestionably, like right. he just like he has so much more of the take from those right because he like." Paid for them. And there's a part of it feels like just creatively, you're putting your own head on the chopping block. Yeah. And I know the best work that I've done has been like, I have to make this good. Yeah. And the t- times when it's, I've done work that I'm like, uh, okay, stuff where I've been like, my name's barely attached to this. I'm just yeah. doing this for the paycheck and the goodbye. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. What time is it now? It is ten eighteen. So we're in that we're in that we're in the final stretch. We're in that magic little final stretch that always goes faster than I think it's going to go. I always think like, oh, we got a couple hours, and then right. And it's always we've got uh, like a regular podcast length. Yeah, like it, now we just it's like we just do a podcast, right? Um, I hopes for twenty nineteen. Hopes for twenty nineteen. I can't remember. When did we record the last one? September. Okay, so in September, was that when I was like getting ready to write the... Had I started trying to get to write my Rolling Stone? Um, 
article, or did I talk to you about that after that? I think that was after that. Yeah. Um, Let me pull my app to make sure that it was December or September. I feel like it was later than September, but I could be wrong. No, it definitely wasn't later. It was September 19th. September 19th. Because I know... Right, because everything... We recorded it and then... Yeah. Everything unraveled. Nothing but unraveled. Bad happened to you after that. And then my whole everything. Well, you know what's funny is that... So I was listening... I listened to the last episode because mm-hmm. I was in that... Ex- to, like, release it. Right. And I was in that anxiety zone where I just want to listen to it and just like... I don't know. Like, I just feel so... I get uncomfortable putting this out there which is insane because it's the most it is such a well here's all this stuff mm-hmm. um and it was so interesting because so much of that episode was about me talking about my anxiety and how tough the year had been and how right. bad i was feeling mm-hmm. and literally like right around the corner was like a bad experience and then one of the worst experiences i ever had you know what i mean like yeah it's been inter- it was interesting listening to it from the like mindset of like oh jd you have no idea yeah you have no idea what's about to come yeah um, it's always and i'm not going to retell the full story but it's always yeah. the button on my tom hanks story is me watching band of, the premiere of band of brothers and being like oh my god this is the worst how am i going to make it through the next 10 weeks and it's september 10th uh, right uh, or, yeah september 9th 2001 was when that was happening and it's just one of those things where you're like oh right at that moment i had no idea what yeah uh, you know you you have a sense of your problems and you have a sense of things going badly and then you are reminded uh yeah i mean boy oh boy because that's that was also one of the reasons that this episode that last episode got delayed so long because you felt weird putting on an episode that was so uh uh I'm trying to remember the word you were you were using, but that it was like in conflict almost. It was like weirdly anachronistic or right. weirdly like out of sync with. It no longer reflected yeah who you were in that sense. You know? Right, and I mean, uh, just to not beat around the bush of it, is that my sister passed away. I had a bad I had a bad work experience mm. that we've joked about earlier yeah. in this, and then after that, I was like. You know, you talked to me. I was like, things could get any worse. This is such a bad experience. Yeah. And then literally two weeks later, I got a call from my mom that was like, hey, just so you know, Allison's in the hospital. Everything's fine. It's just a routine thing. They thought something happened. And then the next day it was like, oh, things are a little worse. And the next day it was like, oh, things are better. She's great. She's going to be out tomorrow. And it was for Halloween. I had already had tickets back to go trick-or-treating with my nephew. I was going to fly back and go trick-or-treating. And then my sister called me one morning and was like, hey, you should get in here. And that was from a Saturday. Well, maybe Saturday I got the first call. Mm-hmm. And then Halloween was on a Wednesday. Yeah. And she passed away Halloween morning. Oh. And it was like that fast. Everything just changed. Yeah. And it was... The, the hardest experience. I mean, I don't think I've ever felt more just like sad and helpless of yeah. being there. I mean, I've, I think I told the whole nitty gritty story to you, but it was like, you know, you have no idea what's going to happen. And then at a certain point, what's wild is that 
we've reached a point of no return where it's like, oh, we know how this is going to end. And now it's just a matter of time. Mm-hmm. And I remember my dad and I spending the night just holding her hand as that process unfolded and going like, well, things are fine right now. Okay, I'm, I'm fine right now. And then knowing it's like, yeah, but every second we're marching towards this thing that we know is coming. Yeah. And then the part that I think will make you laugh, which is, I, to me, it felt like a very Connor Ratliff um, revelation of like my telling of this. Is that like, so, I mean, going through this experience where I'm just trying to comfort my sister as she passes away is like one of the most, comfort my sister, be there for my family who everyone's going through their own just like mm. awful experience of having to watch this person who we love and has been a part of our lives. Like this is my, like why I always call my twin sister. Yeah. And seeing that person just struggle and trying to be there knowing you can't do anything. Yeah. And then I don't know if you've ever been like around someone when they pass away. I have not. It's a wild experience because it happens and they change from this warm person who still, you know, I Who's spent there. The, I spent the spent the, that whole time just holding her hand and talking to her and rubbing her head and talking to her and just and she's there and I, she's still struggling through this thing but I'm just and then suddenly when she leaves suddenly they just turn into this like object you don't it, it, it's just everything is different it's so bizarre and it was the hardest experience I've ever gone through of just having to witness that and be with my parents who went through it and it was just I mean, I I don't need to labor the details of it because I, I will start crying again or something like that. But it was like, and then here's where it gets insane is that the moment that happens, now you have two days to plan a party. Yeah. Like, what the heck? What? It's, it's, you go through this thing that is the most traumatic thing and then suddenly it's like, okay, we need to plan like a big birthday party. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the funeral is like, a big grand birthday party where it's like you have to make a, a slideshow and cards and who are you inviting and you have to send it, make sure the invitations get out and where are we going to have it and who's going to say what when and are there going to be balloons? Or, it's like suddenly you're just like you have to start planning this party. Yeah. And it's insane. And it's the most whiplash feeling of going, you know, crying through the night trying to help this. It's the most traumatic experience. Of just being with someone you love is it's just you see this inevitable decline yeah. happening and knowing you can't do anything and just trying to it was so hard and then having to go like all right i'll call kinko's to make sure that the size of the thing you know what i mean it's like yeah it's wild and i mean my assumption with stuff like that when i think about it that way my assumption is always that like the reason why Culturally, the reason why we do that is because otherwise it's too much. That, that it's almost like you give yourself another problem that is achievable that you can deal yes. with. Oh, hundred percent. And that was, you know, what was interesting is it's funny because I, I mean, I listened to last episode. That was another reason is I had a hard time editing last the last episode because someone at some point asked about my family and specifically I think Allison and I was like Allison's great and she's just and like yeah. I was editing that knowing that it's like 
oh, you dummy, a month later, yeah, she's gone. Right. And uh, it was just such a, a hard experience. But in that podcast, and I was listening to episode one, I think I mentioned her. And I'd always sort of give this speech where I'd be like, you know, and we know that any day, you know, you never know what could happen. And, you know, I'm not ready for it, but I know it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Da, da, da. Boy, oh boy, when that day came, it was like, I felt like a kid on a slide that was mm-hmm. like, didn't want to go down the slide. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're just like, no, 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 no. I don't want this. What can I do to stop this? Yeah. And then you have to make all these choices that you just don't want to make. Yeah. And then immediately you go into like, I found myself, I mean, it almost felt like an indie movie kind of thing where it's like a little cliche, but I was like, I was like the son that was like, you know, like at the funeral party with the guy. And right now I'm adopting this like pose of like total, just like done with it. Yeah. And I'd be like, I don't know. Let's just get the simple, like, cause they're like showing you through like, well, here's the different headstone options and yeah. the cards. And I was just like, I don't know, man, just no, we're not going to spend three, you know, like having to make these decisions yeah. that you just feel insane about. Like and we had a, we had a big thing where we couldn't find singers for the funeral. Right. And like where my sister Allison lived sings a big part of it. And the normal sing it was like this whole thing. And it was like, who do we know that can sing, ch- sing these church songs? Like, and suddenly it's like trying to book a band. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's like trying to book a comedy show suddenly. But, yeah. But you're doing it because your sister's dead. Yeah. And that happened yesterday. Yeah. And, and it is a, and these are all problems that can be solved because the bigger problem can't be solved. Right. You know? No. And that's the other thing too. And also the, there's an aspect of, and I'm saying this I haven't really experienced much of this kind of thing yet. I, and, you know, I, I always have this dread of it because I always feel like, well, if you don't experience it sooner, you get to it later, you know? Right. But my observation always is that, like, well, there'll be plenty of time to... You'll spend the rest of your life thinking about it and mulling it over and processing it. So it's like we're going to give you this culture. Your, your culture gives you this thing that, well, right now you have to deal with getting flowers and singers and going to Kinko's and you have to do yeah. all these things. You have to do them now because they're no, it's yeah. no good if you do them 10 days from now. You have to do them now. Well, the other thing, too, that, that was sort of nice, it's like, all right, part of this is like a slideshow and photos. So you have to go through every photo we have of her. And suddenly it was like all of us sitting around going through photos laughing uh-huh. and like oh this one's great and being like oh my god and even photos that weren't of her being like oh my do you remember when we did and suddenly you're mm-hmm. having this moment as a family yeah um, um because if you don't if you don't have to plan a party then it's too there's too much to process that that you're going to get around to in your own time anyway you're going to have to yeah well that was the interesting thing is you know i flew back and the moment that I flew back, I was supposed to meet my family at home. And then we're going to, you know, stop by the hospital that night because they had been going back and forth. And yeah. they were just going to have dinner real quick. And then as I was in the car, I mean, this is one of those situations where, like, every aspect of the story feels like a sort of weird, like, 
So I was at the airport and I get in this car and it's this cab driver and he's taking me back to the suburbs. And then suddenly I get a text that's like, go straight to the hospital, which mm-hmm. is like, oh, yeah. I, I have to back up the story further, which was, so I had tickets to fly out on Wednesday, which is Halloween morning. Mm-hmm. And so my sister calls me Tuesday morning and is like, get here now. So I just like go to Delta and I just get a flight. And I get on this flight that's supposed to leave at like, whatever. I, I get a flight that's supposed to leave at 11 a.m., yeah. let's say. I get there and I'm in time to make a flight that leaves at 10, 15 a.m., which gets there like 45 minutes early. And at this point, I'm like, 10 minutes may be the difference. Right. I just need to do whatever I can. So I go up to the Delta people and I'm like, I sort of explain the situation and like as best I can without it being emotional. I'm just like, listen, this is the situation. I need to get back there as soon as possible. Every minute matters, I think. I'm like, great. And they were amazing. Delta was fantastic. And they got me on this early flight. Yeah. I get on board the flight. It's like, the flight is like almost entirely empty. There's like 10 people on the plane. So I have a whole row to myself. I'm exhausted and stressed out. So I'm like, oh, thank God. Okay, I'll just be able to sleep a little bit and get there. We pull, did I tell you this? We pull away from the jetway. And all of a sudden, there's like a noise. And the plane stops. And the pilot goes, Huh, you probably felt that. That was the sound of, uh, that was the feeling of our tow cable snapping. Uh, that means we're going to be out here for a while doing some maintenance to figure that out. That is a must maintenance. Oh, man. And suddenly I'm like, oh, we might be out here for four hours. Like, yeah. I tried to save 45 minutes and now I'm going to be punished. Right. And then luckily they pull the like walkway up and then some of the Delta people come and like sort of like look at me and are like, like, yeah, they you were, should get off. They were still keeping you in mind because yes. they got you on this early one. Well, that's very nice of them. And then they pulled me and gave me my seat back on the other one. And then I got on that plane, which left. And I have no idea when that early plane left, but they like really took care of me. It's really, I mean, that's refreshing because you almost always only hear complaints about airlines. Yeah. No, they were fantastic. And, uh, that's a very refreshing story to hear. And then Delta. I get into a cab and I start heading home. Then halfway home, I'm told, no, go to this hospital immediately. Yeah. Which now I'm like, okay, this is, Yeah. I need to, like, this is like, I need to get there ASAP. The driver is this like, he must have been like Greek or like Eastern European. Yeah. He didn't speak great English. I mean, he did, but like, it was just like, you could tell his social demeanor was slightly off. Yeah. And I was like, hey, I'm so sorry. I don't even know if this is in like the like zone that you're... I was like, I, was like, I need you to take me to this address. And he's like, uh, but I don't know what the cost. And I was like, I'll just... I'm going to give you the money that I have. I'm going to give you a hundred bucks or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, I'll just give you... I'll, don't worry, I'll make it worth your while. Just drive as fast as you can to this hospital. And he's like, oh, is something wrong? And I have to be like... I, I think my sister is passing away and I'd like to be there before that happens. And he's like, oh my God. Oh no. Is, I mean, oh my God. I'm so, you know, I'm yeah. so sorry. And then, you know, I'm like, it's all right. I just sort of want to sit here quiet, but thank you for driving. I was just like, sort of like, uh, you know, I'm just going to text my family and figure out. And so after like 50 minutes of silence, he's like, you know, my sister, she did too. Oh, and I was like, okay. I was like, I was like, oh, I'm so uh. sorry. I'm so sorry to hear that. Like, yeah, I apologize. I apologize. 
Yeah, you know, uh, I don't cry. Men don't cry. But I feel it every day. Every day my heart is torn. You never recover. And I was like, okay, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and he's like, but I, I did not cry once. Maybe I cry once, but never again. Only time I cry. And I was like, well, it's okay to cry. And he's like, no, no. It was like the weirdest interaction. Yeah, don't you tell me. I know. And then he's basically like, it destroyed me. It ruined my life. And I was like, okay. Well, you know that that's what I'm going into right now, right? Yeah. He's trying his best. Right. He was trying his best, but it was just like so. <laughs> it's just, it's just like, no, don't, please, don't do this. A piece of advice. Never cry. Only one moment. Right. Of weakness. Then I get there and that whole experience was, you know, oh. just tough because you see your sister hooked up to all these machines and all this stuff and I got to have my moment where she was like all there and I sort of got to talk to her and hold her hand and yeah. you know sh- make eye contact and be with her and then we had to make the decision of like you know she's struggling right now and her heart's beating really fast and so then you have to have the decision of like alright are you going to start giving morphine which will help calm the heartbeat down calm her down but also will quicken that process and yet it's mm. a, a decision that you just don't want to make because you know what it's leading towards yeah so then that happened and my mom and dad had been there for like three days straight or whatever mm-hmm. and so it got to the night and the doctors when they did that were like oh it might be a couple hours mm-hmm. which is like it just feels so crazy when someone just says that like yeah you're like oh good to know terrifying but then since my sister was such a fighter her whole life, we were like, my dad's quote was like, Allison's going to do Allison. Like, she, this might last for weeks. We have no idea. Right. My mom was exhausted, so she went home to get some sleep. And then I was like, I'd really like to stay. And that was the thing that, in the process, that I'm glad that I did. Yeah. Because um, my dad and I both just slept on either side of her and held her hands and yeah. were there talking to her and... You know, in the process got, you know, it was, it was not, it was hard. And then, um, you know, sometime the next morning, you know, some stuff happened overnight. My dad and I were like, Dad, I think this is it. I think this is the moment. Right. You could just sort of feel it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I should call mom. But I was like, I don't think she's going to get here in time. And the moment I took up my phone to call my mom, she just walked through the door. Right. And she was like, and it was like 5 a.m. or something. She was like, she was like, hey, I just woke up and I felt like I needed to be here. And literally at that moment, my sister passed away. Yeah. Like she like waited for my mom to get back. Oh. Um, and then that's when we had to like start planning the party. But that was also Halloween morning. And I'd flown in to go trick-or-treating with my nephew. And so actually one of the really... The hospital staff was amazing, mm-hmm. which I don't know how people like that do that job. Yeah. It is so hard because they were in with us and they all started crying Yeah, as that happened, which was a really kind thing actually because you sort of imagine, oh, they've seen this so often that they, yeah. they just wouldn't care or you know, they, they're able to. And it's like seeing them feel the moment and feel how hard this was yeah and to know that they had fought for the past couple days to try to help her i don't know it's just really sweet um but the thing that was nice was that that 
evening was Halloween. And so we all would go home and be there as kids knocked on the door and yeah. trick-or-treated. And I took my nephew trick-or-treating. What did he go as? He went as Superman. And my dad had bought a Halloween costume that was this inflatable Popeye costume. Have I showed you this photo ever? No. And so my dad and I took my nephew trick-or-treating and it was like the most ridiculous, <laughs> like it was just a silly experience. Yeah. And it was such a fun, just like able to like, just for a second, decompress from the situation and be like, yeah, and you know, um, here, so here's my dad, here's my dad's costume. Oh, that's very funny. It's like one of those, yeah. you know, you might see them as like sumo suits. They're like the big inflatable. Yeah. They have like a fan inside. Yeah. But his looks like Popeye. And my dad, you know, my dad's head is so small. and complete. Yeah. That's um, really funny. So here they are. Um, oh. And like, you know, I'd, it was so funny because I would take them up to the... Um, houses and he's a pretty courageous kid yeah but he doesn't like electronic things like you know when it's like electronic Mm -hmm. skull that's like (laughs) or whatever yeah so anytime there's something like that he would be like uh why don't uh, why don't you go first why don't you why don't you go first uh, and then i can be right behind you and then i'd go up and then once he saw it was safe he'd like start enjoying it and then whenever someone came to the door he'd go look at my poppy he's a big blue guy I would point to my dad. My dad. Oh, it was just like such a lovely sort of yeah. capper to the whole. And what was fun is that we were trick or treating around my parents' house, which is where I grew up. Yeah. So I was going door to door, and I went to the. Door, we took him to the door of some of my childhood friends' homes, whose parents still lived there. Who I hadn't. Some of them I hadn't seen in years, and they were like yeah. JD. And it was like, I don't know. It was just a really nice, familiar. Yeah. But anyways, it was such a tough experience um the funeral was a really tough oh did i ever show you i think i did show you the uh, prayer card the thing. yeah i showed you that right yeah i'd like to see it again though um so at misericordia they have this these thing called prayer cards that are really big so a lot when a resident pass away people hold on to them because there's some people that have been with them their entire lives so it's a photo of them and then on the front and then on the back like a prayer or something and so for us, the front photo is a photo of Allison dresses a butterfly on her like second birthday. Mm-hmm. And then on the back, we were like, I was like, none of these prayers, I don't like any of these prayers. They're all too God-y. They're too like religious-y. And so we went mm-hmm. through and tried to find something that worked and we got a, a quote, uh, lyrics from a Fraggle Rock song. Yeah. That are actually really nice lyrics. They're very nice. Um, but so anyways, the whole thing was really nice. But then what's wild is, you know, I've had people pass away in my life. And so I've been through this experience before, but this was the most, per, you know. Right. This was the most. Nothing this intense or close. Yeah. And the thing that is interesting is to the taxi driver's credit is like, yeah, you don't get over it. Like, and it's funny because I've had a lot of friends that have gone through similar things with either siblings or parents who have talked about it. And like, yeah, now you're part of this 
It's almost like this weird club of people you don't want to be a part of who have gone through something like this. Yeah. And the thing is, you just feel sad sometimes thinking about it. And that's been my experience. It's like, you think about it a lot, and it's always sad. It doesn't get less sad. You learn to cope with it and deal with those feelings, but it's not like this. It was funny. What was it? One of one of my friends who, you know, we've been, I've been leaning on them, sent me this funny thing that was like a text or something from someone that was like, you know, time heals all wounds, and they were like, no, it doesn't. Like, and it doesn't have to, and it's not supposed to. Like, some things are just like, yeah, that's just a thing now that you feel like is missing or is gone, and it hurts, and that's okay. That's part of the whole puzzle of it. Um, it also hasn't been that long, JD. I mean, it's it's only January. Yeah, it's true. You know, like, not that much time has passed. I know it's basically a se- close to a season because it's from from Halloween through just two and a half months. Yeah, but that's the thing is it's not like an overwhelming sadness. It's like this thing that's just like, oh, this is always going to be true from now yeah. on. This thing will not oh, change. Oh, yeah. No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like in terms of even like you're still, I would assume in the in those larger scheme of things, I would say you're probably still somewhere in that first oh, wave yeah. of processing a thing that will never fully. Oh, 100%. And um, it was tough. It was interesting. Because on the the car ride back to the airport to leave, like a couple yeah. weeks later, I had another driver who was like another chatty driver. Yeah. Which, whenever you don't want it, there's going to be a taxi driver. Yeah. And you know, my mom was waving goodbye as I drove away. He's yeah. like, "Oh, is that your mom?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he's like, "He's like, oh, are you going home?" And I was like, "Well, I live in New York." And he goes, "Oh, your mom must be so upset." And I was like, "Ah, it's fine." He goes, "Do you have any siblings?" And I was like, ugh, I don't know how to answer this question anymore. Like, that was a question that my entire life I knew how to answer. Yeah. I knew how to answer with the nuance that would sort of explain my sister Allison and her situation and Katie and what her situation was. Like, I knew knew my answer to that question. And now, suddenly I was like, I don't know how to answer that question anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the... What do I, like, so, like, I've been experimenting the past couple of months of, like, when people do ask that, how do I answer that question? I'm like, I go, oh, yeah, I grew up with two older sisters. Yeah. And then that's, like, all I'll say, unless it is relevant to get into the details of it. Yeah. But it's, I don't know. It's been wild. It's been bad. I think, I think you just say I have two sisters. Just two sisters. I have two sisters. Yeah, but then is always there's always the follow up questions that yeah. are like, oh, what do they do? And then it's like, well, one of them's not alive anymore, and one of them's a scientist. It just it's just interesting to be like, yeah. And I think that's that's interesting in the context of this podcast too. Is like there's things that you are so sure of, and that's the big thing that one of the big things that I took away from this whole experience is like, there's things that you are so sure of about yourself, and you realize how malleable life really is and how much things really can change in an instant. Even the things that you think are always going to be true or are unchanging aspects of you, those things change constantly. Um, 
Like, I feel like I'm a different person today than I was four months ago. Yeah. For a variety of reasons, but that being one of the big ones. Also, I'm on antidepressants now <laughs> or anti-anxiety, uh-huh. which that has been a huge upgrade in my life, which I never thought I was ever going to do. And then doing it, boy, oh boy, has it made my life better. Yeah. But yeah. But that's also why 2019, I'm like so excited for. Because mm-hmm. I look back on 2018 and it's funny because I'm like, it sounds dramatic and like like I'm being, I don't know, just extra. Yeah. But I'm like, 2018 was objectively, I think, the worst year of my life. Yeah. Like, I think the things that happened in 2018 were the things that I'm, were the worst. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And it's weird to be able to look, look at a year this close and be like, oh, this was it. This was so far the bad one. Now, you, you were back home for, thanks, for Thanksgiving and then for Christmas, yeah. then, right? So yeah. you've had two. And I've been staying much longer when I've been yeah. there, which has been nice. And I'm, my family's really come together. Yeah. So I think situations like that can either really test things in a bad way or pull people together. And my family has come together in a pretty major That's way. That's good. But yeah, it was, it was a wild. I don't recommend it. I think try to keep the people you love. Those are good people. Yeah. I mean, it's the only thing that nobody can do. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's, that's the other thing, too, is it, uh, it sounds so cliche and you hear it. And I don't feel like until you experience, do you really something like this? Do you really like feel it? But it's like, oh, yeah, life is so short and you are not guaranteed anything. Yeah. And so it's silly to let things get in the way of you being happy or enjoying whatever the current moment is. Because that's sort of all you got for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's been interesting. I've also been avoiding, not avoiding, I just think it would be, I just know it would make me sad, is that there's an episode, whatever the episode is where we had private time with Brianne, yeah. I did private time with my siblings, and so there's yeah. like audio of Allison, stuff that I would find really soothing, but I think now would just like, I need time before I... You'll know when want, you're ready for want, that. Before I want to just be sad, yeah. Yeah, and and it will make you feel both sad and... Yeah. Grateful. It's, I mean, that's the, that's the hard thing to balance because when sadness hits you, it's, there's nothing you can do about it. It's, you know, it calls the shots, you know? Yeah. When, when you're faced with genuine, whether it's, whether it's, you know, you have, sometimes you have sadness that is irrational or that you can't even, you know, you, you're sad and you just don't know why. And it just is, that's one thing. Um, and that's got its own set of mystifying aspects to it because like, why am I sad? You know, whatever, but you can almost blame the nonsense of it. You can almost be like, I don't know why I'm sad or whatever, but when you know why you're sad and you can point to the thing and you can be like, this is why I'm sad because this happened that's its own kind of thing because then it's like well it's reality it's a it's rooted in a thing that it's like i'm not going to not feel sad this thing has made me sad and there's every reason for it to make me sad yeah and then the the trick with stuff like that when it's 
when it's a loss of something, whether it's a change that you don't like, you know, that like, you know, and this is very, you know, just trying to tie back in other things we've talked about in this episode, but like... Tie back to shoes. Early, yeah, like you you want to tie, you don't need to tie a shoe. <laughs> um, the No, just like people who like a thing that you like, whether it's the Zigfield or UCB, you know, like a thing yeah. that's like, oh, it was here and now it's gone and it doesn't have to be. Why couldn't it still just be here? Right. But it is like, well, but it's gone. Right. And so the thing that you have is that it was here. And, yeah. th- and yeah. that's, that's what makes it hard. It, it, you know, it's one of those things that it feeds on itself because the more you're grateful for the thing you've lost, the more you've lost it, you know, that, that you're, you, you still have this like, oh, there was this theater and I have all these great memories there, but they're over. But it's like, yeah, but they're the memories. And I'm like, yeah, but they're gone. But they're, and it's, it's a, it's a, those things never stop chewing on each other. Yeah. I'm about, I'm, what I'm about to say, I'm saying purely as a joke. Yeah. Because I think it's funny and I don't actually mean it, but I have to say because I think it's funny. All right. Um, yeah, I think, I think what you're saying is right that um, UCB East closing down is very similar to the loss of me watching my sister pass away. You listeners, viewers, I wish you could hear what just happened because it and was here's delightful. The thing. Here's the thing. Hey, you, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> you, you absolute jerk. You dummy. Um, also, that's going to make me look bad yeah, because no, since, since I'm going to be bleeped and it's going to look I, like I I'm, really thought that. Ugh. But it was you worth. You cannot use that word. Uh, it was, uh, uh, the joke was a, a, a callback to the same thing I've been talking about the whole episode, uh, that I make JD, you have to bleep. It would, did not, I did not make a, a an, in any way, uh, distasteful no, it was, it joke, was nothing. but the timing of it will sound in that moment as if I said something. The joke of it was that Connor was on the defensive cause I had, I That's had, right. I had, underhandedly used something that was very emotional right to poke holes at him trying to synthesize right my feelings that's right and so on the defensive connor used any <laughs> artillery he had which was this one thing yeah that was the comedy moment you just witnessed yeah but yeah anyways it was a wild experience but that's why my 2019 i'm just sort of like all right, let's just see what 2019 has cooking, because 2018 did not hunt. Yeah. Do you have a year that you feel like is, you can say is the worst year that you've gone through? I don't know by calendar year. I mean, my, my whole life blurs together in larger chunks than years at this point. Right. I mean, there's definitely periods where I felt like, um, there's definitely periods where, Certainly, by the around the time I turned thirty, which would be roughly in the ballpark of yeah. of I turned thirty one of your a week. Yeah, around that period was not a good time in my life, um, and it definitely was. There definitely was a period where I felt like I just did not have anything going on for me. I did right. like there was a period where I felt like oh I can never get everything to happen to click at the same time, and then there was a period where I felt like. Oh, officially nothing that I do works out ever. And I, I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but like there was certainly a period where I felt like objectively 
with the exception of the fact that I'd had a happy childhood and a good family, I felt like I did not know anybody in my life who was less uh, successful than I was. I definitely felt like I had nothing. I had no prospects. I had no... I had failed at everything I had tried to do, you know. Which is also interesting because you say that happened when you're 30. And I yeah. think there's a lot of people that look at you now and be like, yeah, but you're successful now. Yeah, I mean, I don't but even know. I mean, successful I in that you've achieved a lot of the things that a lot of people want for. Well, I, there's also, you know, there's stuff I'm trying to achieve, but I also, I pull myself in two directions because on the one hand, uh, the more, you know, I've had like a couple of things in a row that have been like fun little work things that, you know, they're things that people recognize as like, oh, I saw you on a TV show. And that's like right. seen as like a, a measure of, of success. And it, and it is, and I'm like grateful for it. And it's fun. But I'm also aware that like, it's not necessarily going to make me, uh, I'm not necessarily like, not that I'm not trying to like, you know, it'd be very interesting to book a regular role on a regular TV series and do something or create something that gets a reaction and people like it and it gets written about or whatever. But I'm also aware that that's not necessarily going to make me feel better than I felt doing stuff yeah. for free for fun. Right. You know, that like, um, they're, I can't honestly say if I look at like, for instance, the scope of the Gethard show that a handful of my favorite experiences probably happened within the run of, I can think of a few specific memories within the run of fusion or true TV that I'm like, Ooh, I think this was one of the best episodes or this was one of the things I had the most fun doing. Are you building up to a thesis that is, it doesn't get better. (laughs) Well, no, just that like, when I recall things that I did during Life the m doesn't run, necessarily get better. No, it's just that, like, the the journey towards, like, our goal was to, like, make it a show, make it a real show, and we right. did it. But some of the most creatively satisfying moments of it were when we were on the right. way to that. We didn't... You hear that about people who was like, when we started out, we had nothing, but we were happy. Right. Something like that. That, like, the best parts aren't necessarily the parts where you, you know get everything that you, what you wanted. Yeah. Sometimes you look back and you're like, oh, when we were doing the election special, that day was pretty fun. And that wasn't for, that was not a professional right. moment. That was just a thing that happened that day. You know, that was just like, but it was really fun that we did right. it, you know? And a lot of the most satisfying moments were moments that anyone looking at them, at them from a careerist point of view would be like, well, that day didn't get you anything, you know, or, you know, but... I want to hold on to that that awareness that I don't just get fixated on like oh, I gotta you know I mean obviously I need to make a living and I need to find yeah um you know yeah
That's how you're going to honor the past of mine. <laughs> you can't keep using that. I feel like that's the closest thing this podcast has to a morning zoo style press a button and it plays a familiar uh, sound effect or yeah. quote from something, but it requires me scrolling endlessly through my Instagram uh, to, to find get to three years when, ago or whatever. Yeah, yeah, when that was that that Monchichi clip played. We are uh, the Monchichi. Grinchy, grinchy, we hate the Monchichis. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's hard for me to think about the future. Well, that's what, so that's what was so interesting to me was I listened to the last episode. Yeah. And I was so just like in a bad place. Yeah. And then the things that I had to deal with got worse. But on the other end of it, and the thing, the work that I did to, through, you know, therapy and through yeah. medication and things like that. Like, I feel better than I ever have. And more just like, I feel like myself again after years of just feeling terrified and lost. Yeah. <laughs> and it is a good feeling. But it is interesting because I look at that podcast episode, the last one, where I felt this is where I am right now. And three months later, things... Everything like uh, it exploded in so many directions mm-hmm. that it makes me it actually makes me optimistic for the future because you realize how much you never know what is around the corner. And right. It could be bad things, but those bad things don't always mean you your life will be worse. Yeah, it means you have to learn some tough lessons or gain some tough experience. But it also could be good things, and the things that you think so so often are true might not be true. Yeah. Like at the end of last week's episode, it was funny. Not last last week's episode. I've clearly we worked in television a week, lot. We do this 12-hour podcast every week. Uh, only make sure the good ones. Make, yeah. Wouldn't that be a reveal if we're like, okay, we're going to go ahead and release all the episodes we've done for the past five years every week. Oh, my God. That would be funny this next year if yeah. we recorded like one a month and mm-hmm. then just dumped like, a hundred hours of content yeah. at the end of the year. Um, want, yeah. But at the end of this one, I was listening to it last time. And it almost feels like intentional or staged, but I was watching the rain from my doorstep and I was like, there's this branch stuck in the tree. And I don't know that I can't describe the shape, but it's stuck on these power lines and it's sort of like an upside down J. And I don't know, it's just hanging on there. And like, you know, the, the branches, like it, it blows, them, but the way it's st- like, and I was like, I literally go like, I'm sure that's a metaphor for something. What it is, I don't know. And it's funny now being like, oh, it's an upside down J stuck on power line. You know, it's like, it yeah. feels like such like a, oh, this, a metaphor for like me going through a tough time and having to stick in there. Yeah. But I kept thinking about that as I was listening to that last episode. Mm-hmm. There's so many things where it's just like, it almost feels like an overwritten like right prediction for the future which made me this entire episode keep going like oh my god what thing are we going to say that like 3 months from now we'll be like oh i can't believe i said that yeah but anyways i'm happy the moon is still in correct orbit i know for sure that's never going to change the moon will always stay exactly aligned how it is yeah. And it will never change and drastically affect all of the cycles here on Earth. Thank goodness. 
We are the Manchi Cheese. What are people saying on Twitter? Or did they all block us after your No, actually the Bandergooch. The, the, res, the results of that poll were that uh, people cared. 78 to 22, 37 votes people cared about, and they liked it. Stay on the train eventually won with 31 votes, 55 to 45. The original Stay on the Train, 54 to 46. That's a pretty accurate reflection. Uh, we had two votes. Oh, my God. 31 and 39, both in favor. If it was down to them, they would want us to still be on that train. There's um, so little online engagement from any of these tweets. What do you mean? Oh, you're looking at it too? Yeah, I just pulled it up. There was like one like. <laughs> There's... I'm going to see what people are tweeting. No, that's not true. That original photo people liked. Not the 100 bandersnatches that you did. No, they're engaged. They're voting rather than liking. People don't click twice. Um, um, how many things in your direct field of vision can you say bring your joy, and how do they do so? There's a lot. This is my apartment now. Fewer for me, because I don't own any of this. Um, there's one thing. Your friend JD. Yeah, that's true. The only time it's appropriate to get off a train is in the tail end of it. Okay. Let J.D. know that he is very Brad Stevens esque. Oh, yeah. Amelia, I don't want to draw a picture right now. I'm going to draw a picture of something before we're Goals done. Goals for this. this year. How do you survive the news cycle? Oh, boy. I just only engage when I want to. most of the revolutions of the news cycle are meaningless. Um. <laughs> did you just have to scroll back all the way to find that? No, it's still there. That's why I did it. Any predictions you think will have come true by the time the episode releases? Yeah, sure. Um, um, the Empire State Building will be torn down and replaced with a public pool. Oh, boy. Um, I... Also... What? Don't tweet at us if the things we got wrong. We know we got so many things wrong. I know it tickles everyone to know something that we didn't know in the past. I mean, I guess you can tweet at us those things. I'll, ne I'll never see them, but... Yeah, I don't know why you're picky about social media when it's I not think, your thing anymore. You want to know what it is? It's the same thing of like... It's like the children's television thing that we're talking about. Yeah. Where it's like... As adults, so much of this is like, don't do this. You got this wrong. This was done correctly. Where it's like, yeah, that's going to happen. And I, I don't know. I'm going to do another Bandersnatch. God what should darn I, it. What should I have them make a choice on? I'll let you design it. Um, okay, fine. This Bandersnatch is, should Connor have to do 
10 push-ups. Can you do 10 push-ups? Probably not. Or... Or I do those pull-ups on your thing. Should Connor have to do four pull-ups? Or what? It's the push-ups or pull-ups. How many push-ups? 10 push-ups or four pull-ups? 10 push-ups or four pull-ups. Oh, God. Grinchy, grumpy, grunky, gee. We are the Munchy Cheese. I'm only going to set this for how many minutes? Ten, five, ten minutes. You're going to set it for five minutes? Ten minutes. Okay, how come the one that's about you has a time limit now? Because we, we don't have that much time left in the podcast. All right, fine. Bandersnatch. Bandersnatch. Snatching the banders out of Glandergatch. Did you watch the season of Survivor? Yes. What did you think of it? I liked it. Spoilers for Survivor coming up. Fast forward if you don't want to hear spoilers for this. I liked it. I was glad that I was glad that Mike White made it to the end, but I was also fine with him not winning. Who are you rooting for? Um, throughout. I liked Christian. I liked Mike White. Yeah. I liked um, Gabby until she betrayed Christian. Yeah. Um, I liked Allison. She's the one at the end. She's the doctor. Which was Allison? Uh, she was the tall doctor, Wonder Woman, as Mike called her. Uh, bishops are winning four to ten, seventy-five to twenty-five. What would you rather do? I'd rather try the pull-ups. If push-ups win, you cannot try a pull-up. What? If the push-ups win, you cannot try a pull-up. I mean, these push-ups are winning, no question. Eight votes, and it's not even close. Which is interesting, because pull-ups are way harder. Are they? You would have a harder time doing four pull-ups than you would. I don't would. think I would succeed at either of these. Grinchy, grumpy, grumpy, grumpy. I think the last, like, four episodes have included us singing Grinchy, grumpy, grinkly. Um... I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do one for you. Oh no! What is it? Gland or snatch? I have to see what this is to make sure you're not. Hold on. Should JD have to do? Uh, song from the Music Man, or scene scene from The Crucible, or no? Should I do a scene from Shakespeare? I don't know any scenes from Shakespeare or songs from The Music Man. Just read them, sing along with them online. Uh, Shakespeare speech. Shakespeare. 
going to be the music, man. You think? Yeah, no one will... Would you rather do a song from something else? No, it's your banner, Scooch. Scoochie Boochie. I'm not Shakespeare's speech. I'll do um, a dance. (laughs) Podcast listeners will love the dance. Grinchy, grunkly, grunkly, gray. We are the Manchi Cheese. Grinchy, grunchy, grumpy, gray. We just do bandersnatches on each other. That's how the entire rest of the will end. Um, I had a fun thing, which was... I'll talk about because we're deep enough into the podcast. But I had a fun thing, which is a good example of the... Um, trying to be positive online and trying to... You didn't insult someone's family legacy this time? No. Um, well, because... I think at the time we did the last podcast, I was talking about trying to write an article about uh, uh, Christmas stuff. Oh, right. Which came I wanted out. to promote. And so originally I had tried getting Vulture to, I thought Vulture maybe would have me write because I had written like a thing for them for Del Close, but they weren't interested. And then I managed to get Rolling Stone, which was a better thing. I managed to right. get them to let me write. And originally I was just like, I asked, like, what could I write for you guys like that's related to Christmas music that I can use to, like, right. plug my Christmas album? And they were like, well, you could write, you could review all the new Christmas albums. And I think they just meant, like, review, like what most people do, which is, like, review a bunch of them. Yeah, pick five. And, yeah. and I was like, oh, no, I'll review them all. And so I made a Spotify list of every new Christmas album I could find. I was looking online trying to find everything I could about new, any new Christmas albums. And I ended up getting 40 of them. And so they said it was the longest. And, it, and first, there was, it was one of those things where I feel like a, there's a, a lot of these kinds of things in life where like the main editor who had to approve it at first was like, I don't know about this. It doesn't sound very good. Well, the one detail that made me really laugh. What? Well, you'll tell no, no. the story. What? Is the length. Oh, yeah. That, um, and what they compared it to. Yeah, that... I then wrote like a sample of it. And when the main editor read it, he was like, Oh, this is funny. Yeah. I I love this. Go ahead. And what I turned in was almost 10,000 words. And they said, the only thing longer than this, than Rolling Stone had published this year was, uh, when Aretha Franklin died and they had the whole issue about her. Um, if this had been in the print issue, it would have been hilarious because it would have been like 25 pages worth of, (laughs) it would have been like the whole center of the Rolling Stone. Um, and the uh, and then I ended up, you know, I got like a lot of positive like response to it because right. it was funny. And the couple of things like I was kind of mean about William Shatner's Christmas album in a funny way. But my I was, parents, I told you that I came home for Christmas and I uh, walked into my parents at the living room table with your album playing, being like, 
oh, we're reading Connor's article on Rolling Stone. And I was like, okay. And they're like, they're like, he's so, like, he's so funny. And I think he's sort of losing his mind in this part. Like, cause I guess there was some where you're just like, oh yeah, I just start going. I mean, there's definitely and like, like my mom would read one. And she'd be like, uh oh, just a title track. <laughs> yeah. Being like Connor's not going to like this. There's definitely like a certain amount of, like it's a blend of genuine, like going nuts about something, but also knowing how to write that because yeah. I definitely have a pattern of that, which is like whether it's getting stuck on the subway and tweeting or, you know, like, oh, I'm listening to too many Christmas albums of like, uh, that is a fun. Well, you sort of have this like manic Lucille Ball energy with the like chocolate like the conveyor belt yeah. where you're just sort of like, I can do this. And you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Um, but I was kind of mean about William Shatner's, but I didn't feel too bad about that because I was sort of like, you know, you know if you want to hear William Shatner's, you know, not quite sing a bunch right. of Christmas songs. But to me, I'm like so tired of that joke by now that I was just like, oh, this is yeah. not, you know. And, but then, you know, I was getting, a, getting like some good feedback about it. And, you know, and that's one of my sort of goals for 2019. Is That's why I'm bringing this up is, I want to maybe write some more stuff and maybe try to come up with some other like fun things sure, to write writer. about. Thank you. And it's just like coming up with like, what's another thing that I care that much about. Um, but there was a, there were two like Christmas, like um, Twitter accounts that were connected to like blogs about Christmas music. There were like, right. people who were really enthusiastic about Christmas music and this is the thing they write about. Um, and one of them reacted to my article by being like, oh, look at this cool thing. And they like had a recommendation for like, you should also listen to this album. It's really good. Right. And the other one, and I only noticed cause I was kind of searching around to see if people were responding or if people were liking the article and, and there was some satisfaction. Like I picked, there were some people who like never were going to get their album reviewed in Rolling Stone right. who were like, oh my God, I can't believe Rolling Stone reviewed my Christmas album. They were very, like, and it was, that was fun to Except see. Except your reviews were like, I don't know, if you like this, you'd like this. No, they were actually people I was nice to that I was like, oh, this is a good album, this has got a good song. So then you were seeing like that person's friends being like, oh my God, you're, you know, in Rolling right. Stone. And, but then there was this Which one, also might turn into now, like, next year there'll be like twice as many Christmas albums because people are like, maybe Rolling Stone will give me a little. I'm sure it didn't affect sales of any of these albums particularly. Um, But the, there was another Christmas like blog slash Twitter account that tweeted back. People might quote your thing and be like, Rolling Stone says. I already had that. There were already people who were doing that. That's so funny. One of the people who quoted it was literally Elvis Costello's Twitter quoted my like because rev- I included as a joke right which is one of my favorite things yeah it was just like me like getting my- I got a review of Elvis Costello's album as a Christmas album and he actually responded to me on Twitter making a reference to a Christmas line in an obscure song of his so he was like joking to me the way that like Mikey would joke to me you know it's like right we're like tossing Elvis back and Costello forth. himself yeah that's so funny yes uh, I don't think it would be someone running his Twitter wouldn't right. have made this joke. Um, the uh, which that's the second time in 2018 that uh, Costello. 2019 with me. might be the hangout with Costello year. I mean, I'm available. Um, but the 12 hour day, we do an episode. <laughs> he did a pod. He did someone's podcast on like Christmas Eve or whatever. Uh, who knows? It could happen. Um, 
Check but, all of all of your music uh, fandom on yeah. the podcast. Oh God! I already right. had John. I feel like my 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 real goal for Costello would be to like have caught in our book him for like ASCAP monologues because oh thanks what do you mean no just kidding no just because I know that would be the ideal setting that's always for me the ideal setting to meet someone like that is like they can see you be funny yeah that it's on your home turf and you you don't have you can you can geek out after the show is over when they are like have a degree of like comfort with you um but anyway so this other Christmas blog if he came into 12 hour day I would just do improv with you until he was comfortable until he was comfortable that's a good idea uh, the uh, this other Christmas vlog tweeted like at Rolling Stone, so it wasn't like at me, but they were like, um, it was kind of a sarcastic tweet that was like, uh, "Hey guys, uh, maybe next time uh, it might be nice if you instead of just focusing on all the same old artists who are uh, covering the same old tunes, if you actually like turn the spotlight on like some smaller artists who are writing." new Christmas songs and doing the real, and it was like just an idea. It was like a, a real like snarky and I, but it was really like, it was at Rolling Stone. So I think the intention of it, I think it was almost like someone standing outside of like McDonald's or Walmart or something being like yelling at like a big corporate thing. And I was like, I don't want to get into a fight with this person, but I do want to like engage because I was looking at their website. I'm like, Oh, their website's really good. It's like all these, like they are genuinely trying to like one of the best Christmas blogs you've ever seen. Um, and so I was like, oh, hey, um, I'm the comedian slash actor who wrote this article. Um, which was a subtle move on your part to be like, this isn't journalism, this is comedy. Yeah, it's not, it's not journalism, I'm a comedian. They're just jokes. Um, <laughs> no, but it was just like trying to put a face to it where I'm like, and I was like, uh, I really did my best to listen to as many as I could. Sorry if it didn't go deep enough or whatever. And then... What was interesting was uh, after that, all my then they were kind of like, oh, I actually thought the they responded and they were like, actually, I thought the article was funny, um, and I was like, I was also saying like, oh, this is my first thing I ever wrote for Rolling Stones, so right. you know, I kind of had to like lobby to to pitch the idea in the first yeah. place, but like maybe it'll become a regular thing and it would be great to be able to write a yeah. Thing that, and I ended up adding ten more albums to the thing, which I was going to do anyway. But then I think they were like, "Oh, good, you added a few more." Like, because there were also things I just didn't find out about until because I was like drowning in. I did like, like, I think you updated the article while my parents were reading it because they were like, "Wait, where's this thing's gone now?" Like, they couldn't find your album or whatever, and I was like, "Right, it should be in there." I think it's like the last one, and they're like, "Yeah, I'm here at number forty, and it's not here anymore." I was like, "Refresh it," and suddenly it was like. 52? I was like, what? Yeah. And then I was like, I think he added more right now. Yeah. Um, Did you update it on like Christmas Eve? Yeah. Well, the thing was like, I was update. I was updating those on Twitter. Just like I'll add if I, I was, right. I literally was like, if you have albums I haven't heard of, I'll update them on Twitter. And then I was like, I like what I'm writing about these. And I like these albums that are right. coming in. Can we add them? And so they were seeing like, we're going to look and see if we can add them. And then there was a point where the guy who was in charge of saying whether we could or couldn't, add it at first was like no it's locked it's okay we're not yeah. doing it anymore and then i think you realize like oh no this is more content and i wasn't asking for more money to do yeah. it and it was just like oh okay and so uh yeah i got like i think the original version was probably cleaner but i liked the extra clutter of yeah here's 10 more 
But I would like to write more things like that or come up with more what ideas. What would be the next for, thing? I don't know. I don't really have an idea. Um, oh my God. What? Four pull ups pulled ahead, 27 votes, 52 to 48. It was a squeaker. Wow. So you're doing four pull ups. Four pull ups. All right. And the final results should JD have to do a song from the Music Man or a Music Man dance? I don't think they fully realized. I think they may have been skeptical and thought that only I would see the Music Man dance. Listeners, dear viewers, and I don't know if any of you voted, if it had been a Music Man dance, I was going to film it and it was going to go on Instagram. Oh, and no. It was going to go everywhere and it was going to be. JD happens to dance to... Uh, Connor, here's what it is. You can't even react to it. You can't give them anything. Okay, can I tell you what song it was going to be to? Yeah, and I'll do the dance to it. But you can't give them anything. No, I you won't give, give them, them anything. I'm gonna, Because they didn't ask for it. Yeah, but I'm going to play um, the song. <laughs> I changed my mind on what the song is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. No, just because this is the one I want to see the dance to. I haven't changed my mind on the song that you're going to... Okay. But this is the... Uh, count me in. Uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Oh, that's great. You have to let me film that and put it online, JD. No. They didn't ask for it. Oh, that's true. They didn't ask for it. Um, they want me to fucking sing a song. Um, um, I'm, out of breath. I'm out of breath now. Okay. Hey, you can't, have taken well, a, you can't have taken any video of that. No, I didn't. Or photos. I didn't. But... Uh, Anna Maria says, this is a podcast. There's no question what the correct answer is here. I don't know. I think there was, because I have to say, to anyone who participated in the vote, who thought that voting for a, an audio thing was better than voting for a visual thing, I have to tell you, you just miss out on what may have been the single best piece of Boko in the history of this. I'm still uh, out of breath from it. It was really, like, you used the full span of your apartment. I, yeah. uh, that's giving too much. Is that giving too much? I think it doesn't count as giving too much if no. what I'm giving actually feels like it's taking from them. Yes. JD used the... I, at a certain point, I explored the space in a way that I... JD used the myself. full scope of the... He really threw himself into it. I'm, 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 none of this is 
This isn't like when we occasionally will have fun describing things that clearly aren't happening. This isn't like when I lied about the figure skaters. Yeah, this isn't like that. JD did a full-on... You heard the music. You probably heard my uh, heavy breath and pounding feet. JD threw himself into that in a way I, I genuinely did not expect. How do I do a pull-up on this? Which part do I pull? Okay, well, that's a... that. I mean... Pull up. I want to pull. I want to hold on these things. And face this way. Or else it's going to fall down and you're going to hurt yourself. So I, I pull up. It depends what muscles you're stronger with. None of them. Try that first. Oh, God. This is going to hurt. No, it's not. Like, even when I start to do it, I can already feel it hurting me. <laughs> Just try pulling yourself up. Uh, uh, okay. Stop. What? Now try, with, try that. Like that? No, no, no. On, the, on these. On these? Yeah. I don't like it. You can't pull yourself up. No, no. it feels bad. <laughs> you just haven't worked out ever in your life. Not on pull-ups. <laughs> Not on anything. No, I have. What? I've ridden my bike. That doesn't count. That doesn't count as a workout? No. I think if I saw you ride your bike, I would not count it as a workout. What if I did it for long enough? I don't think you would do it for long enough. I would do it for long enough, and I do do it for long enough. How long do you do it for? Hours if I can. Like Sometimes I'll do it for like four hours. I, 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 I feel the same way that Shannon's trainer did. I'm like, I, I think you No, could... Shannon's trainer didn't feel that way. Shannon felt that way. Shannon's trainer never saw the bike. Oh, that's true. Shannon's trainer, if he'd seen me do it for four hours, would have really like being in shape. Yeah, probably. The feeling of it. Yeah, I just don't want to. You know, it's just life. Yeah, just I just, life. it makes me feel good. I don't mean that in like a, oh, because I look I good and want, I feel strong. It's like I feel, I wake up and it's like easier to wake up. And, I don't want to do pull-ups. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't want to do push-ups. I don't want my arms to get any stronger. But I even no going on a nice jog? I don't mind that, but jogging hurts knees. You know? Running hurts knees. Not necessarily. It does, JD. I feel like, I feel like if you... Had the right system, yeah. You could really enjoy it, yeah. And be comfortable mm-hmm. and get all the benefits from it. Maybe I think the problem is that you haven't really had a guide for how to do that, and so anytime you have done it, has felt bad. And you've never also gotten over the hump that you have to get over for it to start feeling really, really good. It's yeah. like perform, like you know, start doing improv. It's like you're gonna be bad at it for a little while. Well, working out, it's a much shorter little while. Like, after like a week or two, you start feeling really good. Yeah, I legitimately period, think... The periods where I've ridden my bike a lot, I felt good. You should also get... Uh, I, I, we've talked about this before, but like, if you had a real bike, I think you'd also enjoy that. Uh, yeah, but I would already be no longer with us, you know? <laughs> I don't think that's true. But... I would get hit by a car, JD, or I would, or I would hit something and it would, it would fly into traffic. Maybe I don't think that's. Gonna I think happen. I get hit by a car if I if I tried to ride a bike alongside cars. I think I would get hit by a car. Someone would open a car door. I would panic. I'd panic too much if I was riding a bike. Maybe. You know. I mean, it just depends. It's, yeah, uh, on whether I do or I don't, and if I do, then it's over. You know. Well, it depends if you are ride your bike responsibly or not. No, it's a level of skill because I don't think I have the skill to not panic. And you can't panic when you're riding a bike around cars. It's true. But you do enjoy riding bikes so much. I do in a controlled circumstance where I feel safe. 
That's not New York City. All right. You know? It just isn't. Drop this. Um. What are you rooting through, JD? Nothing. Put of my something auto equipment away. Where you're what? Ooh. Excited about a new idea? Yeah. Oh, am I recording? Yeah, I think so. Why? Why is it going orange? Oh, I don't know. Did you accidentally mute yourself, maybe? Possibly. Uh, it might not have been for that long, though. I don't think it was for that long if I did. Yeah. Hopefully not. Here's what I want to do. What's what? I want you to play video games. Right now? Yeah. Okay. What's the last video game you've played? Um, on my phone, probably. Okay, have you ever played, like, a console game? Yeah. As of recent? Not recently. There's health and safety warnings? How did they change? Um, you can get diseases from it now. Um, what games do I have? I mean, seeing you play Overwatch would be a blast. I don't know how to play Overwatch. I know, that's why it would be fun. Destiny. You play Fortnite? Here is Fortnite. Uh, you know what? You should play Fortnite. You playing Fortnite would be a fun... <laughs> I, I would enjoy that. I'm not sure I understand it. I don't really understand it either. I have friends from college that I would play Overwatch and Destiny with, and they started playing Fortnite also. Uh-huh. And it's like a weird game with children, but... Um... So we're we're loading up Fortnite now, and we're gonna get you a music man, a music man song. Oh yeah, sure. Um, do you have a favorite song for the music man? I literally don't know any song for music man. Seventy six. That's a music man, right? Yeah. Well, let me see if there's other music man. A karaoke version. Yeah. Loading up Fortnite here. Okay, so the premise of Fortnite mm-hmm. is, I think it's... These are the Fortnite people? I guess so. I actually don't... I mean, I think it's every man for themselves. Okay. You're out in a universe, and you just get dropped mm-hmm. in the middle of this world, and everyone's trying to kill each other. And so you have to, like, root around, <laughs> root around for gun stuff and then fight people that come after you. Okay. Uh, the song you're going to sing is Mary and the Librarian. Okay, can I hear it sung correctly once, or no? I think it's more fun maybe if you've never heard it before, right? I feel like I have heard it. I, I mean, I don't remember how it goes. Would you rather hear... Uh, i give you the, uh, the choice. Would you rather hear a version of it first, or would you rather just go with your gut? I think I'll go with my gut. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Oh, I'm just going to bring this up. Fortnite needs to install a patch. By popular demand. Are we doing it now? Marion! This isn't karaoke. This is like someone made this. Madame Librarian! I don't know how that song goes. You're pretty close. Really? To catch your ear. I love you madly, madly. I'm catching up. Mad. You have to lie. 
<laughs> this is also not done like a karaoke. It's not. I just want to point out what Connor has is like three sentences at a time. All right, let's do this one then. Instead. Three sentences at a time. Random. Robin Hood is an investing app that oh, lets you buy and sell stocks, stocks and, and cryptocurrencies online. Yeah. <laughs> I also haven't heard this song in years. The seaweed is always greener in somebody else's lake. You dream about going up there, but that is a big mistake. Just, Just look, look at, at the, the world, world around you, right here on the ocean floor. Such wonderful things around you. What so more is you looking for? Under the sea. Under the sea. Under the sea. Under the sea. Darling, it's better down where it's wetter. Take it from me. All day, out in the sun, they slave away. While we're devoting full time to floating under the sea. I don't know how this part goes. Yeah, I think we did it. I think we satisfied the Bandersnatch. Um, so that was the. Can I, am I not comfortable singing? That was fun, though. That's fine. I'll I'll always commit to it. Yeah. Just ain't going to be good at it. Um, Yeah, that was just the... Because that Mary Mary and the Librarian karaoke wasn't giving any indication of where the words fell. It was was just like three sentences would come on screen and then go away. And so that was the next video that YouTube had a recommendation for. So I just How does Mary and the Librarian go? Because I... It's what you were seeing at the beginning was close to words like Marion... The library. Oh, that's what the ellipses in the middle of the <laughs> And then it's like, what can I do? My dear, do catch your ear. I love oh, you right. very, very bad. But there was no way of gleaning that from right. the way. Uh, now, what do I do for Fortnite? How do I. This is not Fortnite anymore. It, it, it is Overwatch. Overwatch. Okay, and what do I do for Overwatch? I find okay. the game. You just shoot people. No. What are the buttons to shoot? Okay, so this is how you control and move around. This is okay. how you look around. Okay. This. Bottom trigger is sh- okay. shoot for most characters. And this is shoot for the rest of the characters. Uh, they All of these four buttons all do different things for characters. And you're going to be randomly assigned a character. So right now, your character called Moira, that if you hold down this, you suck life out. Or if you hold on the other one, you suck life out of people. So you got to move this to look around. Oh God, I'm just disoriented. It's like learning how to walk again. And you're against real people. You just got shot. I couldn't see what I was doing. Okay, press L3, which is that. Okay. To respawn. Okay, now, now you're a different character. Okay. Okay, now you're a sniper. So if you hold down the left... Can I just wait here for someone else to show up? Yeah, if you hold down this, you can do a scope, and you can sort of move around, and then you hit that to shoot. I mean, this up and down thing is killing me. This is like I'm a toddler. Now turn to your right. Look down a little bit. Oh, there's someone. Up there. Point up. Shoot that person. I hate this. Connors, he'll hold it a little bit too much, so it just keeps going straight up or straight down. There's person. 
<laughs> what am I doing? What am I doing? You've Where got, do I go? You've got to point that at the person you're shooting. So. So try to. Okay. <sighs> Jesus Christ. I hate this. I hate it. It feels like I can't move. Really? Yeah. Like I. I it's so disorienting to me to try to play that full 360 degree. Okay, here. I've got a game that'll be more your speed. I like left to right games. I got a game that's way more your but speed. But like, how do you, like, that just must take years to get the coordination to be able to not go up and down like that. Because I feel like every time I tapped it, it moved so right. much. Okay, where is it? I mean, I stopped playing video games once they started doing that thing where you could look around the full 360. Right. Because I was like, oh, it took me like, Two full years of being an infant before I figured out how to do this for real. I'm not going to train my hands to do it again. All right, we got an easier one for you then. Pinball FX3? Yeah. This is digital pinball. Yeah. Really well-made pinball game. I also am not great with those kind of controllers. You know, they right. were like... So many buttons and things. Yeah. And... It's just a lot of new coordination for me for things that I don't... I don't play console games, so I don't really have... Like, the last right. console game I played was probably, like, a Sega... Right. Like, Sonic the Hedgehog. Side-scrolling like, platformer, yeah. yeah. It's loading so slowly. Now, video games are, like, my, like, de-stressor. Yeah. Because it just takes all of See that, my focus. Playing that for two minutes stressed me out more than this whole podcast. <laughs> That's so funny. Because I find it so frustrating that I can't make it do anything that I want it to do. Right. I'm, I'm genuinely like, I'm touching that, and it's like, looking up, I'm like, wait, what's the button to make it look down? Like, it's genuinely right. like... This is also a funny thing, because they license all these properties to make these pinball machines. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Uh so there's a Jurassic Park themed uh, Universal Pinball, uh-huh. E.T., Jaws, Back to the Future, Marvel, every possible Marvel property, Star Wars. Um, Aliens. There's the Family Guy pinball. I'll do Bob's Burgers. Okay. Oh, you have to buy something to get oh, that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought I... Oh, that's so stupid. Give me a Star Wars one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I have all the Star Wars ones. I mean, I should have all these. What are the ones that I do have? Marbles. Just these? No, you have marbles over there. Give me a marble. Oh, yeah, here. Uh... I'll give, give me you uh, uh, Ant-Man. I'll give you uh, Avengers. Avengers Age of Ultron. Yeah. Sure, whatever. I don't know. I don't know anything about this. X, continue. Okay. So I think you hold down the right bumper to do those there. And then, oh yeah, there we go. 
There we go. We're playing Avengers Pinball. So it's like an Avengers ah. digital pinball game. The Hulk is there. He's in the middle. There's a bunch of digital characters. I guess he died. Just hit R2. That's this one. Great. Did I do well? Just hit X, sure, I guess. I have no idea. Play again, X. Oh, I hit a high score? That was hey. the high score? Yeah, I guess. Pinball machines are so complicated. The what? Pinball machines in general are so complicated. Yeah. Like learning all the rules for each table and how you do what. Hey, there's Iron Man. Yeah. Pull yourself together. All right. Connor's hitting this pinball around. It's going quite everywhere. I mean, there's so much stuff on screen that I have a hard time knowing what any of it really does. Yeah. But it seems like Connor's scoring points. And digital characters whose voices do not sound like the Marvel characters are certainly narrating. Connor's doing pretty good here, actually. Now I'm doing better at this than I do at real physical pinball. Ooh, he did something that invoked Thor. Yeah, I never understand. I never fully... I always feel like there's stuff going on in pinball that yeah. I just don't. Well, on Real Machines, they have a rule sheet which like breaks down what all is going on. And with those, I guess it's probably easier because it's limited to the laws of real physics. Yeah. Whereas this, it's probably like crazy. Let's rock. Uh, the pinball is shot out by Iron Man's arm. And then Iron Man is standing... I guess it's so the second time they've told me to pull myself together. I mean, it just feels like you're not listening to them. Balls are shooting out of holes from one place to another. Ooh, ooh. There we go. Oh, um, the Avengers and Black Widow is about to fight some sort of mechanized man, not Iron Man. It's, it's all a dark charcoal colored skeleton. Oh, they're fighting now. Oh, she got stabbed in the stomach and the skeleton man flew away. But now she's okay again and she's watching over the pinball machine. She said, nothing lasts forever. Let's rock, says Iron Man, as Connor uses his last shot. The pinball, pull, uh-oh, a bunch of the skeleton people are back. Connor's got to shoot them all, is what it seems like is happening. 
but I truly can't really see where they all are. Ooh, he's actually doing pretty good here. Legitimately, you're killing most of these oh. bad guys. Ooh, this is your last chance. You got an extra... Okay, Black Widow's walking over to where the balls come out, and then Iron Man's giant arm is... Okay. Good job, Connor. I did my best. I did you, my best. You played video games. I did play video games, like a big boy. Mommy, wow. I'm a big kid now. You did now, autocomplete now. for... No, 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 no. Cooking. So I'm going to give cooking the okay. uh, high score. Thank you, cooking. Oh, here, press it. Hold down the All right. Mommy, wow. I'm a big kid now. Da -da -da -dun. Da -da -dun. Um, so what Gr do you think? Griffin said, just got your voicemail now. My phone is acting funky here. Let's try and call him real quick. Yeah, try to call Griffin. Let's see. Griffin Newman? Uh, yes, uh, is this uh, Connor Rathbone? Yeah, you're, you're on 12 Hour Day with JD and Connor. Is this the tick? God. This, this is not. This is Arthur from the tick, though. That is true. This is the tick. We're talking to the tick. We've got the tick live on 12 Hour Day. You're close. I was afraid that I had missed my window to be on 12 Hour Day, but that was because I forgot that it's, of course, um, a 12 Hour podcast. That's the literally the only thing you really need to remember about it. I know. Well, I'm just saying, usually when someone calls you, you or leaves a voicemail and says, like, hey, I want to see if you could be on my podcast, and you don't see it until six hours later, you've missed your window. Not with this but, one. But that's, that's your competitive advantage. That's what you guys have going for you. Well, we wanted to give you a chance. I tried a little bit earlier. We told people to go to Amazon... <laughs> Oh, uh-oh, we, to, we told them to do some weird stuff. And I'm just now realizing. Like what? Well, we told them, I told them to tell, tweet at Amazon and tell them, I'm a, I'm a flower, so you can get your bees off, Bezos. And I don't think, uh, it'll, I don't think it'll help you, but we did that. I don't, I don't think it will hurt. I mean, you know, all publicity is good publicity, especially in this oversaturated uh, streaming media landscape. That's right, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and I, but you probably have your, yeah. you probably have some specifics that we don't have at our fingertips as far as what you want people to do. Uh, yeah, we know you want people to watch the show. It's on Amazon Prime, and yeah. it's funny and also exciting. Yeah. And when's well, the new yeah, season sure. drop? When's the new season drop? Give them the pitch, Griff. But when is this episode coming out? Um, either in the next two weeks or in the next six months. Okay, then I will say this, and depending on when this episode drops in relation to when the news is announced, you guys might have the exclusive on when the tech premieres. Ooh. Oh, boy. Yeah, they haven't announced it yet. You only have to listen 11 hours and 45 minutes in. We, yeah. could, we could beat them technically... But not in a way that anyone will know to skip this far ahead to find it. You know what I mean? Well, well that's why I feel, I mean, A, you guys are, are two great friends of mine, oh, long-time friends and collaborators. And I trust you so much in every regard. 
that I feel like I'm safe putting this exclusive proprietary information into the 11th hour. Uh, literally, literally the, the 11th hour, yeah. Okay, ready? Are you ready for this? Yeah. Yeah, we're ready. This Hold on. This is a 12-hour day exclusive. Bum, bum. Bum, 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 bum. Ready? Yeah. First week of April. I forget what day. Oh, when is this going to be announced? I don't know. They keep on saying soon, but I'm betting that it will be neck and neck with when this episode drops. The, the their announcement of the release date. <laughs> Griffin, if we accidentally break this information, <laughs> I'll feel very uncomfortable for you. I'm, I'm giving you guys permission. Because I think the bar for entry is so high here in terms of already being a 12 head, listening through to the end, that I feel like if people do that, they've done the work and they deserve to know what week it will vaguely come out with them. Okay, well then, 12, right, 12, 12 heads. heads. This is a, you really have to... Because we don't know, there's a, there's a reasonable chance that you just heard something that maybe has not yet been released... Or maybe you're a listener who's catching up on this episode years from now. If, if, if so, if it's 2020 or 2022 and you're hearing yeah. this for the first time, don't worry about any of yeah, this. Yeah, you're fine. You're in the clear. Right. But they for rebooted the tick already at that point, and there's a new Arthur. There, uh, there will never... Hashtag not my Arthur. Hashtag oh, not my oh, new Arthur. Yeah, God, but... I, I, I can't wait for people to complain about the person who replaces me ten years from now. Uh, his it's name is so his name is Danny Munez, and he's he's um, what's his name? Munez's youngest son. Frankie Munez. Yeah, he's Frankie Munez's youngest son. Um, is that is that a thing to think about? Like like uh, you know, as artists, uh, you know, I speak about the three of us. Mm-hmm. That at, at any moment, somewhere in the world. Maybe a child is being born who will someday reboot your most valuable work of art. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like right now, somewhere in like Nicaragua, there might be a child being born who will someday be hosting Twelve Hour Day. Right. The next, the next Batman is maybe a, yeah. an infant somewhere. Yeah, I was trying to think yeah. what I've done that's in any way close to rebootable. I, nothing I've done will be rebooted ever. The this is not true. This is not true. I don't know. Um, Connor, he, did you yeah. did you address while recording the text that I sent you earlier today? Address uh, what about what text? <laughs> That's a no. I sent you a text earlier today where I asked you a question. All right, let me look. It doesn't seem like Connor. Connor's going through his phone to figure this out. Oh, what size am you're I? Asking about, yes. Yeah. What size am I? Large. Yeah. Now, that was my guess, but that was because I, I through a very, the generosity of a friend, uh, got, got a tour of Lucasfilm today. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Did you, did you drop, uh, did you, when you were there, did you mention that you do a show? I did. They asked for links. They wanted to watch it. And I also bought you... I think some very on-brand uh, company store merchandise. I'm very excited about this, Griffin. How did did they react positively, or did anyone? I know when Patrick had toured Lucasfilm, uh-huh. he, he mentioned something about the George Lucas talk show, and the response was, "We know." Really? <laughs> yeah, there was Patrick got a response that was kind of like a slightly uh, exhausted sort of like, "Yeah, we know." 
The guy who toured me hadn't heard of it, but got really excited. Oh boy! But that might be because you're a celebrity, so he's putting on the he put the show. On the Ritz. Uh, well, I don't know, but I I led with my friend does a show where he plays George Lucas. He's done it for a number of years, and only recently I've had the honor of joining his Watto. But you, I led with. But my you, friend does an incredible George Lucas. You've done the show for more than half of the run now. At this point, though. Because I think I think Sean, I, I think Sean did it for two years, and we've been uh-huh. we're, we're heading towards our f- uh, uh, fifth anniversary, sort of or close wow. to it. I think. Because I was such a regular attendee of the show. I mean, you were you were on it twice, right? I was on it three times because there was one time I was on it where you weren't there. Oh, that's right. That's right. I think it was when it was hosted one. by J.J. J. Abrams. That's it was right. hosted by Casey Justice, J.J. J. Abrams. Well, now let me let me pivot just slightly. Is there anything sure. the Twelve Heads who just got what could be exclusive news about when the new season of The Tick is going to drop? Yeah. Do we? Well, first of all, is there anything we that they should say online when they like? What would be a good positive thing that will indicate that they know something, but not what? Well, I feel like what can they do to? Help. Help you get another season of this thing. Yeah. I mean, I'd say first and foremost, watch the show. Uh, I can't overstate that. Right. If you're prioritizing anything above watching the show, you might not be helping us. Also, um, how about this? Yeah. If you own a device that plays Amazon things... Throw it out and protest. You no, know, like you have a Roku, you have a, uh, a smartphone that has the app on it. You have an you have an you have an uh, an iPad with the Amazon streaming uh-huh. capability. Yeah. You don't need to watch the show for right. it to seem like you watch the show. Like you can you yeah. can watch it once, and then it's just a matter of while you're doing other things, keep clicking that button to keep watching the show again That's and again. All I'm asking you to do is just put it on while you're doing other things. Can I? That's admit, number one, the most helpful thing. I did that for a friend's show. Mm-hmm. I'd watched it really? when I was. When I was at home yeah. in Chicago, when I came back uh-huh. here, I loaded it up on the device that it, the service that you could watch it on, and just played it to nobody while I went out for the day. Because I was like, I just want this person to get more yeah. different IP address hits for this thing. Yeah, I've done, I've done that. I'll sometimes do that if I really like an, a record on Spotify. I'll sometimes just leave my Spotify playing that album on a loop while I'm just gone. Just figuring like, oh. Yes. Yeah. Just to help them out. This is a very good point. It's like. In this new new world we live in, especially with companies like Amazon, metrics are really important. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to visit home, if you're watching stuff on a friend's device, if you have access to a new IP address, even if you watched the tick before, just load it up on that thing. Yeah. As many locations as we can be in. Yeah. Any different demographics that they can think are watching it. If you're that a, helps. if you're a, and, and we don't encourage this certainly, but if you're a cat burglar who doesn't yes. specialize in electronics, you're you're going for the you're going for the jewels. jewels. You're going for uh, uh, stock certificates. You're going for whatever whatever you're going for priceless um, works of art, Ming vases, right. because it's government too, bonds from it, the early thirties. Yeah, but it, and it's too much to disconnect a home entertainment system that you can afford anyway with the yeah. with the the yeah. tremendous loot you're right. taking down with each haul. Turn on the right. TV in the home that you've broken into. 
change it to Amazon Prime and put on the tick. I also think yeah. you, we should sort of consider this like creative Bitcoin mining, Ooh. where you just have your computers playing the tick at all times to sort of uh-huh. mine Bitcoins for Griffin, which is actual uh-huh. views that can translate to Amazon views. I call them Griffcoins. Yep. That would be huge, and I'll say this. I'll say this on air. If you do that for me, I'll put that right back into the budget of the show. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. I mean, you're you're not lining my pockets. You're you're bankrolling more tick, baby. That's my promise to you. Nope. Can I can I throw out uh, an exclusive about about this new season? Absolutely, a second exclusive within Griffin. I think you might just you might be a little punchy. And you're just giving exclusives <laughs> out to a po- twelve hours into a podcast. I got some jet lag. I'm traveling. I'll admit I'm dehydrated, but I, I got to throw out an exclusive because there's a big controversy brewing. Right. And we've all been warned not to address it, but I feel like I have to address this before the season. I want to get ahead of the controversy. Griffin, you know this is a podcast that will be released. This will be public. I know, and that's why I need to talk about this here, okay? I mean, Griffin... I'm going to address the controversy. Uh, Griffin, you you have, you have are someone who has been known to a... to You're a mover and a shaker. When you have a... When you... When you come out with an exclusive, sometimes uh, it can it can lead to whole feature films being shelved. Yeah, Griffin, just as a just just as a buddy here, let's just take one quick deep breath and just make sure that we're making a good decision with whatever you're about to say next. Yeah, and I'm saying whatever it is, you say it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a tightrope here, and I'm gonna say it. Okay. Okay, Griffin. I would like to get ahead of the controversy and right here exclusively on 12-hour day acknowledge that Connor Ratliff auditioned for season two of The Tech. That's true. Oh, I, wow. I did not get hired. Whoa. Um, and so, yet here I am plugging away. So this... I mean, and I think this is a testament to your character because you have all the reason in the world to want to tear us down. We did you dirty comments. I, I I let you come on my I let you come on my my show at UCB East and promote the tick. I, I let I let I let the yeah. full cast of the tick uh, yeah. promote, mm-hmm. and and yet I I bear no ill will because I don't think I was right for I I you know you're not always right for the part and quite frankly you would have been a fine Arthur but I think I would absolutely I absolutely would not be a good Arthur, um, but. Uh, Arthur needs to be adorable, and I think you are Griffin. I think the oh, way you, oh, I think on. the way you play him, is charming in a way that I don't, I don't have that in my arsenal. Uh, I'll say uh, this. Well, I, first of all, I think you're the most cuddly man alive. Thank you, Griffin. Uh, Gri- Griffin, uh, JD Amato, TMZ. Quick question: Are the rumors sure. true that you personally um, put the kibosh on Connor Ratliff getting the role that you wrote an email specifically to the Amazon executives, Bezos et al. Um, to say, keep this guy away from my pile of money, Scrooge McDuck style. Okay, I got to get ahead of the controversy here, okay? Okay. There was a part, I'm going to address the full story here. There was a part, a major new role in season two, I'd argue maybe the largest new character added to the cast of season two. I read the script, and I said, Connor would be so great for this role. And the whole cast had been on the George Lucas talk show, and a bunch of the Amazon executives and producers of the show had come to see it, and they all said, that guy, Ratliff, he's so quick, he's so talented. So I went to everyone, and I said, I think this would be a good part for Connor. And everyone said, could not agree more strongly. And the part in the breakdown and in the script was 
described as a John Hodgman type. And in a dramatic turn of events, they ended up casting John Hodgman for the role of the character who was a John Hodgman type. Everything, now, I know that, that J.D., he led with a bit question. Uh, right. But what you have answered with is 100% show business accurate uh, fact. Yeah. I now, know let, this is now, let, now let me, now let me, because I'm actually just accurate remembering... I'm actually remembering something, and tell me if I'm misremembering, because genuinely, uh, there was another part Correct. that was a smaller part. It was a one-liner. It was a one-liner. It would have been Valerie Curry, who played uh, Dot on the show, mm-hmm. and they had offered it for you, to you. It was in the same episode. It was in episode one of season two. Did Tonner, you me, did Tonner you big time you? I think I should take this part. Do you think I should take this? take this part it would obviously take out of consideration for other parts later in the season and i said connor the casting people seem to love you understandably mm-hmm. i know the cast loves you the amazon executives love you and i feel like if you turn this part down you're definitely going to get a bigger part later in season two i had turned it down i had almost i had almost forgotten this so i did i turned down a role turned down a day's work because I, I, I told you confidently I thought there would be a bigger part coming down the line. And you were and the thing is I and you big timed Amazon? I turned down I kinda did, yeah. I turned down on Griffin Newman's advice, I turned down a small part in the hopes that it would lead to a big part. Now I yeah. still have hope because I think in the next season, yet to be made, yet to be filmed. I think there will be a part for Clearly me. in really safe condition based on the amount that Griffin's really trying to promote this show. Uh, yes, right, clearly, yes. Well, here's the thing, and people don't like to say this, but Amazon needs this show. <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. Here's where the headlines really come. No, I agree, I agree. Yeah. No, just just like just like Connor talking, don't don't weigh in for fear of your own career retribution. No. Um, okay. Well, I'm now realizing. I also, that, if I could just if yeah. I could just pause this conversation for one second, I just want to let it be known that I'm at a hotel and I went downstairs uh, because my girlfriend and I were thirsty. So I said, "Let me go get some seltzer water," and then you guys called. So I have now been downstairs to a podcast interview and not bringing seltzer back upstairs. So your thirsty girlfriend is waiting <laughs> well, upstairs. My literally thirsty girlfriend is waiting for seltzer. Well, Griffin, thank you so much for appearing on the show. This is in the, we're in the final, I think we just may have just passed yeah. the 12-hour mark. So you were, we were I mean, here right. as we go past the finish line. Uh, of course, so, pod- truly, truly wait till the end for an exclusive is true for this podcast yeah and yeah, I mean, not only because I had actually forgotten that I'd turned down that part <laughs> that's even though also was- so funny because Connor was talking all today about how he's uncertain about what roles and what's going <laughs> to the fact that you turned down a job well there are there are actually and I won't name the other I won't name the other show but there was uh, another part that I turned down uh Based on advice, both times it's been based on advice, and both times the logic was, well, this is a small part, and maybe if you turn this down, something better will come along. And in the case of this particular instance, it became clear to me almost immediately that not only was there never going to be a better or bigger part for me on this show that I like, like I missed a chance at being on a show I really like, and also the character I turned down appeared more than once on the show. Uh, yes. twice. I, I've spoken to you about this a number of times. Every time that character comes back on the show, yeah. very excited. Yeah. 
Um, um, well, yeah, those are, I mean, those are my exclusive. Uh, first week of April, uh, watch The Tick. Uh, Connor will unfortunately not be on it. But I'll be watching. There will be someone else playing the role of man who gets coffee uh, cup uh, knocked out of his hand. Oh, and you know what? Connor's role. Now that I think about it, man, uh, man having trouble with coffee cups, that's a role that you played on the big screen. Okay, these questions are getting too hot. I can't answer these. Uh, I need to go. I need to get Salter. Not in the movie, uh, but in the trailer for Draft Day, but it's uh, still on the I, big I screen. I don't like this line of questioning. All right. Uh, Good talking, uh, happy, Griffin. Happy 12-hour day, guys. Draft Day still available on DVD and digital? Don't, don't waste a plug on yes, that. definitely. Watch it on Amazon. Watch on Amazon. Get those metrics up. And uh, yeah. give, them a, give them some votes on IMDb Pro. Yeah. Yes, please. All right. Got to move up that star meter. Bye, Griffin. Bye, Griffin. Okay. Love Bye. you guys. Love you guys. Love you Bye. Bye. That's a pretty genuine exclusive. Yeah. And I had completely forgotten about the... Uh... That you turned down a part? Yeah. That's so funny. And it was just one of those things where it was like... Because I've done stuff like that before, too, where you're like, oh, I'm going to play the system here, and I know how this is going to turn out, and then it just goes awry. You have a look of concern on your face. No, just checking up make sure I haven't missed anything important. Okay. Um, I haven't. Um, I... Yeah, I mean, I did genuinely regret turning down that one part on the one show. And it's not like it would have been, it would have just been like two days work. Right. Not a lot, but it would have been like, now it's a, it's a show I probably won't ever be on. Right. And, and it is one of those things where it's like, ah, I would have been fine doing that one. It would have been fun and easy and breezy and, you know. Um, one second. I think, uh, I mean, I do. I do genuinely hope that our plug helps Griffin's show stay, keep keep oh. on keeping on. You know, we can only do what we can. I agree. Um, future of Twelve Hour Day. Yeah. What do you think it is? Digital. No, I mean, like, what do you think the year ahead? Do you think we... Because now it feels like we've picked up the pace. Because the past two years, we've only done an episode a year. The reason for that was largely because we were doing the Gethard Show, and when you weren't doing the Gethard Show, you tended to be busy with other things. I tend to be busy with other things. And it really was like a... You know, we weren't going to... Like, we did an episode... Of 12-hour day at, like, the Guthrie Show Studios when it was the Fusion run, right? Right. And, like, where we're walking around and we're doing that. So we kind of already done that. And I didn't feel like we were going to do that during the true run. Yeah. And so that knocked out a big section of the of the year schedule-wise. Yes. Um, no, I don't feel like this is... I certainly don't feel like we're doing this in January. I don't think we're going to do six episodes this year, but I also don't think... I think worst case scenario, we do another episode before the end of the year. Best case scenario, we do maybe, you know, two or three more episodes right. maybe, you know? Uh, and there might be like a fun circumstance. Like it's probably, I would say, our Central Park episode 
which this was originally going to be our Central Park episode. God, can you imagine? I mean, yeah, if we'd, I, I wouldn't have minded walking around earlier, but also the since we got started a little bit late, which was my fault, uh, we had even less daylight when we began right. than usual. And I think, uh, you know, that's probably a better post-daylight savings time springtime episode to do where we're, right. where we're walking around and it's not freezing cold and, you know, we can sneak into the zoo if we want. Yeah, that is coming up. That's going to be our next step. Because I also think if we walk into the zoo and you have headphones and I have a tiny little microphone on, I don't think anyone at the zoo is going to mind if you No, were. but I think I, I could see that person listening to this, ep- like, or like scanning this episode just to be like, out of curiosity. Well, if, if the person at the zoo has scanned to this moment <laughs> and they are listening... We have this to say to you, good sir. I want you to know that all we want... all. Me and my friend wanted to do. All we were saying is give us, us into a the chance. Zoo, please. Um, we just wanted to go into the zoo and talk. It really isn't, it really doesn't even have that much to do. Nah, man, let's be with, real. What? I'm going to say some mean stuff to those monkeys. I'm gonna get them all. I'm gonna get them all riled up. But that doesn't need the podcast. No, 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 no. I'm gonna go in there and I'm gonna look those monkeys in the eye and I'm gonna say some stuff to get them real riled up. They made the right choice keeping me out of there because those monkeys, boy oh boy, had they let me into that zoo, those things would have been mad for the next week. JD month, doesn't mean it. Year. JD truly bears. doesn't mean it. It really, he really doesn't. I got a long stick that I'm gonna put JD, into that bear please. pen. Now I'm going to poke those. JD's a good guy, and he would be nice to the animals. No. And we would, I'm going to punt a penguin. You wouldn't I'm going to take know a penguin we like there. a football and it punt really it out of the zoo. Like, like we went into, <laughs> also, I'd like to point out last night, Yeah, I, uh, I was the one texting Connor being like, I don't want to make a big deal out of the zoo thing. Yeah. I don't want to. And then I get a little tired, and I'm, I'm yeah. the one punting penguins. But, like, I think... Like, F.A.O. Schwartz is not negatively impacted by our, you know, we, the, the numerous businesses you know that what we I did there? frequented today, if anything, they benefited from our presence. Yeah, you F.A.O. Know? Schwartz definitely benefited from us being there. You don't think they did? You don't think people are going to want to go see that guy kind of freak out on people at the keyboard? <laughs> that was so weird. He was very, uh, he did seem happier when he was left to his own devices to play the uh, <laughs> Axel Foley. That's not how that job works. There's also, what a sad sight when there's that little kid playing on the, like, garbage one. Mm-hmm. Because, like, he was too busy, like, yeah. playing the... But also, I was thinking, like, think about that guy's job. He's listening to, like, piano mess for eight hours a day. Yeah. Just like, bang, bang, bing, bong, bing. Like, eight hours a day. You gotta love what you do. You gotta, you gotta do love what you do. What you love. And what I love to do... Is yell at those monkeys. Hey, can I talk about this? What? Yeah. You do all these? Yeah. These are all mine. I'm not very good. I'm trying to get better. What do you mean? I, just, I mean... What are you going to do with all these? Um, I'm honestly probably going to get rid of these ones. I'm going to keep... I'm keeping... I'm like I'm gonna paint like a hundred of these to try to get better at this. Oh, that's you doing the Bill Watterson. 
Yeah, sort of. Um, you can get rid of all these. Can I look at these? Yeah, sure. These are JD's doing paintings. Don't get rid of these. Give them away. Maybe. I like that guy. Thank you. What's that? There's just little patterns and stuff like that. Ooh, what's that yellow one? Just yellow. Like a that. lot of these are like backgrounds for other things. Yeah. Don't get rid of that without telling me. That's self-portrait. Is it self-portrait? This one. Man, he's throwing a temper tantrum like Jackson Pollock. Throwing your paintings everywhere. No! Um, but I have been painting and drawing a lot more. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, I'd like to get better at it. Right, you well, should start drawing again. Maybe I will. You were good at it. I was. I you like, are well, good at it. You just have, it's like anything you have to like get your muscles back into it. Well, and I don't feel sad about this, but the whole, you know the whole reason I stopped drawing is because I... Because that teacher? No. Um, I stopped drawing cartoons because the same reason I didn't pursue animation was that I realized that being an animator would... Like, it would be a... The same way ruling. comedy's been ruined for you by working in it professionally? No, no, but, like, comedy doesn't hurt my hand. I had this vision of, like... It hurts your knees. I, I had this vision of what it would be like if I had to draw stuff and I didn't feel like drawing. Right. And it made me sad because I was like, this gives me pleasure, and I don't, I don't like the idea of doing it in a way that where I grow to dislike it. Right, but that's why you should do it now as a fun, relaxing thing. Yeah, I also weirdly kind of lost the, like I, part of my problem with drawing was that I, I didn't feel like I had things I wanted to say that I wanted to draw. Like I didn't, I felt like things I wanted to communicate with uh, comics. But sometimes you don't know. If you just start yeah. moving your pen around, something comes out and you're like, hey, this is I interesting. I felt like there was a disconnect between, I, I like doodling, I like drawing certain things, I had fun, but I didn't feel like it was a... I was good at using it as a tool for conveying ideas. Right. I felt like there was actually a strong disconnect between, I just want to draw what I want to draw. I want to have ideas. I want to do them another way. You right. Know, I didn't want to, it actually slowed down the pace of my ideas. Like, I, like writing a play, I was like, oh, I'll get some actors to say this. But the idea of like, I'll draw them saying all of this over and over again I was like, I don't want to draw this guy's face 20 times. Right, but like you see the stupid stuff I'm doing, it's nothing. It's just like a, no. a therapeutic release. I do like, I do like drawing it, uh, uh, drawing things sometimes for fun. Um, oh, I didn't do that drawing thing for the oh, yeah. challenge. Maybe I'll do that later. Um, but the... Ooh, ah, I should, I should give you a canvas and have you make me something. Oh, well, at some point. That'd be nice. Um, we're now outside. We're walking from JD's apartment over to the trains. It's still cold. It's very cold. Um, it's got to be low 20s. Yeah, I think it's pretty cold. Let's go inside this church. Um, we went all over the place today, huh? Yeah. Yeah, we, we really up and down. We started at Columbus Circle. We went down to World Trade Center. We went over to South Street Seaport. We went up to F.O. Schwartz. Yeah. We went over and down. I sort of liked starting the podcast, like, with Julie. Mm-hmm. Having another person there right. sort of gets us started with a, a pop a little bit. Yeah. Uh, 
and also starting in like an unfamiliar location felt uh, good. Yeah, it felt fun. Yeah. Um, Yoramart. 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 No, Yoramart. No, Yoramart. No, Yoramart. Um, when's the last time you were in Yoramart? Probably whenever we went last minute in for the podcast. You don't really shop there a lot? I've never shopped there except for Pinocchio. Juice. We have the same conversation about every time. I always forget and I ask you. I feel like you're in there all the time and you never are. No, because it's, it's not really a great grocery store. Yeah, but there might be one or two things you want in there. Some, like, European chocolate or something. No, that's, that's always what you want. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally every time you pass it, you just talk I about... you had a sugar addiction. Yeah, but there's so many other places to get that sweet tooth. Yeah, but that's there's a, the, there's that a cookie so much... store. There's literally a cookie store two blocks away. Yeah, but we're, we're closer than that. That's the closest thing to your house. Yeah, but I don't, I'd rather go get a, a, a real, real baked good high. Yeah, than something that was shipped over here from jolly old England. Oh, boy. I didn't know you were a xenophobe. How <laughs> is that xenophobic? I'm just saying the candy from England is worse. Because it's made not out of here. Um, doesn't feel like a Thursday, does it? No. I mean, I'm in a time warp. The past three months of my life have been like, I don't know what day or time or anything is. <sighs> Here's the last bandersnatch. Should Connor get on the train? Or shouldn't he? <laughs> or should JD wait with me? <laughs> no, no. Oh no, here's the last banner snatch. Should because Connor take the train home or should Connor walk home? <laughs> um here's the last banner snatch. Should JD accompany me on my train ride and make sure I get home safe? <laughs> or should JD go back in Manhattan? Should Connor throw his jacket on the tracks? Or should Connor put his shoes on the nearest roof? When did your station become so high-tech? Um, a few months ago. Yeah? I mean, this station was under construction for seven months, eight months. Uh-huh. And so I had to walk one whole... Se- oh, no, a triple. So I had to walk... Uh, hey. So I had to walk uh, a whole station away. <laughs> I'm glad that I'm glad that guy. What? What? Was he laughing at my comment? No, I just started laughing just because we've stopped actually doing better snatches and just using the just throwing it at each other oh. as a thing to say. I thought I made that triple joke in that guy. Just started laughing. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't see that. I heard the triple joke and I laughed, but there was a thing on the floor that looked like a triple from Star Trek. And a stranger laughed. Have you seen... Bandersnatch? No. Not yet. Have you seen any information about the new Captain Picard series that's going to happen? No. Let's... Here. Okay. Here's my issue with this fucking platform. Oh, boy. They took the corrugated metal and turned it into this. So the wind can go So now it's just so windy. Um, Why would they do that? So that you get a fresh breeze. No, thank you. Um, no, thank you, Spank you. I haven't read the article yet, but I saw there was something along the lines of 
that in order for Patrick Stewart to agree to do a new series as Picard, they had to promise him that, like, Picard's life would be, like, vast... It would be, like, a real different thing for him. So, like, whatever... It could be good or bad, but I guess he wanted to just, like, I don't want to just return unless it's going to be something, like... New. New. Interesting. Um, and I haven't really watched... The, the new Star Trek that's on CBS All Access. I haven't watched it at all. But I've heard good things about it. Like I heard, I've heard mixed things. Recently I heard when... But of course, that's what you hear yeah. about everything. Um, recently I heard somebody saying something about how there were people expressing the opinion that because the, the, the fourth Star Trek movie got shelved. Right. And some people were saying, oh, well, they're doing it better on TV at the moment anyway. Right. Um, which I have a feeling it's one of those things where, like, whatever the opinion was of the show when it started out it's kind of grown over the course of yeah which is a normal Trek thing to happen I think there's USB ports here yeah just for uh, your devices weird um so cold I hate it what do you got what do you got what are you guys looking forward to now going to LA for how when do you long? leave I don't know I got that message during the podcast from the person whose show it is which will either be like hey we actually don't need you or hey we really can you, come, you. Here's, can you come out at this point here's the information yeah I left it in the hands of my agent though oh boy your people oh. your team my team my team my team's handling it my team's handling it you think eh um oh boy any final words for 12 hour day? I don't know. I mean... You've got one minute. Really? That's what it says. I mean, I hope people like this episode. Uh, I feel like coming close on the heels of our most recent episode... Like, I feel like our most recent episode was almost like a... I feel like it was similar to other episodes in a lot of ways. I don't feel like the last episode... I feel like the last episode was sort of like, we haven't yeah. done one for a while, let's just do a... Yeah. Let's just get something Let's on the just books. Do one. This and felt like, like a return to form of the earlier days. This felt like more things happened in it that I wasn't expecting conversationally. Right. And I feel like it has a little something for everybody because I think there was plenty of. Uh, we talked about important things. We talked about less important things. There were some funny times. There were, you know, some, uh, some unexpected times, unexpected. Yeah. Guests. There were some nice New York City moments. A lot moments. of good guests. Yeah. Thanks to all our guests. Thanks to all of our guests. Um, you can check I, them all out on <laughs> Twitter at... Uh, the... Uh, just search their names. I, I almost... I didn't do it. You, be, you should be proud of me for this. Because I know you made a comment a few times in this episode. As You said that I'm constantly on my phone. Uh, you had your, head, your phone for a couple hours in the middle there. When? During the... Uh, Seaport, that around that era area. Not when we were at the seaport. I had my phone in my pocket. You were a little you were a little phony. I don't think I was that much. And when I was, it was usually for the podcast. Okay, that would um, be it. But uh, my Bandersnatch. Should Connor jump into the tracks right now? Of course not. Um, but I. Oh, I was going to tweet at Wired Magazine today saying they should do an article about it, and I didn't because I thought you would be like, don't do that. I would be like, don't do that. And so I didn't, and so you should be proud of me. I am proud of you. Thank you for doing that. That well, was thoughtful. It's been because a 12-hour day. 
It's been a very good day. It's been a very good day. Thank you for doing this 12-hour day. Thank you for doing this 12-hour day, JD. Have a good night. And I will ride on the train away from you. So long, and Connor. I'll not be recorded. Have a good 12-hour day. That's a wrap on the con, man. Oops, where's my thing? Well, that was it. That was our episode. Um, it's interesting. Good night. I was, oh my God, I look insane right now. Um, I was, I, this, uh, podcast gives me anxiety. I mean, so I, I talked about the anxiety last episode and through the medication stuff and through therapy stuff and just life stuff, I feel like I've been a pretty good place, but talking for 12 hours and putting that out there to the world just does stress me out more so than it did when we first started doing this podcast so it's interesting um and like there were so many times where I wanted to like just like cancel recording the episode leading up to this just because I get nervous and I just it makes me nervous um not because I'm going to say or do anything but just the idea of putting yourself out there so Anyways, I hope you guys liked this episode. Um, I'm really excited for 2019, honestly. Like I've been saying, 2018 was a, a rough one for this old boy. And coming out of it, I'm just sort of... I don't know, I'm just not... I, I, I don't know how to say it, but it's like... My tolerance, my tolerance for putting up with the negativity and the anxiety and letting that stuff take over and the bad stuff that happens was just sort of wiped out by all of the bad things I had to go through. And so I have this sort of like, you know what? The anxiety is still there, but I just sort of step through it and I go like, I'm not going to let this be in control and I'm just going to do things that I enjoy and try to be happy because boy oh boy that is the only option I have and man life is too short to just I don't know let any of that stuff stop you from being happy and trying to do your best and that's not to say there's not going to be bumps you're not going to mess things up from time to time, but doing your best to get through them. I don't know. So I'm excited for this coming year. Cause it's like once you've sort of gone through a, a tough one, sort of like, all right, bring whatever's next. Bring the next thing. What else you got? Because I'm here. I'm going to keep doing this. And by this, I mean <laughs> existing, I hope. 
Um, man, I hope that wasn't one of those ominous predictions that'll come around to uh, bite me, but weird if it was. Um, so anyways, I'm glad that we got through this day. It was really fun talking with everybody. I don't know. Um, I appreciate that people still listen to this, even though years have gone by and there have been periods of time where we haven't put our episodes for like eight or nine months and it'd be pretty easy. And also, I mean, people had got to be sick about from got to be sick of hearing from us. We don't have that much to say. We just keep repeating ourselves. I'm sure. So the fact that people keep listening means a lot. And I also, not that you would hear this, but I would understand those people who don't listen. But it means a lot that you do. Um, it's been fun to sort of look back at this thing as an archive of the past couple of years. Because boy, do things change. And I'm glad sometimes that uh, I can get this kind of stuff on the books, you know. And by this stuff, I mean existing. Oh, back home again. I'm so cold, and I almost guarantee you that I caught like a cold or something. My body is wrecked from being freezing all day. So, anyways. This is the end of this episode. I want to thank you guys all for listening. And, you know, just like we end every episode, I want to say thank you guys for listening to the episode and sticking with the podcast. And honestly, thank you for being there as we move through time, episode by episode. I legitimately cannot believe that it's been five years. And boy, oh boy, (laughs) have a lot of things changed in those five years. This is J.D. Amato signing off for 12-Hour Day. And now we're back. And we're back. And we're back. We hope you enjoyed that <laughs> flashback. It's not work. It's not, it wasn't extra work. It's one cut. Put that. You, I hope you put that first part. Okay, we're back. It's June. All right, we're back. Hey, everybody. It's June 5th. And 2019. We hope, 2019. You just listened to 11 hours of January 10th. And now we're, we're going to wrap up. I like how. I don't remember, but I think it ended with me sort of reflecting on, because I always sort of walk back from the train and sort of reflect on things. Yeah. So I think it ended with me reflecting on everything, and then now it comes just like, and we're back. That was yeah. the episode. Uh, we hope you enjoyed uh, that episode of 12-Hour Day. Um, it's I'm the, JD. I'm Connor, and... Uh, <laughs> As always. Yeah, keep it crispy. 
Uh, no, I don't <laughs> want to do that. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. It wasn't that much more work for you to just because it's no. just splicing this. Exactly. This is a stupid ending. Uh, it's a dumb ending. It's a framing device, you know. I hope you feel like this really paid off. Yeah, it was worth. Now at the end, we're all caught up. This was. Now we can say, you see what we meant. Yeah. In some ways, this is like a clip episode. <laughs> this is one big clip show. This is a clip show. It's a best of 12-hour uh, day. <laughs> it's best of 12-hour day episode 13. Yeah. And uh, in which the episode we look back on is a previously unreleased yeah. uh, trip into the archives. Right. Uh, every now and then we like to do this on 12-hour day. We like to uh, bring you some of the episodes that we didn't release. Yeah. Well, here's what we did. Yeah. This was a, a best of of episode 13. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we took the best clips. We just cut out the one part where, where the microphones the are broken. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we, we, uh, we know that some of you are angry because some of your favorite parts of 12 Hour Day are when the microphones are broken. <laughs> we get a lot of viewer mail from people. Please, please don't tweet at us saying release... Yes. The clips where the microphones are broken. Yes. Um, we um, just, I just, we hear you. We, we just don't want to hear. Whatever hear. you do, whatever you do, do not start a hashtag saying break the microphones, more broken uh, microphones. Don't, don't start the hashtag bring the break. Bring the break. Bring back the break. Break time is Wait, here. Not, that sounds like we're trying to bring back the break. Sounds like we're trying to revive Michelle Waltz's show. Um, <laughs> no, what? Bring, uh, yeah, micro, micro. But because honestly, if enough people, micro home. if enough people do um, enough people tweet that they want the parts of the burger microphone, JD will, will release, release the clips where the labs were broken and it's almost unlistenable. Yes, it'll just be a shrieking mess of static for forty-five minutes straight. <laughs> we will release it as a bonus episode if, God forbid. There is enough of a groundswell of people who want to hear what it sounds like when the microphones are broken. <laughs> we'll release it. So, All right. Uh, until next time, I've been Connor Ratliff. I've been J.D. Amato. And this has been 12, 12 Hour Day, Day with, with J.D. JD and, and Connor. Connor. Episode. What episode is this? 13. Is this, this can't be 13, right? I thought it was 13. No, we're way past that. No. Because this is episode 16. Okay, we're not way past it then. That's way past episode Okay, episode 16. 16. Yeah. Episode 16. Sweet 16. That's what we... That's oh, this the is title our sweet 16. Everybody, this is our sweet 16. Announcement for this episode. The title Big is- announcement. Everybody who <laughs> listened all the way through, hashtag 12 hour sweet 16. <laughs> I like how... The tone of this episode is going to be so different. The tone of this ending and beginning is the so different. The tone of this episode is crazy because we're both a little giddy now. Yes. And I think we're just happy that we're able to end after two hours. <laughs> yeah, it's we're a real like, sugar high. Yes. But Con- it's, Connor's got his bag on to go somewhere. Yeah, I'm, go. Trying to, I'm trying to match him, but I, I have to unplug the thing. Yeah. So we have to stop recording. Right, right. All right. Uh, remember, uh, f- follow, f- follow, follow us on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> go to the Facebook. Try it. <laughs> this is where you're promoting. Yeah. If you like this, tell us you liked it. 
remember, only you can listen to Twelve Hour Day. What? God has lost his mind. Just all right. But don't forget, tweet at us. And remember, only you can listen to Twelve Hour Day. Remember, you're the only one that can listen to Twelve Hour Day. Yeah, remember, it's just you. It's just for you. It's only for you. Just for you. It's always been you. And just send me those tweets that you're sorry about the past. <laughs> no. Psych, psych. I want them. All right. Do do uh, no, do ask for the broken microphones audio. Yes. I want there to be a groundswell of people who yes. want that as a bonus episode. All right. All right. That's it. That's Bye, it. everybody. Bye.